Hey, welcome back, Get Fresh Crew. Doop, doop. We've got a crap-tastic new episode for you. And while it may not be one of the regular long-ass ones, it should at least be interesting. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode number 133 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. What's Why, why yes, so blue, Jim? It's because these books, they're killing yeah, me. books are rough. They killed me all week. This is not going to be an upbeat podcast, I'll tell you that not right now. Not at all. Not at all. Eric Shea, hello and welcome one and all the official unofficial podcast of WeirdSidesDCComics.com. For the week of July 22nd, 2017, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Bound Network. You trying to be the Micro Machines guy? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, I'm trying to get done so we can oh, go. Okay. I, I want to go to bed. I want mm. to. These books, the, the quicker we get out of this week, we can get to something better. It Let's has to be us. better. Oh, God, it I has so. to be. This is. Uh, I think last week or the week before it was maybe the week before you went to see your daddy, daddy? Uh, where people said that this was probably the most positive week ever. It might have been last week. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the last couple weeks where everybody was lo- they were looking at the scores. They're like, man, I'm so pumped to get these books. And oh, this podcast is going to be the most positive podcast. I will say right now, I don't think there's a contest of having the worst, you know, books this week, this no, no, has it's to the worst be week ever. It seems like in our careers. Even having, the, you usually have some standbys that you can really count on. Of course, and I, I don't have any this week, and that includes, you know, even a, say an Aquaman that I just thought was okay. Like yeah. I needed Aquaman to kick in as a ten uh, to really make me happy because the rest of them, that's Superman. What is I know. doing here? It's weird too because this this that whole issue. Why couldn't that have come out the week of July Fourth and just get I, done I with it? I was thinking the same guy. Why not thing? just make that issue a one shot patriotic July Fourth issue and not put it in the run? Make it a number and, and, one. And it, it seems weird too because we did have that one shot that came out in between Black Dawn yeah. and this issue that we just had the you know last issue. And so even putting it there would have got us closer to July Fourth. Yeah. Would have made it seem a little oh, I'm bit. I'm saying better, even but- even just not that because we had our Harley Quinn goes to Comic Con. And we have all those. Why not just make that a Superman celebrates America one shot number one, and then I could t- freaking get the irritated. And actually, then I could just throw it to the side yeah, and not even worry about it. It's not even the, the, thing, the worst. And part I don't even it, think that's the worst issue. Part one. I know you think one. it's the worst issue. I don't even think that's the worst issue of the night. I, I have some other. Freaking books that you know, and it's the usual suspects of There's Justice League of Trinity. I just it just goes on and on. I'll tell you right now, record amount of fuck you fives are coming your way, people. They are coming I, I your think way. It's most ever, yeah. I I was so beaten down. I'm trying to pick myself up. We talked with Reggie about his books just a little bit ago. Uh, you know, behind the curtain there. Right, right. I, I just wanted to kill myself. And I his know books you did. Okay. You got worst. quiet at one point. I'm like, is he slitting his wrist? Is he going to yeah, be okay? I was gonna because I just I, I was done. It's one of these things, and I'll tell you, uh, I'm done fighting about any of these books anymore. I'm done. I, I'm now. I might as well have taken some Zolwall. I'm, You're I'm a, a zombie. broken man. You've been it's turned me into a zombie. It has. That's that's what it has, Eric. And again, I will repeat what I said because I was the Micro Machines guy trying to get out of here. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Crap. Network. I, I have to check some of these because something tells me along the line we've gotten booted from one of these networks and, and we haven't known for eight months. 
because I just keep reading it. And we'll, They're we'll networks. See. I don't know. We don't really keep up to date. You with like anything. to network. You're the network man. They call you at work. You're, you're going around. You're giving out you know, your card. Huh? You have your card there. You're going to go. Your, your side businesses fixing He-Man characters. <laughs> you He-Mans. go. Yeah, it's you go in the back room where we have. There's people in the lab, and you're like, hey, I don't want to bother you here, but you guys got some He-Man. But you got, you know. And then they're like, there's only one He-Man. It's not He-Men. And then you, you walk away with your tail between your legs, upset again. Did your He-Men come in today? No, they came in yesterday, actually, oh, just like I wanted did. them to. I got Where my Rio Blast and I got my Snout Spout, and they oh, look great. I just put them on right before we spout. got on. Five minutes before we got on with Reggie, oh. I put them right in front of me. I had to move some stuff around, but now they all fit. Do people know that Snout Spout is the attorney's version of a fireman? Do they know I hope that? they or? do. They know it now. Guess what and else? And then I went to the flea market today, oh, and I geez, bought a couple, uh, a few others. I got some <laughs> filmation Ghostbusters. Oh, did you? I did. I was tired. I had uh, allergy problems earlier on in the day, and I may have taken a little too much allergy medicine and fell asleep for about five you hours in that. a coma. I said, I was like, <laughs> you Michael look Jackson. At the bottle. Recommended dose. Don't yeah. tell me how to live my yeah, life. Really? Bottle. Yeah, really. Recommended, indeed. It's it's not set in stone. I said, Hey, doctor, <laughs> give me some more of that milk. That's what I said. And then I was in, I was in a self-induced coma. And I, I actually, I was going, and me and Reggie were going to do something for Patreon today. And all of a sudden, I started getting a little dizzy. I Jim, thought, we're not sleepy, doing that Reggie. today. Uh-uh. Yeah, I said, no, nah, Reggie, you, you do your stuff with Chris. We'll, we'll get together tomorrow because, yeah, Daddy feels sleepy, I said. <laughs> I, I passed out. I fell Daddy. asleep. I fell asleep on the couch. With, with no blanket or pillow, and I rarely can sleep oh, without yeah, you a pillow me or a blanket over me. I just, I passed out. I passed out, Eric. I have a problem. This is my cry for help. But if you want to find us on the internet, Eric, do you want to? Would you like to find us on the intronets? I'd like to, Jimmy if Boy. If you would like to. And if you want to go and like us on Facebook, we're at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. You can follow us there. Tons of followers, Eric. A deluge of followers there. I'm very proud of the amount of followers we have on Podbean. I see, you know, some other people. I'm like, no, no, we got, we got a, quite a few. Uh, Twitter, cool. Weird Science DC, and the award-winning website that I'm always proud of, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Uh, we also have an email where you can email us for the mail. We'll mention it again later, but WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. But also, we have a Patreon account. We always say True. this. I do want to point it out. You can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you will get a lot of other other shows, a ton of shows. Uh, I want to make sure that we usually have at least one or two shows a week that are Patreon exclusive. And this week, we already have two up. Eric, we had the Patreon-only spotlight that the badasses picked, which was Super Sons number six. So we will not have Super Sons number six on this podcast. You'd have to go to Patreon and subscribe there. Uh, And it's a good one. Yeah, I liked it. We also had Early Access, New 52 Review of Wonder Woman, Volume 1, Blood. Another good one. We liked awesome. it. Uh, Brandon, Brandon has already listened and went out and bought the trade, Eric. He awesome. said, I want to get a little more of this. And actually, I think he bought like all of the, uh, at least the Brian Azzarello trades. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, he was all fired up because he tried to follow along with Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, and he stuck it out, but he just it wasn't his favorite. So he, he wants to like Wonder Woman. You know. He did, and uh, so he so grabbed that. He sent me a couple messages. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to try to get it done and out. This is what me and Reggie were going to do today, uh, but we're going to record it tomorrow. It's the Back Issues episode, the podcast, the Back Issues, where we're going to talk back. about Batman and the Outsiders number one. 
I've also got something planned on Monday for with me and Brandon talking about Injustice 2 number 6 for a bonus right. Patreon spotlight. So listen to all these things. They're a lot. And Content also, I, heavy, ha- like I, I have a super secret new show that I'm working on. Also, I'm also working on the show with my kids. It, it is a, a very spliced together show. It is tough <laughs> to get my a kids lot of Jim on Court point. going on there. It's a, a, yeah. Actually, there's probably going to be about four Jim's Courts, but we might save them. But there's a lot. There is a lot, including a new one of the Did Ethan Spend Too Much Money on Amazon? And that's a new one the as well. Yes. The answer is yes, and he's going to have to work it out. There might be another Jim Court about how he owes money and just sits around and does nothing, but that's that's not here nor there because now that we talked about the Patreon, we have to talk about the most awesome people on the Patreon, Eric. Right. It is the badasses, the badass members of the Get Fresh crew that get to vote on just about everything on this podcast. This is the roll call, Eric. Here it goes. It is the badass roll call. I'm not going to forget it again. I forgot it last week. And I felt bad. so bad afterwards. And I didn't even realize it because I had it separate. And then I'm like, go. And I actually, I haven't listened to our podcast actually in a while. And I started listening to it just laying around, probably after I took too much cold medicine that day as well. And all, like, we get done the, the first section. I'm thinking, we, we didn't do the badass roll call. What the fuck happened? But here it is, Eric. The badass roll call starts with G, then G-Man. We got Monty, Hakeem, Jolly, Drew. Scott Manship, Brian from Arkansas, Tanya Werner, Ian Job, D-Man, Reggie Hancock, Brandon Murray, Taylor Swanee, he likes to go. I like Taylor. I, I, I don't know why he doesn't like it. Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Little MRT, Missy there, Bobby Bain, Jazz, Havlin, Dalton, Pete from NYC, ba- uh, Batman Beyond Mark, and OG, Christopher Hyden. They are the badasses, Eric. And like I said, they get to vote on everything. So already, if you're a badass member, uh, the poll for next week's spotlight is up. You can go and vote on that. And, uh, you know, I I think right now what is leading is possibly Flash is what is leading. No. So that's going up. Uh, You know, there's a lot of calls for something new or whatever. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it's up to them, Eric. I'm just saying this because we got to get the song going. We've got to keep going. Vote early and vote often, I say. That's a stuff the polls. Polls the stuff. Yeah, Eric. See, this gets me fired up. This week's books didn't get me fired up. This gets me fired up. There we go. It's over, Eric. The badass roll call is over. And thank you guys for supporting us. And like I said, everybody else, if you just go and check it out, just see if it's worth your while. And if it is, join on up. But we're also going to go now to our rant and rave line, Eric. Were you aware we have a rant and rave line? I've heard heard something about it. You've heard it. Did you hear that it does good things? Is that possible? It does good things. That's what I did here. That's I have what my I ear have. to the post of the street, uh, Yes, Jim. you do. We'll hear that later uh, because Ooh, a little right. hint there. Brian from Arkansas has emailed us, Eric, and we have not Excellent. gotten a rapid-fire email. Uh, and I, I'm upset with myself, and I'll probably remember to say it again. I actually had a, a gunshot. Uh, like a thing, like a pistol, almost like a Wild West pistol, and I was right, going right. to go through his thing and fire the pistol at each one, and then I forgot to uh, put it on the Dropbox. So I do not have it there. But so you can when call we get the right email. Just imagine it's yes, there. Yes, yes. See what could happen. You can call us at 641 715 3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, and we're going to start the rant and raves. With one from Ryan, and this is about 
Gotham girl, Eric, and I'm going to have oh. to raise the level here. I'm raising the roof for him, but here it is. It I'm going to. I'm trying to, Eric. I'm trying to do it up, and it's not letting me. Here we go. Oh, I'm going to try right now. Here we this go. This is SOS. Anyone out there? Oh, God. Is Tom King still riding Batman? Uh-huh. Yes, he is. No. Too soon. <laughs> Tom. Find Gotham girl. She's the key. Find Gotham girl. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Not much time. Get fresh crew. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that is a little secret message, Eric. Find right. Gotham girl. Find Gotham Girl, Eric, please. Can you find Gotham Girl? All right, look, look. I Take wish Gotham Girl was back. Show. I'm going to go find Gotham Girl. All I right? wish that we were back to that first arc, and then I'd still be positive for the Batman book. But the next one is from Alex M. I'm loading this up here. What's up, Jim? What's up, Eric? What's, What's up, up Reggie? Let's not forget to get first. Whoop, whoop, whoop. whoop. This is Alex M. Just calling uh, as I go on a nice walk. I figured I still had 20 it's minutes to call on, so why don't I just try throw something in real quick? He's walking through uh, my so mind So I had a chance right to listen now, to the uh, Batman Spotlight podcast you guys put out uh, last Thursday. Yes. Uh, I'm not reading Batman right now, um, partly because I'm not as interested as I was when I got into it, which is around I Am Suicide. Um, Ew. It's uh, it's an alright series. Um, I think maybe later down the line it'll be fun to read and trade. You're I know that the I Am Suicide Argonites aren't big fan, but as far as trade, it's it's a great read. It's full of actions, and that's just because of Michael Jackson's art, which Michael Jackson. The main artist that's this right, art, so I'm just gonna wait for this art gets finished and read the whole thing as as one. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't stop me from listening to you guys and hearing what you think. Um, and one of the things I noticed is at one point, uh, Eric, you started calling the Riddler the Riddler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? I guess it's the pronunciation of it can can sound weird sometimes, but I swear, you sound like you were calling the Riddler. <laughs> And at one what? point, Jim, you called him the Riddle-in. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I always know. think he's drunk. It's he claims he doesn't drink her. Riddler, guy who goes around giving out Riddle-in. Yeah. Um, I wish he was. I, I wish he'd come right here. I know. Wake me I'll the fuck up. That. Not from you. No. <laughs> Just notice it. <laughs> from his uh, books. Okay, next point. Um, yes. I went down to uh, Barnes & Noble's recently. Yep. Good old Barnes & Noble's having a Two for three sale on DC Comics. Ritalin? Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but Rebirth uh, trades, they seem to be a little more, more pricier than the New 52. I feel like I in the New 52 trade, you would get seven issues for the price of $16.99. Sometimes. Now it's only six issues. But it's still not as well, crazy as the I'm going to go grab one of mine. I, I swear they I mean, were $14.99. That really. I don't know. Sometimes. Feel like you're getting gouged. Here I go. Especially when you get like trades that have like four issues, and then the fifth issue winds up being some kind of like throw throwback issue. Man, my Batman one sixty nine. I'm bad. But anyways, um, 
based on some of your reviews, don't have a light and one. kind of what I got out of um, the Wonder Woman was fourteen ninety nine. Uh, oh, the Deathstroke Teen Times crossover. Except Batman had an extra issue. Oh, the Lazarus contract. Yes, the Lazarus contract. I decided that I was going to pick up the first two trades of Deathstroke. And I did. He's not going to They're great. Oh, fun. Yeah. And they're had kind of like. I want to call him like a soprano feel to it. Like you got the family and you got the head of the family. And the head of the family is a piece of shit. Nope. The rest of the family are kind of it's piece like of my shit. my family. So, so at least um, talk about the shades here. <laughs> Not the worms. I mean, I went through the whole thing. I love it. I love the fact that there's a character called Red Lion, who's obviously <laughs> based off Black Panther. Yes. Yeah. But it's just another great, like, kind of copy cut thing that, uh, other writers have done with no, you know, between Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that the guy instead of like running this like great nation that's full of technology, he's just another piece of shit dictator. Uh, <laughs> that's just the kind of narcissist uh, feel that I love with Destro. Uh, um, and uh, recently, when I was at the comics picking up some of the issues, including. Uh, this week's Superman and Green Arrow, both of which were pretty good. Yeah, I'd say that. That's about as much as I said. Says really you. Um, <laughs> somebody brought up the, uh, Defiance, or as you like to call them, uh, the Stroke Squad. Yes. Oh, wow. it, it's actually just silly, which <laughs> sort of blew my mind because I was thinking, but you're buying comics about superheroes with different powers and that are just constantly going on and things are changing all the time and this to you is silly? I mean, clearly the guy hadn't been reading the series because if he had read it up, he would understand that it's been a build-up to this. I agree. And, (laughs) well, I don't know. You... You kind of expect a little bit more uh, out of comic book readers, but, you know, they all sort of find mechanisms in order not to spend money on something. You can't another me issue. We always find some kind of... Uh, <laughs> he says he doesn't it's drink. It's almost like a response. I say a lot of things, too. To keep ourselves yes, you from do. spending all our <laughs> a money. Because if we didn't put up these defenses, we would never have any money. I agree with him. But... Yeah. I, have, I actually that, have something uh, I want to say about this. Yeah, he may series. be drunk, Eric, but he uh, speaks the truth. I'm picking it up now since right uh, the Stroke Squad started. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'm on the team. Segregation, yeah. Reggie! <laughs> you guys, as far as this book. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Jonathan, is anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a good show. Peace. What, what Peace. did he say? What was that name of that, that team? Uh, the Stroke Squad? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I had it queued up for you. Listen to that, baby. Everybody All right. Uh, Woo-wee. I heard it, Eric. I heard it. He's got a team. I'm just really concerned with how I say Riddler now. Is, am I wrong with Riddler? Riddler. Listen to that. The Riddler.
Oh man, I'm into the Stroke Squad a lot, Eric. You can tell. I know. Can't you? Defiance! The fuck song am I gonna come up with that? Can't come up with a song for Defiance, Eric. How can I get a catchy tune to Defiance? It's just not gonna happen. Just, just sit back, Eric. Let, let the let the fever take over here. We need something to pick up the pace tonight. Oh uh, yeah. I just want to go into the uh, the sample that I mixed in so well. That's my favorite part. Yeah, wintergreen. <laughs> Throw an Adeline, Eric. You got your team. All right. Perfection there, Eric. I just have to stop right there. Once you hear that stroke mixed in, so good. That's the only good part of that there. I'm desperately trying to load that song up as we were talking. Uh, what, what, I, what, what I was saying What's the I, name of that, that, that team again, Eric? What, what, what is that? What is, what's that name again? Wait, I, we can't do it again, right, Eric? I, I would never start oh. that song off again, right? There's no way I'm trying to get to it again because I, I asked it uh, No, what I was saying to Alex M when he was talking about people bad-mouthing things on Twitter, they had put Imagine out that. a uh, – a tweet that I guess it was Bernard Chang. I, I forget who it was, but they were talking about New Superman and saying how it was such a good book and things like that. There was something they were doing at a, at a at the uh, San right, Diego right. Comic Con, and and there was something about food and how food was real big in that book. I forget what it was, but the tweet was, you know, hey everybody, go check out New Superman. And this one motherfucker gets on Twitter and writes, uh, "Knock off Chinese heroes." Anyone? No, thanks. So I, I and uh, Fucking jerk off. double A Ron, he he ripped into him. I think repairman Jack said something to him, and then I told the guy it was a piece of shit. So uh, these people, they will come up with any reason to badmouth a book, even if they don't read it. I, how no, many no, no. times these people will come up with any reason to badmouth anything? Yeah, well, how many times do I, I say to you that I get in these fights on Twitter because I, there's a new sheriff in town? I'm not sitting back anymore. I'm sick of sitting oh, no. back and seeing these motherfuckers coming like, oh, well, you know, I didn't really like the casting because we haven't seen Hawkman for five, ten years now. I'm like, no. It's no. Like, I'm like you now. I can't sit back. You know, when it's I say struggle. to you, listen, in, in Friday the 13th Part 6, when they went to Manhattan and fought Freddy, you. No, you know, no, you're no, not no. just going to sit back and listen to this, right? No, I can't no. do that. No, how would I know? That my favorite freaking Freddy Krueger movie is Nightmare on Elm Street 7, Dream Fighters. No, I, I no, don't. That's, no. that's my favorite. I'll kill you. No, so I'm, I'm done. I see these people. I got in a fight with Brian Hitch this week. Then somebody trying to defend Brian Hitch. I had enough of them. They, they got thrown on the pile, Eric. I told you when the one guy said next, he's, I'm done with this guy. I'm done. Throw You're him aside. I'm done with this one. Yeah, I'm done with this one. And then the other people are like, then somebody's complaining because the Shazam movie's going to come out, but it's not going to be called Captain Marvel because Marvel stole the name to give it to a girl. No, that, that's not quite the story, my friend. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah pal. So then I, I'm, <laughs> I'm t trying to say, and I was being nice. I'm like, well, you know what? Not really the story, you moron. See, this is me being nice. They, they don't realize that at my house, 
that, that's being nice. Uh, I said, you know, that that's not really the story, DC. You know, you go through the whole thing. They sued Fawcett. Fawcett ended up not doing it. Then they, you know, the whole rigmarole leading DC, up to them. The copyright, blah, yeah, blah, and blah. then basically at the point where DC was never allowed to market that book as Captain Marvel. It always had to be marketed as something different. So then they decided, listen, why go through the stupidity of having the, the character called Captain Marvel when we can't even have that on exactly. the marquee? So let's change it to Shazam. And then I said, that all this guy's like, I'm not going to go see this movie if it's not called Captain Marvel. Oh, really? It, it, like, they Girl. care about you. And unfortunately, you pretentious prick, everybody knows him as Shazam now. Whether you want to fucking get, you know, go on your goddamn soapbox like a goddamn fucking hipster asshole. Now I'm getting mad at that at an imaginary guy. I don't even know who this guy is. Nah, I was done with him. Done with this people. one. You know, the one guy, the Brian Hitch, I, I'm in, in a fight with him. And then this guy writes to me and says, oh, you know what? You know, it's just a comic, whatever. There, you, he can make up his own rules. And I look. So I, this is what I do. I don't just start spouting off. I go, oh, absolutely not. I go and I do research. And I look at the armed. guy. Oh, yeah. I go at the guy. I look through all his Twitter. Then I find out that he has a Facebook. I go and study that. Then I go to his Instagram. Just I find out what he likes, what he's up to, how many kids he has, Eric. Oh, God, and then the fight lives? is on. Then I find out his address. I get in my car. Well, I didn't go that far, but I see that he's a baseball fan. So I just wrote to him. I'm like, oh, so if I had a comic book and I just decided that, you know, we have a baseball game in the comic, and I decide that the home team gets five outs an inning, that'd be fine because it's a comic and I'm writing it, right? Well, no, because there's rules. Oh, are there? You know what the rule is? Stop talking to me. That's your rule. Go and hide somewhere. Go under a goddamn rock. Get off of Twitter, you moron. And that You're guy's name was Eric Shea. I couldn't not. believe it. How dare you? This is where this is what gets us in troubles with these reviews. There's going to be yeah. some new guy listening again. He's going to be like, "This guy's yelling at somebody's a moron and this and uh, all my fake emotions, Eric." I wish. I wish. Where is my goddamn allergy medicine? I'm going to take six of them. I'm Good night, nighty night. <laughs> Get me out of here, Eric. Get me off this crazy thing, Jane. You mean um, this crazy thing called life? No. Yes. 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 This crazy ride called life. We're tripping the light fantastic here tonight, Eric. And in this crazy roller coaster ride, I like to call life. Here is Dancing Mike. You think Dancing Mike's going to pick me up or is he going to get me fucking riled up? No, too? I think he'll pick you up. No, I, I bet you he goes with that at the end of the day. I bet you he says it 17 times to irritate me. I have not listened to this. So <laughs> if he does that, he, <laughs> I'll find, I'm going to go to his goddamn accounts and see what makes him tick. Here we go. Are you okay, Eric? You settle you're gonna, down. You're going you're gonna to talk to Mike Spares? Settle down, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Next thing I know, I'm going to start yelling about the, the, the ice bears. And the Saskatoon fucking muskrats or whoever the fuck he likes. Beer in mason jars? Huh, yeah, really. That's I see those tweets of his. That, that guy that guy drinks a lot. We think Alex M. might be drunk sometimes. I think Mike might be sober sometimes. It's possible. <laughs> we think. We think. Here we go. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And Hello. Hello, Mike. Hello, mother. She's never satisfied. Why do we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like when on Weird Science DC. Oh! So anyway, yeah. I usually try not to be too 
controversial or incendiary, and I usually don't like to go off on things that might be construed as somewhat political or, I don't know, misogynistic, sexist, whatever, but I have right. to comment because everyone is talking about, oh, Jodie Whittaker is the new doctor, Jodie Whittaker is the new doctor, isn't it great that Jodie Whittaker is the new doctor, bloody fucking Here God. we go, Eric. Well, I don't think it's great. So, <laughs> I looked up this Jodie Whittaker. Oh, and let's see, what has she crazy. done? She was in some stage stuff, did some TV stuff in some film called Venus, some film called uh, What Attacked the Block. So I'm looking, yeah, it's like, there she is. And, of course, she's an actress, and that's, you know, entertainers are the smartest people ever. So everyone, she should be the new doctor. It's great that she's the new doctor. What was Matt Smith, my so, favorite doctor? I just look at it this way. She's not, as far as I can tell, the she's never been to medical school, doesn't have any kind of degree, never studied <laughs> as a nurse it. practitioner. She's fooling me, and, but oh, It doesn't matter. She's, she's the new doctor, so I guess as she identifies <laughs> oh, as a doctor, she can be the new doctor. He got me. So I me. guess it doesn't matter the first time she misdiagnoses someone or... No, it's going um, to be like uh, Doc Hollywood. They, you yeah. know, if they... She's going to end up or, saying, you know, know rip open the kid's die. chest. It's, okay. it's, it's going to be body sacrificed at the altar of progressive coach, liberalism. Jim. So there you go. There. Yeah. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. All she right. went to there four years of fake nonsense. doctor school. Anyway. She might not be a doctor, but she plays one about that. And sorry, I just, I just, it just, when, you know, lives are in the balance, it just, it makes me angry. So. Speaking of this, this is the best. I can pause this now. Uh, there was a guy on Twitter that did seem very confused about what this whole thing was about and then mm -hmm. came out like a piece of shit because he basically did admit that he would never let a doctor do surgery on him if it was a woman. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> it was so good because they all the guys seemed to like stumble into a conversation of you know a woman doctor not on my watch and the guy's like yeah I tell my wife all the time you know if I need some surgery I want a man and they're like everybody whoa, whoa, in the whoa, whole argument there now. were two sides of the argument this guy was in no man's land between both other sides went home Eric I said the war's over let this piece of shit fight the war himself let's go and the guy everybody then, hit their block button oh it's the best overloaded he Twitter. made everybody just shake hands and go home peacefully because <laughs> <laughs> then they're like what are you talking and then the guy's like what what they're like something like that and they're like this is about the show Doctor Who and he's like oh I've never seen that and then people are just like holy shit and then the guy basically it was funny though the guy did say you know what uh, I'm just going to leave this conversation <laughs> now. And that guy's name was Jim Werner, Eric. No, no, it was funny because I was watching, as it was announced, watching all of the people just lose their shit. And then the oh, other yeah, people lose their shit over this people. And I'm completely wrong. I said to you, when we did the pop culture and even before when we saw the announcement, we're talking about it. I said, you know what? It, it's funny because you, nobody's going to come out and say, not on my watch. And oh, because they'll look like sh idiots and assholes. Uh, I was wrong. People don't care about that. I was wrong, Eric. I, I, I'm giving, I'll give them credit. They're assholes. They're showing it. They're not, they're not faking the funk of assholery. Let's get back to Mike. Ah, that's all i got to say about that. She's the new doctor. Anyway, I did get Maybe one it was comic Mike. this week. It's not going to get much brighter from there. It was Batman number 27. Jeez. My only Stop question it. is, did Scott Snyder come in and help write Batman for this <laughs> issue? Because he acts <laughs> like a dick and he does uh, someone act like dies a dick. because of it. That's and that one of my worst things of it. That's what happens when Scott Snyder writes Batman also. So, 
Yeah, this is a pretty nonsensical issue. So, if I were going to a winery or I don't know, here he goes. Tour, and let's see, let's say you're going to you you had some I don't know some maybe Eric wanted to go tour the Mattel factory and see okay. where they made the Master Universe awesome. or something yeah. like that. Or yes. You want to go to a winery sale and make wine or there's yes. a, there's a dairy tour you know the in Tennessee. I've been know, in one. Where they make ice cream, milk, yes. stuff like that. You can take a tour awesome. of that. Oh no, this was but at a porn of shop. I got it where the stuff Weird. is being made. Let's say, okay, you're showing up for the tour. Oh, we're not going to show you the production. We're going to take you into the accounting offices. You're going to meet the. He is speaking the truth here. I want to go to the fireworks factory. Person and oh, wait until you meet Jenny from HR. She is hilarious. She's a vegan, and maybe she'll show you pictures of her grandchildren. That's what Tom King is showing us in Batman now. Yeah, he's showing us all this side stuff we don't care about. And then it's the splash pages of the jokes and riddle, the, the, the teams awesome and the villains and how they chose the sides. It's splash pages. So, yeah, you show up for the factory tour and they give you a, a picture of this is what it looks like when this you're making this stuff. But, yeah, like. let's go back to the accounting department and, and take <laughs> a big tour of that. Yes. So it's just he's giving us everything we don't want, don't need, and not giving us what we thought it would be and what was kind of promised. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not really happy with Tom King's Batman right now. So, my only Batman I'm really enjoying is... Detective. Uh, let's yeah. see. Detective. Don't read All-Star Batman because that's Snyder bullshit. <laughs> not enjoying the casting and because that turned into midi-chlorians. Um, Batman Beyond is okay, but it's that's moving okay. at a snail's pace. It looks like um, Detective Comics is yep. my Batman right now as far as comics go. So Not the JLA Batman? Yeah, that's about yeah. it. Um, What's your Justice League? The only DC Seriously. comic I bought this week. So, yeah. And Tom King is continuing to disappoint uh, me and several other people. And I can't believe this is the guy who wrote the excellent I Am Gotham art because it went from I Am Gotham... To I am suicide, yeah. I am Bane, and now I am so over this present story. Ah. Anyway, that's about all I've got for this week. That's um, so speaks until the next truth, week, uh, it's, it's a hard time sometimes. To get fresh crew. Is he picking whoop, you up? Whoop, whoop, sir. I said whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, watch out for those pop culture guys yeah. that might watch sneak out for up those behind guys. you. They might do shit to you. Stick their finger in your, your ear if yeah. they lick it ear. and then pop some culture up in your ass. Yeah. 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 Spot that out and see you in seven. See you in seven. And and Mike's right. I agree completely with what Good Tom right. King. That's a, and actually, I give him full kudos because I've been trying to wrap my head around how to explain what's driving me. I keep going to when are we going to get to the fireworks factory. Exactly. But it is. And, and the only thing is you would go to the dairy tour and they would show you a cow at the beginning and say, you know what? At the end of this, this cow's going to make chocolate milk. And you're going to be so excited. And then you, you'll see nothing. You may see a couple pictures in the lobby of chocolate milk, maybe. But Tom King keeps giving us these big ideas. I told you, I, my theory is he just goes to D.C. And he said, I went to D.C. and said, hey, has anybody done a story with Joker versus Riddler? No. All right, I'm going to do it. And then just that's, that's what he relied on. That's it. The concept. The concept is a wow yeah. concept. 
but you're no, you're not going any further with it. Now, well, here in the mail where I get mad, you know, Brett is sending a couple mails arguing his point about uh, Batman and all this uh, this jokes and riddles. Uh, so I will end up talking about it some more. But the problem I have in this is, and and it's really a problem for people who just joined for Rebirth. And a lot of these people, a lot of people listen to our podcast, a lot of the Get Fresh group, boop, boop, boop. a lot of the fans who are actually buying you know, 10 or more books a, a goddamn week or, you know, buying everything oh, yeah. are these new fans. So they won't even really know about the year one and Riddler and stuff like that. So basically Tom King just throws you in without knowing anything about the Riddler or the Joker at this point in their career. But he wants you to make these assumptions and wants you to like – Brett's whole thing is, isn't the Joker who isn't laughing scarier than the one who does? And I told him, I don't know because I don't know what he was like before. Sure is watching a lot of TV. I know that. Yeah, 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 really. Actually, I don't find him that scary. I, nope. I really don't. Huh. And just the whole thing of we didn't see what he was doing that first full year. All we know is he probably killed, what, 14 people, they said? And he had a Joker mobile. That's, yep. that's about what we got. And then start, lost his laughter and then started being more predictable by knocking off and killing people at joke shops and comedians and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, to the so point where the me, could decipher what he's up to. Yeah, that's less scary to me. He's now predictable. That's the scariness of the Joker is the non-predictability. It's gone, it seems. And then all of a sudden Batman took out the fun because he's so great, yet he sucks. He's getting people killed. He's bullying just minor guys. Can't find anyone. Why is everybody always picking on me? Yes, Eric. Why are they? Why are they? Now I'm down again. I'm oh, down. God. But you know what always picks me up? What's It's Jolly Drew. And, and really, uh, we'll talk more about the jokes and riddles when we get to batman we have the spot spotlight repairman jack told me that we were a little uh we were a little too lenient on it so no. uh we'll see how that goes but what always does pick me up is jolly drill hey yo 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 see right now in i got a smile on my what's face up, what's, what's eric what's up eric what's up, shout dude? out to the gift fresh crew whoop, 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 whoop. i just wanted to uh drop in for a second and uh, no gimmicks this time, no songs, no uh, fucking uh, uh, frivolity or fun. Uh, we, oh. we don't want the rant and rave to be uh, the gong show. We want it to be very straight-laced and uh, proper. Um, we want it to be uh, just straight up and down comics. We don't want to have any fun. So I want to drop in with my uh, very special, just now updated... Do or die, $25 poll list. Nice. nice. All right, let's see here. Just, let's just get this first one out of the way. We have Batman. I'm not okay. going to drop it. I'm more fascinated I don't think anything by wrong what with that. Tom King no. is going to do it's Batman. with his entire run than I am just enjoying it. And I'll even pause it. Uh, I would. Uh, we have the luxury. We just say this. We get the review copies. We're not buying. I have to really admit that if I was really, really buying these, it'd be very hard for me to drop Batman. It would. And I would just sit there every goddamn two weeks hoping it gets better until it does. I, I, it'd be very tough to drop that book. Same thing with fucking Justice and Justice mind. League, it's just so bad. I would drop now. Justice League, I've really, I would have written off and said until the team changes up, I'm done. I'm out. Batman, though, it, it always Tom King always has something that makes me think that, and it's these big ideas and things, but they never. It just infuriates me. 
affected I don't see myself Cheer dropping me it. It's not as see? bad as for me as some people. I don't have to review it, but there it is. I don't either. Batman, six dollars a month. Six. Oh. Boom. Uh, Superman uh, has been one of my favorite series out of Rebirth, so it's another six dollars. Uh, I enjoy Tomasi and Gleason. I do too. And, uh, I heard that you said they were really uh, good. I haven't really liked the past drunk. two issues as yeah. much, but I have enjoyed the series overall. So about. I like the family yeah. dynamic. I love it. Sticking with it. All right. Uh, Super Sons, maybe my favorite book right now. The last issue was Gangbusters. One thousand feet. Turn left on North Ashland Avenue. <laughs> and I really, really like it. All right. Next. Turn this left. Super bad at three ninety nine a month. Gosh, yes. I hope this isn't canceled, although we all know it will be. Uh, let's just keep praying for more and more issues. Uh, it is also probably in my top three, along with uh, Super Sons. Um, and then coming in at the end is I usually like to put a young animal book. And uh, this one, I, 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 it's been here for a while. I don't see it changing. Shade. Shade the Changing Girl. I knew it. Whoop, whoop. I think it's getting canceled. I love it. Um, what it sounds like. I'm really engaged uh, with the story and the characters and the emotions. Uh, Do you think Drew turned true. left? Uh, I hope he did. <laughs> big fan of Shade the Changing Girl. Um, Doom Patrol comes back next week, I think. Yep. Excited about that. All right. I'll let you guys go. No fucking gimmicks this time. No gimmicks. All right. Peace out, dude. Peace out. No I gimmicks. Don't know. That, that GPS is kind of a gimmick wait, 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 in my wait. mind. What's going on? Hey. Hey, get out of here. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, get away from me. Get away from me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. It's St. Patreon. St. Patreon. He kidnapped them. <laughs> Here to talk to you about all the exclusive content on Weird Science DC Comics Patreon. <laughs> the Necessary Nonsense podcast about 90s movies was excellent. Great oh. job, guys. And if you guys want to hear what Jim, Eric, and Reggie have to say about 90s movies, well, get your butts over to Patreon.com! Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I really need the money. <laughs> so do we. And if that doesn't float your boat, guess what? You won't hear a Super Sons review on nope. this podcast. You'll have uh -uh. to get your butts over to Patreon.com and listen to their <laughs> exclusive spotlight for Super Sons number six. All right, guys, that's it for said Patreon this week. No chemics. Be good and no go donate. Wee! Ah, uh, yes. Thank Jolly you, Drew. Drew gave his friggin' uh, $25 do-or-die pullist, and he still had a dollar left over for a bottle of pop. He did, and he might have gotten something else just at the end there. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's a good pullist. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I go back and forth with Superman and Action Comics, and right now I'm, I'm Action Comics uh, over Superman at the moment. But right that keeps going back and forth. I on my pull list because I've dropped Batman off it just because of what we got lately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, whatever. Whatever. whatever jerk. I, nobody asked you. <laughs> uh, but that is the end of the rant and raves. And of course, Eric, that you, means that news is coming up. And I will tell you, strap yourselves in because it is San Diego Comic-Con. And we have a bunch of news, but we'll be back with it in a second. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. 
Please talk and solicit and vary and covers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there too. He certainly is, Eric. It's weird. During the break, I went downstairs to get my drink, and Forrest Gump was on. It was a little different than I remember. I know. It's, it's a very, weird very, fucking movie if you actually odd. sit down and watch it. Very odd. If you if you read between the lines, Eric, it's a lot different movie than you'd ever imagine. And you sure know is. What? Yeah. Nobody knows who we're talking about except a select few, Eric. A select few. It is news time, and the news this week is straight out of San Diego, I'd say. They got news about variant covers you're going to tell us about? They have news about variant covers there. and in this, <laughs> there. Yes, there is a little bit of a news thing about variant covers, but that's not the first news item. Right. The first news item is DC's Duke Thomas finally gets a code name and his own ongoing series. Now, I, this is where I like to grab stories from Newsarama. is usually my go-to place. Uh, they got to read the, the books once in a while the because the code mind. name was not from that. Yes, it's a verification of it but this happens on that site a lot it drives me insane where they they mention stuff that's three weeks late in their deal and it's just not right Eric. it's not right because i've known for a year that duke thomas had a code name one eric shea told me that jim what what shows up before batman the signal the signal duke thomas a longtime sidekick of batman is getting his own series long time and his, I know, again, and why, right. I, I can't say, I can't throw shade at him. I grab it from them because I'm too lazy to make Makes up my sense. own thing. And I'm not in San Diego, Eric. I'm uh-huh. here in downtown Quaker Town. I'm off to the side of Quaker Town. I'm telling you, I've seen pictures of San Diego and I don't care what they say. It's a hundred times better than this shit town we live in. I agree. Uh, yes, 100% code name, Eric. With Batman the Signal, co-creator Scott Snyder will write the title with Tony Patrick, an alum of Snyder's DC's Writer Workshop. And I have to tell everybody that we knew this about two weeks ago. Uh, Scott Snyder told me, and yep. I did not let it out of the bag, Eric. I did That's not how we do. It. We keep shit close <laughs> to the chest. That's how you keep getting info, though you keep getting info that you can't tell anybody, so it doesn't do you any good. But we as, just, you like, know, know as you know, as you know, we're beyond the point where I think we gotta, you know, oh, I'm gonna drop this knowledge. And, this oh shit. my goodness gracious, we're gonna we're get so many site. clicks. Fu- I'm gonna be site. able to light my cigars with clicks. Yeah, fuck that. As the signal, Duke Thomas will differentiate himself from Batman as being Gotham's hero by day, according to Snyder. No artist or release date was announced for Batman the Signal, but in a side note, Dancing Mike said it's now on his $25 pull list. I, nice. I, I don't know why Newsarama had to report that, but that is big news. Well, that, that is big news. You'd never expect it. It came out of nowhere. You would never expect that, uh, but yet there it was. And whatever is written on the internet is true. I told you I, that I've before. I've heard that somewhere, yeah. I that wrote the other day, yeah. Eric Shea is a great lover. Boom. True. Bam, right there. It's true. Very obviously. giving lover, I put, mm. Eric. And even though you are not, it is now true. It's set in stone now. Young Animal DCU crossover breath. in January for a new status quo. 
DC's young animal characters are going to be crossing over into the mainstream DCU in a four-part crossover leading to, quote, a new status quo. The crossover is scheduled to begin in January. Young animal curator Gerard Way, sexy guy himself. And oh, yeah. I, I like his look. I, I actually like everything about that guy, except possibly his music, because oh, it's, it's, a lot of scr- it's a lot of screaming. I like melody, Eric. Melody and rhythm is what I like in my songs. Uh, Good to know. Very, very theatrical, though, so you would probably like it a little more. I'm not that big on the theatrics. Of I love it. me some theatrics. I know you do. You're, you're, you're fooled by it. I don't need theatrics. I do not need Meatloaf fucking going around like he's, you know, in a like goddamn Like a bat play. out of hell? No, I don't need it that. I don't need a, a concert to end up being a goddamn fucking stage show where it looks like I'm thing. watching, uh, I'm on Broadway. No, I want to see some guys play some music and fucking rock the house or girls. Why can't I'm they telling rock you, the house and I, wa- I watched that Debbie Gibson concert again. I don't care what Pete from NYC says. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it again and loved every minute of it. Such a gem she was. You need Aaron. something new on your playlist. Maybe it will be my chemical romance, which I believe in an alternate universe is now in a fucking war with 30 seconds from Mars or whatever it is. They're, two they're Mars. In, two Mars. They're, they're in a, a battle for supremacy of the universe because those two, I get them mixed up in my mind. I want to see a, a movie based on those two bands fighting it out. I Jared don't. Leto versus Gerard Way for all the marbles, Eric. All the marbles. That very, that's not a lot of marbles. There is a lot of marbles. Young Anna, it's a, it's a, it's a multiverse filled with marbles. Young animal curator Jarway hosted a writer's retreat at his own home. Look at that God shit. Damn it, I want to be involved in that. You think they played basketball? No. No, you don't. You, you think that he cooked them meals? I don't know. I'm telling you, Gerard Way, you know, he's an accomplished singer, fucking writer on stuff. Yes. I don't know how rich this guy is if he's just going around and like, you know, Believe you and me, me. just fucking. Believe me, Is shit catered? I don't know. Like, how many rooms does he have in his house? He seems like a guy that might be involved in some black magic. That when he goes, he, like, snaps his fingers, and a four-course meal just appears in the bathtub. And I don't know why it's in the bathtub, but that's just the way he rolls. That's the way he rolls. And and the monkey paw of it is, is that you get to eat the food, Eric, and then you you get to eat more. There's no monkey paw with Gerard Way. The monkey paw is another good thing. (laughs) Nothing goes wrong with him at his house. Wait till the fucking King's Butcher comes up. I, I bet you that Gerard Way net worth is at least $10 million. That's Did what I that say. Up? No, I'm talking to you. You're supposed to look it up. Just look up That's Gerard Way net worth and also look up if possibly he are. was the one who created Chewy Chips Ahoy because those things are pure black magic, Eric. How do they stay <laughs> chewy? I don't so like good. them though. I hate them. I need, I like a cookie oh, that crunches. Gerard Way's net worth is $20 million. Okay, see? Yeah. Yeah, so like you said, you don't know anything. He has a mansion, and yeah, there's some maids and shit, right? I, I, I bet you he's so. down to earth. No, he's there. He, This guy is so crazy, so crazy cool that he makes bacon in the nude, Eric. He, he throws caution to the wind, and then somehow it ends, up in the, man are you? it ends up in the, the tub. I don't know why. Everything ends up in the bathtub. Gerard Way, where am I, Eric? Where I don't am know. I? See, I like talking about this nonsense instead of going to these books. Once the books comes, I can't, you know, have fun. Four one-shots, Eric. That's all I have now. Four one-shots. <laughs> I accidentally deleted the first part of the story. And I'm fiddling around. 
I think Gerard Way, he, he used his fucking black, black magic on me. As part of this, both Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye and Shade the Changing Girl are both going on hiatus in September for uh -oh. an undisclosed time, which uh, it's weird on the side. It says that Dancing Mike has reported means it's never coming back. Weird. Newsarama is really relying a lot on Dancing Mike this week. Well, he's Dark Matter Books, street. Eric, holding the line at two ninety nine. Nice. You like that one? I, I changed do. I always like that one. Uh, that this is actually that's a phrase that they used a lot back in the conventions back when the new fifty two started. It was always hold the line at two ninety nine until it wasn't. Until they kind of I'm telling you, it's kind of like line the uh, broken. Yeah, it's kind of like Subway with the uh, six dollar foot. What six dollars? No, 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 that doesn't do have that. the ring in my right mind. You, have, Fuck you spent you. years getting five dollar yeah. Subway stuck like a, a foot long stuck in our head. You can't change it up I, like that. I would guess that. When all is said and done, that they are going to say that that was the biggest marketing faux pas because it all of a sudden, in my mind, they made a dollar more seem like a million dollars. Because not only do you charge me extra, you have fucked up my favorite song. Yep. Uh, you can't do that. They shouldn't go with no, the song. You know Make up a new I song. Think the biggest marketing faux pas ever was having fucking Jared as their spokesperson. Yeah, you, you might have me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might have it there. I heard that he likes six inches, Aaron. Ba-doom, boom! I, uh, I also think they should have just changed it. Uh, make me holla for $6 is what it should have been called. I would have went how big? How big is the sub? It's it's a, Well, it's it's a foot long. We know that, right? That's a given. I don't know. Things are changing about, all the time. $6, six dollars for a know, foot equals... Times they are your, changing. Yeah. They are. Times, they are going to be different. DC's Dark Matter titles will look a little different on store shelves from the other big two titles out there for one big reason. No variance and a low... It says one reason. No variance and a low two ninety nine price point. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self... That's two reasons. The line, which is scheduled to launch in December with Immortal Men and Silencer, will spin out of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's upcoming Dark Knight's Metal event title. It says, look forward to a big book, Immortal Men and Silencer. You just keep going. Look DC co-publisher Jim Lee, who obviously can't count, is drawing Immortal Men, which means it'll be delayed. Admits yeah. as an artist, he likes variant covers. Uh, it, more covers equals more work that I can't get done on time, he said. Yeah. But agrees with the plan. So he, he's upset because the variant covers do end up, uh, you know, getting artists some more work. Unfortunately, DC's there. They're giving them the <laughs> because, you know, they're trying to save some money as well. well we right, told people we're not going to have delays. You can't do this shit. Listen, they said there's going to be one big reason. No variants and a low two ninety nine price point. Scott Snyder reveals the really simple plot of Dark Knight's Metal. Right. Although Scott Snyder describes DC's Dark Knight's Metal event as a summer blockbuster, he describes the story's plot as a really simple story. It's essentially the Just League discovers that there's a dark, dark multiverse out there, and that dark multiverse is coming to invade, Snyder said, and everyone is screwed. The writer said the only thing that will stop the invasion is Nth Metal, the material that's been previously associated with Hawkman but is being incorporated by Snyder's Metal into the wider DC universe. 
So they go around trying to find the stuff, this nth metal, which is one of the rarest things in the universe, Snyder said. Snyder said that at the beginning of metal, the first wave of the dark multiverse's attack comes from these crazy evil nightmare Batman, which we've seen in those one shots, that so, are wait, the wait, dark wait. knights. So wait, he's turning this into dragon glass and they're the white walkers. Maybe. I don't even know what you just said. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've never seen it. Actually, I watched the first season, but uh, there was no... I only saw glimpses of the White Walkers then. Well, they, they just did in the first episode now, like the new season just started. So like, no. we're going to have to start mining for dragon glass because it's so oh, rare no. we don't know where to go. Yeah, that's what it's it the is. the only thing then. that can stop Boom. the White Walkers, Jim. It's funny. When I go to the, the park early, there's a lot of old people walking around. I call them the White Walkers. So it's basically every kid toy I ever wanted to play with or build and just smash together over the summer, Snyder said. In a side note, Newsarama reports that... Uh, Freaking dancing Mike said he's going to put all of these on his $25 pull list, Eric. That pull list is I'm getting very big. That pull list is getting filled up pretty fast. Uh, I actually, you you read between the lines in this and you realize that Scott Snyder is looking at reviews and, and seeing people uh, lash out about that casting. The casting was a little convoluted. It, it exactly. was a little hard to follow. It's a little dance. He's like, look, and it's I very think simple. That Don't he worry. is definitely a guy who... He has his ear to the pulse of the streets, Eric, and I think he got a little worried that he went a little fancy. And I think that this is him saying, you know, settle down. It's not going to be as fancy as you think, and I'm sure. Right now we're recording live in Mixler, and Dancing Mike's there. I haven't looked. If I go look now, he's probably screaming and yelling about how he'll end up doing something. I'm going to look now. (laughs) Here we go. I see 20 messages in there. Uh, Here it says, only only a couple. Talking variant covers, okay. Dancing Mike, he says, just find Despero. He's got a fuckload of nth metal says dancing true. Mike, not as much shade but he is right it is true all yeah, right. the Hawkman don't count no more no longer Thanagarian. Yeah, I don't know what's going on I don't know what's going on but here's the next one Eric and this is something that is not exciting to me but is exciting to me right. DC Channel it's both exciting and not exciting DC Channel DC Channel's Marvel's Fantastic Four with brand new team the Terrifics and I'm not that hyped on the Terrifics themselves but I am hyped at the guy who's writing it because jeff lemire is returning to dc after his marvel exclusive uh window is up for a new superhero family title the terrifics with artist ivan rice part of the post dark knights metal dark matter line the terrifics will consist of mr terrific metamorpho phantom girl and plastic man now does this mean to you that there will not be a classic batman and the outsiders book coming back because there's metamorpho and mr terrific so they're they're that does kind of well they're off the table well, that, that actually upsets really me. Count, but that actually metamorpho upsets being me, there, that, that kind of does throw a fucking uh, yeah, wrench in the goddamn outsiders. Uh, artist Ivan Rice and Dark Shannon have been in this. I was telling you, though, when I, when I first saw the freaking recreate, like the new suits, everybody's got the freaking Defiance, the Stroke Squad looking suits with the freaking yeah. black, all in white. I'm like, I first saw Phantom Girl, I'm like, is that Elastic Girl? Is that what we're going with here? But now it's Phantom Girl because I'm like, everybody, like, stretchy plastic man, stretchy freaking, you know, Elastic Girl. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, metamorpho, he can kind of do stuff like that, get him. <laughs> Kind of, but in this book, I don't even know if that's going to be the final look of the team anyway, and, because and they're the going to be down too, the line. Like, everybody's all hyped for the Jeff Lemire, and everything I've had yeah, like, I dealing him. with, like, I liked Animal Man. I didn't like his run on Green Hour. You loved him. I'm telling you, I stopped I loved him. because I didn't care for the whole idea of the clans hmm. and shit like that. Hmm. And then when I got him for Justice League United, hmm. I thought that book was fucking a goddamn message. It's like, let's throw all the characters we can at this. Yeah. And like, whether it so makes you're sense, saying that you don't shit. think that like this team, he could handle like a weird team like this probably? No, no. I, I kind of like Frankenstein like, huge... agent of shade, Eric, because he wrote that as well and all. you liked it. So it was all right. 
Yeah, I think that that's very similar to what this book kind of seems to be, you know, kind of a offshoot kind of deal with some weird characters. I like I'm probably going to end up reviewing book. this, so I'm going to go in freaking hoping for the best. Yeah. Uh, our Ivan Rice is on the first arc, and then Doc Shaner is uh, going to be on the next one. Uh, and, you know, it's down the line. But oh, yeah. uh, both those artists are awesome as well. And then it says Lemire writing Hawkman Found. So he's also doing that during the dark uh, the metal, the metal yes. event. Uh, Lemire writing Hawkman found and possibly a Hawkman ongoing later. Jeff Lemire is cool. joining, rejoining DC Comics after a two-year exclusive at Marvel Comics for several new projects at DC's Dark Knights Metal Panel. In addition to the terrifics, Lemire is doing the announced Hawkman found one-shot joined by artist Brian Hitch and uh. Kevin Nolan. The one-shot part of the Dark Knights Metal event is specifically framed as a sequel to November 8th's Batman Lost. In addition to that, Lemire is implied a Hawkman ongoing title sometime in the future was a possibility, obviously, if people are excited for, you know, the I'm about Hawkman it. deal. Yeah, uh, you'll be. That's your book as well. Sure Boom. Is. Have a good time, Eric. And the last story that came out that I thought was relevant for the podcast is... Jeff Johns reveals details for the Doomsday Clock, and this is something that uh, didn't surprise us, but we had the idea that it was going to be another one-shot, kind of like the Rebirth number one. It is not. More details have come out about Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's Doomsday Clock event series following Johns' panel at Comic-Con International San Diego. The series, scheduled to debut November 22nd, will run for 12 issues, like the original Watchmen series, but with scheduled skip months of March and August of 2018, described as a story for our time that brings the greatest heroes and villains from the DC universe together with the mysterious forces from the Watchmen universe. The story will center on Superman and Dr. Manhattan. It's now known that Doomsday Clock number one will start one year in the future of the DCU, but by the time of its finale in December of 2018, the rest of the DCU titles will be in sync with its storylines. And because of the way they're doing that, they did also announce no crossovers. It's just going to be our no tie-ins. It's right, just right. going to be that 12 issues by itself which that's good i appreciate that then people can just center on that story get the whole story and then go forward we did say that with this whole thing of catching up in a year because then you're really going to me you're going two years ahead of time because you're gonna you know depending on how long the story runs we kind of look at this as another soft reboot at the end when december 2018 comes and all the books catch up who knows what's going to go if it's one of those where all the the continuities come together it's like Jeff Johns came into a meeting. He's been in Hollywood this whole time. He comes to Burbank. He's like, all right, everybody, I'm doing this thing. You have 12 months to get your stories in line. Get so you your can fucking, fucking be, asses be in on line. my page by the time you're done. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm telling you, that's – it seems like another I- – I would think that all this is going to open up all the continuities, and they're going to have to work that in, and then yeah, they'll start. You know, it's, it's the rebirth mind. of rebirth. Oh, God. Who knows? I, I I said before, I mean, the whole idea of the Watchmen in the DC universe I don't like it. doesn't thrill me at all. No. I, I really, it doesn't get me that excited. I really don't care. Dr. Manhattan, whatever, I, you know, I'll go with Captain Adam, Eric. I'll stick with him every time. Fucking A. I just, it, it doesn't do anything for me. If they were going to do something and they wanted to use the Watchmen, just start doing more Watchmen books that I won't read anyway. You know, I, I yeah. don't. What are we gonna have a fucking comedian? Fucking. That's, cro- had, you know. that's why we had to have a before Watchmen because two of the most interesting characters, the comedian Rorschach, they're dead. So what are you gonna yeah. do going forward that people care yeah. about? Yeah, well, they'll bring them back. That'll be yeah. the whole thing. All them. Yeah, I don't want a crossover book Batman and Rorschach. I, I, that doesn't interest me. Some people. No, give me the goddamn Batman go, question. Yeah, yeah. Or just give me Batman. I want a Batman book that I recognize the goddamn lead character. 
How about that, Eric? How about, How about it? it? <laughs> <laughs> that is it for the news. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the Jeff Johns Doomsday Clock, and I'll say right now, uh, I'll review it. Uh, I'll do the reviews for that. You're doing a lot of the metal stuff and the casting and, and the uh, the forge you did. So I'll, I'll throw my hat into the ring and right. grab that one. And, and I'll regret saying that later. But it is Jeff nah, Johns. it's going to be a Jeff Johns book. I you haven't really like done it. many reviews of Jeff Johns books. No. You always see he's your man. And he usually I, I does things that you do. I gobble them up do. immediately. You know, you did gobble it up, did you? I'm going to come go, over go, right go. now. Let's let's go for a break, Eric. I'll be over in a second. You'd be gobbling. Right. But we're going to be back right now. Jess is uh, gone. It'd be great. Is she? Is she Hell gone, yeah. huh? Ooh-wee! That opens up a new fucking, you know, set of things there. Standing 69s <laughs> only. <laughs> yes, I'll be over, but we'll be right back with the mail. It's mail with Jim! Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim! Certainly is, Eric. It's Mail with Jim. This is Mail Section Number One. And if you want to get involved in the mail, you can mail us at WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. And Mail Number One is going to start off with Brett. Okay. You know that's Brett with one T. Yeah, it weirds tr- me out every time I see it. You can't trust him. You can't no. trust a guy, Brett, with one T. That's all I have Where'd to say. Where'd that other T go? I don't know. I wish I knew, Eric. Maybe he killed it. Well, we're going to have to find out. He dug God a 12-foot hole in the backyard with a, a, a backhoe, and he now goes by the name of Cosmo. Eric oh Brett says, what's up, Jim? Eric, Eric's sexy brother. Hey, mm-hmm. you got the sexy brother, Reggie, do you? I got two brother, sexy what brothers. What happens with the sexy brother? Why are you coming <laughs> to this podcast and leaving the sexy brother at home? How are we going to get to the ladies? And the rest of the Get Fresh crew, I only have one thing to say. Hello, motherfucker. Of course it is that. I wish it was this. LeBron James. LeBron James. James You know who the Sixers might get in a couple years there? LeBron James. That is right. That's what I hear. There's a weird sort of vibe going down. You're excited about that, aren't you? Oh, I'm so excited. Can you fucking Rafe, hear the excitement in my voice? Rafe was so upset because the big news in uh, basketball this week is that Kyrie Irving has said that he wants out of Cleveland, and that is not uh, – Rafe does not like that. Rafe loves Kyrie oh. Irving, but then once a guy leaves like that, like a Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, he loses all respect for him, Eric, and that is all you're going to get of basketball talk tonight. Thank you. Let me start my by saying congrats on the anniversary. Episode 133. Wow, guys, you finally made it. You guys are in a really good place right now, and I don't mean the wine and spirits store. Yes, he does. Since last week's email was lost, or since you claim you never received it. I uh, did, Eric. No, I, I, I didn't get first it. I've heard I of don't it. know. Yeah, no, somehow I never got the email. Uh, even though I have documented proof in a Slack message telling you to look at it prior, I, I'm telling you, I did not see it, but maybe I just, as I go through, that's the other thing is I should have, when we started, made the Weird Science mail something like Weird Science DC Comics mail or some, something yeah. different because I get probably now 
at least 300 to 400 emails a week. So if I end up so missing your mail, I'm tell- I get them all over the place, and some of them are nonsense. I get at least 50 from people saying that they want us to pay them to write articles for our site. Uh, it's okay. this like spam okay. thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I want to pay somebody. How about you pay us for and, us yeah, to and write that, Yeah, that, every time they get me, I think that's I think the ship has sailed in, Eric. Our fucking <laughs> we're hitting the it's money now. Baby. Yeah, no, they twist it around on me, and they're like, "We specialize in pop culture and this, and we can send you a sample." I'm like, "No, no, don't do that." But also, we get comments? we get that's a ton do, of. We get a ton of independent comic people asking us to review their comics as well, and I have to, you know, be nice and kind of say, that's not our thing. Sometimes we do go. I, I told you the other day, I, I, I think it was like two weeks ago. Them, some kind of crying emoji. What am I going to find? The time? Yeah, yeah, I just, I, there was one that came in. I said to you, I'd really like to, you know, help him out and look at it. But then there's the also thing. You get it, and then you look, and you're like, boy, this is garbage. And you don't you, want, you, why, you why write a review that garbage? shits on him? Yeah, I don't want to do that. So that's that's what happens, Eric. But he says he has documented proof. Uh, he's going to get – he wants a place in the last mail section. Even though I helped co-create a beautiful song, I figured I'd give it the old elementary school try and send another mail. And also, he resent that one. We'll hear from that later to oh. see if it's just a coincidence. Or if you two have been hanging out with mom, I'm sorry, podcast guys, again. What? Why, Brett? Do you yell at them all the time about fucking Tom King? Is that what you're saying? You, do they have a Slack chat where you barrage them with, with fucking questions? Hey, yeah, I'd call in a rant to guarantee I get on, but I figure you'd just talk over it anyway like you do Dancing Mike's rant, so I figured I'd give it one last try. Topic Alpha Zero. Now, I will say also, people, this is one of three emails this week. The casting. As I struggled to hear what Dancing Mike was saying last week over all the talking and giggles, I realized I couldn't agree with him more. This issue was packed dense with information, too damn wordy, and left me more confused for what's to come. I don't teach English, therefore I don't want to read a thousand-word essay on every damn page. I just like to send him a thousand-word essays for Jim to read. I'm one of these guys, and this is no joke, Eric. Knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Aren't you glad I said banana? See, that's not a joke. That's terrible. No. No, the, the joke, I'd rather get too much information than not enough. That's just me. I don't know what it is. I'd rather get too much than not enough, just like at the buffet. And what? I love the forge last month. Last month's dark days, the forge was like kale. I tried it and couldn't shut the fuck up about it. But the casting was because it was terrible. But the casting was worse than that little girl who played drums for Hanson that Eric's sexy brother is always talking about. That that sexy girl was not the drummer. The sexy girl was the singer. The casting could have been uh, all fixed if we had more issues of it to explain what the heck is going on. This issue wasn't an info dump. It was that nasty-ass marker poop that you can't wipe away without smearing it all over your asshole. And the marker poop just won't stop, just like the shit we got in the casting. What? <laughs> Basically, I realized after this issue that Scotty is just pulling a hitch, just like Tom King is hanging with Mr. Orlando. I think Snyder has been hanging out with Hitch a bit too much. Now, I, I disagree because Hitch just doesn't give you anything. He actually, within pages, you know, goes against what he just told you. So I don't agree. But Hitch had stories he wanted to tell in JLA and just continued them in Justice League, regardless of rebirth and storylines that were going on at the same time. Well, Snyder is doing that with this Dark Days event. This is what he wanted to tell us all 
along, that might be true. The proof yeah. is in the shit cereal that Jeremy eats, or as we say in Pennsylvania, the proof is in the pudding. The pudding being that way Snyder is trying to, in tying in his entire run of Batman Man, in the new 52. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it's a continued continuity. Why wouldn't you yeah, forget continue in, stuff It is in continuity. That's the, the thing. Uh, when we get the doomsday clock, I don't think anybody's going to be bitching and moaning because Jeff Johns is going to tie some stuff in from the rebirth the number one that he wrote or the dark side war or all this. I mean, that's their stories. It is the continuity that stands right now. But now hear me out, guys. I know Snyder is your home dog, Jim. And, and that's people say that. I actually have. I wish I had it. I may have it somewhere. I, as we go, I'll have to look up, but I actually have clips of me yelling and screaming. And Dancing Mike should know because he's been around a while. Uh, Brett may not have heard it. Double uh, A Ron would because he went back and listened to everything. But I used to sit every week that we got a Scott Snyder book and scream and yell about how it was driving me insane. Oh, yeah. He's not my home dog. The thing is, the people who jumped on with Rebirth are only really hearing me gush about Court of the Owls. That's it. I I, I, I reviewed Super Heavy right at the end of the New 52, and I hated Super Heavy, and we just bitched about it every goddamn week. Here's the problem is it's still in continuity. So when we talk about continuity and bring up a year, a zero year or a Super Heavy, that doesn't mean we loved it. I ended up really falling – that I had peaks and valleys in zero year. In the middle, I was bored fucking out of my skull. And then it ended up – The Red Hood Gang, I was fucking out. I didn't care for anything we got next. You guys mentioned last week that Scotty Boy had a big story all planned out but never got to finish it. You boys hit the nail on the head with that statement. I agree. But I don't think that that's anything bad that now – here's the difference is you say this. You have to remember DC is not run by Scott Snyder. If you trust, say, a Jim Lee or a Dan DiDio and especially a Jeff Johns, Scott Snyder has to run the story through some people and they have to have liked it. So if it is getting it now, and it is the casting and the forge, uh, yeah, it might be a condensed version, but they have decided this story is worth telling so much that they're going to have fucking 25 books tied in and all this. I mean, they are making it way bigger than the Doomsday Clock is. They're making it their biggest thing that they've had since God knows when. So they must be behind it a little bit. He is not holding them hostage or up for ransom to do this story. They must like it. And I'll say you had a zero year. Now, this is just me yelling at Brett now. You had a zero year that had tie-ins because they thought this was a good story. There is not one tie-in to the jokes and riddles, which you may think, oh, that's good anyway. I don't like tie-ins and shit like that. It makes it seem pretty small to me. But here we go. So. He's going to finish it now with Brother Capullo and all his damn cream candy. Personally, I don't have a problem with that. If Brother Snyder wants to tie up some ideas of some of his stories that I thought were pretty good, then go for it. What I do have a problem is he made this dense issue of marker poop and no explanations as to what the hell is going on. Prelude. I'm more confused than ever. If only Snyder was writing a bat book in D.C. right now. Cough, cough, sarcasm. Okay, thank I'll, God. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you all star right now in this arc over the uh, jokes and riddles. So Snyder could have really easily told that. us all he wanted if he used the dang Batman book he's currently writing now to elaborate more on what the heck is going on. Like I said, DC wants this as an event, so they must like what they see. Why did? And also, I mean, we all, we already said, we already said our theory of why he wasn't on Batman yeah. anymore. They needed something fresh. You had him in the whole new Fifty Two. You continue on. It doesn't seem like a rebirth. 
forth. And, you know, Capullo's off doing his things with Miller and stuff like that. But why didn't he just use All-Star to give us more info on the metal, the history, the Joker, the Machine, Hawkman, the Immortals, the Cream Candy? Well, he did uh, give us some more of a... What's it called? Duke. Duke. And Duke's yeah. mom and dad. So he did a little. The thick, heavy bully gave us in the casting was one jam-packed Batman novel that gets a fuck me for. Why? Because fuck me, I'm still going to get the next issue anyway. And the next issue is just metal. Now the event starts. That's just yeah. a prelude. He had the avenue to connect the dots for a year now and chose to tell us other stories instead that we were, dare I say, terrible. Another problem with the casting, Wonder Woman gave Batman that sunblade and told him not to let it fall into the wrong hands. Bats Not freaking give it gives it away anyway. And you get pissed, Jim, because Batman left Riddler to die in the worst shits and giggles, even though Batman said he took a point-blank shot and thought it was fatal. There's a difference. Batman never was going to listen to Wonder Woman. He's doing what he wants. He's not going to listen. This was a vision for the gods. I'm just like, you know, make sure you tell him this. But even though he, you know, he's not going to listen. They already had foreseen this. It seemed like, and like she was reminding him, hey, don't trade this for darkness. Even though I know this. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the connection of. Okay, thanks. I need this blade because I want to get my next thing. And fuck you. I mean, this is just Batman being a dick. That that is a. It was written the way it was written. He's supposed to be a guy who's fucking narrow-minded and what he wants to get. You want to see what happens, and again, you're going to say, but this is also part of, you know, not even just Scott Snyder. Uh, take a look at what Batman did when Damien died. He, he wasn't listening to anybody. He went against the whole Justice League. He fucking cyborg. He shut the fuck down. I mean, he was not. Was he, does, he doesn't just listen to people, and that wasn't just Scott Snyder writing that. That was that, Tomasi. Yeah, that was Tomasi. So this is just the Batman that I'm used to and, and other writers as well. He got that thing. He probably sat there listening to Wonder Woman and thought the whole time, fuck you. I'm going to do what I'm I want. I'm getting rid of this sword as soon as yeah, I can. Yeah, fucking, he couldn't get rid of it quick enough. God damn, but Batman can heavy. give away a sword from the gods that can take down a Dan Griffin to Talia. Doesn't seem too Batman-like to me. Yes, it does. I just Especially told you since when... he wanted the freaking metal. Like, I'm telling you, that was his sole goal was to get that goddamn metal. She had it. He traded for it. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's full Batman. He does yeah. what he wants. He's not listening to anybody. Him saying that, oh, the Riddler's dead, I'm going to leave him, and he's not, I, I just got mad because it seemed like Batman was smart enough to know that there was no way he could survive, and he did. And it it wasn't you, anything was really against there Batman. There no way he should be able to survive. It was just, to me, it was just a stupid thing to throw in for Tom King to say that and then have him survive and not explain why he doesn't have hole in his back. A gigantic uh, This is hole. Batman. Uh, yeah, the Batman, that's full Batman to me. That guy, he does crazy shit like that. Like I said, if you haven't, go and read the stuff that he did to try to get Damien back, uh, uh, including taking Jason to where he died to scream and yell at him about how he came back. It's crazy. Fucked up. This Batman seems like a psycho asshole is literally crazy, mad, messed up in the head, obsessed, and a lunatic. Uh, should, a I, should I repeat that with dings? What's that? You yeah, let a little did. boy die in the war of jokes and riddles. Yeah. It, it's as much of a obsessed lunatic as a guy who will go and get somebody by the name of Charlie Brown, who really didn't do anything that bad up until then, and and fucking hang him Suge Knight-like off a fucking gargoyle on probably a 140th story building. <laughs> 
Why can Batman just put a sunblade that's literally on fire on his utility belt and somehow not burn himself or injure himself? Because it's magic. It's God's. But Riddler uh, breaking out of jail with a shank, and you question how he got a shank. Jim, really. And this is the whole – he's just trying to get my goat. I know. Because, again, this is – there is certain things – old male robots that's what it seems like there's an issue with the issue meta short for metal genius move just about as genius as abbreviating sign and trig as sign s-i-n that shit was d-u-m dumb and yes i agree with dancing mike i think it was implied that batman has this metal in him now too which is pure trash and i disagree i don't think he has it at all he used the dionysium but i do not think that he would have dionysium is not the pure metal no i don't think that he has the metal i don't think that they would go that far as to say it i bet you that he has something else like again you say this batman does not have he's he's not a super powered guy right he's in he's a little above average though I mean, if they go and say that he has something, you know, he has a precursor or something little. I mean, me and Batman hanging out, the shit that Batman has come back from is a little more than anybody who trains. I've seen guys train, and the shit that he has been hit with, that he survives, is a little bit more. You can go on and on about how he doesn't have any superpowers and he's the normal guy. He's not quite normal. No. Yeah, no, he's not average. But And uh, he says, and yes, Dancing Mike Snyder has literally retconned the DCO, and I hated that. I hate the whole deal of the metal being a metachlorian thing. I, I'm hoping that what ends up happening is this metal is something different. It's not every meta human. You go to somebody who, you know, you have, I'm trying to think of just a mayor. Well, it doesn't matter. By the end of this, Despero shows up, sucks all the unmetal out of him. No, I, I just more. think that this is something a little bit different and more special. That, yes, Duke has it. Looks like he got it passed on from his mom. I, I have a feeling that it's not like every superhero has it. Every superhero artifact seems to, but we'll see. Yeah. After this meta bullshit now... You are so right. The new DCU will have the teachings of Snyder and be in Capullo's image. Now, I know many are saying stop overreacting. It's not a big deal. Well, according to the most trustworthy site on the Internet, Wikipedia, it states a metahuman is in DC Comics. The turn is loosely based uh, in most instances to refer to any human-like being with extra normal powers and abilities, be them technological, alien, mutant, or magical in nature. Yeah, thus using the Snyder DCO of the future as well as the transitive properties of mathematics. If short for metal is meta and meta is in uh, metahuman and metahuman is a loose term for all DC heroes with abilities, then we can deduce that all DC superheroes have metal in them. And I I don't know that that's going to be the case. I think this is something a little special. We'll see. Like nobody on the Justice League is a metahuman. I know. Because uh, Aquaman is, yeah, they're all they're all different. They're gods yeah. and freaking aliens and stuff like that. And you know, a couple people with rings. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like the meta gene was not activated in anyone. They like you know Aquaman. Yeah, was well, born actually, and even Mara, I can't even was... say that. That was the problem. Is when I was trying to say like, oh, I, there won't. I'm trying to think of who really is a meta human. Yeah, and I was struggling. Because a lot of them are aliens, a lot of them have technology, a lot of them have this, that, and the other thing. You know, uh, Barry Allen. Well, well, maybe you can force. maybe you can say that he, you I know, they could retcon that. it that he had the metal and that's how he survived the freaking storm. But no, he he got affected later. He wasn't born with it. So I think that the whole thing you're missing out on. There's not that many born metahumans. 
So we'll see. Thank you, Brother Snyder, for changing like 70 damn issue, years in a single issue. But I'll be there waiting for the medal on my cream candy bars next month, which is a given why this issue gets a fuck me for. You have my demands. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Kill a B, Audi 5000 PS. Jim, I'm just trying to look out for you when I say this. Two weeks ago, you said your kids were pissing in a bucket of bleach and that your wife used to put bleach in a dehumidifier uh, because she loved the smell, right? Yes. As your friend, I'm just trying to look out for you, but they're trying to kill you. Do you have life insurance? No. I think they are after your money. Be careful. And I told Eric knows. I, I was sick for days. I, oh, I yeah, really think that I got fucking poisoned. PSS, I believe. It was Mr. Jackal's email last week where he ranked the host. I'm sorry, but he was dead wrong. You're number one, baby. There ain't no show without Jimbo. That's right. You have the voice of a majestic angel. Thank you. Oh, bo, 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 bo. How's that? Listen to Did that. that get you it was going? great. Did that Magical. get you going? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for getting my fucking blood pressure up. My doctor will be fucking calling you in the morning. Like you Pete go from to NYC. Yeah, really. I, I actually have some medicine. I have a cholesterol medicine I'm supposed to take. And uh, I don't have any refills, and I keep calling them, and I'm making up lies of why I can't come in. They're, they're not <laughs> listening to the lies anymore, and they want me to come in. I don't want to, Eric, so just no. fuck it. Throw it to the wind, I say. Pete from NYC is next. I love Pete. Says, hey, what's up, fellas? And the Get Fresh yeah, crew, we boom! I seem to be going through some comic fatigue. I'm with them. Yeah. You'll hear me later. this episode. I'm telling you, listen later. I might have fallen asleep when, when you and Reggie were talking about Aquaman. I that might you be. cut your wrist. That might be. So the Patreon, actually, at one point I turned off my mic and just sat there staring at the screen. I didn't even, I had that. And then what was weird is there is probably, I will tell everybody right now, during Aquaman, it has to be the most of any podcast that I don't say a word. Correct? Because I don't shut my goddamn mouth. And in I don't this know, there was one, that one Legends tomorrow where you left completely. Well, I left. I, I won't even include that. I went and made a sandwich. So yeah, <laughs> that, that. But other than for me, actually sitting there, and I did think of going and making a sandwich, but I didn't get lunch meat today. Uh, I was so just. I, I just had nothing to say, and then I realized that when you don't say something for a bit, it feels weird to jump back in. So I didn't know when the jump back ends. I probably go about four minutes without a word. I think you jump back in when I start talking about wrong turn and baby. Yeah, once wrong turn, now I had something to talk about. Then I then I fucking lit up. Uh, he says, so the Patreon, so he had some comic fatigue. So the Patreon 90s movie episode was an awesome change of pace. I'm nice. the same age as Reggie, so the 90s are where my movie heyday is as well. A quick thought. So of course, Reggie is a douche and has to hate on Tarantino. Although I must admit, Juice was a great call. The Juice soundtrack is unreal. It was painfully obvious that stutter and mumble and prick Shay wasn't old enough in the 90s to really weigh in on the conversation. His list is terrible. He Aww. had he was either an obvious choice or who's who of who cares. I, I like all those movies. <laughs> For me, True Romance is the greatest 90s movie. You hit on it but hoped you would go into it. It is a sleeper. I do think it's a sleeper. But the cast, worth a Google, blows away Boogie Nights. You crazy. Shitty pick, by the way love boogie nights a lot of people think boogie nights is just like shock and awe that that is a good like like you would say a dazed and confused is such a great uh, you know a uh, view into you know that time i yeah, think boogie seven, nights yeah. is i think one of the boogie nights is one of the best movies that actually captures a time and an industry i said it there and uh, he says uh true romance is better than pulp fiction it's classic 90s crazy over the top violence but even makes balky bartonomous look like a great actor you like him you you love balky 
I do. I love yeah. Perfect Strangers. It's a good show. Yes. The 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 Hopper Walken scene is phenomenal and is Tarantino's greatest piece of writing, written by Tarantino, but Tony Scott directed. Scott chose to direct True Romance over Reservoir Dogs. So in the Dark Universe, there's an evil Batman, a Tony Scott directed Reservoir Dogs, and Jim Warner with an air conditioned home. I want this universe. An Eric Shea <laughs> that is articulate. And Reggie, that has talent. All Ooh. in all, the Patreon content has been well worth it. And thank you. I'm, I'm glad he says that. One last thing. To that piece of shit throwing shade at me last week's email section, you can go fuck yourself. Get out of your mother's basement. Get some stank on your hang low, and then you can talk to me. Now, go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> oh, yes. Keep killing it. I'm Aldi 5 Jizzle. Pete from NYC, and I love Pete. I just, I love the point in Goodfellas when, like, everything seems to have been settled down, and he has to say it one last fucking time. And go get your shine box. Luis, Luis is next, Darren. Hello, you there? Hello, okay. Hello, get fresh. I've gone back and listened to about three months of shows now. All I hear are your fucking voices in my head. LOL. I took your advice. There are some books I'm not a big fan of, and since you review it, I decided to drop those books and put that money to you guys. So I just upgraded my Patreon, so I know uh, now I can hear all the other shows I couldn't before. I'm looking forward to the other spotlight. So keep it up, and that's Louise. And thank you, Louise. That's awesome. Next one, Eric. I need a drum roll. Because this is our man who we have missed, and he does explain why he disappeared. You had theories about a girlfriend who may have killed him. I had theories that he just couldn't stand our jerk-off voices. The man's name is G. G says, hi, Jim, and America's sweetheart, Eric, and the man with the smoothest, sexy voice, Reggie. I'm telling you, G came back in that Slack chat like a returning hero, (laughs) Eric. I was so happy. I know I've been MIA for a while, but I was a bit down on DC's rebirth for a bit. Had to take a break. I know that's a luxury you hardworking boys cannot indulge in. Eric, I understand when you say that you cried while watching Futurama. I also cried during The Lion King when Mufasa died and when Simba tried to wake him. That was probably the first time I cried in a movie theater. I also cried in Real Steel when the kid that played Hugh Jackman's son was looking at his dad proudly when his dad was fighting with their robot in the ring Dude, at the did, end. Did I talk about that at all? No. Because I'm telling you, I don't know if I kept that because I didn't want to sound like, you know, too fucked up, but yeah. I watched Real Steel the other week and I, I watched every now and again, every couple months, and every time I start bawling like a fucking yeah. baby at Real Steel, I'm like, this is a silly goddamn movie about rock'em sock'em robots and I'm fucking bawling like a child. I'm like, I, I, I exactly know what he's talking about. Yeah, you, you, you and G are both pussies. That being yeah. said, I thought I would list my top five Tear jerkers in no particular order, movies only. For some reason, fight boxing movies make me cry. Me he too. wants to know our list. I'll just give you a couple times that I did cry. But uh, Number five, Crying Fist, a Korean boxing movie. If you have Amazon Prime, you can actually watch it through your Prime membership without additional costs. So Crying Fist. Number four, Warrior. Number three, Logan. Started crying a little. At that. I haven't watched Number that yet. two, Real Steel. Number yep. one, Lion King. Any movies in particular that you you cry at? Well, I know I was at the when I, the the Patriot came out. Do you remember the Patriot with Mel Gibson? Oh yeah, yeah. When Heath when, Ledger uh, gets his head blown off. Yeah, exactly. Off. Yeah, but when like Scared Mel Gibson when he me. when he's going out and the little girl doesn't want to say goodbye to his her her father and shit like that, Mel mm-hmm. Gibson, and then she starts running and saying "Daddy," I started losing it right there yeah. in the goddamn theater. I'm like, God, I don't. I think need that this. the most uh, I told you I cried during Titanic. And I cried. It wasn't anything like Jack or, you know, that. It was the old couple that just decided to stay in their bed together and hug each other as the ship went down. I'm getting choked up now. It really got to me. But really, 
the thing that gets me, and it gets me every single say, time. I know you're going to say, because I have once, this on my list as it well. It was Saving Private Ryan. Yes, it's the at end the end. When he asks, when he's just standing there, and they like go, you man. had the whole story. And at the beginning, you actually thought that was going to be Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's not. It's uh, Matt Damon's character, and he just says, tell me I'm a good man. I could cry right now. If ever I was in a movie and they had me cry, I'd think of that scene. Makes me cry every time. And it's just the whole emotion of the whole movie. And just that's the sort of thing that makes me cry. It's not always just death on screen or whatever. It's usually when somebody wants to know he's good because you know, my daddy never told me I was good. The beginning, of, the beginning and end of Guardians of the Galaxy when he sees his mother having cancer and dying. Mm-hmm. Like when, when they all take hands at the end and you see the power they I have. I like at the end. The end is more with me than the beginning. The beginning, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not even settled in the movie yet. That At ending, the end, when they came over, together, overwhelmed yeah. with emotion, and I just started yeah. crying right there. It's weird because, like uh, Star Wars or a, like Han, yeah, you know, I, you know, he he got frozen, and even yeah, when he died, cried at Star Wars. actually, I'm saying this in Force Awakens, I got upset, and it was more, it was when he died because I knew he was going to. Spoiler alert! Ooh. But when he was talking, and and him and uh, what's his name, freaking his son. Uh, I'm so freaking <laughs> why can't we remember it uh, they were talking and, and it looked like he was going to turn back to good it made right. me cry made me cry you know, that guy you know that guy you but know. those are some I, I can't think of a fucker's name that's <laughs> yeah. bothering me I was hoping you would just move on I, I, yeah. I'm trying to think Caillou of... Ren is what I keep yeah, thinking but yeah. it's not right it's, uh, it's Kylo Ren Kylo yeah, Ren close. thank you yeah, yeah Kylo when, when he was actually saying that you know he loved him and stuff like that and I, I got choked up but yeah there's, there's a couple of a dad and a son or a dad and a child I just start crying immediately the, the one of the funny stories I had I went to when I was in high school I went to see Camp Buy Me Love with my girlfriend and my girlfriend started crying and it was because she was thinking of her ex-boyfriend and hmm? crying the whole time and it was not a good time it's at the, the worst end of that movie ever. oh I was so mad uh, I'd rather walk into you guys talking about comics and walk into a room with Satana giving Bruce a blow job sincerely gm chung and that is it thank uh, you, G, thank you i'm glad you're back i love your list i wish i could think of more and i wish we would have known kylo ren's name right away Seriously. because we lost a lot of cred eric we <laughs> not that we had much so that's the problem we didn't have much to lose and now it's all gone but we're gonna be back in a minute bottom, we're gonna get below us we're gonna become the authorishe in a minute because we'll be back with the books no Voice of an angel. Sure is. Voice of an angel. 
Mouth Like a Teamster, That Dancing Mike. This is the book section of the podcast, the meat and cheese of the podcast. And if you want to listen or read our written reviews, go to our website, Weird Science. DCComics.com, where all the books we talk about tonight and even a couple more will be there for you to peruse through. Uh, we have a bunch of books. We're about to get into it, Eric. We have 11 books tonight that will be featured on the podcast, uh, one which we won't be talking about because that's Cave Carson. What about Eric, Super me, Sons? Me and you, well, that's not one of them. That's why we have 11. We would have had 12. Super oh, really? Sons okay, I counted wrong then. Cave Carson. You never would have counted. That's why I said Cave Carson is part of the deal of our podcast. That makes it 11 on the podcast. One extra being Super Sons. That is a uh, a exclusive on the Patreon. Uh, yeah, the, these books. See, now I'm down again. Because now oh. I realize we got to get down to the nitty gritty and actually talk DC Comics that came out. And I think this was... Uh, a bad week and i i made a uh, you know some sort of crazy call that it was because they didn't really care because they'd be insane it's nonsense that it doesn't make these any things, damn sense these Jim. things are written so far uh, ahead of time but really i don't know what they were drinking up at the dc clubhouse uh, when they were all sitting around writing because that's what happens right they're all in the, there's tomasi he's across from freaking tim seeley he's kicking pool. him he's kicking him under the Shoot table you got tom king over there saying that he's gonna try to scratch the face of god and nobody's <laughs> listening to him uh you know you got sam humphreys who knows what he's doing i heard he likes to partake in a certain herb eric really? but I, I don't know anything about yeah i heard that's big and uh then you also have what i would think ben percy is watching cnn and yelling about some sort of social justice thing that he wants to be involved with. Steve Orlando's right with him. Steve Orlando's right with him on his now. Steve Orlando's on his ceremonial soapbox and is just talking to nobody. Uh, who else? We got that freaking. We got Dan Abnett, who's just a normal guy. He's just yeah. writing. He's he might be eating some noodles or something. Jimmy Palmiani and Amanda Connor. They're coming up with dick jokes that they're not going to use in their issues because they forgot to make that book fun anymore. It's a little synopsis of the whole deal. Then you got James Tiny goes over and says, hey, you know what, Marguerite Benet? I, I, I thought we were going to be done with this lost year in Batwoman. Let's extend it a little to piss Jim and Eric off. And then you have Francis Manipal. He's like, listen, I, I have to do – I have two weeks to do an issue. I'm going to spend fucking 13 days on the art, and then I'll, I'll fucking fill in the blanks with that story later. I'll mail it in. There you go. That is a synopsis of the entire podcast. Now, that's almost like, can we do, we said, uh, I said at one point, we're just going to say, you know what? The hell with this. This gig is done, baby. I'm out of here. You're not going to see my ass around here. You know, see you in another life. I'm trying to think of some phrases that I would say if I was leaving. Send me my later. Send me my clothes later. Yeah, that's one. Send me my two pairs of shorts and shirt later, baby. I'm out of here. It's Chinatown. But I said, when we leave, we're just going to do a... Get off my plane. Get off my plane. I'm going to go. I'm going to slam the door, and then my wife's going to yell out, What the hell are you doing? No ticket. And she'll know. She'll know I mean business, and she better stop it. I'll say, I'll say, listen, the the dishwasher's broke. And then she'll say, I know I am. You've never given me any money. Ba-boom, boom. And you hit me. <laughs> and you hit me. 
Yes, I'm an abused husband. But when this happens, I said we're going to have a regular podcast that this is what we're going to say. Batman number 27. Ooh, the tales they tell with Kite Man in town. Ooh, we're going to see it from the, the ground level. Oh, my goodness. The, the shit that goes on in this issue. And then I'll say, you know what, Eric? I really like this issue. I, it was good art. It was good melding of art and story. And you know what? Roller coaster ride of emotions that I didn't see coming. I can't wait till next issue. You'll done. Seat, but you only need the edge. Done. Then we're done. We'll move on to the next Sunday, one. We'll be Sunday, done this Sunday. podcast in fucking 30 minutes. Oh, jeez. The dream, Eric. You know the dream he wrote Single Ladies and Umbrella? Did I you know that. that? Did you know that? I don't know why we decided when we decided to do this podcast, we never made any sort of declarations of anything. We just said, yeah, we'll talk about the books because yeah. we are bored at work. And would talk about the books, and that translated into this podcast. Unfortunately, now we're spending a, another 10 hours like we do at work now on the podcast. By the time we talk about these books, we have together talked about them probably each book two hours. And then also just read and reviewed them all. But when they're shitty like this week, it, it just it wears you down. Right? Punches in your gut over and over again. That starts on the balls. It's like a land war in China. You ain't winning that, Eric. They're going to wear you down. They have one commodity. People! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned from Princess Bride. Never well. start a land war in China. Yes, this is the books, Eric. But we're going to start off with what we had as a spotlight, and it is Batman. It's Batman 27 when we get into this. It, you know, there, it's a Kite Man story. I, uh, I've i been getting messages, actually, as we're uh, doing this podcast now. Uh, one of my friends is messaging me on uh, Twitter and wondering what the hell is going on in this issue because he just doesn't – the transitions are killing him. He doesn't understand why we have this issue, and I really couldn't help him much, Eric. No. I can't because, uh, to me, it really does seem shoved in and whatever but we're gonna get on with it enough of me talking out of class eric the bell is ringing let's get Bells, to it. you know it's time for school right school time yeah. we're gonna you're gonna be a, a fucking authority you're gonna fucking fucking blow my mind boy, with your I knowledge. Hope so. boy i do it's like we we talked about it already and i know you're gonna blow my mind eric i have faith in you somehow i think that what were recorded a couple days ago it's gonna change and somehow you're gonna blow my mind and actually make sense but we all oh. know that won't happen right it never will happen, but we're going to go off to talk about Batman number 27 right now. Batman number 27, written by Tom King, with art by Clay Mann, Danny Mickey, John Lise, Gabe Eltieb, and Clayton Cows. Our previously scheduled War of Jokes and Riddles will not air tonight. Instead, we have for you The Origin of Kite Man. Hell yeah? Hell yeah. No, the war is still on, but this issue is all about Kite Man's involvement and how, because of Batman completely fucking him over, Kite Man's son died and led him to a, to a ridiculous life of crime. Where's my dick? Starting with joining the Joker for <laughs> this war against Riddler. Ah, you're falling apart, Eric. I, am, I thought me. you had it. I did. Uh, for such an important book. Are you done or are you still going? I'm done. Uh, yes, this is an interlude, Eric. And now I will tell you, number one, I'm sure that there are some people out there. People seem this is this is a very divisive uh, issue. Uh, you had the whole idea where people loved Kite Man. Oh, this Kite Man that Tom King's giving us—it's so great. I even see people are like, "This shows that that Tom King respects the the classic villains and the things of Batman." The the thing that gets me angry about Bats, that is he shows up and says, "Hell yeah!" The and end. I think that this is his, that was his ploy. This is what, and everybody who's listened to the podcast and are long time listeners would know. I consider Kite Man in this 
to be the shark repellent that we had in Batman and Robin Eternal, where Lansing and Kelly jumped on then, where I thought it was a smoke and mirrors thing to go, hey, look, I know what I'm talking about because I know who Kiteman is. Yeah, yeah, we all know who Kiteman is. I said to you, there's a lot more ridiculous uh, villains, and oh, yeah. he just grabbed onto this Kite Man, and people went nuts. And I do think that this issue is just a little too much of Kite Man. We had Kite Man. It was, it, it was clever at first, the first time. Then it oh, became— the first time in Arkham, it was a fun little thing like well, Kite remember, Man. Well, remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you had that even when uh, him and Selina were going around. It started, and the, you know, that time, night yeah. of the—and it started getting a little too much, and it started to be the joke— that just it didn't keep on giving her uh, the, and the problem with, swamp thing yeah the problem that. with jokes are you, you keep hearing the same joke it, it starts to grate on you now i will tell you for all you <laughs> for all you sports fans out there uh i had a theory my theory of kite man is kite man when you first saw him a little to me if you're a football fan one of the biggest you know a fan favorite of a football team is the backup quarterback. It's always like, oh man, you know, he's cool or he's, and you know, you have this guy, he's, he's decent enough, whatever he may be, but everybody loves the backup quarterback until he gets in the game, until your starter gets hurt, and now you have to rely on that. That's what Kite Man is to me. While he was just going around and saying, hell yeah, in one panel, everybody was going gaga, oh my Whoa! god, that's so funny, Kite Man, hell yeah. Uh, the problem up until this point, just for me, because I see a lot of people love this issue. Some people don't. But to me now that we see him in a full issue, I'm like, okay, I've had enough. This is now the backup quarterback. He's ruining our chances for the playoffs now. And the playoffs to me are the jokes and riddles. Exactly. I want to know more about what's going on. When you have the first two issues of the jokes and riddles, the third issue, to have an interlude, already it's too quick. It's already to me like, what the fuck, an interlude? We're already what? having this? You know, you're going to do this, save it for later. You know, save it as uh, an agreed. epilogue or something. You can't have an interlude after two issues that we didn't get enough information, in my I opinion. I could see if you want to interlude, like, all right, I'm telling this big old story. We just had this big old thing happen. We need a chance yeah. to breathe and calm down. But yeah. Nothing has happened yet. Yeah, like, our, yeah. Biggest, our biggest pieces of excitement are fucking a splash page per issue that let us see the cool stuff that's going on that we yeah. don't get to see. Yeah, that's if you had this, and now again, the jokes and riddles seems to be standard six issues with two Kite Man interludes thrown in. So yeah, right. if you were at a point where, like you said, some big shit happened, you think that the Joker's dead, that Batman this or that, and you did need a calm down or a... We a two week interlude to actually gain more tension. You know, right. all of a sudden you're like, holy shit! What? Oh my god! I gotta wait. Oh my god! Now people would get mad about oh that as god, well. So but angry. that my main issue is that we don't have a lot of information about the jokes and riddles. Now I have other you know problems with this issue itself, mainly it being very cliched. But besides that, I'm going into this third issue of this jokes and riddles wanting to know what is going on. And where I really stand by that point where I do think that it's not just me saying, oh, Tom King, he doesn't give us info or whatever. I have talked to a lot of the Get Fresh crew boop, boop, on the Slack chat. I've seen people, I've, I've been arguing with people on DC's Facebook page. <laughs> I'm on the freaking, everywhere I'm yelling 
yelling and screaming about things. It's not just me. I've become Eric Shea. I can't just sit back, Eric. It led me into getting it's in a, a Twitter. I got in a Twitter fight with Brian Hitch this week because of the same deal. I just couldn't take it anymore. But where I go, the weirdest thing is we're only two issues up until this point into the jokes and riddles. And everywhere I look... Everybody has a different idea of what this war is all about oh, to yeah. the point where people don't know like, hey, or hey, wh- wh- what part of the career is Joker in? Some people go with the continuity that we go with. Oh, it's just yeah. a year. Some people are like, no, no, no. He seems like five years in. He seems I, like this. I agree. He Everybody, does seem that way. Yeah and, yeah. and that's the problem is everybody has a different idea. And you you can't even grab because these people, oh, you know what, he's ambiguous to, you know, to prove, you know, what he wants or this is his storytelling. The problem is we're not getting enough information from me about the war. And as this issue goes on. Well, fuck, it was the last issue, I think it was, that you had to convince me because I thought, like, when we had that last splash page where we saw all the villains going against each other yeah. and there's a goddamn, you know, the territories of the city yeah. laid out, who has what, like, oh, this is what we're going to get to see. No. This is what's happening. You don't get yeah. to see it. And now, it I, I, I have heard next issue is a Deadshot Deathstroke. You know, it, it's more of them in it, so we'll get a okay. little bit of that. But no, like we said, what, the first issue I said, I'm afraid that this splash page is what we're getting. And yeah. then the second issue and happened, and we see, you. and then and it seemed to be, and it's not just, um, it's not just because I'm a genius. Sir. There's other reason now. I just everything from Tom King, he just seems to want to give you these big things and then move on. And yeah, some people are like, well, because it's Batman, this is a more personal Batman or whatever. You got to give it, us something it, here. It's not I, a more personal Batman. I know. Batman's barely in it. Yeah, and all it's just, he's doing is re- like you know relaying a story which he's not even relaying the story in this goddamn issue so i don't no. even know what's going on with this personal story at this point if i'm selena thinking you know if, if he's telling me the ballad of kite man i'm laying there all yeah. sexy and naked in bed by the end of this part of the story i'm thinking holy fuck your greatest failure was kite man yeah no his greatest failure is his storytelling because selena looks bored as hell laying on that thing but yeah i don't think that this is uh his greatest failure but it has to be up there i mean he got a kid killed but even before we're going to start the issue proper in a second my main issue coming out of this and from talking to everybody and not just arguing i'm done arguing i'm just talking and things like that is that first issue of jokes and riddles you had riddler break out of prison and go see or- the joke or the GCPD or, or wherever it was because I actually asked Tom King where did he break out and he will not give me – he won't talk to me. He talks to everybody. Yeah. He hates my guts. I, I don't really care anymore. I really don't. Uh, Brian Hitch is right along with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you you go here. Riddler comes out. He goes to see the Joker. He's seen a pattern with the – I saw the Joker's nose, you know, the clown nose. That showed me. So he goes to – uh, Joker and Joker doesn't say anything. Riddler basically says, "Listen, I see your pattern. You can't laugh anymore. I see you're going after you know you're knocking uh, or killing people in uh, clubs and things and joke shops and things like that." Now, like I said, Joker doesn't say anything, but he says it's because Batman's too good. He's taken the fun out of your jokes. They're too predictable. He's jokes done the same can't with be my predictable. Riddles. He's done the same with my riddles. Now, Joker again does not say anything, but from what we've got. You have to go with that that's the the issue. Now, it doesn't seem like from here that that would be a war thing. You would think that – and also Riddler said, listen, I see you're going to kill the Joker or going to kill Batman. I want to get involved in that too. I don't want you to do it. I'm going to do it. We can team up, whatever. And Joker Joker shoots Riddler. Now – 
this doesn't seem like to me that would start a race to kill Batman. That is not the case. Uh, and Tom King, when somebody called him out, I did see this on Twitter. Like, hey, you said it was about you know killing Batman first, and then what happened? And Tom King's explanation was like, listen, the first shot in a war, people forget what it's about. Once war starts, you never know why it started. I'm like, really? That's what we're getting? That's what you're going to go with? That you, you don't know why the war started? Because I don't even know what this war is about three issues in. But what my I'm main issue you, is... The, the one thing is, though, in this issue, I, I have to give it because, you know, this we had the issue number one, issue number two, and we weren't getting a lot of anything. You know, we had the idea that the war started because Joker shot Riddler and, the, and Riddler's pissed because he wants to kill Batman. Now it's like, who's going to kill Batman? Whoever survives the war seems to be the one who's going to kill Batman. Maybe. From what I get in this, uh, you know, this issue here, it actually started to make me think of other things. Now, yeah, it was I a don't cool agree con- with I'm anything saying, you said, but I, I know, know you told Hold me. Hold on, I'm saying though, yeah. it is um, like, it made me start thinking of a new concept. The problem is, it's a cool concept, I think at least, you know, an interesting one. It doesn't jive with what we've no. been given previously. No, and but what I was going to say is just a basic thing, right, before we go into the proper issue, is you started out this war by Riddler going to Joker and basically saying, listen, in this year that Batman has shown up, he's too good. He actually says to Joker, hey, you keep losing. You keep losing. Batman's too good. He takes out the unpredictability of our jokes and riddles, and we can't stand it. Since then, though, basically we've seen that Batman is a moron who can't yeah. do anything. He has to go to Kite Man to try to find Joker. And I see all the people, and they're like, oh, it's so cool to see Batman because he's a rookie. He's only a year in. He's struggling. But why is the whole setup that he was too good that, that that's why they were reacting the way they were. If he sucks at being Batman. Yeah, if he sucks at being Batman, then the whole concept that you've set up this war to be is null and void. Uh, you know, and people to the point then, th- there were people in the Get Fresh crew, and I don't, I, this is not throwing shade at anybody, because everybody's grabbing at straws here. They're like, no, I think that it's the Joker's mad because Batman is so bad that it's not fun for him. But it, we started out by it being said it's because he has come on the scene and he's too good. And also it just seems weird because in this continuity that we go by, that we stand by from zero year in the new 52, yeah. Batman and Joker are tied into pretty much being the same point in their career. Batman started to really be Batman at the same time that Joker fell into the vat and became yeah, Joker. Red Hood so if Joker. anybody, you know, maybe, a, oh, well, Joker is better at, at first or whatever, but it just nothing jives to me overall because Tom King is so ambiguous and wants this fill-in-the-blank stuff. But when you do that, everybody fills in the blanks different ways, and I just everybody's getting a different concept of the story. And then they get mad when you have a different concept. They think you're yeah, wrong. And, they're yeah, and, and, so. and I'll argue the same way that I do. You know yeah. what I mean? So you're just getting people mad. But what I think this issue is with Kite Man is Tom King got a lot of praise and a lot of people reacted. This was the most reaction he's gotten in this whole run is from Kite Man. And I don't think that that's me just making that Poor up. Condiment the, King. Yeah, the Kite Man hell yeah is his big thing. Now, maybe he's like, listen, if this is going to be my legacy fucking Kite man i better make a 
backstory for him. I better make a new origin to make him a legit guy, whatever it might be. But to me, this is him writing an issue that he was thinking in his mind that he was just, this is a home run. This is, a, as you would say, Eric, an up-to-the-plate home run. It makes That's no right. sense. Uh, but this is what it is. He's going to take a victory lap with his kite man. Now, it seems to have backfired a little bit because that you know the reviews aren't as high as what he had been getting. I just think that it's a very cliched story. But we'll go in with it. It starts off with Kite Man in a bar. And you're led to believe through this issue uh, what I get is Kite Man may be a bit of an alcoholic, Eric. He He's is a, a divorced kind father. Of guy in my mind. Yeah. He's a divorced father. He's down on his luck. It, it seems to me very, uh, very much joker at the begin beginning of the killing joke it seems like this scene even here it's kind of the joker trying to do what he wants to do and stuff but it's kite man here he's talking i studied wind in school and i don't know if you realize Derek. i have a phd in wind no no you don't <sighs> no, you're a liar in wind i'm telling you that's what he said stu i studied wind in school he doesn't even say aerodynamics at this point which it ends up being it's just, i studied wind at school Right there, it threw me off. But yeah, you see Batman showing up, and he looks like he means business. Eric. But he's yeah, like, man. yeah, you know, a try. And while trying to find it, it moves everyone, everything that way, this way, whatever. And Batman just grabs him, and then Suge Knight his ass out. <laughs> it, he is now Vanilla Ice, hanging off a building. And right off the bat, this is a Batman book that I think Batman is a fucking dick. Why oh, yeah, would he this. do this? The only thing that Kite Man has up until this point, and I'll go, Charlie Brown is his name. And, and yeah. I want to point out, it's always been his name. That's nothing that was made up by Tom King. That's his name. And he goes, and he's hanging him off a building. Uh, you know, basically being like Vanilla Ice hanging there. Why would you do that? To a guy who basically only took a job to work on the Joker Mobile. This is bullying. And it that does seems not like a seem, while ago. And it seems – and again, you only have a year when since the Joker came about and he already has a Joker Mobile. It seems way off to me. And it also – I said in the Slack chat, I, I just – I want to get a note to Batman. Batman, you want to find the Joker? Follow the Joker Mobile. It's driving around somewhere. Well, but yeah. you, I don't even think there is a Joker Mobile anymore. The whole idea of the Joker Mobile seems so Silver Age and shit like yeah. that that like – it, it's almost a joke saying it's here, but like, you know, he is I think it is a joke. that point in my mind. It is a joke to me that he's kind of, he's given a wink and it's kind of a funny thing, but it does seem weird after just a year, right? Of him having a Joker mobile, but I, I just don't, I still can't get past the thing that, and people, yeah, Batman's desperate, but Batman's still Batman. This is not Kite Man who's done anything at this point, really. As far he as we know, he worked on a car a while ago. Yeah, he worked ago, on a car like, and, using no. what he went to school for. Yeah. So he and just it's not even like, hey, listen, uh, you know, I want you, I need to find the Joker. The shit's going way off. The, you know, it's it's out of hand now. People are dying. Can you help me or find out about what you think that Batman has looked into Charlie or oh, yeah, Chuck's deal? He knows he's a down and out guy. He has a fan. He has a kid. He's divorced. Whatever. You just go and sit down. Now it's all for show. It's all for the show. I just if I'm Kite Man right away, I'm like fuck you. You know, you hang me off a building just because I had a job before. It's just terrible to me. But Batman's like, you know what? You're gonna find out a way to contact the joker so he goes off and now he get dead shot and then i'm like okay you know what cool 
We're, we're yeah. going to see some of these other villains. We're going to go. I want to see some of their motivations of why they have joined up with the Joker or the Riddler. And you get this, and that's where uh, Chuck's like, hey, buddy, uh, I worked on the Joker-mobile. You know, it's just him, yeah. so we know the background. Uh, there were four the other of guys, us. They but he killed didn't kill the other me three. because, yeah. And he's like, I don't know why he didn't kill me. Maybe he thinks I can help him later. In the meantime, there's a it's a funny little deal where Deadshot smoke and he has uh, Kite Man hold the cigarette. He shoots and he's like, yeah, I thought this thing was uh, calibration was off and slipping to the right. And then it's like, hey, I got a pencil. Can you hold this? We we fly from there to now. Batman is bullying him again. Oh my God! Throw him yeah. up against the goddamn yeah, wall. Yeah, throwing him up against the wall. He did what he was told to do. It looked like he got a number from Deadshot, but it's an untraceable number. It's funny. I, I expected that Batman was just going to call Joker then. <laughs> but well, he the has... thing is, this whole, this whole big here, the, the number you got from Law and went to an atomized ISP. You know, I'm a big dummy. I don't know what that did means. Did you look like, up atomized ISP? I did not. I did. It, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> untraceable and it's useless. Now, but it's not is, useless. That's no, the because thing. Now Batman is going to have Chuck call him. Yeah, I'm like, when he says useless, yeah, and when he says useless, I thought that he should have spelled that out better. Like, listen, it's an atomized ISP, untraceable, useless for me to, you know, find you're going to have to set it up. I'm like, useless? And then he's like, you're going to call him to set up a meeting? I'm, I thought you just said the number was yeah. useless, but he can call. And then he's like, listen, you're going to set up a meeting. When you do, I'll be there. So then you go and you hear, you you see this call. Now, the, the other problem I have with the jokes and riddles is that in the story as a whole, it seems very... For a city-wide thing, for something that's affecting the whole city, it just seems very small. And it seems very, very small. I'm telling you, the whole majority right now, it seems like the war of jokes and riddles is going on as we speak in this goddamn yes. storyline. Yep. Yeah. The Joker seems to be spending his entire time at a goddamn just suburban home just watching TV, seeing the news to tell, like, and, have the yeah. news tell him how the war's going. And, and the weird thing about this is, and, and we're finding out how the war's going through the news. Now, the yeah. thing is, this Kite Man issue was really spelled out by Tom King, is you're going to see the ground-level deal. You're going to see the streets. You're going to see the street-level version of what's going on in this war. Uh, it's so contained because you don't get anything in the city except the talking heads talking on the TV which I'll have to tell you boring as hell you don't oh, yeah. get anything with it I'm just like okay whatever let's get on with it I want to see something going on now in, in the in the end we do have a little boy dying and getting killed because just got caught in the crossfire and Batman really set the whole thing up which is a shame that does not show me the that's street that's not terror level. in the goddamn street yeah that so. does not show me the street level stuff that I'm, is isolated I'm, murder yes I'm getting three issues issues in here and I really don't get the whole concept that the city is under siege, that the city no. is in terror, that you, you don't get anything. Uh, now, it is a shame. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, that it is probably tough to do a lot of things with Batman because he's only out at night. So you right. you don't ra you rarely see group scenes and, and stuff like that in crowds in a Batman comic because he's out at night. People are asleep. It just – Tom King is not – the scope is not as big as it should be for what this story is about and it does upset and i'm me. telling you it's, it's very disappointing as well because you know we have been shown through these goddamn splash pages all the villains involved in what's going yeah. on here 
and we don't get to see any of it. We're just told through this goddamn television set how bad it is without yep. ever seeing. I'm like, come on. You're like, you can't even throw me a goddamn little bit of a bone here. Just, yeah. You're going to splash page my ass and say, okay, I'm calling it a day. Yep, because uh, you hear the TV while Joker gets a call from Kite Man, and they're like, hey, we have we have been 42 homicides in the last week. I'm like, God, we're, we're just skirting by. And that's another thing. Tom King seems to have something where he can read my mind, Eric, and give us everything that I don't want to see and avoiding everything I want to see. It just seems that way with the story, and it makes it very small. I want to see the other villains. I want to see why they're involved. And I'm not saying I need 18 issues to show no. things and whatnot, but instead of giving me an origin of Kite Man, give me a, a issue of all the villains and why they're involved. A page for each villain to show me what their motivation are he doesn't care about that though and obviously and that's you, how the whole, story's going this whole going. interlude issue is given us as a way to show you why kite man got involved in the war on joker's side i'm like no kite man better be a fucking linchpin to this whole goddamn yeah. story in the end because if well, not brett, this is I all was, for nothing i was talking to brett brett basically says to me if kite man isn't the be all end all at the end he's out yeah, <laughs> and he's supporting Tom King. He's a big supporter. But the amount of time that we're going with Kite Man here, he better be something big. Uh, but who? I I don't I don't know. I I can't say I don't care. It's just that Tom King is making me fight to care because of this stuff. Now the other thing being is Tom King does like to skirt around and make ambiguous things and and fill in the blanks, whatever. So you're expecting. Everything that you see on the page to mean something. Now, well, the problem that, with this is, is we haven't seen that in his run so far. When, I know. When, I'm sorry. We, we had that in the I Am Gotham arc, and then we, we yes. took that and we ran with it, and they're like, we were really burned on I Am Suicide. And, and I, I Am, I am Suicide. You had the whole, thing. you had some, I'm going to break your damn back, repeated so much ad nauseum that we thought this is going to tie into something. We have to find out why this is. We never did. We, you know, and you even have the whole thing. You set up this whole thing with Punch in the I Am Suicide arc where he's a master of disguise. Oh, this is going to mean something. When we saw Batman repeating himself in Santa Prisca, we thought, that's not Batman. It, it is a ruse. That That is Punch dressed up as Batman. He's going to fool Bane, and then Batman's going to come out of the ceiling. Oh, it's going to be great. Never happened. So the problem here is we do get some hints at some things, which is going to lead you to this next part that you have a theory about. About what it's about the problem is everything that i see on the page i can't say that means anything including oh, I, I agree yeah and including like the the seven eight nine joke we got at the I beginning know, that, or that riddle and things bullshit. like that and so everything should mean something you should have jokes and riddles being thrown about in here that should be a deeper meaning which you think there is coming up but yet i can't say that anything has given me faith that they are because kite man is talking to joker and he's like and joker it's i'm telling you the dialogue here i love i i don't hate everything about batman no, no, and tom it, king this is when, actually a really uncomfortable phone conversation oh i love it too because i just like anything yeah. it's, but it's i like the whole i like the charlie brown thing he's like yeah. oh you're the one the name with the comics and i'm like okay you know what joker may not care anything about kite man or charlie brown at this point but that is something you remember so he's yeah. like hey you know what i helped you you know oh you're the guy the, the name from the comics and he's like yeah mr joker i love mr joker it reminds me of wrong turn talking to royer at work <laughs> hey mr royer uh, hey mr terry hey mr terry it was that's even better yeah and he's like hey it's me charlie brown chuck really i'm glad you remember that's nice and then there's joker and it goes with the he can't laugh so everything yeah. to me that the joker comes across 
He's always looking for anything that, you know what, I used to think they were funny. Oh, okay. I don't think they're funny anymore. Do you think they're funny anymore? And, then, you know, Kaiman's like, uh, I, don't. I don't. He's like, yeah. yeah, I know. And then he just goes into this joke that I think that you're looking a little bit too much no, into that's a, it. No, that's the thing is, because I was so burned on I Am Suicide for like, what the idea that I had of the, yeah. the kind of writing that Tom King would do that I was looking at everything like you just stated before. After that, I was so burned, like, never again. Yeah. I will not but fucking you go and like, I think, out on a limb. And try yeah. to put fucking puzzle pieces together to make this story make but sense. But you are, here, and yeah, I agree. And I agree with you to a point of what this is, uh, because he says nine cats are on a boat, one jumps in a river. How many are left? None. They're copycats. Is that a joke or a riddle? I don't think that the copycats thing is anything. You think? Well, tell, and I'll, I'll tell you what I. I'm think. saying the whole thing here with this whole idea of like, what, is this a joke or a riddle? It's the thing is the reason that Joker in my mind at this point, which does not jive with what we're getting, given in issue number twenty five, is that because. The Joker and the Riddler are so similar. Just like you know, and we found out that the Riddler has come first because of Zero Year. Yeah. Does the Joker just consider himself a copycat of the Riddler? Yeah. Now, and it has uh, yeah. really destroyed his goddamn uh, his sense of humor and really made him like you know almost suicidal to a degree, like we saw before too. Now, I think that it's more of just the idea of is that a Joker Riddler? I don't think that that Joker thinks of himself as a copycat. I think that what Tom King's playing at is there is a thin line between a joke and. And a riddle, and that is always. I think that he's giving us a wink, wink again, because that has always been the and basically reversed. That people are like, oh, I don't like Riddler. He's just a kind of a Joker deal. And I, I've yeah. seen people. There's been arguments for years about, you know, what's the difference between a riddle and a joke? Anyway, I think that's a wink, wink. The only reason that I think that it isn't the Joker thinking that is because up until that one panel where when Riddler and Joker are talking, that legitimately is their first meeting. They, yeah. He goes, and he's been in jail for a year, and yep. he's not on the scene. So Joker's out in the scene. I would have thought that if that was the case, if that's what we are getting, you would have had Riddler break out and start causing commotion again, and then Joker getting upset. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I thought I was original. Now he's back on the scene. I don't think it goes very well with a Riddler that was in jail for a year this no, whole no, time I'm saying, that the Joker was around. No, I'm saying, for what we saw around. that led up to this, I agree. It does not yeah. jive with what I think. Yeah, but, but I I like got that you. bit of dialogue really got me start thinking about what this war and riddle yeah, jokes and riddles yeah. really is and what is the driving force behind I it. Just, I think that what he's getting at is at the end, obviously to me, and Repairman Jack and me were talking about it before, is that he Batman's going to have to decide which who he helps, Joker or Riddler. And in the whole decision of that, it's going to be like, really, it's yin and yang. It's, you know, it's, I'm saying, it's one even, side even of the coin. That kind of thrown out with the TV broadcasters at one point yeah. as we keep going back to I our think that that's the whole there, where concept. it says, you know, you got to like, you know, whose side do you take? If you want yep. Joker out, you take Riddler's side. If you want Riddler out, you take Joker's yeah, side. Yeah, I, mean, I think, yeah. I think the whole deal. Yeah, I think the whole deal is getting towards this ending where Batman's going to have to decide which is, you know, which is better to side with. And you're really, it's a Sophie's choice, Eric. Neither are good. So it is like and, you know, a joke and a Riddler are the, the same. Case, though, like, you know, we have not seen Batman at this point in this timeline and this continuity go up against the Joker yet. We know he's after no. the Joker, and they've had a bit of a past since, you know, Joker's been around for a little yeah. bit now. But from what he's seen, the Riddler is the biggest threat because well, he's taken over the entire goddamn city. Not even so just I think that. Would- you want to go with it? I think that that's why we have this issue, and that's why Batman ends up 
you know, getting a little kid killed, and now it's personal. Now he has gotten Agreed. a little yeah, kid killed, well. so now he is on the Joker's side. It doesn't matter. It seems clear-cut that he will be on the Joker's side and leading to what ends up, you know, this is a year in. Obviously, the Joker is his villain. It is, and, and the, the and what comes out like, later. You know, likes him better than Riddler. Yeah, so I just, I think that this is the issue that we'll look back at and why we have Kite Man and why Kite Man is on Joker's side, that at the very end, when Batman has to make a decision, he's got to go with the Joker because the Riddler ended up getting Kite Man, you know, a guy who trusted Batman. Batman got his son killed. Uh, but yeah, you, you go from there where they set up this meeting, but you have this little bit where you have Kite Man there with his it's son. Visitation of course, day. his son is flying a kite, and that's where his dad's like, hey, do you like that kite, Charlie? Because he's the same name. And he's like, hell yeah, and then you get this whole thing. Now, and really, to me, this is less, this issue is less of a Kite Man origin. It's more of a hell yeah uh, you know, origin, the catchphrase yeah. origin, and that makes it a little well, less that goes, to me. That goes to, like, freaking right there with, you know, Tom King's Kite Man. You can't have Kite Man without the yeah. Hell Yeah. So, so you, you have, have the Kite Man, where, you have to have the origin of Hell Yeah, yeah as well. well yeah. there you have it, where his son says that, and he says, listen, you can't say that. Just say yes. That's a bad word. And my your grandmother used to say, uh, it's my mom, your grandma used to say that if you say hell, that's where you'll go. So please, don't say it. It's a nice little deal. He's, yeah. he, he, the guy swoops curse, in. Kid. Guy sweeps, swoops in once a month and he's teaching lessons. I'm telling you, the minute the kite man goes, he's like, see oh, my you. father told me was don't It'd be get so married. funny. It's like, hey, listen, I have to go. Uh, see you in two weeks. Hell yeah. He's freaking muttering under. But yeah, he says, and also you get, hey, I can't be at your birthday party. It sets up. It sets up a personal deal. You start yeah, yeah. to feel He has to miss him. his goddamn birthday party because of because Batman of forcing meeting. him to have this meeting with the yeah. Joker. And uh, unfortunately, it seems like this is the last time he sees his son before yes. he's about to die. So it is very sad. It is. It's just very cliched to me because the minute I saw that kid, uh, he's dead. I know he's dead. Now, the whole thing is I don't understand how he would be dead. We find that out later. But yeah. when I saw him, I'm like, no, he's done. And this is where uh, you see Kite Man coming out. You say out. that about everybody. There. No, I'm saying you have this where, oh, she's dead. telling you, you have an origin story of a Kite Man who flies around the city and is at Arkham or whatever. We've never heard or seen a son. The minute that he shows up, you know that shit's going to go wrong. What else is going to go wrong in this issue? And you, you can't tell me that you went in this issue thinking that this was going to be a happy story for Kite Man. Y you no. know shit's going to have to go wrong. You told the me about it beforehand so I tell <laughs> I'm telling you though, the only thing you see is Kite Man setting up a thing and him talking to his son. There's no, what else could go wrong? I thought he was going to get caught in the crossfire which he got right. caught, but then you see Kite Man coming out of the diner and this is another thing where you have Kite Man coming out and he's sing singing the, you know, the uh, Flying Machine song from like 1911. He's there singing it to himself and you're thinking to yourself like any other thing. Oh, that means something. I'm, no, it really no. doesn't. I, I told you, I, I think that he should have been uh, singing uh, Let's Fly a Kite uh, from Mary Poppins. That's just me, Eric. Let's I think, go go. I think that would be better. But, uh, no. to the high you have, you have uh, Clayface sitting there and we get to see a little Clayface where he fucking engulfs uh, Kite Man and takes him to Riddler. And take him to a different meeting, yeah, a Riddler yeah. meeting. A first meeting. And this is where uh, Joker's or, uh, Riddler's there, and he's like, listen, I want to confirm your son's name. Now you know. It's, it's done. His <laughs> son is gone. He's like, I know where he lives. And to me, this was more of a Riddler... 
A threat, yeah. We find out later it wasn't. No. Nope. And the only thing that gets me is, and I'll say, I'll just go with it. We end up finding out that the Riddler didn't trust uh, Kite Man, so he had poisoned the, the Kite String. To me, because of, of the only thing we saw was that he poisoned it when Kite Man was talking oh, yeah, to his son. Oh, yeah, that's I saw it as well. But later, he's like, he didn't trust that I was going to do what he wanted to, so why even have this meeting? It, it just really – it doesn't go well with me because it's supposed to be a Joker-esque thing like and exactly, the mother's you know, teeth. Like that, that, that it line comes later the, like, on, jokes though. And riddles. But it, it, it seemed to just come later on. I, it just didn't jive as well with the Joker deal uh, with me. Uh, but yeah, you have him, and he's like, you're going to set up – you set up this meeting – you know, I, I want to know about it. I want to know about this meeting that you set up with the Joker. You never get an idea of what the Riddler wants, though, no. from getting the info. And that's where it really kind of goes with me, that it's weird. It's not like he says, listen, Charlie, you're going to go to this meeting. You're going to do this, this, or this. Later, uh, Kite Man says to Batman, listen, he knew I'd betray him. But we don't know what this betrayal would have been. Uh, because no. he, we don't get anything set up. That's where I okay, don't we, get we go the whole right concept. from the Riddler. You know, tell me about this meeting you have the, with the Joker to fucking Kite Man getting shit faced because this is a fucked up situation. And He's talking the about fucking, the joke again. The yeah, and then Batman coming in again into this goddamn bar, yanking him out. It seems like because he's you know he has to get his courage up for this fucking meeting, and shit goes wrong. Really yeah, and and that's the thing is, you I don't understand. What really goes on here? Because you have the Joker pulling uh, Kite Man out. Did this fight they're doing now happen at the house of Jokers in the suburbs? Because it seems like later they're still there, so it wasn't doesn't oh, no, seem I'm to be at the wh- house. Wherever this is going on, I'm telling you, it seems like you know this is the shit. I got to place together. I got to fill in the goddamn blanks. The the fucking meeting was going to be like say a goddamn park or an street corner. And then both sides of the war were there and waiting, and shit went bad, and Joker just fucking grabbed Kite it's Man and walked away. It's just weird that Kite Man is just standing in the outskirts. Like, this whole – and again, we get a splash page of what I want to see and yeah, want to get spelled Grundy, out. Scarecrow, Riddler, because Croc, at this point, awesome. if we're led to believe here – I want to know what happens because Batman has his fucking boot right to the neck of Riddler. <laughs> Why isn't Riddler now in jail again? Like, what happens? Did Solomon, Solomon Grundy, Grundy then happens. hit him? But really, if he if Solomon Grundy happens, looks like he's going to kill everybody there if he does what appears to be. We don't know what happens, and we don't know all. if that bat. It's it just again, there's a splash page, and we're like, okay, like what? What I'm really? Like, this is so interesting. What went I on want to there? See this. But what Give me went five on? pages of what's going on. Yeah, and you get a splash page, and then, and the then you Joker's get that great thing with Joker's freaking dragging him away and says, "Good grief!" Yeah, he says, "Good grief!" And yeah, you is, get the idea. Joke. It's a funny joke, but again, the splash page is what I really want to see, and I, I don't understand so where so this that. leads from here to where we are now. But yeah, Joker's pissed. He he looks at okay, they're there in his house again. Uh, they're looking at each other, and he just and Kite Man just says, "I I was set up. He I was in the middle." He fucking down crying uh, in yeah. the Joker. The Riddler found out. Then I told him about the meeting. Then the Batman Batman found out about Riddler. So I told Batman again, and then everyone was there. So we get the idea of what you said, but I wanted to see more of that. And then there's Joker says it's almost funny. And then I get from there. I'm like, okay, so really, what Joker wants to do is just create chaos 
to the point where he thinks it's funny again. But I don't know. But like, yeah. and the only point from this because it is almost funny to him, and that seems to be what his driving yeah. force is. Yeah, down. it he is. Wants to that laugh seems again. to be the deal. The only reason he's keeping Kite Man alive is to fuck with him more to cause some kind of pandemonium seems, that will allow yeah. him. It seems now. What happens when? They, uh, you know, how about Kite Man comes, trips over uh, the sofa. He's Dick, Dick Van, Van Dyke. Dyke. And, uh, and Joker thinks that's hilarious and laughs. Is the war over? War over. Is war over? <laughs> War's that's over, baby. Everybody needs a good Dick Van yeah. Dyke pratfall. Yeah, a Dick Van Dyke pratfall goes because what he does is he sends Kite Man off to see Batman with what appears to be like a vest of C4. And he's like, uh, hey, I'm sorry, Batman, but this is what he made me do. He presses a button and it's basically, a, you know, and it's a classic Joker. Happens. It's a classic Joker deal. It has a... A thing that triggers and has a joke that keeps repeating. That's all it is. Is what goes ha ha thump. A man laughing his head off. It seems like that is all this was. Was a little microphone deal that tells that joke and to send it just fucking keeps kite going. man back out in the fray to send the Batman who's already started fucking up his life. And again, it, this is just the pull the trigger and the the you know the thing comes out and says bang. That's basically the joke yeah. here. Uh, but yeah, then you go and yeah, Kite Man now is there. He's all fucking drunk. And they're all watching TV. Everything that we get is all from TV. And on the TV as well. We got freaking Firefly against Mr. Freeze while Mr. Yeah. Freeze also was choking out Scarecrow. I'm like, yeah, why I want to see this. See this. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it because Scarecrow was in that thing before as well. So he, Scarecrow got away. He went out. I want to see what's going on with Ain't this war. getting caught in this goddamn war. No. Like. You know, they just keep going around beating the shit out of each other and Every cool thing is we we get we just fly past it. He's watching the news, and that's where you get even the you know if you want to get rid of the Riddler, you're gonna to have to side with the Joker. So obviously there is a full out set war going on where we know the sides, but we haven't seen enough for me to really get a grasp of it. And then Riddler calls up Kite Man and just says, you know, riddle me this. I love to dance and twist and prance. I shake my tail as away I sail. I fly high up in the sky. What am I? Obviously it's a kite, and you see the kite falling. Like, oh, no, here we go. And yep. that's where you get Kite Man saying to Batman, who Batman said earlier. We, we kind of went past that. Listen, I have your son safe. He, he, he has, a has cold, cold, but he'll be okay. You know, we'll get it. And that's where uh, Kite Man realizes, no, 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 you he's killed my son. He's, he, something's wrong. I have to see him because he says, listen, he, he said he knew. String. Yeah, and he's like, I, he said he knew I'd betray him before he even came to me. Now, this is the funny thing is it seems like – Tom King was not settled enough to let us go with that riddle and see what happens. He has to, because Riddler's like, hey, gives this riddle. And I imagine Kite Man's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, oh, Jesus Christ. I poisoned your son. I knew, because that the, and he just yeah, says it. that's a kite, Mr. Riddler, sir. I like kites. You wanna, yeah, you I like kites. God, fuck, God. Like, your God son's dead, it. motherfucker. Yeah, your son is dying. I, I poisoned the rope. Don't you get anything? Because he says it spells out completely to Batman. Batman's still, you know, just there. Not even anything. Like, he's fist clenched. I'm like, what is going on with this Batman? I know that he's desperate. I know there's a war going on, but he is this fucking problem and yeah he's like he poisoned the rope on the damn kite i need to see my son and he does go and he sees the son and his son's dying and he's like hey i said Batman hell again the shadows as yeah he's and he's dying. like i said hell again does that mean i'm gonna go to that place that other place and he's like no no no, no. no. and then he's like you know what batman you you know what you you fucked me and batman yeah. says i'll catch him i swear what the riddler's done to your son to this city there will be vengeance so i think 
right there is why we'll know why he does go goes with the after Joker Riddler and just well. sides with the Joker. Yeah, it's just sides. the whole thing, and you know, like I understand we are setting this all up to be Batman's biggest failure, and this is what he has to tell Selena before they move on with the relationship. But the, even the idea going back to where Batman would like, you know, we have all out pandemonium in the city, and Batman would freaking you know side with the Joker, and like you know this whole thing, and not yeah. go after everyone. It's just such yeah, an everyone. odd concept to me. I get you too. And then you have you have more of this TV that you know the narration basically of like where's your Batman now, which is this is what Kite Man's yeah. thinking, and this this is cool. He's like fuck it, you know what Batman. You fucked me. You, you promised me everybody's fucking around with Charlie Brown here. Good grief, Aaron. Hey, I'm no blockhead. Why is everybody always like, picking like, you on know, me? Basically, Batman pulled the fucking ball out. He's goddamn Lucy. But he's like, you know, I'm going to take this to my – I'm taking to the streets myself, and I'm he's going to use – He's going to use what he knows, the aerodynamics, but also in a tribute to his son, he's going to do the kite deal. I don't really like the hell yeah thing because I don't know. You could get deep into it where his son was upset thinking he'd go to hell. You think that, uh, you know, Kite Man has given See, up. He's pretty the, much, exactly. you know, the way, suicidal now. I now. took it when we do this whole thing. He's setting up, he's, he's making his costume whole thing. And when he goes to the Joker's door, he's like, Kite Man, like, Kite Man, hell yeah. When he says, hell yeah, for the first time here, like, you know, he actually means it and keeps on saying it. The whole thing, like, his mother told him, you say this, you're going to hell. He, tells he wants boy, to go to hell. He this. doesn't care. Not only that, his life has become hell now. Yeah, and I, it think that. I don't even think it's that deep. I think that he's just given up. That's uh, the way I've taken it. I'm telling you, some people are like, he's saying it in honor of his son. Like, this is not like getting the Oscar and pulling on your fucking ear. Here, you know, you're, you're doing this. I would want to get full away from anything that reminded me of the death of my son, but he's a little different. He makes his whole costume. He has a kite. He goes to see the joker Clear and it's cool so oh yeah good. and he goes and the, the joker answers and he's like is this a joke and he says kite man then joker says kite man hell yeah and then it's done i like i said i have issues more about this it's more about where it sits in this joke and riddle you know the jokes and riddles I, the just, war. even that though i'm looking at this last scene though my why is the Joker only hanging out in a house in the suburbs? Like right now, it looks like he was preparing dinner. He's got a fucking apron on and a knife. Well, in the meantime, you also have Kite Man, who I know he's joining up with Joker so they can fight the Riddler. Yeah. But you also have where Batman has bullied Kite Man so much up until now. You know, why isn't he following him? Why isn't he, you know, now he he may lead you right to the Joker's house. I know that, you know, it seems like they have this connection now. He had to have, I, to me, when shit went wrong at that meeting, Batman had to have wondered, where the fuck did you go? Yeah. Where did you go in the middle of this? I thought you were dead. I looked, you well, were even gone. That, even what after happened? the whole thing, after the meeting, and then freaking Charlie comes to him and says, you know, I'm sorry, he's making me do this. And then it has the bomb and it doesn't go off. All right, you you yeah. obviously with the Joker. Yeah, Where you know at, where the Joker is. Where is he? Where is he? You Since you know that's what I bitch. wanted from the get go. And this even whole conversation then, with you, you go with that. That was before the whole rope thing. He had yeah. no idea at that point. Riddler called him then. So why didn't Batman say, "Okay, listen"? After the fight, I was fighting. You know, I didn't expect you to join in, but this Solomon this whole thing, was throwing fucking buildings. I at people. followed you. The, the meeting was set. I saw the Joker there. I saw you there. When the smoke cleared at the end of the fight, there were two people missing. 
You and the Joker. Where did the he Joker, take you? The Joker was with you when he put the bombs on you yeah. and you bet Yeah, you. that's what where I'm saying. Yeah, down? where did this go? Where was he? Oh, you know what? And at this point, before his son did die, and you're supposed to get the idea too, I think, that he was a sniveling little pussy. I hate to say it, but oh, yeah, yeah. He, until his, now he has a purpose. Now he's like, you know, I'm uh, Charlie Brown is not uh, going to get fucked with anymore. Now I'm doing the, the screwing. no more. Yeah, no more blockhead for you. So why isn't Batman at any point point going to find the joker from kite man he bullied him before about it when kite man was just a normal guy now all of a sudden when it doesn't make sense to go forward in the story you're not now gonna he pull the ball alone. away from me again batman yeah I'm gonna but kick this again though you you get this why isn't because uh, unfortunately i think that batman would then go arrested we're over you can't now but it just <laughs> Everything is always conveniently placed in these issues and of Tom again, King's we to see go. Batman being terrible. Yeah, and he's terrible, which the premise of this whole thing was that he was too good and they needed to kill him. No, he's terrible. I think Joker should call up Riddler and say, by the way, when you were telling me that Batman was too good, that's why I can't laugh. No, no, no. He's awful. He's the worst. Because he's it's just like, we, you, it's, you're right. Let's just go kill him real quick. Yeah. He's, he's been awful a lot lately. Joker, and, and also, if you go with the whole thing, if it was that, Riddler comes to Joker and says, listen, I'm going to kill Batman because these riddles I had, he, he always spoils them. I don't have my thing anymore. I'm going to kill him. And Joker goes with the whole concept of, even at this early tenure, Listen, I'm, I'm nothing without Batman. I like to play this game. Batman and me have this game going already, uh, which obviously later becomes the main thing between them. Oh, and yeah. it's the Riddler going to kill Batman while Joker is trying to stop him. That's how the war starts. I'll go with that. But Hell we yeah. don't have anything. Hell don't... yeah, Jim. Hell yeah. Hi, yi. But yeah, I just again, this was a. I I would love to call it a nice issue. Uh, it's very cliched to me, uh, and it doesn't give us much except more frustration in my part of not seeing what I want to, and the facts behind the story not adding up, especially the whole where Joker is and Kite right, Man right. knows. It, it just doesn't go with me. I'm not going to be fooled with. Hey, Kite Man's son died. You know what? I I could go. You know. And I'm an uh, unfeeling man. That's what I know I'm you saying, are. Eric. I don't I'm have any. There, there, was, there was a bit of feeling there for me just I because. I didn't get I, any. I, I don't know. Is that, like, whenever you say, like, that you have a father over a goddamn son that, like, you know, in the hospital yeah. is dying right there, the whole thing, it does pull on my heart. I just thought it was too forced. It, it, yeah. it, when you get these things, and I'll tell you, we said uh, either last episode or a couple at whatever, uh, a lot of our emotions come from. The comics that we yeah, read or entertain like that, yeah. and stuff like that. I am, I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, I write it in my reviews. I'm not this macho man. Oh, we are. Ooh, ooh, macho man, Eric. I'm no macho man that won't say, like, hey, I didn't cry. If I do, I'll tell you I did. I, and there's Mark, many. I think, and I, think, I think it was Monday night. Like, I'm like, you know what? I haven't felt anything in a while. I freaking sit up to like one o'clock in the morning watching freaking, uh, the America's Got Talent yeah. on Hulu clips. I told the you, I send I you like a baby every time. Yeah, I send you clips just like, because I cried to them. I when they had that America's Got Talent where the uh, the girl who was deaf singing, yeah, yeah. just I, I, I could, I'm it. telling you right now, I'm getting jokes. Yeah, that little girl with the ventral. That little girl with the ventral. Like, oh God. Dummy. Yeah, all of a sudden, it doesn't have to be sad things. Sometimes it's when I see people have pure joy. I think yeah. I cry because I've never experienced I, I that. I would love to feel that. Yeah, but in this, it's just too forced. And again, I said, 
uh, when I saw his son, I'm like, oh, he's going to die. And maybe that's what threw me off is I already right. knew that would happen. Now, another thing I'd like to say is that you had this. Now, I know we don't have the page space for it. And if, if I say this, people are going to be like, oh, Jim, you said that you want the joke, the war to go on, whatever. If this was a normal issue and we weren't involved in this big event, I would have loved to have had an issue where this same thing happened and Batman is in detective mode trying to figure out how the Riddler did kill his son because that is a crazy thing. The whole thing oh, yeah. of putting the poison on the rope of the kite and things like that. But in this, he doesn't have enough time to go into it. So basically, it's told. Here you go. And that again, the Riddler is a guy who's trying to do these riddles and stuff like that. It doesn't seem like a guy would just call you up and say, hey, by the way, I did this. Goodbye. It just seems off, but he doesn't have a lot of page space to yeah, do yeah. it, so I'll go with it. But that was interesting. That whole concept of that was really interesting to me, but we didn't get to see it. But, Eric, I love the art. What did you give this? I love the art as well, and like a lot of my score is just because of the art, because I love Clay Man, and I really think he should be a regular on a title because th- this yeah. book looks amazing. I'm telling you, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. It's what I gave the last issue, and I gave the first one a 6. This might be my favorite issue, though, Like in, even in that whole regard, even though I gave the last yeah. issue the, the, the same score. I just – the whole idea where Tom King for somehow – I don't know if it's just me being an idiot or like you know having hope. When I read that thing about the copycats, I started getting back into the story. Like is this going deeper? Is he trying to fucking lend this thing out? Even though it doesn't jive completely like – that's kind of a cool concept that I yeah. get behind. So I actually found myself getting more into this issue. There's there's still a lot of problems with the issue itself, so I had to go down to a 6.5. But I don't know. I enjoyed this one a little bit more than I had the past two. Yeah, again, I think that the whole jokes riddles, it was more about what's the difference between a joke and a riddle to end up having the conflict of Batman having to choose which is better uh, to go with Joker or Riddler. Which it does and seem like we are, we are going that yeah, way. And they are kind of the same kind of thing there. He's just going to have to think of the which. And, and really, if his biggest mistake isn't that he sided with the Joker who became more of a homicidal maniac than the Riddler ever would be, even though that's the other reason why that the reason why. I think that Tom King has turned Riddler into a straight-up murderer is so that at the end you have a conflict, or else exactly. you'd be like, okay, you need a reason to yeah, be able yeah, to you're like, uh, which is worse, the guy who is, you know, Joker who will just kill everyone for no reason, or this guy who makes up goofy riddles. You know, you have thing, to though, have if, something. If you would just go and use Zero Year, this is a guy that held the city hostage yeah, for yeah, fucking yeah. months. I'm like. This is the biggest bad you have fought so far. But no, now we have to make him into a child killer. I'm yeah. like, you had something you set up already. That. Riddler, yep. for what you have dealt with between Riddler and Joker so far in your timeline, Batman, Riddler is the biggest threat. And really, to Just me, go with that. as it goes, and maybe it'll surprise us. Maybe something hey. will, will happen. But to me... The idea of the Joker is just pure chaos. We even had – we talked about Detective Comics. We were doing the New 52 review, and um, we were doing Detective Comics, and Batman said at the one point, you know what? It, Joker does not have a – there's His no rhyme or reason. With the wind. There's no tonight. I think that's very – that's a lot more dangerous than a Riddler who is a guy who is order and who does things the way you know he plots them out. Things oh, yeah. make sense, and it's all about riddles and you know that sort of of thing but he's an ocd guy who goes by a pattern so right away i think the joker is always going to be worse but you got to get a reason why the riddler is worse and it looks like that's going to be that he's a child killer and we'll see we'll see what goes on you know why kite man sided with the joker why because kites rise highest against the wind not with it jim yes now says winston churchill six out of ten 
Eric. <laughs> I, I love the art. I, I Again, this is not the worst issue I've ever read. It's okay. No. If this was something, like I said, if this was something that was just a standalone issue, not in the middle of the jokes uh, and riddle, the war of jokes and riddles, I may have even said it's a little better if we just had the origin of Kite Man. Yeah, uh, yeah. But here it's – and there's I'm, nothing I'm, really that I really get that angry about. Like I, I got said, angry I'm, just going through this book. I'm sorry. I actually didn't say it when I said my score. But one of my biggest problems I have with this is that these continued splash pages, they're kind of laughing yeah. in your face like all yeah. this cool shit's you going on. See this? You don't get to see it. When are we going to get to the fireworks factor here? Seriously. When? That's all I want, want the fireworks factor. We're never getting there. Fuck out but of yeah. here, Poochie. Six out of ten. Oh, that Batman, Eric. That Who Batman, we? indeed. Kite man, what can I say? He flies high. He does. And often. I hope he doesn't fly too close to the sun. Ooh. <laughs> ah, it's now time to get on with another book that, boy, I'm looking at the cover and Stop I'm reading that. it. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, you know what? It's a nice cover there with Superman. He's there kind of holding hands with his son, maybe a fist bump. John, they, I, I'm telling you, John is a Werner at heart because he still has rips in his pants. And that was, uh, we were going on one of the jokes. All the rips in your pants. One of the jokes, that, that's all he has. They, they are now both, they both have jobs. Get rid, get him some new jeans and teach him how to tie those goddamn shoes. But I'm looking at this cover and it's okay. You know what I mean? That This cover is like, okay, I, I love the family aspect of this book. But then I see part one. I and know. realize that what I read is going to continue, Eric, because it is complete and utter nonsense. This should be a story that is condensed and shoved in an annual so I can just say, yeah, you know what? I read that. I'll never read it again. Uh, this this should not be. And this is such a heavy-handed, over-the-top, forced issue that it, it got me – I went so far – to being angry that I swing swung around then and, and then I just started laughing. I, that's basically, I, I I don't like to say it, but it boy, drove you this, insane. I got you. It's like a joke. This is it's so. There are points where you expect Superman to start laughing at the dialogue that they're making him speak. It, it's over the at top. Some parts, I expect Superman to you know be Superman. Superman, I know, I know what you're saying. You're saying he's a stinking alien. What the fuck does he have to care about the American history? Alien, <laughs> go back home. I'm right. building a wall around the world, around my heart. <laughs> Get on. <laughs> Superman 27, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Scott Godlewski, uh, Gabe Altieb, and Rob Lee. Now that Black Dawn is over, it's time for the Superman family to go on vacation. And where this prospect sounds fun as hell, what we get instead is history, a history lesson about America to tell us about why it was once great and what's wrong with it now, mostly. Seems that pieces of shit are the problem. That's our issue. And that's why I take issue with it. <laughs> We'll be hearing again the uh, Ring the Bell song. I should We should have just went into this one with it. You, you okay now? I'm okay. This issue, is, is, it's just, it's so, it's so heavy-handed. I, just, and I'm I can't you, get at, over at it. At first, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with everything. When this starts out, everything looks good because Superman, he's been running ragged. He's been doing a lot of shit yeah, lately. Yes. He's full, like, you know, John and Lois are trying to stay up late at night because yep. they want to be there yeah, when they want to be there when home. he comes home. They want to say hi to Daddy. So goddamn ragged that he actually falls asleep while flying, which I actually thought immediately, like, thank God you didn't fall in a goddamn house or yeah, something. Yeah, really. Like, you could have killed so many yeah. fucking people. He, he, luckily, he, uh, you know, he's Sully, Eric. He didn't, <laughs> nobody got killed. 
Or, or like when uh, Harrison Ford was going to crash that fucking biplane and they gave him all those props because he almost he flew into a, a, a school and he landed on the golf course. No, stop flying. Superman, get to sleep. I, I get, uh, even this, after I read the Fuller show, I didn't beforehand. mind it at the beginning. But uh, at the end, I was like, is this Tomasi is like giving props to those people who work third shift? Everything started to be really forced, even with the the problem with this issue. And again, it's almost he's gone full retard. I hate to say it. This is what it is. You have these movies where you had it in Tropic Thunder, where, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was trying to explain it, where you get to a point where, yeah, you're going to win an Oscar. You go over that point. Now it's just ridiculous. This is an issue that could have been done a little better. And you would have been like, okay, there's Superman showing he's a good guy and going, really, you want to go with this? Stop this nonsense. I know it was 4th of July, but I would have rather have had Superman go around with John and, and Superman show John how you can help the normal man and it's not just these big over-the-top things instead it is a travel log of fucking the great american deal and it just it threw me off then when we get to philadelphia boy i got angry eric but that, that's because i don't know much about history i don't know about history i don't yeah. know why that came in my mind but uh i do know about food Eric, that is one thing this big fat ass over here knows about, and they fuck up something major. So eh, we'll get to that. But I, really, I don't think it's major. I think you could find it down there if you want to. No, it's but that's the problem is he's looking up what is known to be the foods of Philadelphia, and it's not a food of Philadelphia. In fact, what we'll talk about later is a guy you kind of know. Uh, the reason why he ends up having a business is because it's not a food that's normally found in Philadelphia. You cannot. But I can't it is go. now. No, it isn't. It's just one truck, and they make it seem like it'd be at this diner. It would not be. It would not be, but we'll get to that. At least they didn't have a meaning of cheesesteak with goddamn fucking peppers. Green peppers on it, yeah. I'd fucking, I would have killed somebody. But we go, and basically Lois decides that there's, you know, Superman comes home. He passes out, like you said. He crashes, and she decides instead of letting her fucking man sleep for three days uh, or maybe – Save the world, which he should. Uh, yeah. They're going to go on a trip. They're going to go on a they trip run across into Winnebago the U.S. and everything. This is where I would kill my wife because obviously Superman is overworked. He's uh, he's fucking exhausted. Now he's got to drive a fucking Winnebago around. That's not rest. It's no. not rest at all. Let him sleep. Buy an air conditioner and, and sleep. Let him watch Netflix or something. Catch up on Rick and Morty before that starts up. Not go around and teach John everything there is to know about the fucking USA. That's not restful, but that's what Lois thinks, and they make sure, hey, John, listen, no TV, no Xbox, whatever. I think that's bullshit as well because they're going to have a lot of time driving. John would have something that's to do with them. family time. You talk yeah, then. Family time. You see them. They're just fucking driving. Fucking stone-faced Clark thinking, why did I fucking agree to this? At the one point, he he's driving. And she's she'd talking. Already re- she'd she's already like, rented the yeah. Winnebago. Oh, I know. I like it, though. They go out and it's like, okay, from the list I handed out, let's pick which spots we want to hit and celebrate our country's 241st birthday. The look on his face through that fucking windshield. He's like, what the fuck? It's like, Batman was right. I shouldn't have gotten married. But uh, they're going to go, and they do get to pick. The three of them get to pick sites across the U.S. And at this point, talk about. I'm still on board with the book because nothing yeah. has been overtly fucking bad in my mind. It's not. There's no really agenda being pushed. And the no. first stop is, you know, uh, before they get to their actual picks, John wants to make a stop off at Niagara Falls, so him and his dad can yep. boogie board down. I'm like, they're going right, to boogie board down Niagara Falls. It, it kind of throws it in my face that we're, we can't do that, but it's fun, yeah. and they do that, and that's fun. That like, there's a fun time. Exactly. Uh, 
Then That's where going. the fun begins and ends. Yeah, then they go off and they go to Rock Ridge Cemetery to see the uh, the revolutionary soldier Deborah Sampson's grave. And Deborah Sampson, it's the classic story of, yeah. you know, like a Milan Woman and all that. And it's true, so, so it's not army. even – yeah, she pretended she was a man. She joined the army. Then she had to fight again later to get her pension, all of that. So they're going to do this. And really for what you get there – you get it thrown in your face. You get it yeah. shoved down your throat. And okay, it's nice enough. And yeah, it's a story that is a really cool story that, you know, you should learn about or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's just shoved in my comic books. I, I, I'm beyond this. I don't like to learn anything, Eric. That pushes all the things I know out. That's why earlier I could not remember Kylo Ren's name. It's because it was pushed out of my brain because now I know Deborah Sampson. But yeah, they, but, they have but it. But now what, Jim? How come we've never learned about Deborah Sampson in school? Well, Jim. John, you're going to have to ask your teacher when you go back to school. Maybe we'll change, you know, that up. You'll oh, just my see God. The teacher's like, you know what? Get the syllabus and shut your fucking mouth. Like, listen, I, I don't make that much. But it's just, there you have it. It's already starting to be pushed. And then and, they're And going. then I'm telling you, the next thing, too, like, okay, we're back on the road now after seeing Deborah Sampson's grave and learning all about her. Now that we're in the Winnebago again, we see a freaking bumper sticker that's like the unity of all religions. You know, yeah, pretty much coexist. uniting, coexist. It's, yes. a very, it's a very popular bumper sticker. Oh, yeah, I'd say I had a bumper a sticker that was a lot like this that uh, Jess had on the back of her, like the, the hatchback on the glass part. Mm-hmm. And... The coexist apparently it doesn't jive with everybody because we went in the Walmart one time. We came out, somebody had peeled yeah. it off and gotten rid of it. Yeah, people, I'm like, oh yeah, there are pieces are of shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But there you have it. She, they have it, and John's like, "Hey, mom, what does that mean?" And then she has to go through a long explanation about what it means and what the sticker and, and is. And it's, it's spelled out so weird because we only have a dialogue balloon to fucking say it. So it's like, oh yeah, the freaking uh, the X is the star of data. I'm like. I look at the star of David. I'm like, what? Why is that an X to you? It's just because that's what that's what it is. That's in the you know. That's part of the exist. I, that's that's exactly the coexist bumper sticker. I'm oh, looking it see up. the thing is, I just thought I didn't. Ex- that's the thing is, I didn't know it was the coexist. <laughs> I see what it is now. I just was taking it as being a unity of all men, even no, though what no, they believe in type of no, shit. But no, I get there. you with the coexist. Yeah, yeah, it's just there. It's it's stupid. That, I mean, that it's makes not sense stupid. more it, than I did before. Tanya but had that bumper down your sticker. Throat. Yeah, Tanya had that bumper sticker. We had it on there. It's fine. You know, it's there to let everybody know that they. Know you know, the person. Neck, so. <laughs> well, that's just what they put it in. Why is an ankh the I? You know what I mean? And the yin and yang is an S. It's just there. It's that's what it is. I just looked it up. It's this classic one. Yeah. But it's over the top explained. And then it confused Eric Shea. He's not the authority Shea on the Coexist bumper sticker. But yeah, no, uh, Tanya had I had that. one like it. It wasn't exactly that. It was that the worst. Though. Tanya, I told her, at one point we had a minivan and she had so many goddamn bumper stickers on that minivan, including like shit like fucking the Jonas Brothers she put <laughs> on there because way back we went and saw them in concert with the kids because they wanted to go on. Like, a fucking bumper sticker Yeah, we there. had the bumper. Yeah, she did. And she put it on. I'm like, what the hell? And then she's like, I don't understand. The, these people know the car or whatever around yeah because you got seven trillion bumper stickers and i hate what this is is it gets me because it's double the things that i hate i i actually really do hate the idea that you use a bumper sticker to you know tell your ideas to the world i you know i don't need your bumper sticker to tell me anything and i don't like to do it that's why it drove me nuts with when tanya did but then when lois goes over it it's like god damn it You, you don't have to push this and there's john and it's all to show john uh 
how to be a, a good sort. kid. And it, but the problem is, up until now, we know he is. He is a really good kid. He does the right thing. He does, and we know Superman is a good kid. We know Lois is a drunk and steals stories. So you're not going to get that. But they go off then, and they go to uh, New York City, and to then the they 107th go to the 107th Infantry Memorial. Yeah, the memorial. And uh, John actually curses, and I thought they were going to tell him not to because he says it's a World War One uh, statue, and he says I like this because it's the only statue or you know thing that makes it seem scary like they're running yeah. out of hell and i'm like oh and he's like oh the tv show i saw about world war one and he just talks about it. and of course there's some graffiti on it and people have kind of defaced it maybe it's defaced or and they kind of damaged the goddamn bayonet on the one trying to get up, up. There. i want to see when they were climbing up on this and then but yeah there's superman and he's gonna fix it and then he puts a flag down and they take a picture and it just and then we go off and we go off to independence hall in philadelphia and now we're in our home turf air oh yeah and yeah they're going through and they're talking about you know and, and this part i actually didn't mind because they're all going and it's showing John that the the things that he learned weren't just people or statues. There were real people who did this. But it, it, again, it in a regular issue, I don't on. need this. This is a annual type story. When are we going to get the Superman? And it, yeah, and it just seems to me that this was all set up because Tomasi wanted to get some, I hate to say, cheap fucking praise or something that people would be like, oh man, you know what? This is awesome issue that shows you why we love being Americans. And so I'm thinking, what are these people across the world thinking anyway? And, and just I know that's all thing. I kept thinking. Like you know, other people read this besides for Americans, and even yeah. Americans, like this is the history of our country. For the most part, you're taught this in school, but like you don't want to shove down your fucking throat when you're yeah. trying to escape your fucking goddamn real life into a goddamn comic. Yeah. So then they're they're in Philadelphia and they want to find a place to eat. They're walking and this is where you have John looking on his phone about what you eat in Philadelphia. What are the big things to eat in Philadelphia? And he says crab fries, the gobbler, foe, which I. Fried cheese curds. That is not Fried a Philadelphia item. That is not. That is a Minnesota, Wisconsin, those sort of places. There is only one place, really, in Philadelphia why this would come up. And it's such a crazy deal because it's a personal thing for you. A guy who was one of your teachers and ended up yeah. quitting being a teacher and started a food truck. What is the it called? The cow and the curd. Yeah, the cow and the curd that sells fried cheese curds that's about the only place that you'll find them in philadelphia now i'm saying that there are restaurants that would oh, do yeah. stuff in fact but that is not he's known. award-winning though they even say crab fries that's a specific place a place called chicken pizza that yeah. have crab fries the gobbler is actually a sandwich that is that's pretty wawa. big from wawa then you have cheese steaks tomato pie stromboli roast roast pork sandwich which is a big one and then salt roasted beets I, oh my God. I have never had that before in my yeah. life i've never seen anybody order that so i don't know what the fuck that italian is italian hoagies you know that's just pretty generic yeah, yeah. uh snapper, snapper soup, soup is actually snapper soup was a big thing uh that tanya used to go to philadelphia there was a very popular restaurant that's been gone forever but they were the snapper soup scrapple is yep. a big thing in more our area but still you're getting this and you get the idea that tomasi looked up foods of philadelphia and your buddy your old teacher his cheese curd fucking f- truck came up because it won an award and he's he a, thinks this is a staple it's he's not he's a teacher that uh, like you know he allowed me to have that star wars fan club as that one class for our activity yeah. day back yeah. in junior high yeah, yeah, and now he has that, but that is not a staple of Philadelphia. Big Star Wars fan. 
Yeah, big Star Wars fan. He'd know Kylo Ren is. But yeah, and then we get it for us. I'm telling you, this is, I, I hate to sound bored, but this is an issue that just, it keeps slamming you over the head because then they're going to go to a diner. I'd rather talk like. about my old, my fucking old t-shirt. And it's not really a diner. To me, the, I don't even know what this is. It looks it's like just a, a restaurant. Yeah, it's just a restaurant. But again, it, it looks like a family restaurant. It doesn't look fancy, though they kind of make it seem like that because, you know, you have kids. The one kid's throwing fucking fries in the air. You know, it's not that fancy. Well, they got and, that right. Right. There are a bunch of jerk off. Yeah, there are. Off. But that's when Superman's like, hey, John, we're going to go here. We're going to go. And he says a diner or guest for dinner, I mean. And yeah. then he's like, hey, this guy's name's Ryan Duffy. And we're, he's a homeless guy. Uh, we just and, you met know, him. I'm sure he's yeah. on the up and up. Yeah, I'm be around sure he's our okay. Uh, we're going to take him to eat. I'm like, why? Well, really? Okay, we're gonna go, and then you have to have the over-the-top asshole uh, from waitress, Pennsylvania, yeah. from Philadelphia, just says, "I don't care what you say. We're not serving him. This is no shelter. We see him hanging around outside all the time." And so they're they're basically and Superman then has to make a goddamn speech in the middle of everybody's fucking meeting. Yep, and he's like, with other Philly vets, they should be covering the wall. And he's like, the whole thing, it's it's fucking do the right thing when they're yelling about Sal not having any brothers on the wall. They're yelling and screaming about it. Like, look, he says, you have all these celebrities. What have they done for you, these stinking celebrities? You know, you should have this guy. He he uh, fought for your country. And then, and then they finally let him. He goes, seems to change a little. He goes, and then he comes out and he wants to use his crutches, not his wheelchair, oh, his and sits crutches. down. Yeah, yeah, and they're eating. Eating and somehow, you know, they all know each other by name, and but they don't. And, and not they... only that, the thing that really puts it over the top, because this is just such a such a goddamn over-the-top scene. This Everything that's going down in this diner is just so ridiculous to me. But at the end, Superman's speech has turned a few hearts to him because the owner of the restaurant comes and offers that fucking legless vet a freaking yeah. job. Well, that's the walking. problem is the, the funny thing is the story seems to talk that he's legless. He's not. He just can't I, use them. But yet he says, damn, shrapnel took my legs. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I see legs. You're on crutches now, walking around. In you my mind, they leg. became freaking out. You know, they're like Lieutenant Dan legs. But then yeah, I no, see fucking that, the one part he has yeah. a hole in his jeans. like, no, no, that's flesh. No, he just can't use them. It seemed weird. But again, I, I don't want to be in that situation. But no, yeah, absolutely. you have to make it even more. And now it's going full retard where he's leaving. He's like, the, the owner asked me if I wanted to do dishes and take the job. I start tomorrow. I'm like, really? Because it seemed like the company policy was to avoid you at all costs. Like yeah. this this server, the, the cedar. It, I don't think that Is she lady. fired now? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I don't think that that lady was just saying that just because she came up with it right then. It seemed oh. like a policy. It seemed like they wanted to get. In my mind, like he's been hanging outside. Talk about this dirty fucking hobo yeah. in the corner. Well, earlier you see him outside there with the sign. He's in the wheelchair outside there, and that's where you see Lois and Clark talking to him. I have the feeling that they've tried to get that guy removed many a time. Now all of a sudden, because Superman, so. may, yeah, Superman makes a, a fucking speech, and the guy sits down and eats. Now he has a job, which is great, but it's it's just too over the top here. Uh-huh. Then then Clark realizes what he needs to do, and that's get Lois drunk. He's not yeah. having fun. I'm not either. He wants to get Lois drunk and make out, which they're going to do. And then he just gets called away on business for the Justice League and flies off. And then it says, next issue, unknown soldiers, because they're going to Washington, D.C., and I, I want to smack myself I, silly. And I'm just sitting here because I see that next unknown soldier. I, I want to see what business Superman had to go off on. G- give yeah. me that, please. Yeah, I, I just it's it's nonsense. It really is. It, it just it's too much. It went too far with this 
fucking over the top ish. I I can't even heavy handed fucking nonsense. It's just so heavy handed. It's just it wasn't fun at all, and it just seems like he wanted to get some shit off his chest. Boy, he hates Philadelphia. He I'm thinks we're all pieces of shit around here, and I agree. I agree. He's too, like, they're but lucky I don't they didn't about come to Quakertown. They would have come to Quakertown, and that lady would have said about that whole thing, and Superman would have made a speech, and they would have fucking conked him over the head, fucking pulled his pants down, fucking laughed at him, or pissed on him, or something. I don't know what goes on in these diners in Quakertown. Shit's falling apart. Uh, me and you have a battle in town about which diner's the best. There's two yeah, big yeah. diners in town. John's I can't even Plain say that anymore. Quakertown Family Restaurant. I went to John's Plain and Fancy a couple of weeks ago with my kids, uh, actually, after we... Uh, got done recording uh, one of the nights because it's open 24 hours and it, there was nobody there. It was me, my kids, and two other people. This place used to be jammed. And well, the that was a big was hot spot in high yeah, and, and also when you'd go out and, you know, people would go out when they'd get drunk or whatever, you'd go there. Everybody who worked a late shift would go. Yeah. It's nothing now. Don't have it, Eric, so nobody can tell that homeless guy to fucking, you know, it's just nuts. Oh, I'm telling you, the it's... thing is, too, that people are still a piece of shit because back in high school, like my buddy Jason, he had cancer. So when he started, was going to lose his hair because of the chemo, we all shaved our heads. And one night, I guess it was during the summer or whatnot or just a weekend, my buddy Bruno and him, they went to the QFR, the Quakertown Family Restaurant, and mm-hmm. they sat there. They ordered their drinks. Freaking like Mike got a milk and he ended up spilling it by mistake. But the thing is, they got their drinks and then they got the check because they were told to leave because they were skinheads. Really? Yeah. Did they say, no, I have cancer, you fucking ass? That's the thing, too. We were actually stopped by police before because they thought we were a gang of skinheads, but we were just trying to help our buddy out. Eric, at that point, shit was getting real. Yeah, Yeah, it was was like 2000, 1999 kind of shit. I'm telling you, this is, you know, shit was getting crazy at that point. So you had Columbine, people lost their fucking minds. So you also don't mention that you walked around in these fucking trench coats. I was a formal coat. Yeah, yeah. You you were actually. And not if it was hot out. No, because I wouldn't have been walking around at that point because it was hot out. Still, you guys are pieces of shit. You were trying to fucking make a scene like you always do. You and your jackass friends. Cancer, Jim. (sighs) Yeah. yeah, it's cancer. It doesn't mean a fucking formal coat. No, it's just a coat, Jim. Yeah. I know you don't like wearing them, but some people do. No, I'm telling you, but all of you wore the same thing. You said, no, we didn't. You, you know, that's what you told me. You said you all went around in formal coats. I said I had a formal coat. Rich had a trench coat, and uh, Bruno, I think, had a trench coat. Gang. I'm telling you, and, and here's the thing. At that point, though, if they didn't ask you what you were doing and then you did something, they'd fucking lose their jobs probably because people lost their mind then. So you were just you were jumping on profiled. Yeah, you were. I agree with it. You have these kids running around profile their asses to the fucking end of the day, Eric. And what did they do to you? Did they arrest you? No, no. They asked you what you were doing, right? Yeah. You said nothing and they they went their way. Identification and all that stuff. They went their way. It's a small town. They don't need any fucking gangs. They don't need you flashing colors downtown Quakertown. Tell you, I, I was there playing baseball one time in the back of a, a, the carpet place behind my house. And the cops came and asked what I was doing. They thought I was going to climb up on the roof and steal shit. So they told me. <laughs> I said, no, I'm playing baseball here. Me and my friends are playing baseball. And they said they acted like we were a fucking gang. But you know what? I, I didn't get upset. I didn't fucking go to Congress and then fl- like you did. Fucking testifying in front of Congress then? Yeah, you told me that. You went to Washington, D.C., just like Superman, and told your story. See, now you're telling your story just like Superman. You're going over the top. 
<laughs> What'd you give this? I gave this a fuck you five. I've done it. The art wasn't bad. It's not up to par for what we usually get with this book, but the story was just so over the top and forced down your throat that I just hated reading. I was so angry by the time, so I have to give it a fuck you five. Yeah, I give it a fuck you five too. I just, it was too over the top. The first just... of many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the first of many, isn't it? Uh, because, yeah, it just the art's okay, but the story was just so over the top that I really, by the and middle, you, you can't read this issue without rolling your eyes. You can't. It's just so forced and over the top to the point where we know that Superman's a good guy. We know yeah. that Lois is a good mother, you know, even though we make jokes, but John is a good kid. Uh, having this issue just makes it like, what are you getting at? Why are we reading this? Get on with another story. We just got done your big story. We don't need to cool down this much that and you I'm fucking you, throw it's, me it's out. And I'm telling you, it's so disappointing because we had these 25 issues and it all tied together. Yes, the Black Dawn might have got, you know, ended a little bit like anticlimactically, but yeah. still, it was a great 25 issues leading up and then we had the great conclusion. Well, I'm mean, not great, but I'm saying it all tied yeah, you up. You had a conclusion, though, that and tied into those and we're one moving shots. In. We're, we're moving into the next bit of shit and this is what we get to start out with. I'm like, this, this is not the best way to start out at all. Yeah, it almost seems like he's one. doing this because it's going to end up in a story something like a, you know, hey, Superman, you're a stinking alien who doesn't care or whatever. It's just so over the top of this, you know, pro-American, you know, history and, and things like this and just pointing out to John all the good people that there were. They, it just, it's and too much for my comic. And people are just pieces of shit now. Yeah, and then the people are pieces of shit until you, you talk to them and yell them and shame them into giving jobs to homeless guys yeah uh, yeah yeah what's next what's next next, next is nightwing number 25 written by tim seeley with art by minkyu young with chris sotomayor and carlos m manguel nightwing narrowly survives his ordeal on tiger shark's ship while also making sure that all the no good nicks on board are all safe as well but from that point on dick's life starts spiraling and taking a turn in another direction because sean breaks up with him blockbusters take over tiger shark's operation and our hero is too weak to go up against him but in the end we see that nightwing will never give up and takes on a singular mission get as close to roland desmond as he can and find a way to bring the monster down yeah and guess what our next issue he's really going to be spiraling I know he is. He'll be with Huntress, and Agent 37 is back on the attack. But, yeah, this is another one. It's okay. It's, I like it. I didn't, but it was just boring. Most of this this whole issue to me was just boring because it just repeated over and over the same thing. I mean, the whole thing with, with uh, Dick and the clock can trying to get the deal, that is like 12, -ish, 12 pages of really nothing. It's just him saying, I got to save everyone. I, I'm going to do this clock king. Hey, you got the time vest. I'm going to use it. And it just, it was okay. Well, said, this, this right here is my biggest problem because we had this whole thing where we had this time vest, which is a like a holdover from when we had that one, like that same one shot with when Wally, Wally West. showed up. Yeah. And it was that character time bomb. It's the vest he used to stop time and shit like that. But like, Clark King goes through this whole idea where you can't do what you want to, Dick, because if you manipulate time this way, you know, it'll fuck you up and actually make you turn to dust because it can't be used in the way he wants to use it. We have this whole long, drawn-out thing about it, and in the end, it doesn't matter because we don't see any, like, repercussions to Dick except for he's yeah. a bit exhausted. But I could see that from moving all these supervillains out of the way before the explosion. But it's so weird to me that we had to do this. For it to mean nothing in the end, unless it's going to pop back up sometime in the future. But it's very odd here. Yeah, yeah. It's... I, I uh, he says I don't think he actually says fully that it wouldn't be he wouldn't be able to he just said 
You know, you got to watch out. That's why Tiger Shark didn't use a time bomb, overused it. It's got a charge and just says, you know, and then freaking Dick just still takes it and punches him. I, you know what I mean? They do yeah. spell out what would happen if you overuse it. I guess we're just supposed to realize he didn't overuse it. It's uh, so weird to me. Yeah, it's just then you have that whole thing, that weird thing where he's he is with the vest, so everything slowed down at that point, and then Dick is going to punch him, but he has time to take his glasses off, and then he punches him, and See, then they save him. That's everyone. the thing, too. It's a, it's a great thing here, because you know what the rules boil down to with this? He forgot an important law. Power is simply energy divided by time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh, like Jim? I said, and also he has, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to hold this disc because if you don't, then you got this. And I, I just got bored. I, I really, and it, it, you have a cliffhanger of Tiger Shark's, you know, ship blowing up. Right. And then you go, or the, the time bomb going down, and you take nine to ten pages to get to the point where it does because you have exposition about how the time vest works and how these people are pieces of shit, why Clock King was there, why he isn't really, usually doesn't consort with such villains and things like that. It really took. It all means nothing. It really for this took issue. everything. It took everything away from that cliffhanger. It exactly. really did because and at the is, point, I wanted the to ship the blow up. These yeah, are I the extra to, yeah, pages that we get to have all this explanation. And the one thing, another, besides for that too, I didn't like this section of the book. That's why I went down to the score I did from like it actually being higher because I had a good time for the rest. Yeah. But uh, the time bomb ticking down. I wish we would have had a little bit more time because the idea where we're at three seconds when freaking you know Dick decides he's going to do something about it. He has to go all the way back to where Clock King was. I'm like, you didn't give yourself enough yeah, time to do yeah. exactly what you want to do here. Yeah, it's just the whole thing. It just seemed like it was just dragging on to me. I just wanted the boat to blow up. But then you go, and then it, obviously Dick had passed out and almost drowned. He was dreaming that uh, Defacer, uh, Sean, Sean, was yeah. making out with him. Instead, it was Swoboda giving him mouth-to-mouth. <laughs> and it, that kind of made me laugh enough. Uh, but then they're like, oh, man, Turns what happened though, to my no, vest? No, he, he was just like Smalls there. That's all he was yeah, doing. He was really, playing was. like he drowned. He wanted Swoboda. I, I just that sexy Savota. It just got me. I know that you're a smoker, but the minute that she was done and you see that she had a cigar, I just thought she was blowing oh. some cigar smoke in his mouth. And then has the Shotgun nerve, has right the nerve to say that she can still taste his fucking lips and breath. I'm like, Savota, you look <laughs> like a sudden, dirty, you oh. look like a dirty lady. All of a sudden, Nightwing just becomes Forrest Gump. She tasted like cigarettes. She tasted like cigarettes. <laughs> but yeah, and this is the whole thing too to kind of get you out of nowhere that. Swoboda does kind of like Dick and yes. will she, trust she, him. And you know, she did not throw away that whole list that no. he gave her in the previous issue. And, she actually and, looked into yeah. it. And you see that they, she said the two guys that she he went to, she throws the names out, and I'm like, I don't know these guys, but yeah. I knew it was the two guys where uh, they, they were on the list, and she went and told Internal Affairs to look into them. So they're, they're going to be in Dull trouble Cobra anyway. and Brett. Yeah, and you get you get the idea that she's against this flashy superhero coming in and in her town, but she yeah. realizes that Dick's a good enough guy, and he doesn't just you know he's not in it for you know the crazy you know the glamour stuff for it. He he wants to actually help the town, so I think that she does uh, she does respect him, and I think the book needed that going forward. Oh yeah, well, totally. we, we said from the beginning, you know, it's it's his com- commissioner yeah, Gordon, it's his book, more like a, like a woman Harvey Bullock, and I kind of like, like her. She's She's a tough cookie, this yeah. lady. I, I like her, those cigars. Uh, but then there's Tiger Shark, and you have Tiger Shark go back to the casino, and he's rushing through, smashing through people. I'm like, he, for the most part, is a pretty known – like, he's a villain. 
You know yeah, what I mean? He, he just, wears a mask the entire time. He just so runs can, through. You know something's up with him. The and he just you runs through the lobby. And I'd be like, if I was there, I'd be like, well, he's the one who owns this place. I'm getting the fuck out of here. The next thing you know, fuck, is somebody's going to come blow it up. But he goes and he runs in. And then you see that Roland, uh, that was his plan. The, the deal with uh, Roland Desmond was wanted to take over his empire, it seems. And at, yeah. at the point, though, you know, you think Tiger Shark thinks he has something up his sleeve, which is cool. Because he, he, he goes through this button. whole thing, you know, I'm I'm working for the second hand and they tried to offer me all this different weapons and tech i don't go in for that sort of thing what they did give me though was pretty cool and he opens up a goddamn passageway on the floor where these fucking actual tiger sharks so it's pretty much think of king shark both versions as a, like with tiger fur and i'm like yeah That's it's pretty a tiger cool. shark it's it's yeah. kind of funny uh they're gonna attack they eat the one guard uh but then as they attack <laughs> poor uh, guard <laughs> i know roland take you know turns in the blockbuster and he attacks and the only thing that gets me and i got i know it's just kind of me looking into it but the one tiger shark looks scary or scared yeah. of Blackbird, I'm like, there's no way this tiger shark is fucking scared. But they have that kind of, you know, I, know I think it's just that cartoony way because it is Maybe, the hammerhead shark. I'm telling you, so it, looks, it makes it look like scared. it's scared, though. Uh, but it's it's goofy fun. He yeah. fights him. But again, this whole thing is it goes on too long for me. It just keeps going. He's just ripping apart these tiger sharks. And then, you know, he's going to grab him. And you have Nightwing then going back to uh, he wants to confront Roland. And obviously Roland didn't die. So you know that he really did, you know, get the upper and he's, hand. And the whole thing, too, like you go with this whole kind of mastermind aspect of this, too, while on top of him being this goddamn brute, because he knows Nightwing's going to like every the tiger shark survived, Nightwing survived, and he's going to be heading this way. So yeah. he cleans himself up and actually is waiting for Nightwing behind the bar at the entrance yeah. of the casino when he shows up. I'm like, it's weird this that is everybody's like out. A, I guess it's uh, it's closing time, but he left the door open. I don't know. Because he oh, goes well, Tiger in. Shark told, I told everybody to leave. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, still. He goes and there's there's Roland. They have a you know a drink together and they're just talking about you know that Roland is now going to be leading the whole deal and you know and he knows he's this big bad fucking like guy and he's like Dick's not going to be able to take him on or anything like that because on top of being smart he is blockbuster and freaking Dick's exhausted state he can't do anything about it. No. So then he says, listen, uh, one thing you should know, I'm going to beat you because I know you, and that's where you get a little psychological Dick Grayson who's like, I like this. I didn't. Because why would he show him that he's right? It's it's to me, you can say that it got the best of him, but still, yeah. he seems to be a smart guy who is going. I think he could have kept his cool just no, one the thing second. Is, that's, that's one thing we keep seeing, though, is that he does have these goddamn rage issues. Yeah, where but he this doesn't even seem like, I'm formula. telling you, this would be me, like, I'd go in and I wouldn't get angry at this. This would not make me angry that he says this, even if it is true. He's too smart a guy who's setting up a new life where he's going to rule Bloodhaven, and he lets that one guy just say that. I would have been like, no, and then I would have walked to the next room and punched a wall or something. (laughs) But he basically shows Dick that he's right, and then, you know, because he says, you think you're the weaker brother. And he punches and smashes the bar and then walks away. And then Dick's like smiling and now you've you've given in. You know, you let it. Just I I thought it was goofy. Uh, Then you get Giz, who's – Giz has this whole thing where he's, you know – uh, what's her name? It's Mouse. Mouse. Yeah, yeah, she thinks that Giz was stripping, and uh, in the meantime, he was actually just working for Dick, which we knew. Uh, yeah, working on them second-hand guns and see if he could trace somebody, shit like that. Yeah, and you see somebody looking in on 
him. Somebody's been tracing him and, and keeping an eye on him, which comes at the end is the big sure thing. Sure does. Uh, but yeah, then uh, Dick goes back to Sean. He wants to say he's sorry. He thought about everything when he thought he was going to die. He thought about her and hey, but she doesn't want him anymore. She's like, no, no. And, and she's just instantly weird. cold. I'm like, you know yeah. nothing as good as coming for that. Just the way she's looking at him when he comes in the window. Then he tries to go in and hug her. She doesn't yeah. hug back. I'm like, Shit has gone bad from that goddamn discussion you had last issue or two issues ago, Sean. I just, and I thought, the, I thought this dialogue was terrible because when she says, you asked me to change who I am. Uh, no, he didn't. She got. He, she was already doing that when he got to town. She already had the run, you know, the fucking, what is it, the, the runoff. runoff. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, she was already doing it herself. He never said anything about asking anything. She was already somebody who said, I've given that past up. I don't want to do that anymore, you know, until he's the one who said, you know, you should paint again, which comes in. It doesn't make sense, anything. And she's like, I told you, Dick, I'm not running away ever again. No, he never said to run away. He never said that. In fact, he was letting her come with him and do crazy shit that she shouldn't even been doing. He gave her more of a benefit than anybody and it already changed when he got there. I think it the whole just, deal that she's going with is the whole idea if they had a kid together, he'd be scared that it would take on the rages she yeah, has for what she wants. Yeah, why you ask me? Yeah, but still, that was just last issue. It's so forced. He never was their, said it that. It was their, their latest fight. But here's the thing. You asked me to change who I am. No, he didn't because she's not pregnant. He, right. he doesn't care that she changed. He just said, if you were a mother, I, I didn't know if that was going to work out too much. That's not really saying, you know what, if we're going to go forward. No, he's already apologized like six times, including coming here and saying, you know what, I'm sorry, you know what I said. He's apologized like three times now. She, He never told her to change. And the, the who I am really from this issue pretty much spells out of being defacer, even if it's not a bad person, which I still think she's going to be. Oh, yeah. But – uh. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because she was the one who almost is the one who told Dick he had to change. Cause she yeah, even she says, wanted him to have a job. Yeah, she even said, you know, I want your feet on. No, she's the one who made everything. You know, maybe he's playing with that, that it's like, you know, she can only think of what he did wrong and not herself. But everything that was going to change was her making Dick change and being pissed that he couldn't get a job, pissed that he was always out being a superhero, doing all this. To me, it wasn't. Now, she does cry when, when he leaves, but maybe that's what it was. It was like a, it's not you, it's me, but it didn't come off like that. It it's like one of those things me. like, you know, in Harry and the Hendersons where you have to force the goddamn thing to go even though you don't want it to, so you have to yeah. fucking yell at but it and it do all this terrible like shit. it didn't seem like that. It didn't, we, don't, we didn't get that lead up to that's what she would do. And so it seemed really odd to me. But then she's just like, you know what, it's over. Because he says, we can fix it. You know, this is what I want. I screwed up. You know, what I said was crappy. I have these unrealistic standards for myself with everyone else. And she's like, no, it's over. Get out of here. The hell yeah, with you. And says, no, this isn't one of your superhero battles. There's no villain to beat. Stop trying to swing in and save this. And he just wants to, you know, have it work. It doesn't. And there's where she's crying. And you have the young-ass pigeon, who looks younger than she ever should, says, you know, when you were defacer, I always thought of your paints as an extension of you like the wings of are to me but you threw them away no 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 she didn't she hasn't no. she's been painting this whole time she was painting that time when professor pig came and took professor her. pig that's the reason why it seemed that she got taken that yep. the fucking drawings have gotten her into more trouble than anything in her whole goddamn life 
But you've been helping me, Sean. Now let me help you. You need your paints. It's I'll time say, for both of us maybe, to fly again. The thing is here, maybe the thing is like, because you see when Pigeon walks in, she has like, it looks maybe like a trash bag full of yeah, fucking yeah, paints yeah. and canvases. So maybe that's what she just recently threw them away. I don't know. Maybe. But, and it's not even like she says, like, you're, you're getting the idea. She wants to trick her and to be a villain, but she's got yeah. these paints, paint brushes. I don't know that she was tagging walls before with paint brushes. I, I no. assume she had the fucking cans and shit. So the cans strapped like, to her fucking legs. This reminds me. Somehow. It reminds me of when Rafe was fucking born, and I'm sitting there, and Tanya's there, and it, we had a big snowstorm, so we had to go into the hospital before. You know, she wasn't even due that weekend, but they wanted to make sure. Well, for some crazy way, she ended up pretty much giving birth before they even knew it. They came to check on her again. Oh my god. She's crowning. They're yelling fucking terms. I don't know. Somehow I'm boiling water. But no, I'm there. And they're doing it like right in her room. Like they didn't even move her. They're doing all this. They couldn't give her painkillers. So I'm there and I'm like, okay, honey, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Just breathe. And fucking the she starts. And this is no joke. She's yelling, fuck you. You fucking asshole. Get the fuck away from me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I got pissed. I went and sat. Then a nurse comes in and it's like, okay, honey, just breathe. It'll be okay. Thank God you're here. It's just like what she does. <laughs> Pigeon comes in, says the same goddamn thing Stick has been saying. All of a sudden, she's a fucking savior. I was so angry. I sat there. I was like, how dare you say that? Yeah, and she's like, thank God you're here, nurse. If you weren't here, I don't know what I'd do. I know what you do. You'd yell at me some more. Look at me, the whipping boy here. And then, and then this is the worst because Ethan was born, the, our son, before Rafe. And Ethan had a lot of troubles. When he was born, he couldn't breathe. They had to take him to Children's Hospital. So when Rafe came out, then Tanya starts yelling, Jimmy, Jimmy, is he breathing? Check if he's breathing. I'm not checking shit, motherfucker. I'm here watching TV now. Get out of here. I, I've had enough of you. But yeah, she was yelling, painkillers, she's yelling. It was beyond that point. They're like, you, you gave birth three days ago. You don't now, need the painkillers. Now, which kid was it where you actually were there after the fact and decided you wanted to go home because there was nothing you that could was really do at then. that point? That was okay, right because it was snowing. Yeah. And we had our other three kids were at the babysitter, and I didn't want to leave them overnight at the babysitter. So we got – Rafe was fine. She was sleeping. I was just sitting in the room. So then she woke up, and I'm like, listen, I'm going to go and get the other kids and go home. Uh, there's nothing left for me to do here. I hear that fucking that, – that has haunted me. It's like Dick again. He, she, he can't get – she keeps throwing this in his face. Oh, yeah. I have never gotten over it. I sit there and every fucking two weeks or so I hear this. Oh, what? There's nothing for you here like when your son was born. No, that's yeah, what, that's exactly. why you're having it's problems with like this issue because you have PTSD flashbacks. I think so. No, it just everything is like you get this anniversary issue, and some of these ended up as exercise, and you're like, okay, this is cool. But some of them end up with, like you said, the extra pages were kind of thrown in with clocking. Yeah, this is what happened with Justice League, where you have these extra really. pages for nothing, and it really is a shame. Uh, the only thing I like in this issue then is when it goes, Roland's doing it. It's a very uh, it, it's a recap almost of how this whole arc started. He, he was doing the same thing then, but now In instead mind, of going to work. down the street Saturday Night Fever style. Yeah, and now he's the big cheese. But you have the same thing. Sue in her photo, you and your family is blood. It's the same exact dialogue as we got before. I, I, this I'm guy just wondering him. why this guy doesn't recognize him now. 
I don't know, and I don't know why he thinks he has a family with him. He's just one guy. But uh, they go, and he goes in, and there, there's a new a new blackjack dealer. I would think that the way it's spelled out, that Des, he should kind of be in charge of hiring people like this, but obviously somebody else is because Dick Grayson is now the blackjack dealer. He's, he's right. ready to roll. He's Keep got an some, eye on fucking rolling. He's got a card up his sleeve. But, yeah, it's kind of funny, and that might lead to some fun things because you realize, you know, you have to remember he doesn't know who that is so no. it's just dick grace and he might know dick grace and you know he'll do his research or whatever uh but there's dick there he's gonna keep an eye on roland it's pretty cool roland's like hey i'm gonna keep an eye on you kind of reminds me of the emperor talking to fucking anakin right uh, when he was a kid and then he goes off into his office and then you see in his tank now he does have tiger shark and it's so fucked up too because in tiger shark's office he did have a gigantic aquarium with a fucking great white in there now we see the aquarium water is all drained out there's fucking tiger shark's actually in there and that great white is and just laying rotting, dead behind him like, oh that's fucked yeah, up yeah and then you end the issue with uh mouse going back to see giz and you see that goob is there but no freaking giz and, and goob is and tracking goob has blood, blood on his fucking and they pulse. go in and it looks like he might be dead now do you think giz is dead out. <sighs> no I, no? I don't think he's dead. I don't think they're going to go that dark. I think I don't he's know. Hurt. That's the thing is the, the way that I would think of the second hand, these great big goddamn gun runners and shit like that who have this gigantic empire. So you have yeah. somebody looking in like this. You make him a goddamn freaking uh, 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 a fucking I can't, now I can't think of the fucking word. You make an example yeah. out of him. You fucking kill him dead. Well, you have that, but you also have the whole thing. He is wired directly into the gun, and it's saying mm-hmm. access denied, access denied. I have a feeling that it's just cut him under there, and he's passed out. I don't know. We're going to see, but it says this is a job for Huntress and Agent 37 next. So we'll have a little spiral action. 37. 37. He's the man. And that's the, the one man thing that I don't names like. his butt cheeks. What? That's the one thing I don't like about this, knowing that we're going to go back to that in the next I issue, know. because Tim Seeley, in my mind, he's been telling his own story here. Yeah, and this is where we like it. when he and has his own. And now we're going to go own. back to Grayson. I'm like, yeah. no, you don't need to do this. You don't no, need to rely on people liking Grayson to no, jump into you this. You don't People are doing no. like, do it's your too own far, thing. It's too far removed now. Just go with your story. I like it. Don't get Huntress and Agent 37 nonsense up and at him again, because you can just have – Nightwing showing up and figuring out who did this to get exactly. it. So you, you don't need and you even have Mouse. The rest of the can, runoffs. Yeah, that's yeah, get them. Get them. I like them a lot. We'll and they're his back new, in there, yeah, Stallion's cool. They're his characters. Do that. Don't you don't have to rely on it. Every time he goes and relies on something. Now again, he is using the whole blockbuster thing, but he twisted it. He's doing his it his own, own way though, and that's but, what the yeah, greatest you go part back about with it is. Huntress and Because we didn't have Blockbuster in this continuity. He is making it his own. Yeah, yeah I like it. But uh I, I like the, him in general doing his own story. This I thought this issue was down. I know that you are giving it a way higher score than me, but what did you give it? So I love the art in this issue, and I love the direction that we're going, where Blockbuster has become this great big threat. Like, you know, the original one was the original story with when Dick first went to Bloodhaven in the 90s. So now we're getting to see the actual the beginnings of Blockbuster taking over Bloodhaven and trying yeah. to be its savior, as he wants to do, and Dick trying to, you know, this is Dick's one mission now. We got to take down Roland Desmond, and I really like the progression of it. Yes, the beginning was really freaking uh, forced in there just to get that yeah. page count going because that clocking thing that could have been done in two goddamn pages, but they extended it out and it was a bit boring. But besides that, I really liked the issue. I gave it an eight out of ten. 
Yeah, I like the art. I just thought there was not much to this. You, you did get Sean out, which we needed yeah. to because we know that him and uh, you know Dick and Barbara are going to strike up their relationship or spark it up again, right. which everybody wants anyway. So you had to get her out, but I thought it was very forced. Uh, the whole thing we had half the you know or at least three quarters or one quarter. What am I saying? A third <laughs> of the issue I mean, because of the extra page count was no. It was because I was thinking I that you. it was twenty-one pages. It wasn't, but about a third of the issue is that whole shit with clocking which is nothing then you have him going and you get more exposition of stuff with roland that i it was okay i didn't like it as much as you did then he goes off to sean which i thought was ridiculous and thought that that was very forced way out and then you get what i did like is when roland's walking down the street heading to the casino and dick is working i'm looking that was that was uh four four pages Four pages yep. is what I like, and that's even including two with Giz and Mouse, which I did like. I like yeah. that leading into the next deal. I don't want Huntress and Agent 37 I don't want that anymore. Uh, Grayson was one of my favorite books. We're done. You know, you got to give up the ghost. It, it's done. Uh, Agent 37 does not work well in this anymore. You know, no. I don't even know what the fuck Spiral even is anymore. From what we ended up New 52 into Rebirth, I can't tell you what the fuck it is because half the time it looks good, bad. The other thing, I don't know. Fucking so Tiger's it, in charge of it. He was a bad guy yeah. when we ended the Grayson series. Now he's a good guy again. I don't know what's going guy, on. And he's a good guy, and you just kind of waxed over that. But hey, yeah, I, I think this is a 6 5. Uh, I, I want to see what happens next. I'm excited yeah. for what. I, I want. I'm saying I want to see what happens next. Just not with fucking you know Agent Thirty Seven. No, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying with Giz and stuff like that. I have. A, I. I'm not even so sure if this Huntress and Thirty Seven. It does says this is a job. So maybe he'll just get a hold of her to see if anybody can track some deal. But if you're going to do that, why didn't you do that right away? Or and, just and why would you go through her, not Tiger? Yeah, yeah, and the other thing is, you know, he did set up Giz, whatever happened. It's, it's Dick's fault, so we oh, yeah. better figure out something, and something quick, but we'll see. But, yeah, we're going to go off now to mail section number two. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if Eric tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. When you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Why can't it take a break just one time, Eric? Why? Because people love the nonsense. They must. All the tales it tells, Eric. And Will. Chisanga is the first male of male section number two. And Chisanga says, hey, Jim and Eric, I know you guys can only give one as the lowest score, but I give Justice League 25 a go fuck yourself zero. (laughs) The issue pretty much showed that Hitch needs two months to make an ending for a one shot, but he still has to set up another unknown generic threat. Yep. And I'm I'm guessing to me, uh, what I would say or will say later, Eric, I'm channeling myself, oh, yeah. is that he really didn't have an ending anyway. He never does. He's, a, you know, and I got in a fight with him. So. Sure did. But, 
but he still listened to me and did not block me. So I give him that credit for that, Eric. He did not block me at all. Yeah. The not yet. He probably waited until he, he probably has blocked me now so yeah. that I don't realize. But you know what? <laughs> the hell with it. The next mail is from Brian from Arkansas. Brian has not emailed us in in a while. And he has something later uh, that made me laugh so much because I didn't understand what he was saying. And I emailed him back and it said like this. You know, I'll tell you. And then he's like, yeah. And it didn't answer my question again. And then I realized I was a moron. But Brian says, what's up, brothers Werner and Stray? What's up, Brian? First things first. How dare you? Uh-oh. How dare you, Jim Werner? Giving Suicide Squad number 21 a 6.5? Bullshit. Saying you didn't like it? Making fun of the way Harley was drawn? <laughs> How could your views not align with my own? You don't know what you're talking about. You're so full of shit. Okay, those aren't really my thoughts. Just wanted to take a jab at the folks who gave you shit for the Batman reviews as of late. Does anyone know the definition of the word subjective? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yes. Are we not all allowed our own opinions? For instance, I'd absolutely, I've absolutely loved Suicide Squad as of late, especially since the backups have been done away with. That's done wonders for the book. I'll agree. Uh, the weeks that it comes out, it's been top of my pile and first re- read for the last couple of months. Personally, I would have given issue 21 an 8.5. I believe Reggie gave it an 8 because our views align and our opinions are subjective. I'm off my soapbox now. I will say. What did I, I give it? I, who knows? He doesn't care. Like like Dancing Mike tells you every fucking song, who gives a shit what Eric Stray says? And I I give Brian some props there, too. And and it is. uh, We've had some people recently, like, pretty much say they they hate us because we don't agree with everything they say. You know what? What, How is that interesting? Seriously. I I don't get it. But rapid fire time, Werner. I've done a little research, and the artist on Waterman is pronounced Stepan Seish, not Steve Pan Sidekick. (laughs) <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> All I saw was this top five later, and he's like, his, he, he mentioned Stepan Seish. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? I thought it was a, I thought he fucking had a goddamn stroke. So I'm like, what the hell? But now I realize. <laughs> then I read everything. I'm like, okay. Anyhow, because of him, I'm now a Waterman. Sorry, Aquaman fan. Issue 25 and 26, the first time I've ever purchased and read the title. I'm hooked, in quotes, Eric. I'm getting a Game of Thrones vibe from Abnett's story. Now, if you went back to read uh, my reviews of Jeff Johns' run at the end of his run at the New 52 up until issue 25, you would know, Eric, that I gave that a big thing that I said that that was an underwater Game of Thrones, right? Yes, 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 it was a big deal back then. You thought you were so clever. I was clever because <laughs> at that point, never had watched Game of Thrones. I was faking the funk, but I I knew that it would get people. <laughs> yeah, but that this is basically I'm only bringing that up is because people were saying that way back, including oh, yeah. one Jim Werner. So it, that's one of my problems is it doesn't feel as fresh. But if you're just jumping on, especially if you just have read 25 and 26, uh, I'd be having a ball myself and a stiffness in my drawers from the art on Mara and Dolphin. So looks like Joel Jones dolphin. will be doing an issue of DC's top-selling title, The Batman. I do believe she's my current favorite artist. Here are my top five in case you were wondering, and we know Joel Jones is by far. Brian's favorite artist. But number five, David Finch, who is nice. great. Number four, Michael Yannon. Number three, Tony Daniel. Number two, Stepan Seish. 
And that's how he wrote it. I mean, this is one, two, three, four words. And I'm like, number two is stay pon say ish. And I thought, boy, he, he had a fucking aneurysm. The guy's fucking dying. Somebody grab him. Where's that Hawaiian Tropic model when we need her? But uh, I ended up and, and I wrote that. And he's like, yes. And yes. I'm like, what the fuck am I missing here? And then I kind of spelled it out, said it out loud. And I'm like, oh, oh. I get it now. I'm retarded. And yes. then I realized he said it earlier. And number one is Joel Jones. Remember back when I was championing her for Batgirl? Yes, I do. No, Jason Farbach. Uh, no, and I wouldn't put him now anyway. He's not on anything. He, yeah, he, he's still one of my favorite artists. No, but Brian is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of guy. I mean, he has Stepan <laughs> Seish as number two, because but Jason Fombach has not done anything. Nothing. Remember back when I was championing her for Batgirl? We're moving on. I personally like Tom King's run on Batman over Snyder because it's more cinematic, and you don't have to think quite as much. I, 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 I The problem I have... I'm having an aneurysm now. Now, the problem I have is that we did try to think into it, and we ended up getting burned. Burned hardcore. We were the fucking ninth circle burn. We were burned so hard. God. Hot water burn baby, Eric. And I'm telling you, that was my biggest problem. Hot I think water I burn the baby. Re- the Batman <laughs> review was where I got sucked in again and started doing the goddamn Tom King yeah. looking for clues because of this bigger story shit. But yeah, I don't want as to do we've seen since I Am Suicide Squad, there is none. No, this is the problem is Brett is trying to engage me in these arguments about it, and I really can't go that far in because I'm sticking with my deal of until he proves that he is going to come back and tie up loose ends, I am not going to guess at anything that happens because I tried to. Uh, you know, Punch, he's left-handed, Eric. Yeah, and, I know. And, he's a and, fucking master of disguise who also broke out of Santa Prisca, so it makes it went, sense to think that this person well, – it, it went nowhere. We got yeah. nothing from it. We got nothing. And yeah, you can say, but read in the, you know, read between the lines. You're between the lines. And All you'll find out. Julie added to the team where there were two pieces of cannon fodder that came in there and freaking just had a goddamn, you know, a blood pack on their neck to look dead. And shoot bubblegum at the end to make a boat. Anybody could have done this. I'm telling I'm you, at the, you done know that. what really, really got me mad? And as you say that, what got me mad is at the end, we had all the, oh my God, he set up so much. Look at this. You have, no. this isn't Batman. It's actually Punch in disguise as Batman. In the meantime, Wesker is trying to, is using his no, no, mind Wesker. deal. In, in Tom King's word, that's Wesker. Yeah, Wesker. And and he is using his deal to, to brain this and you're doing that. At the end, we get kicked in the fucking balls that it was nothing that we thought. And it was so nothing. And then you had Bronze Tiger stand there. Who else but Batman? Yeah, I'm like, everybody. Because I don't see what he did at one point. He was right above fucking, you know, right above goddamn, what's his name? Bane. Bane and doubled back to fight everybody to get back to Bane. He was right above don't him. Anybody. He was right there. All to get Catwoman to break his back. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing. I'm going to break your fucking back. That's the ruse to make it so Catwoman does? I got nothing, man. <sighs> I'm pretty excited about Sean Murphy's Bat title coming in October. And I am too. I'm going to say I might review that as well. That White I Knight, right? Yeah, I haven't picked up a lot of the newer books. You you and Reggie have, so maybe I'll do that. Anyone ever read Tokyo Ghost? The book he did not. with Rick Reminder at Image. I didn't. It was epic. I'd like to check it out then. Speaking of Reminder, uh, I'm currently reading all this work, Seven to Attorney, Deadly Class. I actually just uh, got the first volume of Deadly Class. Uh, so you I was thinking of that. Well, I might actually uh, offer that up as one of like
like the back issues things later. I, cool. It looks pretty cool. Low and Black Science. Black Science is one. I love I the covers. About Black Science. I see the covers of Black Science. I'm so intrigued. But I just haven't. But we don't have time. I wish we no. did. This dude can write still, the shit out of I still got to read sometimes. that Scarlet Spider-Man book. Yeah, that's not happening. That is not happening, Eric. I would love. I I want to go back and read all of the uh, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Uh, yeah. We'll see if that ever happens as well. I would love to see what he would do with some DC titles. I really enjoyed Wonder Woman twenty six. One last thing, and I did too. I, I didn't really enjoy. I liked it. I thought it was, it was right. good. I thought it was a good start. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. I never participated in the door die pull list. So if it's okay, I'd like to submit my list 11 months late. No, it's not okay. All right. This is not how oh. we play it there. No, it's okay. I was getting Batman, really Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, and Batgirl. Shit, I went over. <laughs> oh, well. I make a decent wage. I can afford it. He's breaking the rules, Eric. I don't like it. You know uh, what? I- Brian from Arkansas, he's allowed to break the rules. He lives in Kansas. What else do you have to do it's there? It's just but so weird to have Batgirl on your do or die pool list. He just he loves the character, I guess. Well, I thanks love the for reading too. It hasn't been the right character in hey, a long ass time. You don't tell him how to live. He lives in Kansas. He, that's Arkansas. You know, Dorothy, Eric. Dorothy. Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh uh, yeah, he does live in Arkansas. What am I thinking? That's even worse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going with my whole thing that he lives in Kansas. He lives in Arkansas. Who yeah. the fuck? You know what you do in Arkansas? Get the fuck out of Arkansas. That's the number one thing to do. Yeah, I fucking, I'm way off. Well, thanks for reading. He's probably like fucking going to kill me now. Fucking cream candies now, Kansas. <laughs> thanks for reading and sorry for the length. It's getting late. That's what he said. Sorry for the length. That's Thank what you he Brian. said. You stepped on his joke. And as always, thanks for keeping your ears to the pulse of the streets. Brian Ooh. from R Kansas. So funny. As I'm looking at it and saying that, I'm thinking that he just means that it's it, I'm allowed to be in Kansas with him, but I forgot. That's the joke. That's the, the joke. You're the one who said R Kansas. You started I know. the joke. Brian from R Kansas. He he likes that joke. That's how you remember. I like that joke. Out. He's out. Now, the next team, what, I'm telling you, I'm way off right now. I'm so, so goddamn I, tired. I'm so tired. Uh, we used to be able to go to like 5 a.m. No, and it wouldn't get no goofy longer. until 4. Yeah, really. Well, here we go. Here's Taylor as Swanee's mail. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I'm currently That's listening funny. to last week's podcast. Something got brought up. Uh, which makes me confused. I don't get on Twitter often, so can you explain the fight you got into with Poison Ivy Fan Club or whatever? I miss this entirely. I've also been listening to the Necessary Nonsense Movies podcast, and you guys brought up being huge fans of Christian Slater. Well, I'll tell you. The whole thing with uh, Poison Ivy League, she has a thing, and she's just so... She loves Poison Ivy, and boy, she she will tell you, the, and she to the thinks bit that where she comes off crazy for her love she, of poison yeah, ivy. She gets a little, you know, and she'll. I think she would even admit that she's obsessively top, yeah. cra- crazy about the character, and it's driving her nuts that the character is being used as a villain. She wants Poison Ivy to be a uh, a hero. And it it drives her nuts that she isn't. And every time something comes out where she isn't, she gets upset. Now, the big thing wasn't a fight with me. We we had our differences before where Reggie was reviewing the uh, circle of life, Poison Ivy circle of life. And Poison Ivy had kids, plant kids, and they went off to a club and they were dancing on the stage of a strip strip club. And Reggie basically said they were working the pole. And she had a umbrage to that and said, no, no, they weren't working the pole. But yet, it, this is apples for oranges to me. They yeah. were they were supposed to be being portrayed 
as just, you know, Some crazy, crazy wild guys. teenagers that were, I mean, it, for everything, they were kind of kept captive and, you know, Poison Ivy wouldn't let them out. So yeah. it's the fucking, you know, now they're the Amish heading out on the what's it exactly. called? Exactly, it's Rumspringer. Yeah, it's Rumspringer. So she, they, they went out and they went nuts. And I think that's what it was supposed to be. But Reggie just said, you know, this isn't what I, and she got mad. So then she blocked us, said she didn't, me and her had an issue. And then uh, in the meantime, she unblocked us, but she had an issue with Tom King because Tom King promised her and another girl that they would, he would never use Ivy he as a killer. Ivy as a murderer. He would not portray her as a murderer and then went and did the exact thing he said that, that they wouldn't. So she got mad. And oh, I, well. I kinda, and, and yeah, and here's the thing. I think that. You know, Poison Ivy is a, you know, uh, she is a villain. a villain to me as well. But this is what she wants. But that is beyond the fact that Tom King did promise her he wasn't going to do that. And then he did. That's a whole different thing. And she did. Yeah. She had a she had a point. She sat there and she has followers that listen to her and whatnot. And she said, listen, everybody, go and buy the Batman. Beca- the Batman issue coming out because Poison Ivy's in go it. And, buy and if you Batman. buy it. Yeah. And well, <laughs> and she says all the time when this comes up and there is an Ivy issue she'll say listen if we can get people to buy it more than what's usually being bought on that run they're going to see that it's because of poison ivy and they're going to give her a soul whole deal, yeah yeah so she did and then she felt like she was betrayed she still doesn't like me i know it but that's fine that but you guys seem to have buried the hatch a bit yes now i have my sights set on eric shea oh no but he says, I listen to the Necessary Nonsense Movies podcast, and you guys brought up being huge fans of Christian Slater. I've heard you talk about him before, too. You also said most people nowadays don't know who he is. Unfortunately, I will always remember him because my parents gave me the middle of na- middle name Christian because of him. I don't remember oh, which nice. podcast I was listening to, but one of you guys brought up weird things to basically catcall at girls. Well, I <laughs> well I had a buddy I back in college who was from inner city Fayetteville, Arkansas, who learned mm-hmm. the strangest thing to yell. We would be driving downtown on a sunny day or clear night and he would yell out the window at a pretty girl hey yo girl i like your raincoat i laughed hysterically but to this day i have no idea what he meant what i usually do is i'm usually going in the car with a bunch of people and i have this microphone thing that plays through the stereo and oh, I yeah. go, hey good looking i'll be back to pick you up later and then I get arrested, Eric. That's oh what my. I do. Uh, my roommate, who was from they, Iran. All these girls, though, they didn't. Everybody, my. say, everybody yelling <laughs> at these girls. Girls don't want no scrubs. No, they don't want scrubs. They don't need those scrubs. But what my uh, roommate in college, he was from Iran. He barely spoke any English. And the one time we were walking in the dorm, and maybe I said this before, and this is what he heard. But we were walking, and he goes, nice walk for a night, ladies. And they looked at him and they basically said, I'm not lying, fuck you, you retard. And I was just like, oh, God, let's go, Mike. And then Mike would go back. And it was a really – his name was Mike Targeman. And uh, we would go back and we had – this is my freshman year. We're in the dorm. And I used to sit there. And I'm telling you, most people have these stories in college where they're in the dorm room with the, you know, their roommate. And they, oh, this guy was a habitual masturbator or whatever. You know, you have all yeah. these things. Uh, me and Mike got along so well. The only thing was he would sit there and he had this big stand-up mirror that he brought with him. And he would take off his shirt and then take off his pants and just be in his underwear. And he'd rub his chest and go, you're so sexy, Mike. 
oh, Mike, the lady's going to love you. <laughs> and he'd just sit there, and it was every day he'd do this. This is what he would do before. And he'd talk to himself like, you blowing kisses. But it, it went to the extreme. Oh, Mike, you work out so hard because you want the ladies to like you. And he'd t- it'd fucking go on for hours. And I'd just yell at him, Mike, shut the fuck up. And the other thing is he, his family was Iranian. He actually was from <laughs> Beckley, West Virginia. He was born right. in West Virginia. His parents were so big on him maintaining his Iranian roots, they, they barely taught him any English. And he, he was like the no kid left behind because I don't know how he ever well, passed English. Ever happened, he yeah. could barely talk. So when he got to college and he didn't have his parents, I think his mom, and he wouldn't admit it, I think his mom and dad did his work for him in school. And then he went in. Now, they still must not have been that great because he got into West Virginia. But we go, he gets to West Virginia. Guy can't even write a sentence. So now I'm doing his goddamn papers. You're so sexy, Mike. Look at you. The ladies are going to love that chest of yours. And then he's like, oh, you have a six-pack. You're very sexy. Did he ever oil himself up? In yeah, front of you? well, he, this is actually, when I say this, this was him basically coming out of the shower and then going into our room again. So and he's then still kind wet. Of, and yeah, he's all wet. And doing this, he'd have, and he'd actually have, he'd wrap the towel around his head, like tie it like a lady. And he'd right. be there and just rub his fucking chest and his ass. And I just sit there. I'm like, Mike, just stop it. You were turning me on, my friend. No, and I, he was the nicest guy. <laughs> well, you doing it later. And here's it's the deal. A, they talk about walk nights for a night, huh? Yeah, and I, I'm t- they, Dave Attell made the joke. But really, me, Mike Targeman, and Ekachai Lucktong were the unfuckables in West Virginia. The, the three of us would walk around, and we'd part the women like they were the goddamn Red Sea. We'd walk around, and yeah, and this is the whole thing then. And then I went and I said, I gotta, I gotta change up my game. And then me and Eki ended up starting our band then, and kind of got in a deal. And then you know, then the ladies were throwing off themselves Mike. at us. Yeah, no, Mike ended up transferring. His, his, right, uh, right. he, he failed. I was doing his papers. You think I got time to fucking pay attention to his papers? I had my own work. <laughs> he ended up going to uh, moving to or going to like San Diego State or something. He is now a chiropractor. Eric, I did. Yeah, I talked to him, you know, a couple years ago. I don't like to keep in contact with people. Uh, but yeah, I got a hold of him. He's a chiropractor. He's, you know, that nonsense. But uh, he seems to be doing better for himself he's than doing I am. better than us. Yeah, yeah, he's not in any cardboard box. Right? He owns his own fucking chiropractic place. I don't know. Oh, yeah, fucking, we own a fucking hey, PC podcast, all, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, really. Peas, peas and carrots here. He goes, I, I, all I know is they come in and they're like, oh, uh, Dr. Targeman, can you help me? Yeah, you heard the lady get manipulating. Starts fucking going with it. And that's what he, <laughs> he does. Get, he starts rubbing their back. Oh, you're sexy. Oh, oh you're so Maybe that's what he was doing. Back. He was really you're, big you're into his form. Back. The ladies love it. Oh, look at you. Oh, yes. Do you ever hear of ending of happy? He just keeps <laughs> getting it wrong. On to the comics. I just got the rest of the action comics I ordered. So now have issues 977 through now. And we'll be reading these later today. The Superman Revenge Squad sounds awesome. And having new Superman and Supergirl made it official that I had to try this book. Detective Comics 960 was so good. When Satana, well, yeah, it did sound better than it was. But when Zatanna was showing up to showing her powers to Bruce, she turned rain to flowers, turned off gravity, and turned the night into day. Yes, Zatanna literally stole the night. And yes, that is true. That's good. Uh, that was another one. I, I didn't even mention it, but really, uh, it, it makes my eyes twist around when I have to read that backward shit. And I oh, do I like it. it. I, I it. like it in, in theory. It throws me out of the issue. 
Titan I'll tell you, when you see her in an animated shit, something like that, and she actually just does the backwards song, it sounds cool. It sounds like goddamn magic yeah, words. I yeah. like it. When you actually sit down and read it, fuck that noise. And I always start at the left, and it fucks me. I, I always have problems. Titans 13, yeah. I have a theory that is 99.99999% wrong, but I'm sticking with it. What if the right. traitor is Bumblebee? When she had her memory stolen, what if Simon put a piece of his mind into hers and is controlling her? I still think Mao is somehow, but it only makes sense to me to be Enchantress only because that is an out to make nobody the bad person. Not Enchantress Omen. Oh, Omen, I mean, yeah, not Enchantress Omen. But yeah, you know what I'm saying, that if it's Omen, it yeah. makes it so that, you know, she kind of gets a pass, even though everybody I'm, would I'm, with I'm saying the Bumblebee thing makes sense to me, too, though. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, threads here that it could be somebody like Omen, Mal, fucking uh, Bumblebee, whatever. Well, it is weird that all of a sudden, though, she really wanted those memories back out of nowhere, but she never yeah. lost her memories, and this whole thing is a wild goose chase, and now you have the team fighting from within about this traitor and chasing after something that doesn't exist. This could also show how Lil able to beat Simon so easily he's distracted because he's controlling Bumblebee just an idea how Jordan Suicide Squad New Superman and Red Hood were all very good last week as well Wonder Woman 26 was strange I like it more than about 90% of Grucka's run but it still wasn't great until about 30 minutes ago when I finished Wonder Woman New 52 Volume 1 I can say I've never read anything Wonder Woman that I really liked so there he liked Volume 1 which was really good I enjoyed Birds of Prey for the most part uh, even though the speech bubbles on the last page were fucked up I can't believe this book is rated as one of the worst on comic book roundup this Cold run is a six eight, while Batgirl and Batwoman are both seven fives. That that's, that's crazy. Right? I would say what you're saying is true, but that six eight's pretty accurate in my mind for Birds of Prey. Oh, uh, I agree. It's that the so other, other two are inflated. Higher, though, they up. should both of those. Batgirl should be a six. Batwoman should be a five five uh, up until now. That's my opinion. Honestly, but, I think Bat, uh, Batgirl should be below Batwoman. I don't know, even some I, of the even issues I hate we the Batwoman, were okay. I, I hate Batgirl even more. Yeah, this book is 100 percent better than either of those two. Supergirl 11 was garbage, but goddamn that cliffhanger had me considering not dropping this book. And that is well, like we saw that it is uh, what's her name Cameron Chase shooting. Oh right, or, uh, right not right. Cameron. Yeah, who? What the hell? No, what, it's not. It's fucking Catgran. Fucking Catgran. I'm I'm tired there. But yeah, Catgran shooting. You said Cameron Chase. That sounded right. To no, me, no, no, it was Catgran. Lastly, the casting was better than what I was expecting going in. Still confusing as hell in some parts, but I'm excited for metal. I will end with this two-part question. One: What is your current twenty-five dollar pull list? Second, let's say Tanya and Jess decided to buy those books for you for the next year, and now you get to make a secondary $25 pull list. I'll tell you, I don't have a secondary one. I'm yeah. going to have – I have trouble getting it to 25 anymore. If I was actually buying, what would be your second list? For me, his primary list, Detective Comics, How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, New Superman, Aquaman, Super Sons. It's a pretty good list. His secondary yeah. is Titans, Teen Titans, Batgirl and Birds of Price, Suicide Squad, and Nightwing. Said mine's probably Action Comics. I'm trying to think. I'm looking at his list so I can get it down. Uh, <laughs> I would say Action Comics, Superman, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and a uh, the Weekly Injustice. And I think that brings me up to like 23 bucks or so. So that that would be the end of mine. What would yours be? Mine is Action Comics, Superman, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and, and Red Hood and the Outlaws. And fuck, I need something else. Do you have three dollars left, like, like I did? Or I, I have three dollars left. 
Yeah, I think I uh, I have three as well, but I, there's nothing that you can really. The thing get is, for on three. my last on my last list, I think I put one of the fucking uh, like I think it was Captain Adam because it was a two ninety nine freaking yeah, monthly deal. Yeah, but that's deal. gone. That's what I'm saying. It's gone. But yeah, now. I'm left over with fucking th- like three dollars left. I'm gonna go yeah, buy a three dollars. You're gonna buy soda, are you? Yeah, yeah. and the secondary. I, I'm telling you, when we first did the twenty five dollar pool list, we had to get things shoved off because. We, you know, we didn't have, and now I'm, I'm struggling so that I use the injustice once a week to fucking right. fill in the blank. So, it was a tough decision between Birds See, of Prey and I, Red Hood. I, you had, had Red Hood in your list, right? Exactly. But if okay. I had a secondary pool, I know that New Superman and Detective Comics yeah. would definitely New be Superman in that list. New Superman and Detective, and, and if, I'm, I think Nightwing would conti- actually make my. Yeah, Nightwing might make it as well. And if we continue on the way we are in All Star Batman from yeah. where we are with this arc, I'd have that on my list as well. Yeah, I think the next time we officially do this, again, will probably be after the metal stuff all hits. To you know, give it time to kind Maybe of sink Titans in. on there too if I have enough room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll buy all of them if I'm gonna yeah. have time. I'm gonna give Tanya twenty five dollars. She ain't coming back with comics. She's Look, gonna I'm be coming you right back now, with something I, it's crazy. It's easier for me to tell you what books will not be on there. Okay, yeah. Justice League, JLA, Supergirl, Superwoman, Batgirl, uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Blue Beetle wouldn't even be on that goddamn no. list. Hellblazer's not on that Hellblazer list. Hellblazer wouldn't be on it, no. Yeah, there's, Harley yeah. Quinn is definitely right Harley off Harley Quinn wouldn't list. be on mine. Aquaman might be on my secondary one. Maybe. Uh, that's good enough. Uh, it was a tough decision between Birds of Prey. He said, uh, Red Hood is a better story, but I love Batgirl and would hate to not have any books with her. If the story went downhill, I would drop that and get Red Hood. So I guess what you're telling me is you get Red Hood. Right, Aaron? As always, guys, have a great week, and thanks for everything you do. P.S. Thank you, Jim, for joining my argument on Facebook earlier this week. I wish I hadn't deleted all my comments. I thought the guy deleted his and didn't want it to look like I was arguing with myself. I found that whole thread on Facebook just the way it showed up on my Facebook, so I went through. I'm like, oh, there's Taylor, and then they're like, there's Jim White. I'm like, and then Taylor's all his rest of his comments were gone. I'm like, that's weird. There's me, and you saw the guy had to end the argument. I was done with him. I'm done, done with, with this one. Apparently, he blocked me after asking him what asking him what he smokes when he reads to not see the problems with Batman. It wasn't that 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 the guy basically Taylor said to him like, "Listen, how does the Joker or how does the Riddler get that knife in that what first knife? issue that of Jokes and Riddle?" And basically, this guy just kept saying, "I don't know what you're reading. That didn't happen." I'm like, "Yeah, it did." And in fact, yeah. the, the, and then he said, "What about the gunshot right next to the person?" And the guy's like. That didn't happen. I don't know what you're reading. I said, no, Tom King actually apologized for that. So, yeah, it did happen, and he realized it as a problem. You idiot. Yeah, Taylor. I I got upset because Taylor was in Slack, and he's like, oh, this guy's arguing with me. I'm like, yep, Jim's on the scene. (laughs) I've had enough of these people. Thank you, Jim. And this makes up for when I was fighting with Mom, I'm sorry, on Twitter back during that whole thing, and they made some comments against me, and you liked it. Yeah, I liked it because it just made me laugh and they're fucking jokes. But uh, we'll go on to the last and thank you, uh, Taylor. And the next oh, one you, is, Taylor. and the last one for the section is Brandon. And Brandon says, sup, fellas? So I've been playing this game with the gas grill lately called Guess When the Propane Runs Out. I just played that game and I lost this week. I was in the middle of cooking. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he's going to have the same thing. I was in the middle of cooking chicken and we ran out. I'm sure this oh, is the thing most people do. the worst thing to be in the fucking middle of, too. Yeah, and at the worst, too, is you go there and you're like, oh, it's getting a little low. And you try to pick it up and see, but you can't tell. The yeah. thing, you know, I'm sure this is the thing most people do, and we all know the pain of throwing burgers or an item of choice on the grill, only to have it knocked out on you halfway through. That's what happened. I, I don't even think I got halfway, and what I did, I actually had it on. I closed the lid, went in, waited a bit, and then came out. I'm like, it's not on. 
What happened? Nope. And then I got, it. and it was on enough that it, it kind of stuck to the fucking grill. I, I was fucking so upset. I myself only have one tank. I'm no Rockefeller here, and sure as hell ain't coughing up fifty dollars to have an extra laying around. It feels like it should have run out weeks ago at this point. I use it so much during the summer, but the sucker keeps on keeping on. What I think is really going on here is I've actually remembered to turn the son of a bitch off after each use lately. That's what I have problems with. And I also do. I, I go to turn it off, and I turn it. I'm like, am I turning it the right way? Eh, fuck it. I think I'm just discovering how long the tank actually lasts when you're mildly competent at adulting. Other than that, I haven't had much of a chance lately to get myself in any trouble because the lady has been working all weekend long until teaching starts back up. So my chances at any shenanigans are legit zero. So I'm just over here reading and getting owned by my daughter all day long. (laughs) And books. I went into this week with low expectations because whenever we have a couple good or great weeks in a row, you know a stinker is coming around the corner sometime. And this, sir, is that week. I'll start with Batman. Hell no. What the hell am I reading here? The spotlight covered it all in pretty glorious detail, so I don't want to focus on this too long. But this story is the most boring war ever. The most noteworthy event thus far has been Kite Man's origin story, which only Tom King asked for. What just happened to a good Batman story with a mystery, some detective work, and fights mixed in here and there where everyone displays some skills that pay the bills? We'd all be happy as drunk Eric reading Mile Storm comics. Final note. Where where is my final note? Instead of ominous repeating dialogue in this arc, we have repeating splash pages where the same group of villains have ominous battles over and over. It really is hard to determine which issue is which. In a story arc, Tom King writes in Batman, as they all sort of blend together, there's no Batman 44 per se, where we all can pinpoint specific moments and times we just always refer to as arcs in general when talking. At least it feels that way so far to me. I was thinking when we say a new book comes up and we say, oh, you know what? We know it's good because we know the characters or we don't and that's not good. I really, I, I know they had the one splash page and I know you stared at it and all that. But the fact is, I think I could ask most people who is on whose side and they're not going to get all the things and oh, they're no, going to get some not. mixed up because we don't know. But yet we're supposed to be full out in a war with two sides and yet I barely know who's on whose side because we haven't seen any war yet. It's so frustrating that these splash pages. I'm telling you, we had that one where the thing on the TV in that issue where it was Mr. Freeze versus Firefly. I don't know who was fighting for who. Yeah, I don't either. Actually, I don't. I know that Clayface is with Riddler. I know that Deadshot is with With Joker. Joker. And even then, I have to sit and think. And because that, I know that Deathstroke's then for Riddler. You know, you go back and forth with that. But yeah, I don't know the others. I don't know. I, I'm guessing the only way because you spelled and it out. Poison Ivy's with Riddler. Poison Ivy's with Riddler, so that means that Mr. Mr. Freeze, Freeze has to be with the Joker. Joker. What, but that's only because you told me, oh, it's life versus death, or you yeah, know, well, that's, cold. that's how they had to present it on that splash yeah, page. So we, that, we have to we see sit Mr. And Freeze fighting Firefly. That's something different. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Superman, hell no. Well, now, I know what it feels to be mansplained, too, after this issue. That is true. <laughs> Things started out all well and good with the soup's crash landing, and I even dug up into the Niagara Falls trip, but after that, a shitty pattern was established pretty quickly, I know. and I couldn't finish this book fast enough. Worst issue of Superman under the rebirth banner, I agree. I agree. Green Arrow, in a week with books like Batman and Superman, my pull who would have thought, even with a little Ollie political mumbo-jumbo while swinging 
swinging on an arrow. Nonsense going down. This would be my favorite issue I purchased this week. The premise is imperfect. I mean, Ollie going all OJ isn't the best decision for his future, but it's been two fun teams ups with Ollie slowly gaining trust of the Just League back, which is cool to see if you ask me. Plus, there is no way you can ever hate on Art on this title, even when Juan isn't on it. Sure, we don't get the off chance you guys pop up when he's gone, but it's still a beautiful book to look at. Yeah, it was okay. I thought it was a little, you know, kind of, I say it all the time, that surface level deal. You didn't get a lot of meat in the issue, but it didn't infuriate me like half the other things. Injustice 2, number 15. And here's spoilers. Goddamn zombie Alfred is the thing of nightmares. That is all. (laughs) It is. It's crazy. Sometimes dead is better, Eric. Super Sons. That's the this thing. Is the Brandon first... sent me that page alone. I'm like, hey, yeah. Eric, just threw that at me. I'm like, yeah, sometimes dead's better. Yeah, yeah. Super Sons. This is the first issue of the series I didn't get a physical copy of. Decided to go digital. Now I'm sad. I think I made a very bad decision here. I'll most likely add it back to my list this week because this book has too much heart and fun stuff going down to not enjoy it my favorite way. So top five characters that are kids for him. Uh, I got to go to the five. I'll go backwards. Any Number five, any time they show wonder woman as a kid i'm with you it almost makes me cry every time in the movie i'm telling you that is my favorite part i haven't watched it she's pretending the fight it's so cute so and and the way they do that that, diana in issue number 26 yeah yeah and the legend of wonder woman i thought it was great yeah uh number four green arrow black widow kid in injustice uh, I Black forget Widow. his name. Sue me. Yeah, he's all messed up. It's Connor. It's Green Arrow and uh, Black Canary, Black Canary. but he okay, says Black it. Widow. I forget his name. Sue me, and I'm being very lazy and don't want to Google and go back to issue in the time it takes to type all this. I probably could have found the answer. It is Connor, and yeah, he's he's a cutie pie. I like him. Number three, John from Superman Action. Love watching John learn and grow up. Glad we skipped the whole toddler stage of his existence. Yeah. He learned a lot this week. He traveled. He's a hard-traveling hero. Number two. He is traveling harder than Green Arrow is. Yes, he is. Number two. It's hard on me. Annie from Spider-Man, Renew Your Vow. Such a high-energy, fun character. Reminds me of my daughter, he says. And I want to – I'm telling you, I want to read Renew My Vows. We'll see. Renew your vows. Number one, Damian Wayne. Renew I love this vows, little asshole. He's like the Grinch of superheroes, and I can get down with that. So, yeah, I, I love Damian as well. I know a lot of people don't. Uh, and it seems like a lot more people who joined in with Rebirth, unfortunately, hate Damien or kind of getting a weird idea of what Damien really, really is about. Uh, I think that if you read the uh, New 52 Batman and Robin book and even the uh, Batman Incorporated until he died, right. uh, you would have that, a that's very what really different made opinion. Me with the You'd have a really different opinion because, yes, he acts like an asshole. But it all is – it's not even just that that's just the way he is. He he wants to be a hero, and he's a small kid. I can identify with him, but he, he is like me playing sports. He's going to do whatever he can. But at the end of the day, he really does want to be a hero. He's not an, an asshole that way. He just comes across as an asshole because of his methods, and I, I do think he has more of so a So you're heart. not really an asshole, you're telling me? Uh, no, I, I'm not me. Now I'm against me. I am an asshole, and I have no heart. But you no, know, in the end, he ends up. And if you really don't like Damien, just give those two books a try. Well, Maybe get a volume is, of is, each. It's one. very odd because I went into the New Fifty Two hating da- hating Damien Wayne completely, and then freaking Batman and Robin and Batman Incorporated that won me over, and I was very yeah. sad to see him die. Yeah, when, when he, he came died, back, we were I'm all like, upset. Thank God he's back. But I agree. During Rebirth, 
he's just back to his dickish nature, and that's it's it. It's almost like that he's like a character, a caricature of himself. Like that, and basically, it, what I would say, the new fifty two in my mind is was his rebirth. Yeah, and I would tell you that if you think John's great in rebirth, that's how you would have thought that Damien was if you really paid attention in the new fifty two because it was Tomasi and he, he really treated him kind of the same way in Batman and Robin. So I really do think that if you really, really hate him now there's people who are sitting there saying, I hate him in the new fifty two. I'm nah. not gonna be able to convince you different, but nah. I loved him and I when he died, me and you were sitting at work basically crying so to bad. each other when we were talking about it. We're we both started crying telling our little pumpkin head. But he says, I, I got to work this. put my head on your shoulder when your head's already on mine? Oh, yes, that is true. I got to well, You can just lean it on top of my head. Okay. I got to work in the morning, Jim. So spelling and grammar be damned. He wasn't bad with spelling. Grammar a little off, Eric. He does not. Brandon does not like apostrophes. I will tell you, Brandon's kryptonite is the apostrophe. But that is Brandon at BMU. Thank you, Brandon. 3660. And as I say this, I better get my ass over to his page on Twitter to tell you that what we're going to go off to talk about is what I voted for is the Marvel book, Astonishing X-Men, number one. That's what I, I told you. Too. I'll always vote for number one. That's Charles Soule. Did you know that? Or Charles Soule. Uh, I actually took a look at that today. I have something that I, I might have Jim planned Cole. for that myself. It looked oh, okay. Right. I didn't read it, but it was something that I was working on. This super secret podcast, I actually had Astonishing X-Men number one and then decided against it because it did not fit the motif that I was going for, Eric. So well, you'll have right. to see. And that, that'll be a Patreon-only thing, but I'll, I'll tell you about it later. I've never Good. even told you about it. You have not. I don't even know what it is yet, but we'll <laughs> see. But that is the end of mail section number two, and we're going to go off to the Marvel Minute with Brandon and Trevin. Welcome to the Marvel Minute, guys. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. How are we doing, Trevitt? Pretty good. Good, good, good. And due to popular demand in the vote on Twitter this week, you guys have decided Astonishing X-Men number one was going to be the choice over Secret Empire. And I can never remember the third book. This is like a running <laughs> damn gag we got going. That's just embarrassing at this point. Uh, do you remember what it was or no? Uh, I'm actually pulling it up right this second. My phone is there. We go. Renew your vows. Renew your vows. Uh, so what came in second? Just out of curiosity's sake. Renew your vows by it with the 26 percent. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, I had a little chat with Reggie this week. He's like, oh. I, I didn't vote for Astonishing X-Men, but I think the number one's going to take it. I'm like, yeah, we, we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves into this, <laughs> this little area where we do all the new number ones because uh, they tend to win the vote. Everyone wants to find out what's going on with them, and, and this is the case with this week. Uh, this X-Men book is written by Charles Soule, and we got a, a hell of an art team here. I'm going to mess up probably half the names, roughly. Uh, Jim Chung is the penciler. Mark Morals is inker, along with Guillermo Ortego and Walden Wong. 
And then we got colorists of Richard Isanvo and Rain Barredo. So I think it's um, Eisenhoff. Eisenhoff. Okay. Yeah. See, I knew I'd mess up at least half of them. So uh, call <laughs> me out if you will. Uh, this is a Marvel Comics production. Uh, we're going to get into the blurb here, spit a bit about this new X-Men book, uh, and let you guys know if you should buy it, borrow it, or forget it altogether. Um, so here we go. The X-Men Resurrection lineup wraps up. It's relaunched by finally dropping its final title, Astonishing X-Men. Uh, with the team made up of a unique mix of morally ambiguous characters, it's definitely an attention grabber for sure. Uh, so does this cast of characters translate into a team you care about reading going forward? And do you have too many X-Books in your pull list already and aren't sure if this should be added? We're about to break all that down for you and tell you right now. Uh, so yeah, this was actually um, one of the books I looked most forward to because you know Gold was kind of just a continuation of extraordinary with the team mixed up and blue is essentially the same cast that was in all new all uh all new x-men um yeah so yeah th this was kind of the the new team and uh you know as far as the cast of characters goes you got kind of a mix of, of villains or not really straight up villains but people who play the middle of the road i guess you could say uh and just straight anti-heroes yeah and just straight up good guys um that have no problem killing people so <laughs> Uh, it's a pretty cool cast of, of dudes and, and we're dealing with, um, well, basically from the cover, I don't know is, is cause beast pops up later in the issue. He wasn't on the cover though. Was he? I don't think that's beast. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, this, as far as things go, uh, gets off to a good start. Uh, really kind of has a strong setup to it. Um, and, and, you know, as far as that goes, we're going to uh, get into things here and let you know uh, how this starts off. Um, it, it looks like off the bat we just have some random psychics. I don't know. My uh, X-Men knowledge isn't, you know, 100% perfect, but um, is this white-haired chick just a random to you? or Yeah, she's, she's okay. just a random. Good. So I'm right there. Uh, and, and then we, we go to page... Uh, two, which is really the first splash page of the book, and you see just a bunch of other psychics, uh, and you pick up from the narration uh, going on that, that there's somebody out there attacking uh, various psychics, and and the narration kind of really gets into how a lot of these people are similar. Like, you know, once you realize you have this power, you either go into hiding so you, so you don't really have to deal with everybody and all their thoughts all the time. Or you kind of embrace it a little bit and you become more powerful and you can deal with, you know, the constant assault on your brain. Um, so, so it was a pretty cool way of, of setting the mood. And, you know, because I, I'm always uh, confused as far as like what psychics can do and all this power and, and all this stuff, you know, they're capable of. Um, and with Marvel and the whole astral plane stuff, you know, that, that's another added dimension of craziness going on. So. Uh, this this really kind of does a good job of spelling it out for you if, if you're confused about what they're able and, and not able to do, you know? Are you there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like staring at the art. I'm like looking at um, all the psychics at the top, on the top panels, how it yeah. looks like, um, how it looks like, like through their stress or whatever, or, or the attack on them, like everything's like blowing out from then 
from them outward. Yeah, like there's yeah. Like a, a whirlpool around every one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool effect. You see all uh, what is that dead fish around that dude in that last boat? Just yeah, from yeah. His, his power expelling out. So if he didn't die, he'd have had a hell of a fishing haul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and the guy with all the dead birds, like he's got yeah. dead birds all around. Yeah, him. that guy would have made some money and. Uh, he he would have been set for a while, but he's dead. Um, I I really did enjoy the narration, um, which is uh, oh god, what's his, I, why is his name escaping me? Oh yeah, Shadow King. Like, Shadow uh, King. Yeah, you, you don't really yeah. find out till the end of the issue when the reveal and you see his speech bubbles and shit, and you you make the connection. But um, yeah, you can tell it's somebody bad when when the just by the dialogue and the tone of of what he's saying. Um, so you know it's That's not in the color. Yeah, you know it's not one of the X-Men kicking off this narration here. Um, the the situation really doesn't waste any time from, from that point forward, uh, really kicking into high gear. We see uh, Psylocke. Is that how you say her name? Or do yeah, you say Psylocke. Pooksley? I used to say Pooksley <laughs> for some reason. Um, <laughs> when I was a little kid, that's how I would read it, Pooksley. Uh, Pooksley. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like, like when i would read the x-men books in the 90s that's what it was to me pooksley um but uh, i know it's psylocke now i just wanted to verify for for you know uh people get on my case with my dialect sometimes on twitter but um <laughs> anyway uh pooksley's like uh pooksley fuck i did it <laughs> sorry, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Psylocke is in London uh, at this moment in time, and she ends up becoming the next victim of these uh, psychic attacks. And instead of just dying, she's she's trying to fight it off at this moment in time. Um, and these these uh, psi butterflies start expelling from her, um, and the, and they're basically what we find out from the next couple pages is going out to various X Men. Uh, kind of close to her that she knows and and are relatively in the area that she's at. Like, it, it seems like a lot of these people are somewhere near Europe. You know what I'm saying? Like, because uh, we yeah, go yeah. through the character introductions. We got Bishop, who's in the British Museum doing research. Um, Angel, who's in Scotland, just kind of flying around. Uh, then we got Phantom X and Gambit, who are in Paris uh, doing a job. And we got Old Man Logan and Rogue who are just chilling, flying over the North Atlantic somewhere. You know what I like um, about this is that um, because, you know, uh, Shadow King is psychic and he's attacking all these people and he's in their heads when she sends out those butterflies to, like, uh, you know, give them their warning or their, her call for help. You know, he can he can feel that, too. So, like, he yeah. knows who these butterflies are going out to. And then that goes into the narration when, you know, each butterfly goes to a person, he starts introducing them and giving a little history on them. And I was like, oh, it's just so natural, you know, it yeah. flows. Yeah. It was, it was a cool way to, uh, basically all, all they're doing here is just introducing you to characters you already know and showing you who's going to be in the book. Uh, but, but it's a cool way to not make it repetitive and boring when you got the, the bad guy narrating, who uh, Psylocke is involving in this situation, he, he's really setting into motion. Um, so, so, yeah, it's like good planning on his part because he, he really gets a sense of who he has to prepare for uh, going forward. Yeah. Um, 
So, so once we see the psi butterflies really attached to the various members they've been sent out to, uh, we, we check back in on Psylocke, and she has gone full psychic butterfly herself and attached herself to this giant building in London, which I'm sure has a name that I'm just not privy to at this moment in time. <laughs> Because uh, it looks pretty distinctive, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not Big Ben, the clock tower, but it'd be like uh, this butterfly attaching attaching itself to the equivalent of, like, I don't know, the Statue of Liberty and something in New York. It's recognizable. I just didn't feel like doing research and looking up pointed structures in England and having to hunt through all that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So one yeah. of our o overseas fellas, if you want to help us out with that, uh, let us know what the hell that building is. Holler at us. Um so yeah, uh, everybody starts converging on Psylocke's location. They know she's in trouble. They've got the gist of that from these these butterflies, which have kind of filled them in on the situation. And the first ones on the scene are Old Man Logan and Rogue. Um, Rogue decides she's gonna, you know, take the situation head on. Starts heading in Psylocke's direction, like flying towards her. Because uh, she's she's like, oh, I'm going to do what I, I'm going to do and, you know, suck her power out to, to knock her out for for a little while and, and put an end to this. But as she's getting close to Psylocke, uh, these, I don't know, I don't really know how to describe them. They're like mini psychic arrowheads, like pink little pointy things start flying psychic at her. And, and Yeah, they're kind of like psychic bullets, I guess you could say. Um just flying at her and start penetrating her skin, which she's like, well, this ain't good because my skin's impenetrable, you know? Uh, and as she's getting close to Psylocke, uh, the spears have, like, she's she's gone through this mist of spears, but then they have now reversed course and are coming back for her. And she's like, well, this ain't good because I'm not going to be able to, to take that again, you know? Um. So then Angel arrives in the nick of time and, and does his, uh, you know, wrap the wings around her thing and protects both of them uh, fr from this next wave coming at them. Um, and that's, this is when not necessarily the art is bad. It just gets a little confusing because Gambit and Phantom X arrive on the scene in probably what is the craziest damn vehicle I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, yeah, like, his insane yeah it, it's like a glowing circle uh with kind of spider legs on it that float i don't really know how else to describe it's, it other than that it's crazier than you could it's crazier than it looks because um i'm pretty sure it's alive like it has sentience oh, okay and uh he can plug his brain into it and there's also this crazy place inside called the world where it's like this this fucking insane different reality and it's yeah, kind of that, like that's essentially where phantom x was made right that's where he was created yeah yeah as an experiment His ship is so insane yeah so he's got these crazy ass powers i i personally love phantom x i think he's a badass character he he's probably uh you know one of the reasons i was mainly attracted to this book because i'm like god god get damn it old man logan's in every fucking x-men book you know um <laughs> Not that I don't like him, but I, I need a different reason to be attracted to this book besides Old Man Logan, and, and Phantom X was a big reason for all that. I like that you got a bunch of 
you got a bunch of characters that are are not mainstays pretty much except for, i mean rogues and uncanny avengers but everybody else nobody has a book aside from old man logan and rogue yeah. like these are all characters that just pop up in certain x-men books but now they're part of a team which is yeah. really awesome a, ra a random team too because it, they, they just happen to be in the area all this went down so so they're forced all together into this situation um but, you know, back to the events at hand in Phantom X's vehicle, uh, which is in midair at this point, and it starts getting attacked by these psychic bullets, which are just essentially flying around this entire area Psylocke's in. Uh, probably, you know, she has control of them, but she's not in control of herself right now. So they're, they're taking out everybody trying to help her. Um, and it looks like at this point they take out this vehicle. Doesn't it look like it? They these psychic uh, bullets blow it to smithereens. Yeah, it looks like pieces of it just get it just gets ripped into pieces. Yeah, but so, the good part about that is it's um, the ship is self healing, so even if it gets ripped apart, it can put itself back together. So okay, <laughs> all right. So the just the weird part is you like never see them fall because when you turn the page, you you check in no. on old man Logan who is seeing these psychic bullets take out helicopters in the area. And now they're going after people. So he's trying to get in the way, from what I understand, of these bullets from hitting these people, right? Yeah. Is that what you've picked up from this? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. He's trying to jump and take the attention away from the, the civilians. Yeah, civilians all running for cover. And it looks like he does it because the next time you see old man Logan, he's just beat to shreds. You know what I'm saying? His clothes are all ripped. He's all tattered up. Uh, and then... Right above that, you see these bullets also taking on Phantom X and Gambit, who are on the ground at this point in time. So they've gone from midair to the ground, safe and sound. Yeah, they don't really, they don't really show what happened to the ship. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's why I was like, cause I had to go back and, and look at this real close, because this is just like the transitions. The art is amazing, but the transitions are yeah. a little muddled. Um, need some ammo. Phantom X throws him some... Uh, cartridges so he's going to start using these bullets to like fling <laughs> them around so cool. and take, yeah i thought so too uh take you out these psychic spears you charge those clips with his power like that's yeah. the bad, most badass thing uh, the next most badass thing is he throws them at Th phantom x and phantom x catches the clips with the guns like he just turns the gun sideways and like catches the clips inside yeah. the gun and just loads of his fucking So they're badass. both using like the same ammo that actually has an effect on these psychic psychics uh spears slash bullets because I mean cutting them and doing stuff like that is having no effect on them. You know, like even when they hit you they're not disappearing it seems like because they just keep circling back around. It makes sense because Gambit's power is kinetically charging things, so kinetic energy versus kinetic energy. So you know they could, yeah, yeah, uh, destroy it. Probably. That's not a problem I have with it. I'm just trying to, <laughs> like the the no, ones that are hitting Wolverine are like circling back and hitting them again. The ones that were hitting Rogue were circling back and hitting them again. So unless you do something to these spears, it seems like they just keep They're circling around and drilling you. You know what I'm saying? Um. So we check back in on Logan again, and, and he's got these spears coming for him once again. You know, he's about to take another assault when it looks like Bishop arrives and he uses some futuristic gun he has to take care of him. So he saves old man's Logan's ass. Uh, and they have a funny little exchange. He's like, 
you're the Logan that killed all the X-Men in your dimension, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, yep. He's like, you going to do it again? He's like, probably won't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't want to. Probably won't. That's, <laughs> that's great. Guess yeah. we'll see. <laughs> and their, uh, their exchange gets interrupted because Angel comes swooping down to grab Bishop. He's like, we need you up top, dude. Uh, and we check in on Psylocke, Rogue. Yeah, the Psylocke and Rogue situation going on up top. Because Rogue is is basically like at this point, listen, I, I can suck her power out, but then all that's going to do is just be me the one exploding psychic power out everywhere, you know? Yeah. So they need a way to, to really get rid of it, which is why Angel brought um, Bishop up, because Bishop is then going to take the power from Rogue, which he ends up doing by Rogue kissing him, and, and uh, Bishop can then expel it into the air. And this is all a really cool scene of uh, just like teamwork and using everybody's powers yeah. to solve a situation, which was uh, just one of the highlights of the issue is awesome way to get everyone on the team involved. That's in the area for a random reason and some quick thinking to solve the problem at hand, at least the first one, you know, it really was great. Cause especially like I, I see in a lot of team books that that's one of the aspects they seem to forget for some reason is, you know, making the team work together as a team and using their powers in a, in a interesting way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like every, everyone, there's four people up top here and they've all contributed. Well, except Psylocke who's causing the situation. Uh, yeah. They've all contributed to solving the problem. Um, Angel brought Bishop up, rogue touched Psylocke. Rogue kissed Bishop. Bishop got rid of the power, and and it you know problem solved for now. Um, so then all the X Men get back together, and I can't tell if they're in the air at this point or on the ground. It looks like they're back in the air because Phantom X's vehicle is at least healed partially enough to fly for now, even though it looks beat up still. Um, yeah. Uh, I just made a connection. I'll tell you when we get there, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so old man, Logan Gambit and Phantom X arrive and they start chatting with Rogue and everybody. Um, and that's when we finally see quote unquote beast arrive out of this vehicle. And here's my stupid ass connection. I just made because mystiques on the goddamn cover and beast comes walking out of here and beast isn't on the cover. Yeah. So yeah this is most likely mystique. <laughs> Uh, I saw like a bunch of people complain because this is like a, an old character design for Beast. Like he's got, yeah, it's yeah, like the more. The and and someone said that because he looked like that because of uh, the serum that he took. I think it was maybe mutant growth hormone was like um, devolving him into more cat than man. And and the reason why he doesn't look that like that anymore is because they fixed that problem. But I, you know, who cares? I mean, that's a little. I I thought that was a little nitpicky, but. Yeah, that's not you know, a problem. If it I is have mystique, every artist no, draws beasts differently. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> all do. I think um, it's just an artistic thing. It's not. There's no reason behind Beast looking this way in this book. No, in IVX, Kenneth Rocafort and IVX number zero drew Beast like a cat. Um, so it, it's it doesn't really matter. Plus, it's mystique, so it can be totally forgiven that she's doing it from her like memory imprint of him. So. Because it's not yeah, really it, Beast. You, you can come up, too. you know, with a, with a hundred different reasons for why Beast looks the way he does. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just whatever artist 
is drawing him at that point in time, they draw their interpretation of beast and nobody really cares, or there's not a house style for what he should look like, you know? Um, yeah. Which is weird, but re regardless, that's how beast has been forever. So it doesn't like, it doesn't even phase me when I see beast looking different in, in a, from book to book, you know? Um, no, nah, me neither. Uh, so yeah, the, the X-Men are all discussing things now. And, and basically this is the point where Psylocke, uh, has figured out what's going on, so she's filling everybody in on what's up. She's like, you know, th this was straight up. She just comes out and says it. She's like, this was Shadow King. Uh, I thought I had him imprisoned on the astral plane and under control. Apparently, that's not what's going on. He's trying to basically make a web of psychics across the country and and build this power up so he can come back into the real world and get out of get out of the astral plane as far as being stuck there goes, you know? Um, so that's the gist of what I understood going down here. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, she yeah. also said that she um, she also, at one point in time, imprisoned him in her mind so she knows exactly what he feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that this is... Um, it's also mentioned that he's been taking out lower-level psychics, like the ones that kind of hang out by themselves, but they're not powerful enough or he's killed all of them he can and doesn't have enough power yet to do what he wants to do. So he's got to go after these stronger, you know, X-Men type psychics like Psylocke and the Jean Greys of the world. So he can be powerful enough and just, like she says, he wants to make the, essentially the world burn. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. He wants to take <clears throat> That's it over. That's a lot of power too. Yeah. And uh, uh, Emma. Yeah, and Psylocke's like, I can't, I won't be able to withstand another one of those attacks. So what what we have to do is we have to do this right this second. We have to go get him and take care of him, possibly kill him right now. Um, and they do. They decide to enter the astral plane, like right on the spot where they're at, at this building. Because they're in the air at this point, right? Yeah, they're at the top of that building that uh, Psylocke was climbing as a giant butterfly. <laughs> Um, so they, yeah, I know that giant butterfly thing kind of made me laugh, but I was like, Oh, it's kind of cool at the same time, you know? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, they, they have this brief discussion about who's going to go in and who's going to stay and protect the people going in because they're defenseless as they enter the astral plane in the physical world. Um, so Alex, like I can link you and send you in the only part I'm fuzzy on because they don't really show the X-Men in the astral plane at this point, is is Psylocke just linking the five of them to go in, or is she going to be joining them? I think she's going to be joining them. Okay. Because, um, yeah, I was a little sketchy on if she'd be with them or not, or if she's just the link to get them in there. Actually, you know what? I think you're right. I think... Um... I, I don't. I think she's probably uh, gonna use everything she has just to send them in because she says, "I'm sending you in now. Be ready the moment you arrive." Meaning, like she's not gonna be there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so I guess we'll have to wait for next issue to truly find out because they don't really tell us. Because as she's sending everybody in, she kind of opens her eyes um, in in a cool panel at the bottom of the page, and then you see uh, the bad guy, the the Shadow King. Goes by, goes by the spider, and let me get this name right. Amal Farouk is his, I guess, real name. Um, that sounds right. Yep. Yeah. So he looks pretty cool. I mean, he looks like 
Kingpin's body attached to like Madam Web's legs, giant spider web. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> looks creepy as fuck, too. Yeah. And, and he's hanging out in this giant astral plane spider web, and he's got obviously a bunch of like most likely psychic people trapped in this web. Like, uh, yeah, I think those are the psychics that he's been taking, killing. Yeah. Because then he goes over to this safe and he starts unwrapping this safe which is in one of these webs and he's kind of like talking shit the whole time you know uh like it the x-men are here um they have no idea what what they're about to to you know face i'm ready for them shit like that uh and as the cliffhanger arrives for us um we we kind of see his face in the hole (laughs) yeah he's got a uh professor xavier uh, in this safe, all chained up. So he's got like the astral plane, Professor Xavier. So I guess when you die, when you're a psychic, you don't die. You go to the astral plane. Is that, what, or is this just? Or um, he could have escaped. Like when he died, instead of dying, like he could have jumped his consciousness at that moment to the astral to plane. The plane. So his body yeah. died, but his, mind, like his consciousness probably what happened a little bit. Um, Regardless, we see Xavier all wrapped up in chains, tied up, and his dialogue box says, yes, Amal, I couldn't agree more, meaning he's ready to take on the X-Men with uh, you know, the Shadow King. And his word box is basically the Shadow King's word box. So you get the idea the Shadow King has him under control at this point in time, which is pretty crazy. Um, and this might be kind of like an opening the door for... Charles Xavier to maybe pop back into the books. I don't know. Uh, I think so. I but that's because all they need to do is up. find him a body. Yeah, that's how things wrap up. Um, and it, you know, pretty cool issue. It, there's not, to be honest with you, there's not a lot that happened. Uh, it's essentially one locational scene that takes place over the entire issue, and, and it's a lot of fighting and, and taking things on. Uh, like a lot happened like that's the crazy i was that's what i was thinking of right before because i read it right before we went on and i was thinking i'm like you know it it all takes place within uh like a not a few moments but it all takes place in like one spot kind of and it happens pretty quick but at the same time it feels like it took a long time for it to happen and and so much shit happened inside of this like one fight that's just like a prelude to what's really going to happen yeah, I know. Uh, it's just basically um, a standard introduction, number one issue, but it's just done very, very well. So, you know, yeah. as far as buy, borrow, or forget it goes, uh, I don't know. You're the X-Men guy, so why don't you take it away? Let let everyone know what you think. All right. I uh, First, I just wanted to say about uh, Jim Chung's art. I, I love Jim Chung. I loved Conspiracy. I, lo- I, I love all the covers that he does. He does so many covers over the years for so many different events. He did. He just did Clone Conspiracy. Uh, his Young Avengers, like, I love Jim Chung, and his art is, like, so friggin' detailed in this book, it's crazy. Like, there are a couple of panels where, um, actually, literally a couple, just two panels that are, are pretty small, where, you know, you get, like, dots for eyes, but other than that, like, almost everything is just so detailed, yeah. and, and, like, That's when you're looking good. at coats, you can see, like, the crinkles in the coats, and it's just... So damn good. I uh, I love the cast of characters. I love that we don't we're not getting like you know aside from old man Logan. I mean Rogue's only in one book and she only ever shows up in that book. So aside from Logan, you know we're getting a bunch of people that 
we don't get to spend a lot of time with. You know, we see in passing, or we don't see at all. Like I, I, I can't remember the last time anyone saw Bishop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved uh, Phantom X, uh, and, and there's so many things going on in this book before it happens, like uh, like Phantom X and Gambit. Like Gambit's robbing the friggin' Louvre. Yeah, they're they're and, uh, working together, goes, and they're not like huge fans of each other, which is just interesting. Off, yeah, that, and the only reason why they're working together is because Gambit owes Phantom X money, and <laughs> and that's the whole yeah. reason why he's following him in. Yeah, he uh, doesn't trust Gambit to pay him back. Yeah, he doesn't trust him to pay him back, and he's gonna like be on his ass and protect him because if he dies, he can't pay him back. So he's like gonna be his bodyguard and best friend and he basically yeah. says he's like oh this is he's my best friend until he pays me my money going on there they're they're like um those two were my some of my favorite parts of this book like the clips when gambit charges the clips and throws them to him but he's shooting like all the the kinetically charged bullets and, and that's that's another thing i like like when you said that uh you know, they all come together as a team and use their powers in interesting ways. Like, you know, um, Angel brings Bishop up. Rogue takes the energy from Psylocke. She uh, pushes it into Bishop so Bishop can get rid of it. Like, great teamwork. And then at the bottom, you got uh, the only two people who have defense against these um, psychic blades. You know what I mean? Because, you know, his kinetically charged bullets, kinetically charged playing cards. So they're the only two people who can, like, pretty much destroy these little psychic blades and they're on the ground doing that you know what i mean so everybody's playing their part i love the narration it was so great it uh it didn't feel it didn't feel forced nothing felt forced in this issue uh it totally made sense when he was introducing all the characters because when psylocke sent out you know her psychic call for all of them because he's controlling her and in his mind he can follow those calls so he can be like oh it's gambit and then you know he gives like a little introduction to gambit oh it's angel it gives a little introduction it just totally said, like charles sewell just did a great job um i love it it's a buy for me i'm yeah. glad professor x was at the end i i hope i hope they bring him back he's been dead for like five going on six years it's you know it, it, it's long enough that um it's not he hasn't been away He's been away for a long time, so if they brought him back now, it wouldn't be cheap. You know what I mean? It's not like bringing yeah. Logan back now. Like it, it wouldn't be like he died for nothing. Now we're all of a sudden bringing him back quick. It's been like five, six years. So fucking much has happened since Avengers vs. X-Men. So it makes total sense. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a fun book. Uh, like, like I said, the, the art was fantastic. There are a few transitional problems um, as far as understanding what, what those goddamn little spears were going and doing but uh, i think that that's just like the nature of that weapon it was hard to really come across clearly uh the intentions and the the i don't know the strengths and weaknesses of what was flying around there i guess other than that everything yeah. else i liked um you know uh, and, and even like that would it, it's not a huge problem it's just like on one or two pages so uh the story was cool it's, it's just a perfect way to introduce you to the team and, and get you uh, hooked on the the concept going forward for uh, you know however long they they feel like running with it because um, they haven't really established many plans for this aside from being a Shadow King story you know what I'm saying a long running Shadow King story uh, but uh, but yeah, I, it's a like, issue, yeah like I hope it does end up 
if that's the point of the book, ultimately bringing well, Professor X back to life, that would be just a cool thing to follow and, and read along with, you know. Uh, not that Professor X. Um, change it. Yeah, not not that he's one of my favorite characters. Like I need him back, but I think he, he gives the X Men like a, a good establishing uh, leadership type position, and and it would be cool them. to have him back again. Yeah, like in, it just limit all the infighting going on with you know constantly changing leaders and all this shit. Um, just setting teams instead of people hopping back and forth because they're sick of this X Men or they're sick of you know just drama going down. So. Uh, you know, it'd be cool, cool end purpose uh, for a story. And, you know, if that's what Marvel Legacy is leading to, that's what we all really want, you know. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely a buy for me. I think it's hard to say after one issue, but this is the most intriguing X-Men story along with Old Man Logan for me out of all the books out right now. And, and you know, that's where I'm at. So it feels uh, like the most x-men book of out of all the x-men yeah. books <laughs> yeah it really does you know because the and, and i like that it's monthly it's not one of the bi-weekly commitments um where you can't count on the art to be top-notch every issue and you know uh just just another problem with like the bi-weekly um books is they seed like in issue one or two this super intriguing story uh and story point and then it's barely it's addressed yeah, on like one page in in the next four or five issues, yeah. you know. Suffers. And uh, you know what I like? like? For example, the oh. Magneto wanting to send the kids back, and the um, the Executioner guy in X Men Gold. Like those are the two most interesting Daddy. things in that book, well, and they're, they're barely happening right now. And this remember? is just addressing the main problem head on, which is cool. Here's here's the cool thing about it is. Um, Oh, where is it? I'm looking for it. Oh, I don't have it here. Shit. Anyway, here's the cool part. Remember at the end of X-Men Blue where it showed all the things that are coming? And, and at the bottom panel, it was Professor X saying, to me, my X-Men. You know, that kind of yeah. ties in with this book, which is pretty cool because also on the art, every issue is going to have a different A-list artist. Like this one was done by Jim Chung. The next one was done by... Um, Mike Diodato, I think after that, is like Ed McGinnis or something. Like every... Every issue is going to have like you know one of the best artists that Marvel has, and they said that Astonishing is going to be the vehicle that changes the like at, towards the end of its story. It's going to change every X Men book. So like what happens in this book is going to like reverberate throughout the whole entire X Men universe. You know, so I mean that's pretty cool, especially with Professor. Yeah, X, it seems like the back. one to follow right now, and it's not the the eight dollar a month investment you know so uh yeah. if you're if you're getting sketchy on the gold or the blue teams i think astonishing is is the way to go for now and see where that leads you so we both recommend you buy um and we're gonna wrap this bad boy up if you guys are looking for a little more marvel talk we do the marvel madness comics podcast that comes out every monday afternoonish. um we got three books this week along with this one secret empire six Spectacular Spider-Man 2 and All New Guardians 6. So if you want to hear that, join us over there. Um, but personal accounts, I'm at BMER3660. If you're looking for Trevit, where can they find you, man? Uh, you can find me at Afronatics. And we'll be there all week. You can yell at us, tell us our opinions suck or agree with us. We like that too. So uh, <laughs> party is going to be over on this end. you want to tell everybody? Party's over, <laughs> and we will talk to you next week, guys. Peace out.
that's cold, that's cold. It's too easy. Rap games, Wolverine. Mixed with heavy drugs and DNA of an ogre gene. Suffering suck attached, I'll tell you, yes, smithereens. Hide in the black bird, and I don't need a hit of green. Sip and serve the similar to Listerine. A rap off the top of my head. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. Wee, thanks, Dancing Mike. This is the green section, Eric. And if I was sure going to go with that song there, I would say most of the books this week may be just okay, uh, maybe bad. Uh, yeah. Whew. And we are recording this out of order, and we're just coming to the realization, yeah, th- this week is not this solid. This week is sucks. It? This week sucks, Eric. This is the green section. Uh, I would say maybe the most positive of sections and that is uh, that is a backhanded compliment because yeah. it is the tell us midget the circus for all of the hype and, and the enthusiasm that we have had in the last couple of weeks it's really dying out this week and it's funny too because as we're recording this uh we're reading a lot of news from San Diego Comic-Con and then we would have heard some of the news at the beginning of this podcast so this yeah. is a point when everybody gets excited like you get a lot of news you hear books and even even so like i'll tell you and and we would have talked about it earlier but there's some news that you're excited for some that i think is nonsense we're talking but at least it's something you know what i mean even when i'm like oh i don't want to i don't want that book it's still something new and it's still fresh and it also lets me know with all these new books coming out that there are something's gonna be going yeah. yeah, you would hope. You would hope, but the, the problem is, I guess the big cancellations will be November, uh, because a lot of these books that they are announcing seem yeah, to be October's happening around now. Out, so, yeah, October's yeah. are already out, so you would guess that November is going to be when the hammer falls on a lot of these. Now, the books that we're talking about in this section, none of them are going to have the hammer fall, though no, I do think not. there could be a possibility of maybe... Two of these hitting the once a month deal, maybe becoming monthly. This is where I think that, and that's this is the green section. We're talking about Green Lanterns, Green Arrow, and then say, Justice yeah, yeah. League. I, would I think say Green Arrow my, might be. Uh, creative change first. Really, yes. I don't. I uh, because if I would say Green Arrow is going to go, I think they're really you know hedging their bets on Ben Percy, and I think that what they do. Well, you had Cyborg, and the Cyborg, the sales were really bad, so they did just go monthly. Yes. Then you've had you know, Blue Beetle, which was already monthly. You have a creative team change. I don't know how they go. Aquaman went like, too we monthly. To, yeah, we had so to see most, where it seemed like you know, the bi-weekly books would go freaking monthly, and then like we'll see how that works out. And then a creative team change. But the, exactly, but the thing is, it didn't help Cyborg in anything. I think no, it it's never going to help more. And no, so I think yeah. they might switch up their game plan. You know what? Maybe we'll try. They creative. might. This, this I actually, I don't know. With Cyborg, yeah. I think it was just basically, listen, we can't, we, we can't afford to be putting two of these books out Seriously. a month. Just, we're going to let you finish up your story and go from there. Well, we, we did Get hear uh, Brian Hitch, who will, this will be the third book, the Just League book. He's leaving. So uh, he's leaving in six, seven, I think six issues. He's done. So yeah, he, he's going to be out. So there will be a creative team change 
there, but this seems more like him and maybe him and DC both having a mutual agreement to leave, uh, <laughs> it seems. I, I think they respect him too much to actually come out and say, you're fired. I, I think they let him Well, I think say, he's under contract, isn't he? Well, no, I just think that he's – I don't think that they sign like things too much in advance. I just think well, he's signing things. And even so, they'll just pay him off or he'll be on another book. He's on that one-shot Hawkman, Hawkman deal. Hawkman, that maybe yeah. Hawkman find, found doing art, and they'll probably find some ways to, to slip him in on art as well. Uh, but I think that once they've opened the Pandora's box with him, he's all, he's a rightist now, and, and it's tough. It really is. It's like being a head coach of a team and then all of a sudden being asked to be a coordinator again. It really is a step down, and, and it, it's tough for some people to take that. We'll see what goes on with him. Uh, but yeah, we might as well just start it, Eric. I'm not looking forward to this section of books. I'm really not. Usually I get, uh, there, there's usually something in a section that I'm like, okay, this will be fun. Even if it's like, oh, this will be fun ripping these books apart. I'm telling you, the, these the are only just section I'm looking forward to moving ahead from now is Reggie's section. Yeah. Yeah. May, how, how about the end section? Because then we could get over. Yeah, done. No, because that's great. Yeah, we have to the end section does have two for that. Yeah. Yeah, it has some crap-ass books, too. God, this this week is is not a good week. Sorry, really everybody. <laughs> it really isn't. The, the most positive I had of any book was the Patreon-only, uh, you know, uh, Super Sun Spotlight. Yeah. I had fun with that. Sure did. did. have fun with these. Everybody get, get on, on the there. Patreon. You want to let, hear some let, good stuff? You know what? Yeah, here we go, Eric. We have to start because the sooner we start, the, the sooner we'll be over with these. Hit it, Eric. Green Lanterns number 27, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Ronan Coquette, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. The Green Lanterns find themselves on a strange road with little hope of finding a way home. The Corps won't respond, the Justice League won't respond, and with everything on this planet trying to eat them and Simon being without a ring, it looks like they might not even survive the night. Thankfully, though, they come across the energy signatures of a White Lantern, but to their surprise, they find the infant life entity itself and come to discover that they've been on home, they've been home their entire time, only 10 billion years in the past. Things don't look good for our Lantern heroes, but hopefully with the arrival of the first seven Green Lanterns, they'll at least have some help. Or yeah. will they? Or will they? I'll give you a ding. You, you kind of fumbled. A I got there, a little fumble. It was like hand. a fumble, but you picked it up and ran mm-hmm. it in anyway. Uh, this issue is okay. Like in Mike's song, it's okay. Uh, it's good to see both Jessica and Simon again. And at least getting uh, back to our goddamn Green Lanterns. It is doing getting back something. to the Green Lanterns. The problem I have, the big problem I have, is just nothing happens. And in a series where we are now 27 issues in and not a lot has been happening, it, it's starting to really get annoying. It, it really is uh, annoying to me that nothing is going on. Uh, you start off, and basically, I, I, there is not much to talk about this issue. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, for the most part, in my mind this book's the pacing in the beginning is so off because you know we have jessica and simon they're apart from one another yeah simon doesn't have a ring so he's fucking useless and it does not pick up until you know to the majority to the end of the issue when they freaking like realize that the fucking white lantern energy is around now we start out with jessica cruz you know realizing she's on some fucked up world and she doesn't know where the hell she is and then she has to fight for her life because there's fucking giant spitting insect monsters that look like i don't know this first one we see here really looks like it's almost mechanical on the inside I was so confused, but even before that, she starts off. She looks like she's, uh, you know, she's all stretchy. She's coming out of the, yeah, the yeah. warp. She's doing the time warp. Time saw, Let's yeah. do the time warp again. There, I Eric, and she comes Just out to the left, and she's just sitting there, and she's like, "Oh, what is the fuck is that little freaking that fire demon that whistles at her? What, what happened? I don't know what. What is it? 
What don't happened? I, I don't know what that is. It's just like, whoop, whoop. And she's like, what? Oh, you're cute. Wait, where the hell am I? And then they just go from there and she's being attacked by, by freaking a big giant fucking bug. I didn't know what was going on. And I really was thrown off. Like, this was going. And I'm like, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. All of a sudden, Jessica's just... Like, all like, of a sudden, you think you missed a page? Yeah. It was like a grand tour of, of nothing. I, nowhere. I don't know. Because then yeah. she's like, I hate bugs. I'm like, is this... I actually, at the point, she came out. Now, I, I did realize, I you know, I remembered what happened. Right. Uh, you know, you had Volthoom yell, uh, activated, the, pretty 15, much activated yeah. the lantern. And, and we thought that they went to Earth... 15 but the thing I is when it. this yeah well when this went on i actually thought that she had woken up in some sort of hellish nightmare because things just kept changing well i'm it, telling uh, you fucking the thing is star wars i've realized have ruined me because you know we start out with jessica here and it looks like she's on a lava world yeah and you know because in my mind growing up star wars Planets only have one. Yeah, they only have one them. deal. So she's yeah. on a lava world, and then when we see Simon, he's on a fucking grassy plain with cliffs yeah. and shit. Like, then like you know, and you're, like, you right, thought he was on a different world, world probably. And yeah, then, like, I'm the just telling you. Keeps changing. Like, this is a wacky yeah, world. Yeah, the world. transition though no, from that. World. It, from the volcanic deal to her, just she's there. Where the hell am I? Next thing, she's jumping out of the way of a bug. And I, I just didn't know what happened. She's slicing the bug up, uh, asking well, asking I, I, the ring stuff, and it's like, you know, the ring's talking to her like a normal person, like they have set up. But it's still, I'm like, I, I just don't know what's going on. She's like, where are the Green Lanterns? There's no Green Lanterns available. And we know, you know, right away I thought, well, it's because Simon doesn't have his ring. His yeah. ring got destroyed. Though he still has his uniform, which drives and me And it nuts. bothers the hell out. I didn't even too. put it in my review because I'm like, I've been bitching about that yeah, so we much say in this different all books. The time. Like, I figured I'll, I'll wait for the podcast because people yeah. on the podcast love to hear me bitch about continuity. Yeah. Well, it's it's even worse to me because, uh, yeah, as Simon's running away, it looks like his his uniform is torn yep. up. And I'm like, God, that's not how it works, guys. Uh, but these big birds come in. And basically all this Bird is persons. is like some crazy, like, fantastic island. You know, one of those. It, it reminds me it's a lot of those is, movies. By the time at the end, like, I've already spoiled it with my fucking blurb in the beginning there. Yeah. But this is Earth. Ten billion years to yeah. I'm like. I don't understand exactly. Yeah, I don't how understand this works. earth. I want to know yeah. when the freaking fossil records for these goddamn yeah. monsters oh, show up. I'm telling you, please, please, Sam Humphreys, don't ever let Brett Booth see this issue. He will, he will oh fucking flip a lid because he is very particular in accuracy in any sort of prehistoric anything. And yeah, this is really nonsense. It's a I'm lot. Funny, of, we, I'm sorry, we have little fire entities, like little kid fire entities that are like you yeah. know three inches high that whistle at you. Yeah. Then we have giant insects that spit fucking looks like you know some kind yeah. of goo at you. And then we have fucking. Bird gorillas. Bird gorillas. Yeah. And and really, up until this, I can say, you know what? It's a a fun type of deal if you're on an alien planet. If you are on some planet that we don't know of, whatnot, whatever, uh, it it does kind of reveal in a Planet of the Apes type of reveal kind of uh, that it is Earth at the beginning. And it just, it throws it all off. Now Simon's going, he gets picked up by gorilla birds. uh, They're grabbing him. And then Jessica comes. Comes in as a big giant cat, grabs uh, Simon, goes away. They're very happy to see each other, which they would be, and it's cool. They're they're hanging out, but then then they're just hanging out and everywhere. This is a place. This planet at this point, 
it has the most fucked up creatures. Like this is there, there's no way, and they even say it at one point. Like there's no place on this planet that now. First off, Jessica should just make a dome around them so they can Agreed. sleep and relax. I was thinking that the entire time. I guess yeah. you know. I guess she has to keep her willpower. You know, like, and it's not like they can sleep and shift. Cause no, at least that she ring. could just do that for a little, so that yeah, they could so you know catch relax her breath or something. Yeah. Like, and, and then at the point, you know, they're dealing with the ring, and Simon doesn't have his ring, and uh, Jessica's asking and about his, you this, know, her ring if they could. I thought was the most, like, you know, incredible goddamn thing. Because my, my mind started racing with ideas because when we saw uh, Simon's ring explode two issues ago when Volthoom fucking overloaded yeah. it, we just thought it shattered. As far as yep. I know, like, thinking back, here we find out the pieces of the ring were actually embedded in Simon's forearm. And he's like, hey, yes. can you take, you know, talking to Jessica's ring, can you, re- like, remove these and, like, you know, reconstitute my ring? Yeah, no, it's yeah. too far gone. Do you want me to remove them now? Just keep them there. I'm like, this could really fundamentally change the character. He could become almost like a an Alan Scott kind of character where, like, Sentry, when, like, back in the day when he didn't have the freaking ring yeah. on, he was just the energy itself. Like, yeah, it's weird, though, because them saying that her, the ring scanning it, though, and saying that the ring is beyond repair means to me that it'll never be able to work that way. That it's, you know, it's not like it's like, no, it still has the energy. It just says it's beyond repair. I, I don't know what they're they're playing with. Because, yeah, that would be pretty cool, like you're saying, that he yeah. almost become. And that would be a, a neat thing. Now, of course, he's Because it's, it's still going on because, you know, he has that tattoo on his forearm, which yeah, I forget yeah. what the hell it means now. But because uh, you know, I think it's some Arabic language. But um. He's got the freaking piece of the ring embedded, and it's still glowing green. Like when yeah, he has still the ring activated, green. so that's I'm like, what's right, weird that it says beyond like, repair. I, I wish the that ring it said to be like you know put back together in my mind is beyond repair. But with the stuff going on in there, I think it's still you know somehow active. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it would be weird. I think that the ring would have. I wish the ring would have said something like uh, you know it's still getting uh, you know because you see it glowing, but yeah, right. who knows? But yeah, they do, and then they get attacked by what appears to be a wild boar gorilla like thing. Gorilla. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck this planet is. It is like the planet of the apes. Uh, yeah, the the transform kind of ape. world. Then, then next the thing, great disaster. Yeah, then they're trying to get away, and then there's a uh, T Rex water monster that they yeah. just. Go, it's funny too. They just fly right through that motherfucker. They don't even care. They're going and, and killing everything, and land on the beach. And like, oh, man, you know, maybe we could rest on the beach, but I don't think so. And then there's Simon. Like, screw you, Batman. I need this gun. You son Somewhere of a bitch. Screw you, yeah. Batman. I'm but like, that's, that's the thing, yeah. is too, because Simon has finally gotten over his insecurities, got rid of the gun, and now is the time now he needs, he, needs he, it. he was right all along. The, you cannot always yeah. count on the ring. No, you can't, especially when it blows up in your arm. Uh, but yeah, then all of a sudden they, they get the massive white energy reading, possible white lens present. And it's fun. I do like the way the. Uh, the ring talks to her. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, we may be safe. Like, the ring is actually... But then you go off to the planet uh, Grand, uh, Grenda, uh, and it's a vast artificial intelligence known as the Hive. Now, uh, one thing that drove me nuts, but it is... It makes sense. It never gives you a time... Like, way back... Because this is now present. We're in the present, present of Wendy. Yes. And, but they don't call that out. And it really threw me off. I was like... What's going on with this? Because all of a sudden there's this artificial intelligence with a hive, and it, it, it is a bit confusing at first. Afterwards, I, I wrap my head around it that, okay, we didn't get a time frame because we're in the present now. That's the first hint that yeah. they have gone back in time, which we knew. You knew that. We just didn't know what planet it was on, correct? Right. You, you just thought. So it ends up now. Do you think that what's going to happen is one of these seven are going to die and Simon's going to get one of their rings? Or do you think that they're going to go more? 
more with the ring uh, embedded in his arm. Which I think do you they're going to go with be? the ring embedded in their arm. He might, I because I'm saying we had the freaking seven of the um, the Green Lantern, the original yeah. seven in the Vault of Shadows. And uh, like their their bodies were all there. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean they couldn't die during this war. No, but the yeah, whole idea, they might die in this war. Um, that, yeah. it, it's just a different. These rings, in my mind, you know, they might have been reprogrammed over the century, like like billions of years that it's been now. Because you know, Jessica has one of the original seven rings, yeah, but yeah. in my mind, it has to act differently now than it did. No, back it in would. The but I'm time. saying it'd be weird to to have that go back then if he did receive a ring in the right. past and then it got all crazy. And then but, both the, both the Green Lanterns have a part of the Travel Lantern, and they are able to travel wherever they want because they combine no. the two kind of like they yeah, do with the, yeah, pow- yeah. Uh, the and power that's lantern, how they uh, get back maybe the lantern, uh, but lantern, yeah the, as they're that. going we do see the you know one of the rings being uh, you know another ring and I, where... I believe this is the seventh and final of the yeah. green lanterns i believe now and it's an artificial intelligence that's you know it's part of a hive mind it's this artificial it's almost like viger i think from like the original yep. star trek movie where it wants to find its creator because they have this yes. giant hive mind and it doesn't like it's been around for all this time and it wants to finally venture out yeah it wants and, to venture find its creator and this one like part of the artificial intelligence has been chosen so it's going to go out of the hive mind into a robotic body that's been built for it so it can do it and as soon as it goes out there it gets overwhelmed it's it, it like yeah. the door closed behind it it is disconnected from its hive mind which none of the people like none of the ai in this have ever been so no it gets and it freaks out yeah, and then it decides out, no then it, i have yeah, it to overcome goes, and, and it I does go out and do it and then the of all of these yeah, of all of these, I think that this is the one that really deserves the ring the most. I mean, well, this I'm is saying, something where... It's the most where, interesting because yes. of this AI concept, this big robotic body that it has. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's I haven't like really the, seen is that it, Is it the Forbidden Planet with the uh, gorilla it, robot? No, is no. That, the, the gorilla robot's Roman from fucking ro- Robot Monster. Robot Monster. That's what it reminded me of. For some reason, I'm like, it's like it Robot just, Monster. looks like a 50s fucking alien yeah, robot. Yeah, he does. Monster, I, I really think that I, I like the idea. It just threw me off at, at the one point. And I don't know. Just because of the pace of this book, it just – this issue and the series itself, every time I jump into an issue, it seems like I got to remember and catch up because usually the issue before – we didn't get what led into this. We're always going back and forth. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like. I really like the idea of this lantern. I really, really do. So do I. But the thing is, the one thing I don't really recall because you know the ring comes to this fucking robot monster AI yeah. thing, and it says, you know, there's a crisis. You are needed. Do you remember asking any other member? Do you accept? No. I think because that just, I always thought it was just something. It's such an odd thing to have it. Do you accept this chore? Because it just seems like people were chosen. And they have to go off and do this now. Yeah. And like actually, no. Like, I, I think that it actually may have because it was calling out this crisis. Yeah. At the beginning, I think it did. At least the last one, I think it did do that. Where okay. it was like, oh, you know, I wonder if they're gonna. And they all do anyway. So it yeah. goes. But uh, that's interesting. But then you have Simon and Jessica flying off. Sam Humphreys is trying to fucking you know pad this out even more. It's like, okay, that guy next. So I get to have another origin yeah, over here. It, it is padded out. That's the problem. But I, I'm telling you, like I said, this is not – it's not annoying. It's just I, I want it to get going. I want to see some things. He's setting this up, but it really – by the end of this, really seems like this is an issue that he needed to just throw an issue out there so that he could get things in line well, and I'm go. Well, I'm telling because, you, right now I think we're on page 17 of this book. And up yeah, until this point, done. we've had Simon and Jessica just going panic. Like, you know, Jessica's fighting for her life, finds Simon, 
and they, you know, panel after panel, they just continue yeah. fighting for their lives until the white energy is detected. Yeah, then, then they we get have the, the white energy. interlude with the goddamn, you know, the new lantern. Yeah, the new and lantern. Now we're finally moving on to the actual meat of the book with only a couple pages left. Yeah, we only like, have a couple pages, and it's, it's Simon and Jessica thing. flying off to a big giant oasis-like, uh, you know, mountain in the in the middle of the desert, and yeah. it has dinosaurs on it. Looks like dragons, like it, crazy it's got stuff. All these goddamn weird. Oh shit. yeah, well then some of that fire god. Little fire yeah. Well, then, yeah, they go underneath. They go underneath. I'm flying. Jessica has them in a ball. They're flying underneath. You have what appears to be lava whales. I mean, there's some crazy shit, which, again, it, it's cool, but it seems to be our planet. So it really throws it off. But you can say, well, it's it's the pre origins of things, it's whatever. Pre prehistory. Pre pre, because they go and they actually do find the life entity itself. And this is where what, you get the was big born reveal. on the planet Earth, which we found out in, like, you know, Black. Blackest night and yes. brightest day and shit like that. So yes. this ties it. I'm like, he's not yeah, taking any goddamn yep. liberty He's here. got and it. He didn't go too far. It's still too young, though. I'm telling you, at this point, it's still yeah. like it's, it's infant stage and it's still asleep. It has not like, yeah, I like it. energy I actually, is being emitted off of it. But that's the thing that lets us know that, oh, yes. my God, we are on We're Earth. on Earth. That is the big reveal. That is the Statue of Liberty, Eric. And, you know, they really see is. it. And and Simon's like, oh my god, the light entity. It's so yeah, really, <laughs> it's our planet. Uh, and and Jessica, oh, it's so beautiful. And that's where Simon's like, this doesn't make sense. You know, the life entity was born at the dawn of cosmos. And then like, uh, you, Simon, doing your homework. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, well, here's the thing. Uh, in the last book of this section, Just League, it seems like Simon's done a lot of homework out of okay, nowhere. Yeah, he knows everything. Uh, but Jessica's like, hey, can we wake it up? No, no, no. You know, we got d- just did the data crunching. Uh, the the life entity is not developed enough for us to wake it up yet. But I, I've checked out the charts and whatever. Uh, I found out where we are. We're actually on Earth and sea. Dun, dun, and it's, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's. It's kind of a version of that Pangea when you have all of oh, the yeah, continents yeah. together. It's a little off, I think. I actually a little why. It picture. actually bothered me a little bit. I'm like, I don't think this is right. Yeah, but it's you know a little, what? it's a, a little dummy. bit off, things. but it was okay. But there, yeah. you're, we're we're ten billion years in the past, and I can only think that Looking when at this, though, I can really tell that the Earth is flat, and then right yes. there. Yes, that earth. is true. It's the flat Earth theory. The the thing about it though is. I would have liked Volthoom to not have spelled out the Earth-15. I really would have liked him to have said, take me home. And that's where Jessica's ring ends up kind of reverting. Yes, we're going to follow the rules, but we're taking our ring bearer to her home. And the whole time travel deal got all wonky and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's just weird that it did use Volthoom's, you know, his freaking command, but then went back to here. And it it is very odd. That's the thing you got to think about because, you know, he was trying to access the travel lantern code within her ring. And he's like, take me to Earth 15. And even with that, you know, that's completely thrown out here. Like, it it didn't listen to that at all. And Jessica said, you know, get me and, you know, Simon out of here. And it responded to that, but it didn't do either because, you know, Volthoom was traveling through space, dimension, and time. Yes. You know, this whole thing with the travel. And I'm not saying that, you know, Earth 15 was 10 billion years in the past when he fucking left. Because he was going through all these different paths just trying to find something to save his home. So we go back 10 billion years in the past. This didn't do anything that anybody asked it to do. What the fuck is going no, on? No, that's that's what's weird. And I really wish 
that it would have. I really wish they would have. Sam Humphreys would have been a little more clever with it to tie it into something that was said that well, the we, ring had to follow the directions, but did it in a way that was more to Jessica's deal. Like I said, yeah. if it says "Get me home," ten billion years ago, "Get me home," and then it's like shoo, 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 and, and uh, you know, Jessica, get us yeah, out of yeah. here, and it goes back to her home, and that's the twist. It just kind of didn't make sense to me. No, it just it ended up going. Imagine this though: one of the newest script doctor in here we have this whole setup right and then we had the goddamn we see the freaking white entity the life entity i'm like holy yeah. shit this is earth but the thing is it's still earth 15 because who says the life entity didn't fucking like be born on all yeah, on all in Earths. every, so in every yeah. universe that may, and maybe it still is Ooh, no because the green lanterns show <laughs> up and know. it ruins everything well yeah they do and that's what happens then they get word uh the ring says the green lanterns are coming now at this point they realize how far back and they're lost in time but yet still think that it's hal and kyle are you an idiot i'm like yep. that's not happening you know chicky poo and uh she's like and y- you continue i'd even give guy a hug no guy is your your trainer you you kind of i know she punched him in the face or whatever i in wish my mind get you bonded a bit no i wish that you would get past this i wish that she you. i wish that she actually said oh man i hope it's guy guy even though simon should not be that bad on guy either but i would have liked to have seen you don't need that's not your kite man joke here that's you know thing. throwing shade that's at guy a thing, it actually, it kind of is at this point. It fucking, is, but, uh, but it but, shouldn't uh, be. It's weird, though, thinking about this because we, you know, we just, I just script doctored that whole thing. Said, you know, what if we were on Earth 15 still? Because, you know, life entity could have, yeah. like, you know, been born on every Earth and all the multiverse and shit like that. Weird thing is, we, the Green Lanterns do show up. We don't get to see them. They're only no. outlined in green, yeah, so and their their identities are hidden. So that's kind of an odd thing to do, especially since odd. you've taken all this time to spell to out show who us the Green these Lanterns seven are. Yes. So like, uh, is I this agree. just like you know, did they run out of time running Coquette and had just to freaking you know do this, yeah. or is like, is he still playing with something? Because I don't know Earth fifteen. Yeah, as far as we either. know, with Earth fifteen, even though Sam Humphrey screwed the fucking the continuity, it was supposed to be a dead Earth. There was yes. no life ever supposed to be on Earth fifteen. We changed it with this, so is there a Green Lantern Corps in the Earth-15 multiverse universe, I mean? And, like, and it's weird. You would think that the, the Seven Rings are the first, so you wouldn't think there'd be a core at this point, the way they're pulling it out. And like I said, the thing that was the tell to me is when they went to that hive mine uh, to get that Green Lantern uh, and get the ring, it never said in the past, in the future. I think that you know he couldn't say anything because it was in the present and right. didn't want to put that, so I thought that was a tell. The only thing that I think that's going on here, it's one of those, like I said, that that hokey story of the uh, I go back in time to see Jesus and I become Jesus and things. I think that the big threat at this point is them. That they are back now. That the big threat are these rogue lantern rings. All of a sudden, a lantern or one ring it is really, but yeah. one lantern ring. This lantern ring shows up out of nowhere in the universe, and these guys are like, you know, you would think that there'd be trouble. That's that's what I would think. Why they'd be coming here? But in all and, of and what the we weird got, part, the weird part too. I don't know how this is going to play going forward because we have the seven lanterns showing up here. Yes. So I just count them to make sure there are seven. And we see that next issue, the seven united. Yeah. Jessica's ring, Jessica's ring is, is one of the one deals. Of them. Yes, that's what I have a problem with. At this point. That's why I think that there's the problem that they go. But in, in my mind, like you said, there's a couple things thinking of going forward because 
they're on they're on the regular earth we yeah. thought that this was going to be uh them going back in time and actually being in the point where volthum gets taken down and all this yeah. stuff and goes nuts which it's i still okay. think it'll be yeah. uh but it's a weird way to get there to be and on especially earth. if we do that and we have them help take volthum down and yet he had no idea who they were when he first started this arc yeah yeah that's true too that's weird because we did have the vault the the guy who was the vault guardian who did recognize here and so here we, i believe we knew, we knew that something was going to go on there. Uh, but even so, it does seem weird. And the thing that got me at the end was, like you said, that ring is going to have some issues. That, yeah, that because really you does. Know, things occupy fucking the goddamn time here. It's, it's a fucking that's duplicate. That's trouble, Eric. That is trouble. But yeah, not much more to say about it. Nope, that's uh, it. That's the entire It didn't issue. infuriate me. It just, no. I want to get to, you know, again, I we keep saying it. I want to get to the fireworks factory and yeah, all right. these books, really. Everything seems to be treading water, uh, and I don't know why. Maybe it was like the whole thing with San Diego Comic-Con, and they didn't want, but that's stupid. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't do that. You want to have good books every why week. Why fuck yourself because there's shit going on? Yeah, you know, it's just, maybe, we just, maybe it was just a, an anomaly that all these books sunk this week, but this didn't suck no. i say suck but i don't think the suck I gave just it, i gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10 no, because that's what I, I give it i give yeah. it i like the art a lot in this issue and i'm telling you yeah even though the beginning you know with uh simon and jessica i thought the pacing was off it was very boring till we finally got to the white lantern stuff once we got to the goddamn the seventh member of the green lantern yeah. freaking being I, I really like that part and moving yeah. forward all the reveals yeah, like, i like it this is a I lot of fun i wish lantern. the rest of the book would have been like this yeah it's just it's just it's it's a nice issue mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what we always say but when and even you, I'm telling you, the, the one thing with simon too with having the ring parts embedded in his arm like that's yeah. really cool yeah, i can't that's wait cool. to see what happens i there. hope that it does come for you know goes to something like you said and it's just not it's just uh making sure that we realize he still has them century he was sentinel back in the day okay i'm telling you i i'm worried that all they did to say that was just so that we realize that he still has the shards so that later yeah the ring can't uh bring it back but somehow they'll be able to bring it back and it'll just have a ring again i it might be just that call out so we realize when it does happen oh that makes sense it was embedded in his arm not like out of nowhere oh jesus christ they brought his ring back he didn't have that so that's what I'm worried about. But yeah, it's just the pacing. If, if this was just, you know, as a single issue, you just kind of jump on and read it and you're like, okay, that's nice yeah. enough. You know, nothing awful about it. I, Stick, I got sticks excited with about continuity, some pretty cool. In the future, you know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm okay. It's just as a whole in the series of a series that pacing is well off, it, it kind of does get a little frustrating. No, a lot I want to get into it. But I'm telling you, at the end, I'm like, okay, it looks like finally. The next issue, we're going to have some really major shit go down. So hopefully, That's next issue, it does say this. Know. It does say the Seven Unite or whatever, and it'll be. It won't even be them. It'll be another guy named Seven, and he'll be on some planet somewhere else, and we'll get nothing. But yeah, I'll Boom. go six five as well as you, Eric Shea. But we're going to move on to my book, my first book of the green section, uh, one of two, Eric, because I am uh, the big man on campus here in the green section. I'm trying to get my I'm going to say, I just I'm had going. the entire first section. Go, You be big you man. You did. On. I have this, and then I have what, you know, kind of a lot going on. I don't know. Yeah. Green Arrow number 27, Eric, written by Benjamin Percy. I like to call him Ben uh, because it seems like he is very particular to put Benjamin, and it makes me laugh. Art by Jamal <laughs> Campbell and Nate Picos. 
The hard-traveling hero story heads to Washington, D.C., and while I like Oliver teaming up with Wonder Woman a little more than The Flash, the story is still just okay to the point of being a bit generic. Still, it's a cool enough team-up. It ends with Oliver taking the show to Metropolis next. There really isn't a lot to talk about here I'm either. telling you, you were telling me earlier in the day, like, we get the review copies, you know, like, a couple, yeah. like, almost a week ahead of time when we do this. You were still like, we confused, weren't you, at that and one you, point? you were telling me how it seemed like there was a page missing, and I'm, yeah. I'm reading this, I'm like, I feel like there's a page missing from the copy I'm reading, yeah. and it no, shouldn't be. It, it makes sense enough, and you're talking about that, you know, RoboCop guy, right? The All Robo of a sudden, out of nowhere. Yeah, I right. think that it was just a very poor way of going about Mr. RoboCop. The way and they, when Wonder yeah. Woman took him out, I had no yeah. idea what was going on in the background. Uh, yeah. I mean, Oliver's That's giving a problem. speech, and all of a sudden, the bad guy's done. I'm like, oh, I don't Oliver's know just giving a speech from the roof. At one point, as he jumps down, it's like it's a little off. All these people, nobody's listening. They're all cowering no. and running. No, appear. who would listen? There's fucking bombs going off, and he's yelling. The, the problem with this issue, and again, this is what I would term a nice enough issue. It's, it's okay. you know, it's okay. It's not horrible. Uh, I did not like the last issue. I was really down on the last issue more than a lot of other people because I thought that Flash uh, was off. And Oliver yeah. was off with Flash. Actually, in this issue, I think they're a little better. Uh, and Wonder Woman's Oliver okay. Oliver at least sounds like Oliver to me. Yeah, and Wonder Woman is okay with them after they kind of come together and realize, you know, what's going on. But still, what what is happening here is Oliver is traveling the country to try to get evidence and to take down the Ninth Circle. The problem is you don't really get the scope of it in these issues. These two issues, to me, are very isolated issues. They do, they seem very small. Even with the big things happening, they just don't seem big enough to me of what this hard-traveling hero arc should be. No, I don't I'm telling get... you, the thing is, for the, for the things that we're dealing with, with what Oliver's trying to throw us at, I say Oliver, but Ben Percy's throwing yeah. at us, this really seems like the Justice League should be coming together because we have a threat that's going to take out yeah. the entire country and yeah. like create war across the world. This is more than Green Arrow can handle by itself. Yeah. Yes, we're having little team-ups, but it still seems like we should have more and doing all the yes. things and, they can and, at once. And where it's having problems, uh, we had said a couple weeks ago with Nightwing, where you saw the burned in Nightwing. And, and, um, yeah. we, we, and they called him the Underground Man at that point. It was a little snafu, we <laughs> thought. Uh, but when we saw that, we said, okay, you know what? This actually gives us, for the first time for me, the idea that the Ninth Circle was the global, or at least, you know, a bigger thing going on than just being in Seattle. Now, that's what Ben Percy is trying to do with this arc, is make it seem like it is a big organization. They keep telling us this, but what happens is, it's like, something happens at point A, let's go to point B. It's like, nothing happens well, except where they are exactly. Exactly, and the thing is, though, we started this whole thing, as the hard-traveling hero, I think it was northern uh, freaking uh, Washington. And now we're and in D.C., and when DC, me but off. no, not only that, but we the whole thing we got to DC because we had something to do with the Ninth Circle and the yeah. Speed Force bomb that they were creating. We disabled the bomb, but I would really think that there was something more going on with what we dealt with in the last issue going yeah. to this, and now it's well, just RoboCop. And that's the problem is basically what they end up doing to me is they find the, these people dead, these peace peaceniks, Eric, uh, this organization, and that's what the guy was telling them about. But it doesn't. I don't know. It seems like it, nothing really adds up to me. And why the guy who was just a scientist working on a speed force bomb in Seattle? would end up knowing anything about what this organization as a whole would be doing in D.C. Seriously, comes off really wonky what they're doing. 
Yeah, because that's it what nothing it's to nothing do to do with it. Bomb. That's what I'm saying. If this was, hey, I'm supposed to get the Speed Force bomb done because somebody else is doing this and I have to do that, whatever. No, they just disabled that Speed Force deal. And and also because of that, it seems very small the Ninth Circle because it's you don't get the reaction of what is the Ninth Circle saying now. When they're like, when, where the fuck's the Speed Force bomb? Like, where is the reaction of this big organization of what they've taken down already? There isn't. We're not seeing anything of it. It's just moving. And, and by the end of this, when we do find out uh, that it is LexCorp that's doing all the, you know, the tech for this RoboCup thing as we get into it, it's just like, okay, now let's go to point C, Metropolis. Wait, and then you're just waiting. The like scientists in the last issue gave breadcrumbs to fucking DC. Then we we see the LexCorp symbol on the RoboCop. Yeah. Gun. Oh, breadcrumbs, Metropolis. We're just following this fucking path. But yeah. why don't we actually find out what's going on with the fucking Ninth Circle as a whole? Yes. You know, they're, they're orchestrating all this shit across yes, the world. That's what I, that's what just, I want to like, see. You know, he stopped this thing in D.C. How many things did he let go because he was in D.C., though, and yeah, didn't get anybody and else like involved? Like you said, you have hard-traveling hero, but really it's, you know, hard-traveling guest star is what yeah. we're having in here. Like, is because Green Arrow failing that we have to freaking you know, bring in all these people? Yeah, every that's what it issue? seems, and it, the, the, the numbers aren't great. I would have liked to have seen him as a hard-traveling hero. And okay. if you're going to do it, make him go. If he was, and I didn't like that much of the Flash and the interaction last issue, but maybe it should have just been him and Flash going around and they're going to different things. But the whole concept of this hard-traveling hero to me, he's making it bigger than it should have been. This should have been waited. He should have waited till script, Dr. Eric. He should have waited till after Oliver was cleared. And then maybe Oliver says, listen, you know what? I got to take this to the road. You know, and, and I, help I, people. I put, I put a bit like a good foot forward into this, but I gotta fucking stomp it down completely now. Yeah, yeah. This is just it's too it just ends up too cliched of getting guest stars. And the thing and is, that's I, all can, it is. I understand what he's trying to do. It it should I feel big, but for these yes. individual issues, it doesn't. No, it feels very small, and that's a problem. That's the biggest problem I have. Because the actual issue here is nice enough. I see a lot of people loved it. They they really like the whole thing with Wonder Woman. It's cool to see Green Arrow uh, interact with these heroes. And also, they have history where we're getting a little bit of that. And it's kind of funny or whatever. And but they ever, end up in... Everybody they, hates Green Arrow. Yeah, they end up in DC. Also, I will. I do want to point out that I'm a dummy. And at the point where it starts getting so convoluted, what Oliver is telling us that the plan is of the Ninth Circle. They're trying to show that the peace-loving people are going to die, so you get protection. But then you need the peace. But we'll get the peace for the them. And it, it just it, it's well, yeah, running if, in if circles. If we attack the peace people, then people are going to be up yeah, and on. It's running in they're circles. Scared, so they're going to retaliate. At Nothing one is point, more like, uh, yeah. like, you know profitable than war and shit. Yeah, and we'll like, get to one point that made me laugh where I'm, it's I'm like, you, when you, you, when you sell gum, you tell them they have bad breath and it goes on forever. I'm like, God damn it, and just I'm telling say. You, Ali actually got me there because when I read them, I'm like, shit, how's my breath? Maybe yeah, she really? could like some goddamn I actually, gum. The way it was going, I thought that they misspelled gun at first because of what we were dealing with. Right. <laughs> I'm like, why do you need well, a no, gun? You, I'm just saying, the, you talk about convoluted fucking explanation yeah. about what's going on. I had no problem with this compared to what Molly gives us in fucking Just League. Come oh, on, yeah. Next. Well, we'll get to oh, that. Oh, my now. God. Why are, you, why are you trying to kill me? Uh, oh, you, my God. Why are you jumping at But it, sh- it starts off where you have Oliver and Barry. They show up at this uh, place where all this these people. Lobbying that, yeah, this lobbying organization. This lobbying organization has been killed. And it does seem to me that this is kind of what what 
the scientist was spelling out because I really don't know why they would have ended here. Uh, just show up at this place and find these people dead before anybody else did. It yeah. seemed like that was what the science, and it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that this scientist who's working in Seattle on a speed force bomb would know anything about the inner workings of what the next big ploy of and the you, we, top we level the, guys are. We have these big things going on because even when we had the speed force bomb being developed in that goddamn cave, we had this big band, bad burned goddamn yeah, guy burn who had guy, fire yep. powers and shit like this. So he was like a different character than we've seen within the burn before. So yes. you had that going on. Here you have the RoboCop kind of fucking, you know, yeah. the, the suit of armor fucking yeah. mercenary. So you have these characters like here in my mind, these goddamn lobbyists. A bunch of those fucking burn victims just walked in here and just slaughtered everybody. Yeah, they just slaughtered them, and that's what it looks like. It looks like they just – and you get uh, what this is typical of the Green Hour book. If you've been reading it all along, you realize that you're going to get at least a panel, if not you know, half a page, full page of recap. And you yeah, get oh this God. again. You do get this. He, uh, ben Percy nice really wants to make sure. The men behind the men. Yeah, the men behind the men, the super criminal organization. And then they do the worst thing for me is spell out the Trans-Pacific railway <laughs> why would you but try to it, remind it, me of the train and again railway. it was okay because it does make sense in here just don't remember the nonsense that was that was the lowest point of this book uh this series in my opinion but he's saying he's like you know what that's what they did they had a peace summit uh, on board the trans-pacific railway invited celebrities and encouraged media attention then assassinated the middle eastern delegate who had become central to diplomatic efforts and like okay and then it's like in green arrow island of scars it was diabolical says editor andy diabolical indeed whatever happened to that heroin trade eric we never know. found out uh but yeah the ninth circle has killed all these people and set them to be found and it's it says they they wrote on blood on the wall no peace for america and this you get i get this idea you have a peace loving organization somehow they want to make it so that people panic so I, yeah. I get that but they make it into something even more like they're going to donate money because of this that goes to there i'm like i i'm i'm lost i really am i i don't i want fun things i don't need this convoluted uh you know reasoning of the ninth circle of how they are running the world but you know and ben Percy you know, wants you know to make crazy, it crazy though it, it, it's it's such a green arrow thing to do especially from the past continuity and shit like that for like that that goddamn speech that he's giving yeah. at the end but yeah. i I would rather have this explanation about how things work in the inner circle of the fucking ninth circle shit like that than Ollie going on a goddamn tirade oh, yeah. about his fucking like I you just, know, what, what I, it means and shit yeah. like that. I'm like, oh my god, what Ollie, I, what so I think though, what agendas. Ben Percy wants to make this so much like a Freemasons, you know, he wants it to be the such a diabolical hidden organization that I think he's getting a little too fancy with all of their machinations in the actual organization that's starting to get confusing to me and like okay but they do have a really good point or part here where uh, Oliver says hey Barry go around and you know get your forensic shit do your CSI nonsense. Let's go. And he does. He's like, I collected all the samples. I'm going to head back to Central City. And this, I smiled. So I actually really had a big smile on my face at this point because this is something that drives you nuts with the Flash. Oh, yeah. Because Oliver says, back in a Flash, and Flash says, listen, 
I might be faster than physics, but the laws of chemistry still operate in real time. You'll yeah. hear from me as soon as I know something. That's awesome. So he's when not anybody typing does really quick speed, on a computer. Exactly. Like when Supergirl would do that or Flash, I'm like, it bothers the shit. I mean, like, yeah. that, that's not how these things work. This you is might actually, be super fast. That is not. That's a well-thought-out deal. I, oh, I appreciate yeah. that. I give him full kudos for that. It actually reminded me a lot of when Tom Taylor had uh, Superman wearing a breather mask in space in Which his I'm Batman Superman story. Again. Yes, we will be because when that happened, people call it, why does Superman need that? He's like, listen, I understand that in most continuity and most stories, Superman can breathe in space. He does not need to But to talk, you need that air. So you cannot have him talk without a mask. And that blew our mind, actually. We were like, you know what? That's something that's really well thought out. We really appreciate that. Good on you, Tom Taylor. Yeah, and and good on Ben Percy. I really like that. I thought that was funny. And it makes it so... You have some time. I mean, yes, it, it does and it make it so. And it gets flash out of the story. Yeah, it gets flash out of the story for a time because he has to go and go through the deal. He can't make it go any faster. So we go off to the arms vendor showcase in the Patton Hotel in D.C. And you have a senator, Senator Wicket, which made me laugh because we said earlier in the deal the Ewok village uh, yeah. from before, which made me laugh. Uh, but, yeah, Senator Wicket's there, and she's talking to a general, and they're, they're talking about all the different things that are on display here in this big arms convention thing and there are some queen industry stuff uh and they say the general's like one of those guys you know he just wants to drop bombs he thinks oh, that's the thing. he's like here. you know i don't want to make the american taxpayers pay for all this nonsense highfalutin nonsense we can yeah. just go back old school keep our boys away from it just bomb them back to hell yeah, yeah why make it so personal and the big thing that's being shown at this point is a a war suit, this expensive model. And they don't even say it. It's like, here's an overly complicated and expensive model from one of LA our longtime two, contractors. Two, two model war suit. It's so stupid to me, though, because this is where they're like, Queen Industries, uh, they think they're doing some good stuff. They're making some big bumps. But here is a, a model from one of our longtime contractors. It's LexCorp. Why yeah. aren't you saying this? Why Why are you you're fucking alluding to, huh? Like, that is a big company that you'd say one of our longtime contractors. But, yeah, they're like, the CEO is a real son of a bitch. But then I'm like, this is Lex Luthor. Why are you beating around the bush for this because it's not revealed yet? It's so hokey to me. But, yeah, that's I, I, when I he ju- says. I just don't understand that we had this whole thing. You know, this is all leading us to what our big bad is going to be. We have this demonstration of the LC-222, and I'm like, the guy, the bad guy's just in the suit and then starts yeah. murdering people. Everybody, and I'm like, the first, yeah. first the general, and I'm like, but the, the target's supposed to be the senator when we yeah. find out later on. So I, I don't understand. Like, Well, you know, she's supposed to be at the, at the the general's supposed to die here, these two guys, and then the senator's supposed to die later at the big to-do. And it's just like, I'm telling you, this is where I said that the Ninth Circle's plans are getting very convoluted and very confusing uh, to the point where it then, again, makes me wonder why this one scientist in Seattle working on a, a Speed Force bomb even knew anything about what would be going on yeah. in D.C. and all this stuff. But yeah, it's a Robocop moment. Now, we know that somebody's in there. At I, some I point, just wanted it to be an Ed 209 the entire yeah, time. Yeah. At one point, they even kind of... Uh, I don't know. They kind of seemed like they didn't know somebody was in at one point. It, it kind of was a little shady, uh, right. especially when Oliver goes up because Oliver then chases down this this thing. This thing starts shooting as it's like, look, we have machine guns on our thing. Boom, 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 starts killing everyone. Well, Everybody's I, panicking. I'm telling you, though, this, this war suit is fucking – don't believe the hype because it, you know, it kills the general, flies up, and Ollie's able to take it down with one arrow. 
Yes. And and the other thing about this is now it's the ninth circle. We know that Broderick is the head of Queen Industries. Yeah. Uh, do you think that this is where you're getting like, oh, Queen Industries stuff didn't go nuts like this? It's like this is where I'm trying to think, well, Lex is going to so. have an issue. You know what I mean? Like Lex should be there in an instant. Like when they go to Metropolis, I hope that Lex is involved just as much as a Superman. In fact, I oh, wouldn't so mind if Superman's not even in there. Shit. Yeah, I mean, this is big. This is terrible for LexCorp. It, it really is. This is as bad as what we said, that Trans-Pacific Railway going nuts to Queen Industries. So it didn't seem, but it, it really has been Ben Percy throwing out a whole thing that could ruin LexCorp for a while. You know what? It's really yeah. crazy uh, because we don't find out that it's LexCorp until later, but it seemed like the general and everybody knew who, you know, you wouldn't just yeah. have this suit there and not know who uh, did this. So, and again, they go, and like you said, Oliver goes and just shoots him down with one arrow. Done. Yeah, and goes and like, then wants to know. And, and Oliver's pissed. I mean, Oliver really wants to know what's going on. And he's watched the Ninth Circle just kill people. He was just in a room that it looked like 15 people just murdered, cold blood, just d demolished and massacred. So he goes up and he does twist the arrow. He's like, you know what? You're going to tell me what the fuck's going on. I know there's a I know there's a man under here. Uh, who are you? And starts to dig in with that arrow that hit the guy in, in the neck. And that's where Wonder Woman comes in and Wonder Woman just picks him up and throws Oliver. And I'm like, throws him. Uh, like just throws him. Yeah. And he goes into the pool, the, uh, that the, the pool in Washington yeah. DC, the reflecting pool. And, uh, I, I just went at Forrest Gump to go running through there. But the, the other issue Shut is a. though, the, the big issue to me is Wonder Woman. There is a robot guy in a suit that has just killed people right behind you. Throw Oliver out of the way. Get a hold of that Subdue goddamn guy. this guy, please. Yeah. Do something with the guy who you know. Yeah, you've seen things. And I, I would think that it, it's a little off to me. I know that they're going with this whole thing. As Oliver meets up with these uh, heroes, they're like, oh, I saw the news. I saw this. You would have thought at one point this would have been a discussion amongst some of these to like go look into it or something. You know what I, you know what I mean? Where they yeah. know who Oliver Queen is. They know he's Green Arrow. I don't think that there had to be somebody, but they all seem to just think he's public enemy number one, even against a guy who's in a robot suit that just killed people because she goes after him. And they start going, it, it, it's okay. I actually like the interaction. I'm I think that Ben I Percy like the does interaction okay. between okay. Diana and Oliver. But when yeah. you know, you know, she puts Oliver down, and because the freaking the fuck, we don't even really get a name from him. But the fucking no. the RoboCop, he starts shooting. She does he the whole like, no, bracelet yeah. bit, and she runs up. Oliver goes and shoots an arrow. She beats the arrow there, catches it before it hits the guy, and does something to it. It's just like in my mind, she's tearing the fucking chest plate off, yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, a giant flash goes off, like blinds what I'm like. I don't understand the progression because how would fucking you – because know, Oliver says there, Wonder Woman, cover your – and then and a, a bright yeah. flash goes off. I'm and, like, and how would yeah, he know it's this? Weird. It's I just weird. Don't the I don't know because you see the guy – grabbing a hold of. You see the guy pressing something that like makes a flash deal. It looks like she's the one causing damage. Yeah. And then here's the thing. You also want to know what I – it almost seems like this suit also has Speed Force stuff from that Speed or Force bomb. Or teleportation? Something I, I don't because – 
she gets blinded and he's gone and we don't know how. And, and I really actually wish that that arrow would have been a flash arrow. Like it went and he knew. Oh, that's what I thought that, happened at first. That's what I re- wish it was. I wish that it was a trick arrow that was going to blind this guy and she caught it. Cover your like, eyes and yeah. I'm like, you know, it, because he knows what his arrow is about to do. But no, it yeah. has to do with this other. Like, yeah, and the then it looks, like a, it looks like it teleported. Like it used the speed know. force that we were from before and that's what, but I don't know why he would know well, that it's I, very I don't even weird say it's a speed force because you don't even see speed force like energy in this well whole i set see the panels. speed force lightning when she grabs the thing but you don't know if that's just something I, I going just wrong it was elect- like the electrical fucking shit in this goddamn chest plate yeah it just looked a little like i'm telling you i'm i'm reaching i oh, don't yeah. know you have i don't to know it's a weird progression of panels yeah and you have that you know the hokey line where uh Oliver's like, I got this as he's going to shoot the arrow. And she's like, faster than a speeding bullet is the other guy. But faster than a speeding arrow? That's all me. I'm like, really? (laughs) Is that your new catchphrase? Wonder Woman, faster than a speeding arrow? Wonder Uh, Woman, why are you saying the other guy? I know who Superman is. I'm the green arrow. This is what I'm saying. They don't say Lex and then they don't say Superman. We know who these people are. You don't have to say the other guy. But, yes, uh, a burned is watching. And he's like, oh, you know, and they have a guy in the shadows. Like, does this change the plan, sir? No, the demonstration will go on tomorrow as planned to um, give us sir, an audience for our protest. Like, sir, sir, we also lost the Speed Force bomb. Does this change our plans? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That news does not travel fast in the Ninth Circle. We go by <laughs> Pony Express. We go old Nail school, mail. my friend. He's waiting. They're tracking the package like you and your goddamn fucking He-Man <laughs> figures. It says on, on route on to, DC. to DC. Oh, what does that mean? Of course, it is. tell me where yeah. it's at. They don't know. They don't care. That, that Speed Force bomb. That's yesterday's news. Uh, but yeah, you have Oliver. And then he's like, "Oh, you know what? I, you know, Princess, I love strong women, but it'd be kind of nice if they weren't always kicking my ass." And on cue, you go and you see Emiko and uh, Black Canary. And I like the art in this section a lot. The problem is there's not much to it. Like, it's just too quick. Jim's daddy doing up on that chair? Yeah, really. What is he doing there? There he is. He's at the uh, buffet, and what he he has that that tab. And basically, he's writing a blog that tells you, listen, don't order a a soda. You can drink the wonton soup broth, and then you get out of there with less than $2. All these years, you thought your father was going to the buffet all the time. No, he was the leader of the underground, man. Yeah, he was sitting on a, a goddamn throne of goddamn bones. He's there, and it, like, and, and, and if you don't remember, uh, Dinah and Emiko are going to find out who the quote unquote auctioneer is, Eric. Yes. So they go to these underground men with the ruse that Emiko is going to be sold. Uh, she does a very good job. She looks very upset. And then when it's, you know, all is said and done, she grabs this big, my dad, she grabs my dad's fucking <laughs> tablet after he's making this transaction. Goes, Emiko says, We can figure out. We're going to trace some things. And then you go, and I think the best path of the page or the issue it's definitely when dinah uses her cry it's, it's awesome. okay i, think that's I don't know cool. i think it's, it's, it's awesome. just one of those I, i'm it's all right art, i'm getting I, like, I think the art's awesome i but that in that panel it's just getting the whole thing with i hope you have your earplugs in and we get it, it it's it's it, been it's just over things, and over though, it's like like right now the main story of green arrow for this issue it's not that impressed to me for what's going on. And we, when we yeah. jumped to this whole thing with the underground man with Black Canary and Emiko, I'm like, all right, this is going to be cool. We're going to get back to what's going on yeah. here. Originally, I thought Oliver was going to go stop this slavery ring across America yeah, for yeah, the underground that's man. That's what we thought. Turned yeah. to the Ninth Circle bit. We're like, all right, underground man. 
We have all these goddamn underground men around. They have all these women they're going to put on auction for slavery. We have one panel like uh, of Dinah screaming, and then another panel of her, you know, kneeing a guy in the face, Emiko punching yep. your father, and it's all over. I'm like, yeah, and and getting the tablet, and hey, we got it, and yeah, it's over. Like, and the it, thing about well, why, it is, why was there only like four underground men? Where yeah, the fuck and is the everybody? thing about this whole deal they, is like, in look, this. Look at, that, look at that initial panel though. When they first come into this whole scene, they are everywhere. They're all up on yeah. the walls. Like, yep. yeah, where they're all are over. all these they underground men? They're, they're, they're not. They're huh? lovers. They're not fighters. Right. They're not. They're not underground men because they like to fight. This is not a fucking fight club, Eric. They are fucking guys who traffic of not, people. First rule of fight club: you don't talk about fight clubs. Yeah, so who well, knows they, you is? know that's the thing. They're there. They like I said. They fucking hightail it out. They look at that guy. Next thing, that big fat guy that looks like my dad's gonna eat him or something. They, they're getting out. Fucking, you know, uh, Mr. Warner, he's passed out. We can eat now. <laughs> Finally, not just scraps. Not just scraps out of his fucking belly button. <laughs> it's just. I think the whole thing, like you said, when you got to that, you were like, okay, now we're going to – I actually was the opposite. I'm like, oh, God. You know what? Let's just stick to the one story and, and get through. I know and, – and basically at the end of this, I, I said, okay, they're on the, the run or they're on the trail of the auctioneer. Whatever the last stop is, of course they're all going to meet up at one place. It, and it's it just, just right it, now because of this hard travel and hero bit, like we're we're using this whole divisive thing where every issue we get a new guest star, and it just feels so like desperate to me. Oh I'm yeah, like, I, I don't know. care. I, I, so I'm when with we get you. back to Seattle with the characters I do care about, and I want to see fucking take on the thing they but have. Yeah, been they're going to be out of Seattle. I got now. excited, and it's just a really brief. Moment. I God, just damn. I thought it was a little hokey too at the end because. Uh, uh, Black Canary has to say, you know, ladies follow us. It's fine. The one's just sitting there. The one girl is like kicking the fat guy. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but she says, I hated the plan, Emmy, but you told me it would work, and it did. And then that's where Emiko says, never play it safe. Risk everything. Make the end. But whatever. But I really do think this is to let it so that Oliver cannot blame Black Canary at the end for putting Emiko in danger. Oh, yeah. All these are going to be Emiko's plans. Like, she's going to throw her under the bus immediately. Uh, but she looks sad when uh, that's what Green Arrow would do, and she's all sad. I'm like, get over it. Jesus well, that's Christ. That's the thing. She loves Green Arrow. She doesn't love Oliver Queen. Yeah, she doesn't. You know, she doesn't like a guy who has a lot of money. Uh, money a guy with money, Eric, unfortunately, is a guy with options. She that's does right. not like that. She needs a guy with no options. For some reason, she thinks that he's just going to go and, and do crazy Poor things with that money. That's weird, you know? She does. It, it really seems in this book that's what it's all based on. It's very odd. Uh, the next part is just a couple panels I loved it. And I was yelling at the beginning. I'm reading this. I'm like, Wonder Woman, you don't trust Oliver. Just use that goddamn lasso. He's going to tell you the truth. And I like this. I really do. And I really wish that this was admissible in court because we could get over this whole deal. Of course, it wouldn't be. Uh, but, yeah, it, it shows I'm her. And I, I hope. It would probably be the most boring issue that people would probably hate. I can imagine a whole issue about a courtroom drama with Wonder Woman, oh, right? If Wonder Whether, Woman like, was they, allowed They have to. her tied up in the freaking lasso. And like. When we take the oath to not tell a lie, like to be honest about it, we do it on a, a Bible, a holy Bible, a Christian Bible. Yes, we don't yeah, not your piece of God, your heathen man. Who are these gods anyway? And then Magic Batman comes out, I don't believe in gods. Your voodoo, hoodoo, mumbo yeah, yeah. jumbo is not admissible here. I like Listen. it. And I'm telling you from now on. If we go off to fucking Metropolis, Wonder Woman better call the head and tell the other guy that he's good to go. That, listen, I used this, the lasso. He's not lying. He didn't do this. And you know what? Let's all help him out because this is a fellow hero that we have relations with. And let's make sure 
that he doesn't go to jail for a crime he didn't commit because yeah. I know he didn't. But, you know, you get the whole deal. He says, I did not kill Wendy Poole. I'm not a murderer. He says that under the deal. And I like that the uh, word bubbles when he's under are gold. I thought yeah, that was really cool. cool. And then she's like, anything else you'd like to share? Remember the Justice time I – And she's like, yeah, hit on me. And you hit back. I'm like that, that's what uh, they're they're closer than I thought. They're finishing each other's sentences. Aaron. I know that, that is you know me and you don't do that. Uh, but yeah, they do, and they decide. You know what? We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna help each other. We gotta stop this now. This is where it makes me laugh because you have a senator. Where is the security, Aaron? Because the security, I, I, I don't get the idea that they know that Wonder Woman, especially Green Arrow, are there. They're on the top uh, of you know what's it called the. Uh, with, with where Lincoln is, I, I have, I'm the worst with monuments. The Lincoln in, uh, Memorial, yeah, the Lincoln Memorial. They're on top of that building. What? Where are anybody going to say, "Hey, uh, I know you're Wonder Woman, but you can't be on top here"? Or what's going on? And I'm also, just saying, I'm looking at the senator giving this press conference. There's nobody around her. She is on the steps by herself. I'm like. Yeah, there, there, there should be some kind of security detail yeah, on them. There's yeah. steps there's, with her at there's some no point. Security, there's nobody really. around. No, none at all. And and there, it's a setup. And you see that, uh, you know, the Maybe national. Maybe that's why, Jim. The it Washington Monument is where we see shit's coming from, and that's where Oliver figures out. But again, this is a clear shot to there. I think there'd be people, and this whole place is just jammed. And she has, you know, she's pulling at the heartstrings with these people. Listen, I had, and I actually like the way she calls it out. She's like, listen, I had two men die last night with me uh they weren't political friends they weren't you know we didn't align politically but i considered them friends and you know i also learned a group of peace brigade lobbyists have also been murdered i mean this is crazy at this oh, point yeah. now where's the security this is what drove me nuts so i like that speech but you are now saying that two people died when you were there they would think that she was also supposed a to target die. why wouldn't she yeah. be two so people right would, around her got i fucking think murdered. number one they would never have this press conference out in the open like this i wouldn't think and then the lobbyists have been murdered you know shit's gone wrong and they see in the washington monument all of a sudden uh a missile comes out now this is where i had problems because at this one point there was a panel or whatever but you see at the one point that instead of firing the missile it's actually the guy in the suit the robocut suit smashing out of the monument and yes. then firing the missile it seemed weird to do it that way I and the agree. missile was like, coming he smash in through? and how did freaking green arrow see that happening yes before he it saw happened? a glint and that's all he saw in it oh they like monuments oh no they like symbols and he go now this is the other thing that's hilarious because the speech is going on a missile is launched missiles i would think make a little bit of noise uh, but at I the point know, where wonder maybe. woman goes to intercept it nobody even knows what's going nope. on still you see this one guy giving the fist bump yeah he's all yeah, we're pumped going up with what's going on because yeah the senator is like listen i'm i'm sick of peace we're gonna take it to them we're gonna do this and you're like okay this is the whole nine circles plan yes, uh, and wonder woman grabs the missile throws it but then this is where there's a weird deal where she ends up then heads up green arrow and i had no idea what was going on and she's like Arrow, you've got incoming. I didn't know what she – I thought she was throwing the missile at Green Arrow. That's uh, Didn't you? Well, because she's like the, incoming. The it's is, actually the guy who crashes Arrow, because – incoming. I, I had no idea because if she grabs a hold of you, got incoming. I, I'm guessing it's the guy at this point. She throws it away, and when we get back to Green Arrow, he's jumping down to grab the center. 
and there's a fucking commotion behind him for where she was. I have no. Is that the bullets it's raining the down? It's the guy. No, it's it's the guy crashing down. It's that. Is it the guy? Yeah, because then he's in the rubble. He's I laying that, in the rubble that next to him. Going, fact, though, I uh, Wonder Woman. Basically, what I got in this, the review copy was a little wonky. It seems as if she grabbed the missile, threw it back at the guy. And it hit right. him, and then he went out of control and crashed because the incoming was the guy because then he is in the rubble there moaning yeah, and groaning. What it happened is to way the podium off. that the senator's at? I don't know. I think he crashed into that too. I don't know. Because, because upset. then you see the second crash where yeah. he actually ends up. Yeah, I don't know. So Maybe that was the miss. I don't know. I, I was so thrown off. Tell you, I did not understand the progression yeah. of the panel. So I don't like, know. What am I supposed to be seeing here? Like, but what he's is the on the roof. On? He's on the roof and starts jumping down, and she's there talking, and he starts this speech. Nobody oh can God. hear him at this point. No. He's like, you know what the worst part of this is? There is no happy ending. That kind of superhero story doesn't exist anymore. Then he grabs the senator. People are running around screaming and yelling, and then and there's the Buddha Buddha is the sound effect. I don't know what's going on. And he's like, even as we save people, even as we beat the big guy, we don't win. Nobody can hear hear you green arrow though it makes it seem as if they do and then all of a sudden he's on the speed i don't know what he's yelling and then he just stands there where people are you know yelling and screaming and he's just yelling out there is no truth there's only propaganda there's no honor there's only profit this country shouldn't be treated like a fortress or a business it's supposed to be a damn icon a beacon of hope with a like, tattered american yeah, flag the tattered american it. flag behind I'm like what the fuck is going on here like people would be running take for the me hills back to you explaining the ninth circle to me because i can take that 10 times more than yeah I can take this it is bad because then th- somehow at this point i didn't even get i guess the okay the guys grab the senator and whisk her away yes and she gets in the limo and that's where she's like oh my god i almost was killed back there and that's where she sees that one of the burn is the uh driver yep. and says you were supposed to be in front of everyone and she's like well what are you talking about you you did all this for me i became a senator because of the ninth circle I, you know i'm here to do what in service of you and then he just says we built you up to burn you down it looks like the car inside is in flames that she is now either dead or at least burned and, and I, uh, I, I gotta guess that this is the same guy that we saw in Washington last issue because he had the fire powers we've that never Washington seen burn have State, that before I thought yeah, as yeah. well unless more of them have that but I did think that that was that guy as well He, but why would he not be upset about what's going on and just sees Green Arrow who he saw was the one who took down that speed force bomb if it is why aren't they reacting more about this um I just thought that all this was is to, you know, make it so, oh, my God, that Ninth Circle, they really do mean business. Like, oh, they're they're uh, working every angle. And I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. Why isn't the, car on, why isn't the car on fire? Uh, but, yeah, know. that guy then in the, uh, the suit is there, and Wonder Woman rips his uh, mask off. And it's so funny that all this time they've been waiting for Flash to get back to him. Flash finally does get back to him and says, listen, I, I went through the whole thing. Uh, it is part of LexCorp. And that's right when they see that anyway. The symbol, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you didn't need Flash anyway. You didn't need him. He ends up telling him all this what it is. And it's like, yeah, no. There's LexCorp. 
we see it. And it's like, and then she's like, and then it's weird because there's there shit has gone wrong. Wonder Woman looks way too happy. She's like, huh, maybe when we're finished with your quest, you should consider running for office or changing your costumes colors from green, red, white, from green to red, white, and blue. And like, there's dead people probably all around here. <laughs> Why are we shaking hands? Like, we, we, you clean up. I gotta get going. And you wear it better, princess. Like, oh, goodness gracious. And then she's like, what's your name? Next move. Do you think Lex Luthor is working with the Ninth Circle? I guess we're going to find out. Oh, God. that That's the thing. The, the biggest problem I have with this is we, we love Lex. Lex is a guy who, even with him being Superman, he's a very hands-on guy. I do oh, yeah. not think that he would ever have any dealings. Uh, you know, I don't think they're ever going to go there. Uh, but I don't think he's dumb enough to let it happen anyway. I mean, no. I, and I'm it, telling you, from all the evidence I got here, but like, it just seems like you know, a burned fucking member just got inside got one in of these the Lex suit. war suits and went from there. It has nothing to do with Lex Luthor. No, much. and, and you would here. think, and even if that's the case, you would think that we would have seen something. I wish that we would have seen that Lex had a guy who was supposed to be or Lex should have been there. I mean, this yeah. was big enough that he should have been there. And but they then were, we can't we can't be on the road then. No, that's true. But then yeah, they're gonna go to Metropolis then to see and it's like next up the the suicide virus. And I don't know what's going on. I'm uh, telling I don't you. Care about like what are we gonna virus. what are we gonna have next? But yeah, there you go, Eric. There's the issue. Uh I liked it a little more. I said I liked it a little more than last week's uh, our last issue, the Flash one. Uh, but there's I don't a lot remember of, what I gave that, but I think I like, like you know, I like this I one like more, this a little but I more. think my score is going to be lower. Well, I gave this a 6-7 uh, because I think I gave the last one a 6-6. Six, six, and so I thought, you know what, I like this a little better, only that much, a little. I like the art. And this is, uh, we didn't even mention that much. This is a new guy, Jamal Campbell, who jumped yeah. on here. I think he does a really good job. I think he it's does very all right. I think it's very. Uh, it goes well with Otto Schmidt's uh, art a bit. It's I, I like it got better than look. last issue's art. Like the Flash always, and this seemed off to me that entire issue, and it really yeah, bothered. Yeah. Even though yeah, Ali so, looked great last issue, Flash just bothered me. Yeah, I, I think he did a good that, job. Yeah, I think he did a good job. I like his Wonder Woman. Uh, I like his Oliver. I like the whole thing with Black Canary with the Canary Cry. Uh, Juan was on uh, Twitter. He said that he did an excellent job, Aaron. And I, I, I think it's good. I think that somebody reading this would not be thrown off by this art at all when they would get it in a trade or whatever when they get to this hard-traveling hero trade. Uh, but just it's very – it's just kind of a cliched story that it really isn't is. Big, and I'm it's telling not you, we're big only enough. two issues in that hard traveling hero, and I'm already like fucking exhausted from it. Yeah, like I, I don't want to deal with this anymore, and it really yeah, I upsets wanna, me. I wanted to change up. I wanted to do something like all of a sudden I'm like, boy, that was pretty cool. But what would you give it? I think I'd end up giving it a 5.8 out of 10. I'm telling you, like the art, it's okay. It's not something I really enjoy though, and the story, I'm I just. I was yeah. not a fan of it. I'm like, there's yeah, nothing not really here. And this Oliver going over the top of that speech really just threw me out of the it book. It really like, threw you off? That's a Ben I'm Percy like, thing. I know you it's know, a Ben it, Percy thing. Yeah. And it is a Green Arrow thing to a degree. But yeah. how heavy-handed they're pushing it is it so They're pushing so much. it so much, though. Like, every time somebody comes to every hero has to say to, to Oliver, oh, you're the liberal one. And yet yeah. you have to keep and pushing that, it. And that's a classic stance for Green it Arrow. Is, but, but it, like, it's just pushed too much. Being over the top with this. And, yeah. like, it, it really – it almost feels like what they did with Superman this week as well. Like, yeah. oh, I have an agenda. i got to push hardcore. And it yeah, doesn't do weird. it as much as Superman did this issue. But it's still – Well, it fits more with Green Arrow. So you can – at least go with it but i just my whole issue is just the 
the small feeling that I get from this whole thing where it's supposed to be a big thing. You're and supposed even to, these guest stars, even when they show up, I'm yeah. not excited for them because no, they don't bring either. anything to the book. I'm and it's just I like, like I, I want to see Green Arrow be Green Arrow. I don't want to yeah. see him have to combat against the Justice League members every fucking issue who think he's a piece of shit until they don't. Yeah, until they don't. And it, the whole thing was the uh, the intrigue to me was, okay, you're going to get him out of Seattle. We've been in Seattle this whole series, except maybe the Trans-Pacific Railway. Uh, nah, but you couldn't have him really do that much there. He had to go kind of nate, but you're not getting the idea this is even nationwide. We went from one side of the fucking map to the other. That's the biggest thing for me. Why go from Washington State right to Washington, D.C., uh, and not see anything of it. I mean, you go yeah. from a, a cliffhanger to you're there. That where's the hard traveling? I'm seeing the there, hero. There was no hard traveling. No, yeah. there's no hard. It seems very easy traveling. And you know, it took there. him a goddamn long time to get there. A lot of shit could have gone down in the meantime because he fucking rode a motorcycle that whole way. Like there are yeah. better ways to travel, but no, yeah. you, you had to fucking no. be a hard traveling hero and ride your yeah. fucking motorcycle. But you didn't see it. That, no. That's where I wanted the hard traveling. I'm just saying this because I don't want to go on to the next issue, Eric. I, I am trying to get out of talking about Justice League. I, I'm really – I don't want to talk about this. But, but it's an extra size anniversary issue, Jim. It is. It is. Uh, and I, I mentioned it in the spotlight. Uh, I did get in a fight uh, with this issue with Brian Hitch. Me and Brian Hitch had a Twitter fight over this issue. And I, I stand by most of my points. One of the points so he did I. have uh, that's just hokey, but the other points I think are right on. And we're going to talk about them and probably more because the, this next time that I read it, I had more problems with this issue than I even had the first time. <sighs> Do I have to, her? Do I? You gotta do it. You know what I like? You know what my favorite TV show was as a kid? Happy Happy Days. Days. I loved it. You know what became my favorite, though? That was my favorite show going on at that point. But did you know that I am probably the world's biggest Brady Bunch fan there is, Eric? Are you aware of this? I did know that. We we talk about both Happy Days and Brady Bunch a lot at work. Are you aware that at some point I really want to have a Brady Bunch podcast where I go through all the episodes and would love to do that? Can I talk you said about that. that? Can I talk about that? I don't know where you're going to find the time to do that, but yeah, I you don't said know that, either because if I do that, I also want to talk Gilligan's Island, which I am also a huge fan of. Which now I we am say a huge this. Fan of, so this now, is now a little Yeah, this is a little prelude, Eric, because I do think that it's going to be the vote for August of our necessary nonsense podcast to be about TV sitcoms, and I think that Brady Bunch and uh, the Gilligan's Island might make my list, which people will think is nonsense. Uh, I do not think so, but Eric, I, I better get to it, right? <laughs> you get I'm to trying it, anything. You know what my fa- what do you think my favorite color of pants are? If I was wearing pants, Blue? what is nope? What are my favorite color pants? Black. Nope. Keep going. Red. Brown. Brown pants, Eric. I love brown pants. I had a he pair of brown, brown cords pants. at one point, and I thought they were the greatest pair of pants I ever had in my life. Not those silver cords? No, those silver tight. Then those were tight cords, oh, uh, God. so tight that I would I would sit in class because this was about fourth grade where I had the silver cords, and I would have a, a quarter, and I'd almost play a tune on those motherfuckers. <laughs> I had silver cords and a a red Bragg and Dragon uh, Sears T-shirt, a collar shirt. I oh, thought God. I was the cat's meow, Eric. I was Nobody not. 
No, I, I remember I really thought, and fourth grade is the full year where I was first uh, in Quakertown, thought I was going to wow them. I thought oh, the crowd was going to go nuts, and uh, they did not go nuts. They, they did not. They solved me for what I was, Eric. A little cutie pie is what I was. All right, Justice League number 25, written by Brian Hitch. Art by Tom Derenick. And I, I'll say right now, I'm a fan of Tom Derenick. I think that he is a quality artist. I, I don't know what the hell he was doing in this issue. This might be one of the worst issues I've seen him do. I, I think that everybody fucking gave up on this issue. Andy Owen, Scott Hanna, Trevor Scott, Hi-Fi, and Richard Starkings. Eric, have you ever seen a worse Simon Baz than you saw in this issue? No, have I have you? not. You have not, have you? Did you enjoy Cyborg in his getup of those fucking baggy ass jean shorts? His, and his jorts and his fucking jorts. like goddamn uh, tank top Did over like top that? of the t-shirt. Did you no, like that? I was not a fan. I thought that possibly. I thought that he was connected to the internet. He's obviously not connected to the modern fashion website. Uh, but oh, Brian Hitch, you've done it again. Hitch tie, tries to tie up some loose ends before heading off to his big finale on the book because it looks like the next arc is his last by throwing caution and continuity to the wind. After changing Green Lantern history to oversell a point, he has Batman and Molly talk about free will while our new threat, Chirac, acts all bad but then is taken down with ease. He totally doesn't. Yeah, it all ends with Molly telling us the real threat is on its way again. Don't worry. It's all ending soon, Eric. I'm telling you, this is a bunch of nonsense. And I'm telling I read you, this, this whole issue. thing with Molly felt so over the top and overblown. Yeah. And Tony, it's like, you know, Hitch was not invited to the rebirth party with what rebirth no. means and shit like that. He wasn't invited yep. to the dark, the, nope. the dark, you know, like matter party, the metal party, whatever. Nope. He is going to hype this shit up so yeah. much. He's going to force it in here, like to make it feel like this yeah. book does mean more people than did it actually think does. This, people did think, and I can't say, I'm not throwing shade. He was making it seem like the party started here. You yeah. know, here's where the party started. And I know now, it's not. No. And we know it's not. And and it makes it seem even that much more goofy in this issue when it's going. Now, I also want to point out that we do have Molly in this issue. Now, whether or not that is her actual name, you know, that's the and name she was given. Because it has been a while. This is Molly from the like the last That's big that's arc, what I want to point arc. out. The problem is I had many people messaging me, uh, some people who do reviews and have podcasts saying, who is this girl that Batman's talking to? And I load up. I'm like, okay, it's Molly. You have the red hair. That's all you get yeah. because she's not even in her, you know, her grunge look that she had. <laughs> she had her fucking Seattle grunge look before. The problem is they never mention her by name. You have to mention her by name at least once in the session to get people because we haven't seen her. Dealt with it. Yeah, so you haven't seen her. So people are writing reviews like the the one guy had the you know oh you know the lady who pops up. I I guess we're gonna find out more about her later. No, we we know about her. The problem is Brian Hitch, where you have Green Arrow, where you're gonna get recap every issue. You needed recap for this. You needed him to say at least it at the final, you know, almost at the very, very end, Batman does say something like, oh, you tried to steal our powers and do this, yeah. which – but if you aren't aware or you're not really in tune with what's going on – you're going to be completely lost, and you're not going to know why or who Batman is talking to, and no, that's a big thing. The last thing we've seen is three one-shots. Yes, and, and it, that's not fully Brian Hitch's fault because he was not involved in those, but you have to know that 
going in, he has to spell out. Listen, Molly. I you know started out with Batman when she you wanted you called for me. You wanted to talk to me. Well, listen, Molly. I'm not so happy because we thought you were working with the Timeless and you stole this and we did that. Spell it out you right away, so you know. Us, blah, and blah, then blah. have C Justice League number twenty one, whatever it was. You really have to tell. This is a major point of this issue of Batman to the to the point where Batman doesn't even react to what appears to be another cataclysmic event. He's oh, just God. there. Also, she is looks to be in, you know, some sort of prison. She's heading off some to a bigger prison. Yeah. And uh, it's just weird that, like, Batman's just there, and you see people walking around at points, and it just seems very odd to me. I just, it, no, it well, threw me off. The thing that seems off. odd to me is that she, I, I don't even know where she is. She's being transported to, like, I think it was Cirrus she said it Cirrus. was. And I don't That's where she's going. I don't Cirrus. recognize that prison off the top of my no. head. And uh, wherever it may be, because in my mind, they're just going to keep Molly on the fucking Watchtower prison, whatever they have oh, set up there. Oh, I was there. thinking serious but, to me if if it is because I looked and I couldn't find – I'm guessing this is off-planet, that this is like – this is where you send the worst like, – send her to the yeah, fucking it's Phantom It's such a weird thing, especially for Earth doing this. You know, It's not like the Earth has the ability to go and send shit off-planet yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? that's so what it seemed I have no idea, me. and she seems to be in this like warehouse where they're having car- like, sh- like big old shit yeah. in cargo containers. It's, it's like, weird. And I'm telling you, it is so weird to the point where Batman is here. He's talking to him, this whole goddamn like you know dialogue with her about yeah. the, the end, what what it, what it means, this world, and like you know uh, destiny and freaking predestiny, whatever it is. At the end, the guards are taken away. If they are guards, are taken yeah. away. She calls him Bruce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, you, you're just gonna throw that out so there. Ba- there's knowing? so many bad things in this. Uh, but it does start out with the big bad of the issue, and this is pretty much a one shot. That's going to lead to this final deal of the future kids of the Justice League coming back, yeah. this whole hokey deal. Uh, but you have a thing where you have Chirac. Chirac, sure. Eric. And he is from millennia ago. And he came about and he's basically uh, the scourge of the universe where he goes through universes and conquers them by actually overtaking like a virus, a zombie virus of the inhabitants to form this legion that he goes. So as he goes through the universe, he collects he more and more populace, people. Yeah. Don't know how he gets them off world or if he does no or he starts off each time. It's not well thought out or whatever. It's just thrown to be this big bad. And the whole big thing where you're getting this push is that the Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians show up to fight the Chirac, and as they and it fight takes him, combined might of all of them takes to all take of them. Down. And the whole thing is, and where they stress this throughout, and ends up where Simon has read about it, and wants to change things on Earth, is that the Green Lanterns go, and these zombie. You know, the legion that he's taken over are innocent people who ended up being taken over. And the whole point is the Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians didn't care. They killed everyone. The problem is it goes against continuity of the Green yes, Lanterns. It does. The, the Green Lanterns did not have the ability to use their rings to kill people until, until later Sinestro on, Corps until War. the Sinestro Corps War. Now, if, if Brian Hitch would have spelled something out and said, you know, this is little known, this is a secret, because it's, it's Simon, you know, Simon time where it's like, you know, it's the first time that we ever had the freaking kill protocols taken off yes. and until the Sinestro Corps War or something like that. Yes, that if this was a dark out. secret. 
that was hidden by the Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians, and this is how Simon found Nope, this was it. This goes this against continuity. This goes against Green continuity. And, it, and this is where I asked Brian Hitch about it and said, you know, what's going on? And he started throwing World War II info at me, and I said, I, I'm not here to get a lesson on World War II. I'm asking you about the Green Lantern continuity. This is out of continuity. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't go. Basically, he came back with a... Oh, well, the editor's fucked up. They didn't tell me. I'm like, okay, whatever. And he took a while. He looked into it. He wanted to prove me wrong, and he couldn't. And it it just, right away, you're starting off the whole thing with, and and I don't think a lot of people picked up on it. And I think that it's not something that a lot of people are even going to care about when they hear us say this, but it is wrong. And it goes towards an issue here where basically it's an extra size issue. He has used the extra pages to fucking throw shit at you that makes no goddamn sense, this whole issue. This is where it starts because then you go to Molly. Like you said, I get the idea. This is why I thought it was off-world because it does look like they do have cargo. They're loading up possibly a spaceship. I don't know because she throws out shit, but it all is basically her saying, listen, and she might say – Brandon messaged me because he read it and he's like – does Molly say rebirth seven trillion times? And it's Brian well, Hitch yes. has been doing this with Molly before. She's mentioned Flashpoint He's before. Done She's it with mentioned everybody, Christ. I believe. Yeah, this was she was big though because when she showed up before, that was how she tried to convince the Justice the League. The but basically, I saw the crisis. I was there from the beginning. I'm the watcher who watched you guys go from apes to this. Well, now she's like, listen, don't you guys realize you keep coming back? You keep getting resurrected. It's because this is a whole thing that. You know, it's preordained, and this is how it happens. There's this cycle that goes, and her and Batman are going to have a philosophical uh, discussion as the planet seems to be almost taken over by the Chirac, you know, and he's just there, and he's talking. Basically, at the end of the day, what he gets from her is nothing. He doesn't agree with her about a god. He thinks that's free will and then says, go away, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know what? The big bads are coming. That's all it ends up. Nothing happens. Oh, I, I got so upset because they are throwing, like, you know, in my mind, Brian Hitch got this whole thing, like, wow, DC Comics, it keeps rebooting itself. And I don't know if, you know, something's coming ahead with freaking, you know, with uh, with the uh, Doomsday Clock. If we're no, gonna I think that he was doing this reboot. way before. He's break. just off on his but own, the, I think. But the whole idea, though, behind this is like, oh, look, there's a cycle to the fucking life that, like, everything is centered on Earth. Like, everything you're doing now, you've done before and shit like that. But every time it, like, it restarts and stuff like that, uh, the, it always the darkness you know, gets bigger. That's exactly, what, yeah. and certain things have to stay the same, but certain things yeah. are changed here and there. And at the end of the day, he's like, she has no information. She no. is saying all this, and he's like, well, what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, like, she says that, and he's like, who's this darkness? Who knows? I'm like, well, you why, should, why because are you you're talking? talking about how you've seen this over and over again. And so the funny thing is, is this was going on. She spells out that she requested Batman to talk to. She has no information. I just think she's lonely. She's well, bored yeah. in this fucking, you know, the space age version of fucking Hannibal Lecter right there. Uh, but yeah, she really has nothing to say. It's just a hokey philosophical deal that Brian Hitch wants to show that he's fancy. He's giving you a I, fancy I, philosophical deal. I was deal. even yelling at you earlier in the week when you were telling me about it because the whole thing, like they, they, then they start talking about God and like what the meaning of 
God is this, is this moral that doesn't have morals like you or me. And like, if there's a good version, it's got to be a bad version. And like, I don't believe in gods and shit like that. Like, well, you know what? Back in Phantom Stranger, Batman, you actually went you to, went heaven, to heaven. And so your heaven was going to be. So you should believe in something like this. Yeah, and, and you even that, spelled you out. Know and yeah, Diana. Yeah, Diana, you, you have, you know, done things with gods. Uh, you know, and he says that there's not. This is just Brian Hitch throwing this shit out there. Uh, and it's there's nothing. Molly just gives nothing. Like she did the last time we saw her when the Timeless are around. It's basically yep. the big bad's still coming. Who's that? You'll see. I don't know. Oh, Ooh, it, it's there. But yeah, I said in my review, my so main... now we we now we filled up the beginning of this with a continuity for the Green Lanterns that doesn't make sense, and then we take up a bunch of pages with Molly and Batman. Yes, to talk in circles that don't come to anything. That don't come to anything. I said that his whole thing because he does. She does like there. I was there. There's been a rebirth, a crisis, a flashpoint. Hey, but you, but they. She's just yelling shit, and then she even oh, says, "Live, die, repeat." Pretty hour. much. Huh? I'm like, is he watching the fucking you know that what what is it? called the lift i repeat movie with because oh, she edge of tomorrow she, edge like of tomorrow. Yeah. she basically says that and uh and ba- also we didn't uh say the big thing was when Chirac got killed by the green lantern corps when they went uh you know nuts on him ham as rafe would say uh he yes. shattered into pieces and this was his plan like oh he had a plan though because he shattered into pieces that would resurrect the green lantern corps got all of them except the one that went to earth of course and of course uh, it goes to earth yeah yeah and uh but in the meantime, you have Molly and all this, and it's just there's it's nothing. I just I can't get over the fact, like you said, you you throw away Green Lantern Corps uh, continuity, then you go to Molly to nothing. Now you're gonna go to Vic and Simon. And, and even I do that think- too, like another part I had a problem with the Molly, just because I don't I don't want to talk about it again after we get through with this, is that. Freaking, she talks about, you know, how many times you've been resurrected. It's not just you, like, you know, the superheroes and supervillains. Well, like, this is not like, you know, yeah, the Joker was just resurrected back in the New 52 because when Batman was, well, we know the bad guys get resurrected as well. Yeah. What do you want from me here? You are giving me nothing. No, no. And uh, what I was, I I forgot what I was saying in my uh, review. uh, I actually said that what Brian Hitch seems to be is. Christmas is like the doomsday clock. That's going to be Christmas for all of us oh, yeah. DC fans. Brian Hitch can't wait. He, it's July. He's opening up his goddamn presents. And no, when he opened them. shaking the shit out and, of them. Well, he opened them and they suck. His presents are terrible. They're not the real presents. So he's doing this. And I think that the worst part of this is he's confusing people who think that this is involved in the overall arc of things. And I don't think it. It is. It, it, cause, I, and if it is, it's nonsense. Mind. It's it has nonsense. nothing to do with Brian Hitch. Yeah, so then we go off to the Michigan Science Center, and you have Vic and Simon uh, together. And we did see them together. They even spelled out when the fear, the fear yeah, thing. Yeah, they went to the football And game. I like them together. I think that they are a pretty good. They're they're the same age around. They kind of look like they would, you know, they're able to talk. This is when Shazam left the Justice League. Cyborg has nothing to do. I like them together. The problem is Tom Derenick, I don't think he's ever seen any pictures or any drawings of Simon. Nope. That does not look like Simon at all. And we laughed at. Uh, Cyborg's little uh, freaking George. get up. But uh, Cyborg okay. says, and they're at the science center. There's teachers there. It looks like, I would say, like a sixth grade. Uh, class, maybe you know, early middle school, younger. even. They're they're young, uh, and they're there. And uh, 
Cyborg says, you know, I like to help these people out. And there's a weird thing that gets thrown in about the uh, the, the freaking, uh, what's it called? The mosque calling Cyborg about Cyborg. Right, and like, they want him to be like, you know, come and talk yeah. to the kids. And yeah, be kind and, of and like it's a nice guy, thing where you know, Cyborg even says, role model. Yeah, and Cyborg says, this is why I do this, you know. You don't have to be perfect, then they can learn this. Well, you go then, and the one And that's the whole thing, because Simon wasn't perfect. He doesn't think that he is a good enough person to be this fucking yeah. role model for I them. I like that. The I'm is, telling you, I it, like that whole interaction. It's a great interaction because yeah. it is an evolution of Simon to see that yes. you know he d- does not have to be his past. He has moved yes. on from that. He can show these kids that they can too. You don't have to be yeah. like you know stopped by your past and yep. by, like your future. Besides the art right there, I think that's the best part of the book. It Just is. them talking. I really like it. And it really makes me wonder if Brian Hitch would decide because the only couple times that I really did kind of like this book is the down moments the you know even with Jessica and Barry that one issue I, that was all the fear deal when they went off together I actually thought that it was half decent there and this talk here I'm like you know what you don't have to have the world end to have a good Justice League yep. you know issue well all of a sudden the world's going to end Eric because out of nowhere this teacher starts getting sick and this is where me and Brian Hitch had a lot of issues on Twitter because this teacher he looks sick he's having problems and this girl runs over to Cyborg like, Victor, Mr. Cox ain't well. He's going to hurl. And then, okay, you know, I'm going to check it out. Hey, Philip, you okay? He pulls out a gun and pulls out a gun and takes a, one of the girls who's in his class uh, captive. Hostage, where, did, yeah. where did he get this gun? Where no, would dude, a teacher? I, I, I have so much more problems because we've yelled about this all the way to ourselves about yeah. like, how did this teacher who seemed beloved by everybody just have a gun on him and whip it out? What I want to know is, why the fuck did he have that rock on him? Where the hell did that rock yeah. come from? No, that, the, like, rock the rock came out of the rock when they he hit. He ended up hitting the. Uh, there is a case with the rocks behind him. The rocks are all did in he? that okay. exhibit so right behind. Thing, I don't know why they'd be like there. It's just ridiculous. But he's near this rock. You get the idea. The rock is why he's hearing these voices because he's there. But why does is this teacher? Is he the first teacher... motherfucker to ever fucking go near this goddamn? I case? guess. And then really, like I said, and people might be like, "Oh, here goes Jim with the, you know the logic of things or whatever." This is a teacher of what appears to be fifth, sixth grade class. He's going on a field trip. He's packing heat, and not yeah. only that, he just pulls it out, and then. Where is the security getting into this? This is the science center. There's also things where you have a security check when you go into these things. And this guy immediately, you cannot just, he just seems to have a gun in his pocket that he whips out. And I said to Brian Hitch, where did this gun come from? And he really, this is where I got mad because he seemed very condescending and said, it's, it's America. Where does any American get a gun? I'm like, I don't know. I said to him, basically, I, I know you think we're savages. There are rules yeah. in place. And the problem is it makes this teacher, who seems to be beloved, a piece of shit in my mind. Why does he have a gun at the science center? You, you don't take guns on field trips for school. You don't take guns to school in general, let alone a field trip. The teacher. Like, what the hell is going on? And you also, you have Cyborg there with you and Simon. They seem to be like chaperones. I don't think anything's going to go wrong that they can't handle. You have a gun? What are you doing? Next thing you know, he's going to freaking Plexico Burris himself, shoot himself in the goddamn leg, and then he's not going to be in the NFL anymore, Eric. That's what happens when or you have fucking Justin guns. fucking high school. It's what you, you don't tuck guns. It looks like he has it in his pocket. But no, actually, to me, it looks like it just materializes because yep. that has to have to happen. And then basically, 
commits suicide in front of these kids. He blows his and head off. And the blood off. fucking goes on that goddamn rock yeah, right he there. He blows his head the off. One, that... The one magic rock there, there are all these rocks. Yeah, they all I, get I blown the and where, that's hell. Because the thing does. is, I, I just had a problem because when he hits that case, you do see a bunch of these rocks fall like yeah, you said. They fall but in order for him to go fucking ham, as Rafe would say like this, in my mind, he would already have to have it on his person because yeah. this is a display that fucking hundreds well, of people see get every it. goddamn day. You get day. the whole deal. The blood goes onto it and, and that, that interacts. What is that? that what the fuck is going on here it's so hokey and everybody's running that these kids have just seen their teacher commit suicide he just blew his head off when this rock gets blood on it all of a sudden simon rings simon's ring goes off and says there's a warning object is active clear the vicinity and like what the fuck even simon's like my ring what's it say i don't know and i don't i I don't And who are you? Because you do not look like Simon. At the one point when he's like, he goes to say, you kids, stay behind me. Don't move. And he's like, Vic, I can. He's going to use this ring. I'm like, that is a 55-year-old man. That that, that does not look like. And when I was reading it, I actually thought, okay, I see the grin. Before, I didn't know who that was. And and if you have anything, this gun, it really throws me off. It really does. Yeah. Out of nowhere, this gun shows up just because it needs to be. Uh, and, yeah, all of a sudden there's a force field around the city. Uh, what is th- what is going on? But, yeah, then you go back and you go to Molly and Batman. And they just keep talking about it. Reuniverse is uh, yeah, reborn. About constant Molly, we, we already cycle, went through The this. accumulating. It just keeps going. I'm telling you, it's another seven pages where, you, you know, she says nobody does – uh, you know, the, what does it mean? Is there a pattern? She's like, no, everything's going. It's just nonsense. Then you it go is. back to yeah, Cyborg and Simon again. They're, Cy, Simon is, is protecting them in this, you know, bubble with the ring. And then the one girl like, look, oh, my God, Mr. Cox, what's happening? All of a sudden, he is changing into Ciroc. Shirak, uh, and it says, the ring says, extreme warning, criminal designated Shirak is undergoing resurrection, evacuate area and contain. Why did that ring not know that that shard right away when you went in there? I don't know. That that was Shirak because that was his resurrection. That was I don't know why the Shirak used that moment, that teacher right there to freaking, you know, make him go insane yeah. and fucking blow his yeah. head off so some blood would get yeah, on the guy. Yeah, he waited all this like, time. He waited. He, like, we, I'm telling we, you, it's just this weird. This was millennium ago. Millennia ago when that rock, here. yeah, that rock landed millennia ago. And all of a sudden, he waited for this moment, and the ring had no idea when it was actually the rock there, which he, it should have. And now it's the rest it's of the Green Lantern Corps. They collected the rest of the rocks. So yeah, they would know what yep. this goddamn it would, rock it is would made definitely out of be. It, it would definitely be listed on there. And nope, you didn't get that. You have the whole thing. Cyborg is going to boom the kids out. It also says the rings like anybody around here is going to be infected. And for some reason, Simon, uh, you know, gets rid of the fucking thing for them to get out of there. And then they're going to boom to about. But the the problem is the, the rest only of the thing city I can imagine starts with the kids, changing. Though, is that when like you know that that energy pulse or whatever went out, and that's going to make everybody turn into these zombie yeah, things. I and they had the well, shield around them to. at the time, so they were. And now it's okay. Yeah, well, all of a sudden now you're going to have a whole thing where the whole city is getting turned into zombies and you're going to have Simon go through this whole deal of, you know, I'm not going to kill everybody like the original Lanterns and the Guardians did. Now, the other thing I have to point out, I'm not sure that Brian Hitch realizes there's no Guardians. There's only, you know, there's only two Guardians. He keeps yelling that he's going to go back and kill all the Guardians, you know. Yep. He's going to be upset when he gets well, there because there's exactly. not That's much the whole thing. I, I, can't, I can't say anything bad about that because you know, even Volthoom and Sam Hunt Thing when he he didn't realize at yeah, first that all I don't the think that I actually, but that's the problem with all the other things. With all the things that have gone wrong, though, I can't say that that's just not a goof. 
I, I can't say it because he says it to Simon. Simon doesn't react. I think at one point he's yelling it with Simon there. And Simon, you know, hey, by the way, buddy, you know, you're a little late. But still, it's just with everything else that goes wrong, I'm never going to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and oh, look into it more. Uh, but, yeah, Shirak uh, is now going to take over everyone. Shirak uh, then is fighting. And it's funny, too, because at this point, it looks like Brian Hitch realizes he kind of got in a little bit of a conundrum because Shirak has Simon. He can convert him. He doesn't because he wants him to be there to see all this stuff. It's that whole deal. Yeah, but he could do this, and now we have real big problem. They don't want that to happen, so he goes, but then Simon calls no, him the, the Justice League. No, because Simon's the linchpin of this goddamn issue, now, so if that happens, the issue's over. Well, he calls in the Justice League, uh, give credit to them that Amara is there. She's there. She comes in. She doesn't have much to do. So if it's yeah. anything, she was inserted in. And uh, immediately, the Justice League is on a containment deal. They want to contain the zombie people so that they don't get hurt. But for some reason, Jessica yells that they're gathered too much and they're able to counter my green light. Don't get what that's happening. And it looks like Cyborg, again... It's going ham on everyone. It looks like he's killing people at the one no, point. They're saying not to, and he's I'm blasting you, I, I'm, away. I'm looking at the uh, like the freaking str- strategy that the Justice League are using here. First off, Flash runs away to go contain the, the freaking uh, like the radius of what's going yeah. on. And it seems like he's just running around over and over again in a circle. And I'm like, why don't you just have Jessica create a goddamn dome around the place so you can yeah, you know, and it's okay. Speed. That's kind of a hokey thing that he does. But the problem is it looks like he's running in the air. The way this is where it's – you see the circle, it actually goes through a building and up in the air. It should be around that he's containing them in a circle on the ground. I agree. So that they can't get through. I, I, I think there was all, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, there's one that goes through like an alley and up in the air. I think yep. it's off the way he's doing so do it I. because it should be That's that he's right making angle. a wall of flash. I think something got fucked up. Uh, yeah, and then you have Wonder Woman yelling, you know, non-lethal force, Victor, understood. If the information you gave us from Simon is accurate, then we have hit hard enough to make sure this ends quickly. I'm like, this is such hokey deal. And then they're all immediately taken out when all these tentacles come out of the ground. Chirac grabs him and throws him to the yeah, ground. Yeah, and like, and you're, getting, right. you're, you're getting so upset with this. I can tell I, you're just like, I want to get done with it. angry at but this. Yeah, and then he gets the Justice League and then starts saying stuff like, oh, now I'm going to get your power. And boy, I'm going big. I'm getting this. This all keeps going on. And on and on until Simon basically realizes, oh, you know what? That shard, you think it was magic. It wasn't. It was technical. And I've downloaded stuff into Cyborg, and he knows how to counteract you. He punches him in the chest, and then it counteracts him with a, I don't know. He oh, reprograms God. the shard to end up doing something and getting the people. Then the people run. They, they talk because then all of a sudden these zombies seem to have a little bit of their humanity left. Uh, run to the light, people. And they run, and then it burns off the zombie-ism. <sighs> and then they, they're yelling, and then Simon's there and basically I, I, says, it, it's fucking terrible. And then he says, listen, you were given light. a second chance. Mean? I don't know. What, why does that stuff burn off of them? I don't at that know. Point? I, I don't know what's going but on. Yeah. And this is this whole thing where you like, you know, I had a hunch that that rock you were, 
that was a freaking like a, a piece of technology and not yeah. like magic or no, whatever. No, it was part of him. It was it, it was spelled out that it shattered off of him. How and is now that Chirac technology? Has just become a goddamn computer virus. That yeah, fucking, he's, like, he's a, now he's a addict. robot virus, and they reprogrammed it to kill him. But now we have the issue because we already saw and that I'm our man to- Phil had become Chirac. So if you're gonna kill him, you're also gonna kill Phil. But no, they no. reprogrammed it into a resurrection device rewired so that it gave me access and realized we could regenerate Phil in the way that he regenerated Chirac. I'm telling you, even before that, I'm reading on this whole thing. At this point, you know, you've gone through a bunch of Molly and you've done this whole thing. We've led up to this point. I'm still stuck on the fact that fucking Chirac had a hold of the entire justly. He had them subdued. Talks about the immense power. It's more power than he's ever felt before in his life. He can conquer the goddamn universe with power. Doesn't convert any of them. Nope. Nope, he doesn't. And yeah, and you have Simon with the big. Uh, he kind of comes to grips. Oh, they're and says, fighting, but no, I'm saying the. the and they, as, they as this goes, line. they're fighting him. Like, oh, are they? Good. And as we go, we have Batman uh, talking to Molly at the end. Like, listen, I don't think every anything's preordained. We have choices. We choose who we are. We make a difference. And then you have Simon fucking gather his wits. You know what? I'm no great Muslim. I'm no great man. I've made loads of mistakes. I stop your fucking yelling and start your doing. God Your fucking it. team is about to die. He goes through one of the longest bunch of fucking yelling and screaming I, like, about. In my mind, we are the he, Justice League. I'm telling you, in my mind, somehow he was redoing like the way it was spelled out to me, like the way it looked on the page. I'm like, are you recreating the Green Lantern oath somehow to yeah, gain up seemed, some fucking well, power even, or something? What it, are it's you funny doing? because you say that because at the beginning of the issue, there was a very hokey thing of like, you know, they had the oath cut his back. I don't know what was going on, but this is the Justice League oath. They're like, we're bigger than that. We're, we don't have fears. We are the Justice League, and I'm a Green Lantern. And then there's Shrek. No, they resist. Not possible. None have ever. Grah! And then, he, then he punches him in the chest. Vic now, and then Vic's accessing. Well, you were talking it big. Well, you were talking it big. I used my ring to scan the thing, and you grew out of red rescue stone. It's technology. I'm like, no, no, stop it, stop it, please. And then and yeah, they they the resurrect thing, the teacher t- who t- has blown his head off. I want somebody to fucking arrest him now for having a fucking gun in please. that uh, fucking uh, you know the science center. I'm sure that they you know check something about that. The the thing that got me mad and again, this might have been me reading into it, but when Brian Hitch was saying that, it basically came off to me, and I don't think he really. Meant it, but it, it made it seem to me it was like, oh, all you Americans have guns. No, so no, shut uh, up. That's that's what I took it, and I, that's what I really think he means. And like, I am you know, a guy who we have, is. Uh, you, you will not meet a guy who's more against guns than me. I am I, I so like against them. I will never own a gun. I will. Ref- I refuse to touch a gun. My dad was a big guy with guns. I refuse to touch them. I did not like them. I don't like them. And if I had a gun in this house, I'd already be dead. My wife would kill me and, and all that stuff. But yeah, then that's not me being political. I'm just telling you, I just do not like guns. And at least and, one of your uh, kids would have killed themselves by now yeah, by mistake. No, I'm telling you, this shit would have been just laying around. I, I know it yeah. would be. I'm not careful enough to have something that's that lethal anywhere near me. And I just don't. T- so when he came off like where does any american get a gun i'm like you know motherfucker you know they're, they're not every american I, I is there yahooing and fucking you know it's just fuck you you know what i, 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 I got so mad too, I imagine if you had a gun too it's like one of those things all right now jim don't pull the trigger because it's loaded you you immediately have to go pull yeah, i'm gonna have to try it new, what a tick what like this ah there i am dumb american 
It just, huh. it really, it really, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Me and too. then he said I was getting, uh, I was getting aggressive. Hostile. And I said, no, you or, were condescending. Uh, you were very condescending. And, and it really came up. And then he's like, how could I be condescending in, uh, in oh, 140 characters? I'm like, well, how could I be aggressive? I mean, you could do it the same way. And then I said, yeah. If, yeah. If, and my big thing that I think he took, uh, uh, you know, umbrage with is that I said when he said that they resurrected this teacher by using that tech again, I said basically, you take the show on the road, get Vic and uh, fucking uh, Vic and Simon go on the road, resurrect people. I said, start off with Kurt Cobain, he shot himself too. Yep. You resurrect that motherfucker. Get over and to Jim I said, Morrison's grave. Come on. And I said to him, listen, the Kurt Cobain. He's, he wasn't a member of the Beatles. I just want you to know that because, you know, he just discovered the Beatles, he, he, he said. I, yeah, I don't want to know. He's years – he'll be 70 before he knows who Nirvana is, so maybe he'll do that. Yeah, just go around. make every, Resurrect everyone. And really throws out anything that you have. Once you have people resurrecting people, what, what you know problem do you have? And then Molly's right. Everybody is resurrected. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it ends with uh, Molly talking to Batman and saying, you know, the big the big thing's coming, the big darkness. They're leading her away to somewhere, and somewhere. she starts laughing. Again, why did she even want to talk to him? She has no info and says, the end is here, bros. You brought it on everyone, everything, all of you have. You're about to find out just what your lives are worth. And then it says the next, the children of the Justice League. And we know that that was the story coming up eventually. Yep. So it looks like, you know, we get more time travel and nonsense. And this is just nonsense. Uh, I thought the art was off. Uh, I didn't care. I, I wanted to give this a fuck you five just for the, uh, for the Get Fresh crew. I even put it in my blurb at the end of my review. I said, you know, you guys in the Get Fresh crew, shout out to you guys. You know what this score really means because I could go as low as a three. I think Hussein gave it a three. I'm on telling his you, I'm side. sitting here with a 3.5 in yeah. my head, but you know what? Yeah. I think I'm going fuck you five just yeah, because. Yeah, I'm going fuck you five just because I want to say fuck you to all of this. It's fucking nonsense. And this is my, we have a lot of fuck you fives on this podcast. Uh, it's crazy. This is the one that's the most infuriating, this issue, because it's a oversized extra. You have to pay an extra dollar for this fucking for garbage. It's nothing. It's garbage. It, it's complete and utter garbage. And he can get mad at me and say that he knows that I'm against him and I, I'm going to be so happy when he leaves. I even said, no, it's, it's a shame. It really is that this well, book has been I this bad. All I want is a good Justice League book, motherfucker. Yeah, that's all that's I it. want. It's not now. I, this is awful. So, yeah, we're going to move on now. Now we're done. At, that, at least that section, it's like pulling teeth. Hoo-wee! Let me get my guns! Woo-wee, Eric! That's, I'm telling you, it, it, we're all from Texas. We're all fucking hemming in the hall. I got and my, my cowboy my hat on right now. I got my cowboy hat. I'm fucking out in the range. I, I I wonder, I don't know, you know, I guess he flies in for conventions and stuff, but maybe he has to talk to a couple of Americans, I, you know. Well, that's the I, thing is, I, I know he's British, I, I thought he lived in the States, I really did, I, I have no know. idea. He just, he doesn't seem to think highly of us, Eric, he doesn't think highly Neither of us. Neither do I, I do but not shit. Think, I, yeah, I think all people around the world are pieces of shit, but I, I think that I don't think highly of his writing, so there. Nope. So take that! Uh. Uh, but we're going to go on now to more mail. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah. It's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah. It's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah. It's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. Let's hear what you have to say. 
boom, it's mail with Eric, and we're going to start off mail section number three with J-Man from Half Moon Bay. All hey, right. Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? Of my top five favorite comic book characters, only one character has never really had a great story written for them or around them. He was created in the 90s. Now it's time for his first great comic book story to be written. That character's name is... Any guesses, Eric? Um, in the 90s, huh? Yes. Asriel. Mr. Terrific. Oh. No, not Terry Sloan. You, I don't know why I'm saying, I don't know why I'm saying savage, oh, because I like Mr. Terrific bad. more than I like Asriel. He wants Michael Holt. In his past, so Mr. Mr. T has been marginalized in an oversight JSA team, killed off, only to be brought back in a shitty costume in a poorly written series during the New 52, which we'll, we will be doing. It's coming hate, up. I'm telling you, I hated when he was reintroduced in New 52. I hated the yeah. red T on his face for some well, reason. I really yeah, liked yeah, the yeah. black, and like the, it just was not, not the same. That uh, The New 52 review, I think Mr. Terrific is due up like the next you know five really? or six. I actually have it in the Dropbox for us to, to read. I actually stuff. did not read that at all just because I looked at him and I said, I don't like the way you look, Michael Holt. I'm yes. Out. Yeah, I, I didn't read it either, and I just heard it was terrible, and it's weird. They say the trade is issue one to seven, mm-hmm. but it's an eight-issue series, and the eighth weird. issue is just a finale that does not seem to tie into anything. So I'll have to look more into it, and I told you. As far uh, as we I know, the finale was him going to Earth 2. Yeah, it was just him ending and going, and it does say yeah. on the cover, like, finale, it's over. So we'll, we'll probably be doing all eight. I think that's one we'll try to, even though it's eight issues, we'll try to jam into one. Right. We don't need part one and two. No, not a Mr. Terrific. Then he was misused in Futures and Forgotten in Earth 2 Jumble. Now he has returned, thank you, Scott Snyder, and is ready yep. to kick ass in the new team book written by Jeff Lemire and drawn by Ivan Rice. I'm so looking forward to the Terrifics. I just saw that Doc Shaner is going to be the second artist for the Terrifics. I couldn't be more excited for a new series. I'm as giddy as a schoolgirl, he said. <laughs> the other awesome thing about this is the supporting cast, Plastic Man, Metamorpho, and Phantom Girl. Huh. This seems very Fantastic Four-ish. Yes, it does. Sure does. They're pushing it as that. That's great, because I always admired those characters from afar. That's all for me. My wife wants me to do everything around the house during the weekends. No time for weird science or comic book fun. Frowny emoji. Frowny Keep emoji up the good indeed. work, and I'll see you in seven. J-Man from Monterey. Thank Thanks, you, J-Man. J-Man. And now we're going to go up to Batman Beyond Mark, who has a little thing to tell us about. Aaron. Batman Beyond Mark says, hey, Jim and Aaron. Today, the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter released this statement. After 24 years of memorable storytelling, Sega of America will conclude their Sonic the Hedgehog publishing partnership program with Archie Comics. This does not mark the end of Sonic in comics, but signifies Sega of America's decision to take a different direction of the series that will be announced at a later date. Sega would like to thank Sonic's amazing fans for their loyalty and passion over the years. Sega looks forward to providing more information soon. Now, since he did send this, there was a tidbit of info that just said Sonic will be back in 2018, but nothing else is announced. I'm not so sure Sega isn't going to go the route that they did with their games when they stopped making consoles and just were a, a third-party game. Maybe they're right. going to open up their own publishing division, have Sega Sonic comics. and a couple of things. Yeah, maybe they will. Maybe that's what they're trying. Maybe they see that the Sonic comics actually make enough money that they could do that. We'll First see. two titles that Sonic the Hedgehog. Or, I mean, here's the thing. I know that, you know, uh, Mark is upset, but also the contract ends. It's like a sports figure. They, they yeah. want to go free agent. They want to see the biggest, the bitter. So Justin I would Rick guess gonna be so upset. IDW seems so perfect for them to grab it, like with all the, the properties so that they have. Uh, maybe Boom. I don't know. I don't know. Action Labs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would like to say like dynamite, just because they they seem like older classic stuff. Maybe Dark Horse. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe DC. Maybe. I know I've said before that Weird Science DC and Batman Beyond 2.0 are what got me into comics, and that's true, but there was one exception, Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comic. I remember going to the grocery store with my parents and seeing in the magazine rack near the register something I'd never seen in person before, a comic book, and not only that, it had Sonic on it. It always I'd always been in the video games and loved Sonic, so I begged my mom to let me get it. it. I was at the age where I was learning to read, so she let me get it. That was back in 1998. It's funny, that's the year I learned how to read. It was issue 63. <laughs> I believe. Couldn't really even read through it at first, but over the years I looked and read through it so many times the cover eventually fell off. Over the years, anytime I saw a Sonic comic, I bought it. It's funny because he says it's about Sonic, which was, uh, you know, published by Archie Comics. Archie Comics was one of the things that I used to get when I was a real little kid. That and like peanuts and stuff like yeah. that. We'd, we'd be able to get those digests in the uh, the book club uh, for school. And See, I, I used to I like get the them. Garfield digests. Yeah, I was never a big Garfield fan. I did like Family Circus and I like Peanuts. I liked all that lame stuff. I even have issue 100 somewhere. When I went to college, it was in a town that at the time had no comic store. When I heard Archie was doing what would be their first Sonic Mega Man crossover, I would drive home every other week to pick up issues from the event. Then after the event was over, I was in the Fleet Farm in my college town and from across an aisle, something caught my eye. It was a Sonic comic book. Fleet Farm carries Archie comics. I'm guessing Fleet Farm is a grocery store. So from then oh, yes, till yeah. the end of college, I would stop by each month to pick up Sonic and Sonic Universe. Soon after graduating, I found weird science and started going to comic shops and even set up a pull list. I thought we were the, the destroyer of dreams, like the God Butcher, Eric. The King Only Butcher. most of the, the dreams. God Some Butcher. people, it gets them on board. Do you like the King Butcher or the God Butcher? Which would you like better? I think King Butcher, How actually. about the Dream Slayer? Would you like Dream that Slayer a lot better? Dream Slayer is what I like way better. That would have been a lot better. At the top of that list, you're the Dream Slayer, Archie's Sonic. I know a lot of people dismiss it as just a kid's comic, and I'm not saying it isn't a kid's comic, but it was the kind of kid's material that I didn't treat the, didn't treat the reader like an idiot. I like that kind of material. Uh, the only thing that I had about Archie comics, uh, the uh, Sonic comic especially, was that your cousin Ricky was a big fan of it, and sure we was. don't like cousin Ricky, Eric. He's a, he's a bit of a weirdo. He is. It could get dark, too. The villain Robotnik in one arc builds two AI who think of him as their father. He even builds one of them a body so she could accompany him and act as a bodyguard. They had personalities, too. One took after his father and wanted to take over the world, and the other was a devoted daughter. The son, the one who wanted to take over the world, betrays Robotnik in what would be a failed grab for power. When Robotnik realizes what has happened, he immediately uses an override command on the other one, his devoted daughter, to make her immediately terminate herself. As she destroys herself, she uh, crystal out why, or she cries out why. Robotnik doesn't bat an eye, saying, better safe than sorry. This wasn't a character who had just been around for an issue or two. This was someone who had been around for two-plus years, Eric. The series had complex stories oh, and characters. Shit. The Sonic you met, met in issue one, very different from the one in issue 50, 100, 150, 200, and even the last issue, 290. It was a subtle change over the course of years, not the rush character changes you see in a lot of time in comics. He grew up. Did he sit there when he was just... 
when you didn't move him, was he tapping his foot, crossing his did, arms? Did he want chili dogs like he did in the cartoon? Maybe. He got worn down, even a bit cynical at times, but without losing the cockiness, charm, and kindness that we all fell in love with years ago. I mean, if you look to where Batman in the New 52 and after, you would think he had problems with mood swings. How much and how often his character's personality changed, given the universe timeline? When I think of Sonic... Jesus Christ, my dog scared the shit, out, shit of out of me. When God I think damn. of Sonic, this is the Sonic I think of. Terry McGinnis might be my favorite superhero of all time, but Sonic Archie Sonic is my favorite comic book character of all time, hands down. Not even a contest. That's goddamn dog. If, if any one of our family members walks in the house, she goes nuts. I, I guarantee you, somebody would break in with a goddamn mask. She'd just sit there. She wouldn't do anything. I, I, I th- I'm telling you, right before we got on for this mail, the friggin' fire trucks were right outside of my house. Right before your dog fucking barked there, I heard it drive away, and now I have a heart attack, and I need them. Yes. Ah. Yes. I won't deny 290 issues of the main book and 512-plus comics in the universe over 24 years is an amazing run. Record-setting, even, especially for a book that started as a time to a TV show. So he probably does like the Chili Dogs. But to go out on the wimp that, uh, whimper that it did, not that the last arc was bad or anything, but it was never meant to be the last issue. It wasn't the ending the series deserved. It's one thing to tie things up and bring on an end to a long-running series. It's another thing to abruptly stop and end a series with no real conclusion. Who's writing this, Tom King? <laughs> Who is it, Eric? Had they given no it idea. a proper ending, I would have been sad it ended, but it would be okay with that. The universe brought me so much happiness, and I could read it from start to finish with just cutting it off, however, with no word for over six months as to its status is just going to leave me angry and wanting more because that is what the last issue promised me. Just no know more. that your Sonic is still out there having adventures, He's still baby. out there somewhere. He's still eating your chili dogs. I'm sure this is probably <laughs> blame on both sides, Archie and Sega. Sega will probably want more money for its licensing, and Archie wants to get away from kids' stuff and video games to focus more on their properties. And everyone is so far up their own butts that they couldn't even give the series a send-off. I want to make it clear, though, I'm talking about corporate, not the creative team on the book. Ian Flynn, I've loved your stories. I don't know that Ian Flynn's listening. No. You think Ian Flynn, what's the chances that Ian Flynn is listening right now? Can I go less than zero? Yes, you can, because it's probably negative 20. Tracy Yardley, Terry Austin... Gabrielle Cassette, and the weird thing is, John Workman, he listens, Eric. I know, he could say he doesn't, he's just lying. I have loved your art, and finally, Patrick Spaz Pizzanti. Pizzanti. Hey! You are now, and forever, will be my favorite cover artist. I usually, when they talk to me, and they say, who's your favorite cover artist? Mine is usually uh, Gilliam March, but Spaz is seconder. Who knows? I don't want to make fun of him now. Mark's going to kill me. Who knows? Maybe Sega will be able to continue the series. They did say this wouldn't be the end, and that's very likely true. Yeah, it says they they say it's coming back in 2018. Little hiatus. People say a lot of stuff. But it's probably the end of this comic of this universe, and that would probably be. They're, they're, they want to start over, you would think. Yeah, it's if a there are other Sonic right comics that come out in the future, I do not envy the team working on them. This will be an impossible act to follow, unless, of course, they get the old creative team back together. But still, this series does better. If anyone is interested at all in Sonic Comic, I highly recommend picking up one of the trades or other collections. I also highly re- recommend Sonic, Mega Man, Worlds Collide, and Worlds Unite. If no, I would you Sonic guy, but I do love me some Mega Man. If I would put that, Sonic, Mega Man, Worlds Collide, in uh, a pick for the back issues, would you would you join me for that? Yeah, because you're more of a Mega Man uh, yeah. fan. So, yeah. And thank you, Mark. And the next mail, and I believe the last one of the section, goes to Brett. Eric, you ready? 
Yeah, let's go for it. Come on. <laughs> you ready for him? Here he goes. He's going to oh, get me all fired up, get me all fucking whatever. Didn't we already do that? How are we going to do it again? It just happens over and over. Uh, Brett it has the, the superhero ability of annoying me. It's not even annoying me. It's just he gets my goat. And I mean the old goat, not this greatest of all time goat that my, my yeah, kids right. go around. They shoot a basket. I'm the goat. I'm like, what? Would you miss the shot? You're the goat? Damn right you are. Yeah, that's what I say. You're the goat in life. And they're like, thanks a lot, Dad. High five. I hate complimenting you bastards. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not complimenting you. Like, back in my day, when you said you're number one, that means you're a jerk, right? Wasn't that <laughs> no, it? No, when you say, man, you're aces, that just means that you're a card, like you're goofing off too much, right? Right? Isn't that what that meant? Anybody say that anymore? And you're a card are I'm going to say things. that to somebody today. I'm just going to go up to one of my kids or somebody. Man, you're aces. See, if they say anything, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? How about if I said, you're groovy, man. Groovy. <sighs> What up, Jim, Eric, Eric's sexy brother Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? I only have one thing to say. The guy is drunk. Exactly, Eric. The guy is drunk. Here is my email from last week that was magically misplaced out of hate. Stop the hate, Jim. It's like the late, great Deborah Gibson said through the title of her most delicious song, Will You Love Me Tomorrow? Dancing in Your Mind, Don't You Want Me Now? Deborah. I, I don't like the Deborah Gibson. I'm a Debbie Gibson fan. Side note, before we get started, I was listening to your pop culture pod, listening to your rant about Teen Wolf 2. In the song Dancing Mike and I worked on, kind of like Brother Snyder and Brother Capullo, we reference that you guys are better than Teen Wolf 2. T-O-O, yeah. not Teen Wolf also, meaning you guys are better than the sequel. But guys, the first Teen Wolf was just a really good flick, so you have a bit of work ahead of you guys before you can topple that gem. Eric likes the second one just almost as good, though. You, you I, like I don't it. think you're going to – don't ever fucking say that ever again. Yeah, you said that. You said to me. Every lies. time you see it, you say, I actually like it better than I thought I did. Every time. No. No. Yeah, you did the last time. You said that. And you kept going on about how James Hampton is an even better father in the second. He but is. I think he if really you can is. last for 10 seasons, you may have a shot. So he's actually been talking about the team of TV show. And, uh, I'll never know about that. Anyway, on to an email that was neglected. I have a question for you guys to answer, but please don't answer until the end. And again, Reggie, Reggie is always welcome. He's the lucky one. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want anything, uh, any parts of this. I nope. asked him if he wanted to. He's like, "Fuck no, I'm not. I'm not involved." What do you guys view as more frightening, a Joker that can laugh or a Joker that cannot? I, I, I know he said to wait to the end. I don't care. I pose this question to you because this is how I take the war of jokes and riddles myself. Batman has made Gotham and, frankly, everything too predictable. So he's good. You're t- he's so good. Yeah. So much so that Joker gains no more humor or fun in what he does. Everything is now expected to happen and play out the same way. This is what the Batman has done to Gotham. Again, the thrill is gone. The thrill has gone away. Now I will stop and say my argument. If he's that good, why can't he find them? Why can't he do anything? Why do we see clues like he could just get Kite Man and say, where the fuck is the Joker? And he never does that. So if he's supposed to be this good, why isn't he? It's just that whole Joker laugh and doesn't laugh is all smoke and mirrors, Brett, that you are fooled with. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Tom King doesn't even care now. To me, when I see the pictures of the Joker with that scowl, it's so much more frightening than the Joker grin or laugh. I saw someone comparing the Joker to an addict. 
An addict like Eric Stray needs that fix and will do anything for it. An so addict well. loses all frame of mind and is unpredictable. But the problem is you're saying that they've pretty much spelled out this Joker can't laugh is predictable. That's why the Riddler went to him because he saw a pattern that was never there before in every sense of the word. An addict will lie, cheat, steal, kill, or do whatever it takes to get that fix right there. That's the problem. This Joker's not unpredictable. He's He was trying to go and kill anybody who was going to make him laugh, like comedians, stores, joke shops. He, he was very predictable. Cabbies. And, and even at that point, Batman couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out that what the Joker was doing. Riddler says that. That is Joker right now to me. Right now, the Joker that Tom King is portraying scares me, and I think that is the point or theme of this arc. No, I think the theme basically is, is there a difference between riddles and jokes? That seems to be very clear. It scares me, too, because this Joker is a couch potato. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, he just sits and watches TV. It's not real scary. I don't know. Didn't seem it doesn't seem scary to me. What did the Joker do in year one, really? How established was he? We don't know. There you go. I think we are getting the sadistic madman by the end of this arc that we all think all thanks to Batman. Well, they mention the people and amount of people he killed in Detective Comics, and it was in the low hundreds. They said that first year, and that's six years later. They said the first year he killed Wait, 14 people. Or something, right? Yeah, something like that. He, I, if you go with all the stuff, first off, it looks like in that comedy club he had to have killed 20 people right there. Yeah. And so I just I don't get anything of what's going on. You say that, you know, by the end of the arc, you're starting to lead into that path that we did with I Am Suicide. I'm done. I'm not going to guess what he thinks. I'm going to go what he says on the page and nothing else. I'm not filling in the blanks. I don't get a paycheck to fill in the goddamn blanks. And then Brett says to me, oh, you know what? He leaves it ambiguous so that he can come back and change things later. I said, yeah, that's a hack. Yeah, that, that, give me a story. Fucking put your balls on the line and give me something. I messaged him. I said, where was the Riddler at the beginning of this story? Was he in Arkham being interrogated? Was he in Blackgate? Or was he at the GCPD headquarters? No answer. No answer nope. because there is no answer. He just had him there, and it was just fucking, like I said, it's all smoke and mirrors. The whole thing is set up. Oh, wouldn't it be cool for the Riddler and the Joker to go at it together? It's never been had. That is cool. And then he sat down and said, oh, shit, I got to write a story now? I thought that I could just say that fucking, you know, th that's the whole issue. It's one page. You mean Wouldn't me it be saying me? this war of jokes and riddles isn't scratching the face of God? Yeah, everything that he does, it seems to be like, it, wouldn't that be cool? You know what? Wouldn't it be cool to have Batman and Swamp Thing in a team-up? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Get to it. What? I got to write a story. Ah, oh, shit. Here we well. go. I'm going to have him do this, then this scene, then that scene. But, but Tom, some of these scenes don't really flow into each other. Yeah, you can fill in the blanks. I got other yeah. things to do. Batman does something to put the Joker back on his more laughable path, Eric, is what he says. At this point in the timeline, I would believe that the Riddler would be more of a threat than the Joker. I understand that is currently not the case at all, but it was then. It should be, and really, most yeah. of the, most so of I this, before this quote-unquote war, that it seems that the talking heads on TV know more about than us, I would have thought that they would have had the National Guard people in because they basically had a prison escape of a guy who kept the city hostage and was a terrorist. So yeah. I think there would have been... Other people getting there, and the city would have been shut down until that Riddler was found. It seems like everybody's just fucking waltzing around. They don't care. They're out and about. But and I say that I don't know because we don't see it. We, we in the two issues now. I think we've seen like three pedestrians out. It doesn't seem like a, a war that's going on, except it's being told to me. 
If it ends up that at the end Batman has rigged the TV things and set up that it was just that to keep the Joker, uh, you know, complacent in the suburbs and nothing really went on or he woke up, it's a goddamn snow globe and a fucking kid. I would say, okay, I get it. At this point in the timeline, I believe that the Riddler would be more of a threat than the Joker. I understand that's currently not the case. He says that. But, yeah, the Joker's been in jail for a year. He hasn't done anything. The Riddler, yeah. He he gets out. They're going to want to get him back. My opinion, a Joker that cannot laugh is more frightening. By the end of this arc, Batman will agree with me, too. He will pick the lesser of two evils and accept the Joker that can laugh and have fun over a Joker that cannot laugh. It's just uh, you you get the idea that at the end, Batman's going to say, you know, hey, Hey, you know, uh, I I think you're the lesser of ten. And then the Joker will just laugh, and it'll be end. It'll end on that. The Joker laughing, kind of like the you know the killing joke. Right. And then I'll, I want to I'll kill somebody, and that won't be a joke. Yeah, I'll be like I. And it's just the only person end. you hang out with is me. Don't do it. Yeah, it's going to end. Yeah, that's true. It's just going to end. Just I can't. I won't even say what I think it's because I, he hasn't proven that he can end anything. So I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to wait. It's going to yeah. end with Kite Man So he says, which yeah. Joker scared you? I don't care. I really don't care. I don't see any difference of the what Joker this Joker... Joker with his face cut off. <laughs> yeah, really. The Joker that we see, just because he's not laughing, he's just the Joker. There's no difference. I want to know if this is him after a year to the point he can't laugh. He's going to be this needy guy. Every fucking, there'll be Joker year two. Now he fucking can't take a shit. He's got to eat more fiber. And, and the then the year the whole three. Thing where you're saying it's just Joker who laughs or Joker who scowls. No, there is a happy meeting. It's in every other comic where you used to see the Joker laugh and scowling yeah. at different parts of the yeah, comic. Yeah, the Joker has scowled before. The Joker has had times when a joke didn't go right and is pissed. And maybe that's the one. Uh, the problem is he says this. Which is scarier to me? The problem I have, the main problem from the base level here. I don't know what the Joker was like the year before he couldn't laugh. The Joker before may have been the scariest thing that we've ever seen in our life. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe if we saw that the Joker at this point was very like... Very low key. He's kind of learning his way, and now all of a sudden, he, but we have Just the idea about making Joker fish. Whatever. If he can't laugh because Batman's too good, obviously he's been up to a lot of shit. Batman, uh, Joker says, uh, I mean Riddler says to him, the reason why you can't laugh is because you keep losing. I want to know what he's lost. At one point, was he going to blow up the fucking whole city and Batman stopped him? Because that's pretty scary, though Batman stopped him. Uh, This is not anything. The reason why the Joker is scary to me at any point isn't just him laughing or scowling or doing this. It would be the point where, where is he with Batman? At this point, Batman is so good that he can't do anything. Not scary to me. Batman will be no. there. Uh, now we haven't seen it played out. But then you have the new 52 where I'm not even going with, oh, you Scott Snyder fan or whatever. It was a Joker that all of a sudden was off his fucking rocker. That you didn't know what. The guy cut off his fucking face for no reason just to fuck and around. Then to fucked around. I mean, you think that a Joker that's scary is sitting there scowling at the TV. How about a Joker that has spent a year to gather fucking dead bodies that would be a thing for Dick Grayson so they can recreate fucking Haley Circus with fucking dead bodies? That's scary. That's a Joker who is not just, hey, he, you know, he got the teeth of fucking, you know, Falcone's mom. This is a guy who was planning for over a year, it seems, to fuck with, just fuck with Dick Grayson because Dick Grayson wanted to bring back Halley Circus. Joker gave him that with every dead body he could find. 
That's fucked up. You, one of the things that never happened in the New 52 that the at one point was supposed to happen in the Red Hood comic in the aftermath of Death of the Family, the Joker was supposed to leave a goddamn acid bomb inside Red Hood's mask. And when he put it on, it was going to burn his fucking face. Yep, to the point it was going to ruin his face. Horrid burn victim and shit like that. They, they decided it was too dark. And yeah, they, they said it was direction. too dark. At one they were going to do it. That was going to be the end of Death That's of the scary. Family. Jason Todd, again. his face is all fucked up forever because of the Joker's last laugh. Yeah, the whole you know thing. what? Uh, and, and I hate to, you know, be just yelling about Scott Snyder's Batman because that's the one I'm most familiar with. But also a Joker who shows up dressed in a goddamn Hawaiian shirt with a camera who fucking shoots Barbara Gordon then takes pictures and then freaking is sadistic as hell to Commissioner Gordon in a fucked up fucking you know uh, sideshow carnival oh, amusement park Joker. that is scary to me him sitting there watching TV with with Kite Man not scary I, I'd prefer, I, think, I think I'd actually prefer dinner. the one not laughing because, again, I said he's predictable. He's seen by – Riddler saw his, his freaking thing, and you say, oh, Jim, whatever. But you have to remember they had been going to the Riddler for a year to solve things with the, the Joker. This is finally when the, he sees he has a pattern because he's so desperate because he can't laugh. He's desperate to the point where he wants – to fucking, he, he can't stop it. It's not just an addict, but it's like an addict, like you say, Brett. It's an addict now who, maybe the addict who was kind of in control would go and he might, you know, steal a little money or get a job. This is an addict who now is so desperate that will just try to steal money in broad daylight and get caught because he is so desperate. So that, that is not scary to me. That was my email from last week that I hope put a fire in Jim's loins. Well, Jim, are your loins on fire right now? And I do seem like I'm getting excited. Yeah. I gave the book to you i really don't care i just at the end of the day until tom king i've been burned too many times with these stories i'm not gonna fucking sit here and make up fucking theories like i did i'm suicide we spent hours trying to figure out what everything meant why was batman repeating himself why did he get punched who was the only guy who could escape santa prisca and was a master of disguise why did he let julie come why did he get fucking you know wesker why did he why did he then call him weskler why did why was bronze tiger name wrong yeah you know what was the deal with catwoman and at the end it didn't have anything it was very just nothing it ended up with nothing and then at the end there when i got mad and i said oh guys you know this is bullshit and we didn't get anything everybody told me uh hey just wait tom king said he's gonna tie it all up later we still haven't i and i hear people just wait he's gonna tie it up and where i will go full out trevitt my man trevitt who i respect he was Tom King supporter number one. He said, listen, uh, he would read all the Tom King. Me and him, actually, the, the arguments that I seem to be getting in with Brett now, very similar to the Trevor ones, though we didn't really argue, but he would keep telling me. I'd get messages from Trevor, and he would say, listen, just relax. It's going to be it's going to be in the early 20s. I forget exactly when it was going to be, but the early 20s of the issues, everything's going to tie back in. He promised us. He was in an interview. He said this, and it's going to make you, it's going to blow our minds. When that came, Trevor, it was like fuck this he's done he's like i'm done with this we're not getting anything you did he just seems to be making it up as he goes and then leaving it ambiguous enough so he can't be tied down and he doesn't have to end anything so until it gets better and if it does if the end of this jokes and riddles all of a sudden you're like jim you got to read this this is a nine five i will be very happy oh yeah and i'll be like this is awesome all right but these first three issues are showing me nothing but the same 
Nothing but the same with these first three issues. And I see, and why I do get upset, I see these other reviewers, and they're like, 10 out of 10, this is a perfect comic. And then when I talk to some of them and ask them, hey, uh, what about this? Oh, well, I didn't really care about that because we'll find out later. No, you can't give something a perfect and expect to find out later. Really? You're going to do that? I'm going to give fucking the worst first movie in a trilogy a 10 out of 10 because by the third movie, I'm sure they're going to work it out. That new Mummy, Eric, with uh, Tom Cruise, 10 out of 10 because this is a big dark universe. By the time we get to that fucking Hunchback of Notre Dame eight years later, it'll all tie in. 10 out of 10. P.S. There's no way Duke's name is The Signal. It's Lark. Here is the picture, and it's not. He said that it is now The Signal. It was already called Lark by Scotty to Audi and Batman 35. We know this. You have not uh, cracked the code. This was always, we mentioned on the the thing. Harper is there, and we know she goes by Bluebird. So by default, Duke was already named Lark since he's the only other jackwad in the picture. It's in the future. You know Lark and most of the things. Oh, no, that was... Yeah, when that was, was a that? Future Zen story, I believe, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was. No, no, that no. wasn't. It was not a Future Zen story because Future Zen he was he was Robin. So yeah, I don't yeah. I, I don't remember what the hell that was about. That was just a future story of Batman where it was Lark and Bluebird, and that's yeah. no longer canon. Yeah, no, it isn't. They they went with it. And then, if you want to go with it, he switches his name from. I don't like being oh, the signal anymore. People, I'm too goddamn no, bright. I saw I'm people who now. were saying that you know he was the Lark. I'm telling you, just the whole thing. Oh, you know, let's go there on a Lark. Yeah. <laughs> you know Lark, like that beautiful song, Bird, not Lark Voorhees from Saved by the Bell, who played Lisa, who's a wreck. Joker was literally joking and making fun of Duke while also staring, stating his purpose to the event. Until Bats calls him Signal, his name is Duke or Lark, all oh, you be jumping the shark on his name, it's out of control, and I, unfortunately, you are 100% wrong, Brett. The, the, I have a big smile on my face now. Because, yeah, he's going to have his own book called The Signal. So it's just a bully picking on someone and giving them a dumbass nickname. Personally, it's Brother Snyder showing that he listens to your podcast, respects you guys, and throwing you guys a bone with an inside joke from the Joker. This is up uh, there with being written in Green Arrow. It's pretty damn cool. If Snyder names Duke The Signal, he's either been listening too much to too much metal, listening to too much Shea, eating too many cream candy bars, or has his midichlorian count up higher than Superman's. Thanks again for that, Brother Snyder. Maybe we will all have a super fight against Vader and Superman, but yeah, that, that is the name. And when I did ask Scott Snyder, he, he never told me either way if he heard that or not. My Just guess, LOL. My guess uh, from my heart of hearts is he had no idea that we had said that. I don't think that he listens to our whole podcast. Honestly, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I like, yeah. it's all I like to go with it. I, I think it's, and actually, I think it's more fun because throughout this whole time for the year you've said it, it was our big joke. Yeah. That I would just say, Eric, he's the signal, and then you would respond with what? What comes before Batman? <laughs> it the always signal. made me laugh, the signal. So, yeah, I don't think there's any correlation. It was just freaking dumb luck. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he, he maybe he was afraid that I was yelling for copyrights. Aaron. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I just called the signal. But we're going to stop where's right now. Where's my Yeah, where's your check? You're going to get one of those drizzy checks for $8.53 like he gets from Degrassi. All uh, of a sudden, there's going to be, like, for the Batman, the signal book. It's like, you know, the Duke Thomas created by Scott Steiner. Oh, he's so Eric good. Shea. Named by Eric Sh- That would be – you might retire them, right? I if probably you were, Yeah, I think so. Speaking of which, did you see that picture that I sent you? I sent which you a one? picture, and I'm not sure that you look. The Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures. Did, oh, no, did I you looked. See that? I thought did that was Did you see what it was? 
It's so funny to me because we finally get the goddamn name on the back. Yep, we got a blurb part of. We got a blurb on the back of the trade for Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures from one of our reviews. It's Brandon. I said this would happen. I know. Ah, We've been talking about that for a year. Bitch. It is funny, too, and I said to him when we were talking the one time, I think that the whole DC Comics part of it throws people off. It's too long, but it does seem people just go with weird science, which helps yeah. us no way. People will look up weird science and go right to the movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yeah. Congrats to Brandon. It was funny. It's funny, too, because Jay Yaws, who is a friend of ours, was also on the back there. So it's a, yep. it's an, a star-studded back uh, with Brandon and Jay Yaws with their blurbs. But yeah, we're going to go off to the comics now. Get back to talking the meat cheese there, right? Right. None of this arguing. Get back to some positivity. Hey, Jim, All these Jim, good Jim. books. What? I named the signal. You did, Eric. You did. That's almost as good as a blurb. But we'll be almost. right back. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. Eric Shea. Eric Shea. I just, I, I just want you to talk about these books. <laughs> these, these freaking books. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm cutting out for this tonight. Okay. We're done. This is right. it. Over. Over right, and out. So long. See you never. See you never. Ah, uh, yes. But, Reggie, you have two books this week. Right. And, you know, one's, one's okay. Yep. One one has so many words in it, I, I freaking what almost happened? passed out. I, I, I'm telling you, you're, we're talking about Aquaman and then Harley. I, I don't know what happened with Harley. I, I have no idea. That book needs to go away. It really does. It's just yeah. there's nothing to it anymore. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like at this point uh, in Harley, it kind of was like something that was leading it to be ending. Like they were setting everything in order that everyone's proud of Harley. And then next thing I know, we had a character back again. I, I just had enough. There's but, so many loose threads. I don't, I don't think even if they you know, know were to bring it to its conclusion, we still would have like 15 more issues. I agree. But, I agree. Uh, what are you going to do, guys? That's, what are you uh, gonna that's do? the way the Harley Quinn bounces. That's what uh, Big Tony and says down in Coney Island. It bounces. Hey, hey you're going to bounce over here. Oh! You want to just get to it. <laughs> All right. We'll I've right had enough you. of this week. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, people will listen to this. Week, huh? This episode, people, people will just be realized that it's not even us screaming and yelling at books. That it's more, it's less negativity and just we are just done. We've been beaten <laughs> down. Yeah, I, I need yeah. something to pick up. But, you know, San Diego Comic Con. Whoopee! Yeah. Wee woo! Got a big news <laughs> section, I'm sure, here. Yeah, yeah. Get with it, Reggie. What are we talking about first? Aquaman number 26, written by Dan Abnett, art by Stepan Sejic. Yes. Uh, cruised into the lower trides, where Atlanteans can risk their lives. Some guards tried roughing us up, 
But this blonde dude stepped in and pushed their nuts into pulp, lounging in our sunken ship, thinking of our next covert act. The deluge is so cool and it's hip. But this dude seems familiar and his orange shirt's whack. That, that dude looks like a curry. 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 Yes. Yes, he does. And he does. Doesn't that that Aquaman look an awful lot familiar? Doesn't look familiar to you like Aquaman? No, no, I'm telling you, if if his subjects don't know who the fuck he is, there's no way that we can tell. That is my main sticking point. I don't know how they can look at this guy in the fucking orange shirt and green pants and, like, he's just Aquaman with longer hair. And they're just like, gosh, you you see him. And they think he's dead. They just think he's dead. It would be more alarming, you know, you'd be like, wow, you look like, like if some guy walked into your house looking exactly like Ronald Reagan. Yes, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say. Any, you wouldn't be like. You look. You yeah, at least just say. Like yeah, you should go and go on tour as Ronald Reagan, right yeah. there. It, it, I imagine this is Atlantis's kind of. Remember in the eighties when there was all those Elvis sightings, and people were like Elvis is alive. Oh and shit yeah, like that. it's, it's this definitely is playing off version of that. Of that. Uh, yeah, the but, problem is he's not seen anywhere but one place. I wish that they would have had them say once, like, "Hey, there's there's talk in the the ninth tried or whatever the fuck it's called." You, a lot of uh, you know Aquaman. We, oh, we get these all over. That's you know up, down, wherever. It's just in one place, so I would and think almost that... to the to the degree too. Like, do you remember like last summer? I think it was, or like last fall when we had the um, the clown sightings all over the country yeah, and shit like yeah, that, and people yeah. are losing their goddamn minds. I would like to think that all over Atlanta, people are hearing this and they want to continue this whole thing, so they're yeah, dressing up like Aquaman, not. like sightings. No, they don't see not. it, and they I'd don't like even say that. it's it's just pointing right to where he is, and obviously, then we get there through a crystal ball. Uh, yeah. We were talking before. I actually. I'm not that thrilled with this issue. It's okay. It's this issue basically gets me back to where I was uh, before last issue. It just kind of is there. Uh, I actually was thinking, I, I'm actually surprised, and I wish they would have done it. Since you have the monthly book, I, I wish that they would have had the monthly books be like 29 pages, like those extra size that are two, three right. ninety nine, and we'd get a little more story because I think there's not much going on in this whole issue. Uh yeah, it's just Aquaman with Dolphin. He, you know, you get a little bit, but it's not much. But tell us about it, Reggie. I, I just well, <laughs> I'm, down, I'm in, down in the lower tribes, Aquaman and Dolphin are still trying to get away from the Atlantean guard that are pursuing them, and uh, they get surrounded. And I mean, right here, for example, I mean, I guess Dolphin kills them all, but right here, they can't. They clearly see they're fighting Aquaman. Yeah. He, he he's even no has longer playing the Batman role. He's no, he has his belt on. Yeah, yeah, the I mean, belt is the craziest. And I know at one point is, they say that. They're like, oh, what are you, a ghost? Are you a pretender or whatever? No, he just looks like Aquaman. I mean, and I'm they haven't you. seen him around before. It'd be like all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, two weeks ago, Aquaman's dead, and then this guy shows up. Yeah, what nonsense. a coincidence. think? Nonsense. Well, I'm saying I don't think they would know. I don't think they hang out in the lowest reaches of fucking Atlantis, like, you know, all the time. But the thing is, like, 
we have the I don't I'm trying to think about how Atlantis works and Atlantis in general because you know having the aquakinesis that can communicate with uh, animals it's pretty like specific to Aquaman. Yes, you have these other people who are like the beast masters and shit like that who can use it as well. And I think it's something they've had to study. But as soon as he gets a great white shark to help him out, fucking you know attack. Yeah, the, like, I would the, just think you know, that, that they think that that just clue, happens. You know? uh, they must think that's a coincidence. Uh, that, I mean, it's, 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 it just seems like very poor detective work on the yeah. uh, part of the Atlantean police department. You know, and you well, have to remember. You say, Eric, this is the Atlantean. This is the uh, what do they call themselves? They the have a, the Drift Pack Eight. That's what Drift they are, Pack right, Eights yeah. there. But the other guys, you know, uh, they are in that area all the time. And all of a sudden, Aquaman just shows up, and it takes a crystal ball for for the main guy to figure out what's going on. Uh, they saw, they see what's going on. I just, I think it's it's getting to be a little bit of nonsense to me. Uh, but this issue, just like I said, I you can keep going, Reggie, because. Not much happens for me. I, I well, just... one thing is, it's really cool, I think, that we get to see more of this Dolphin, because I really was interested in her reintroduction to the freaking continuity here, and we see the bioluminescence that caused the, yeah. freaking, the drift team to have seizures and shit. I'm like, that's pretty goddamn handy and pretty goddamn it's, cool in my it's mind. It's pretty cool. Kind of fucked up, but hey, you know, that's uh, the world's kind of fucked up. What are you going to do? Look, look, it's gonna, kind of fucked up. They were going to kill them. It's not that fucked up. And that's yeah. Matter. Uh, you know, she, she is Dolphin. She's not Aquaman. So anyway, while this is going on, they eventually do... Uh, well, they get away because they, everyone gets distracted by a massive attack on the crown of thorns that surrounds the city, yeah. and it's Mera just throwing her water powers at this thing. And it must sound and you saw like two issues ago in Justice League. We I know, saw like, Justice League. It was all the Justice League. That's what that was about. So this kind of puts it's it sort behind of out of sequence, there, but, out of sequence. And uh, then it also goes. My theory was that that issue was originally going to be an issue of Aquaman. They had Dan Abnett just shove it aside because yeah. of the monthly schedule and throw it on Justice League. I think it's still yeah. the same. But yeah, yeah we see trying her going to, trying to, trying to town. To understand the schedule of Justice League is a, is a crazy thing. Like I yeah. would never try do it but i like to imagine that this must be like super loud inside you know what i mean oh, it yeah. must sound like she's fucking throwing atomic bombs at the walls of the city you know and uh like i just, th- I just think about the whole time how unsettled everyone in the city must be oh, just boom boom now. boom and the place is shuddering you know and i i just kind of kept that in everybody mind everybody in the- atlantis is like a dog in a thunderstorm down there yeah, yeah. well if they're yeah. like like my cat they go hide in the shoes they yeah go and we yeah yeah, but not my shoes. We we see too that they <laughs> they uh, end up deciding if they're going to uh, you know have a counterattack, and no, they, they don't have to. And we know this from Justice League anyway. She can't break yeah. through. She could do all she wants. She's not getting through that way. So they're like, no, no, the crown of thorns will not yield, and you know let her fucking tie herself out. Uh, but Coramrath's feeling pretty smug about that too. Yeah, you yes. know, it, he, he feels just all right. Thinks, yep, but I like he, you know. Th- he is a little bit worried, though, because this coincides with Volko sending out that transmission in the last issue. Like, why is she attacking now? What could Volko have said? Like, was it her that Volko sent? And what information would make her attack us now? Yeah. 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 And basically, Speaking he's worried. It, all it is. And Volko hasn't said what he did anyway. No. And they go down and Merck's there trying to get the info. But really, to me, I don't know why I'd be scared. If, if anything... They called something, and she's trying to break in, but he, she can't get in anyway, and I just, like I said, just go on. 
I'm saying, I think he, I think he's personally worried that Aquaman's still alive. Yeah, I don't think he's worried at all. He's laughing it up. I, he may get worried later. At the last thing we see him, he's laughing. He thinks it's fucking hilarious. And, you know, now Merc is wondering what's going on and, and you know, trying to get something out of Volko. But I don't think that – I'm not even that sure that Volko is even known, uh, you know, that Wrath even knows what's going on yet with Volko. Because, like I said, the last thing we see, he seems to be laughing. He's like, let us watch and, and fucking have a grand old time while she beats the shit out of herself trying to get in. And then he's like, you know, then he wants to consider. But really, he doesn't seem that worried to me. So, you know, the uh, interrogating vocal doesn't work out. I still think Mark might be in. I can't see how he isn't on something. I how know. can you stab a man and bury him? Oh, he's him definitely he in on it. In my mind, it's like when, it. when Hal Jordan became the renegade in Green Lanterns. It was like Kilwag was in on the whole thing. And like, Merc, in my mind, is the Kilwag of this book for that. Because Aquaman is now a renegade to a degree, and everybody believes he's dead. Merc knows it because he's the one who fucking sliced him up. Yeah. Yeah. But then how do you, I guess this is what we'll find out. How did he come back? Atlantean magic. Yeah, he must have just, uh, it was a fake fucking sword. Uh, Who knows? And a blood pack. Probably. That's all it must have been. Squib, right? Yeah, Yeah, you can have Atlantean squibs are the best. Nobody nobody would know. Uh, Dolphin takes uh, Aquaman down to the secret deluge headquarters, which is some overturned ancient galleon or something. Uh, They go inside. Everyone in there is a mutant. They all have like slight fishiness about them you know that's uh which is a big no-no in the quorum wrath atlantis Dirty muties. exactly right. they don't like uh fins they say no fins flippers or gills now, right that's I, the rules i, I, I want to know when we jump to that part though and we have that little thing that says later there i don't know if it's just my bad i say but for a little bit i really thought that said eater and i'm like that can't be right that happened too when they when they did the lettering for the ninth tribe it's weird this lettering they're using for like the captions it's uh yeah it's strange but Maybe he ate her. Oh Maybe. God, no! Because we go from we go from what looks like Aquaman almost having a kiss. So yeah. Maybe there was a little something hanky panky. Anyway, something, something. Uh, I like this part. Aquaman is being you know they're giving him a lot of shit because they don't trust him. They're just like you know we're the deluge, we're hot and fresh and fucking uh, what's his name? Crush, crush yeah. the uh, crush the, the crab, crab mafia guy is watching on fucking. Uh, the, the crab claws, they're like broadcasting and television. It's just so hokey and ridiculous and awesome. The you idea that wherever, do that wherever a crab is, maybe especially, is this a TV crab? Is that what these are called? That's yeah, what it is. TV, TV crab. Uh, I love it. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was, I don't know about love it, but I did think it was a funny, clever thing. And then, you know, they like, so the, the crab is broadcasting the secret meeting to Crush. Crush looks great, although we have seen him before, but I love this, yeah. like, the way the crab face is. Uh, just then drift commander Ursel comes in and she's like, the fuck y'all doing in here? And he says, Oh, nothing, nothing, not doing anything. I'm wearing everything. It's not like I'm watching Aquaman be alive somewhere. Calm down, lady. Don't be what are you crazy? I'm just watching pornography, crab pornography. (laughs) I was at the porno store, the pornography shop. (laughs) Very simple. It was very innocuous. Uh, she's like, uh, we had an arrangement, you know, I, uh, I'll, you know, leave you alone if you'll give me information about the neighborhood. And speaking of which, have you heard about Arthur Curry, Aquaman surviving, being around? And he's like, no, 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 don't you worry. Don't That's you- one of them underwater urban legends, lady. That's don't worry about crazy. this none a bit. You just, you just go away. Everything is fine. And meanwhile, asks his, uh, one of his right-hand men, or maybe his actual right-hand man, Cadaver. And you know what? I don't know if Cadaver is a legacy Aquaman fan. I can't say back in the day I was a huge Aquaman fan and knew a lot about him or his freaking stories and his fucking villains and shit like that. 
Cadaver, I think, is a pretty cool villain who I'd like to see. This whole, like, this Atlantean sorcery he has that allows him to freaking shape coral and stuff into weapons. I'm yeah. like, you know, as far as Aquaman villains go, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure him. there was a I Cadaver villain that had nothing to do with Atlantis, though, back in the... Okay. A long time ago, though, but uh, I just like the yeah, calls out that he said that he uses that magic that they use to build shit like he, quick and then he, use he it was as a once, weapon. But he was once a student of the silent school, so he like, but I'm guessing he got kicked out for doing bad shit. So he still knows some of this sorcery and can, can turn the coral into weapons and do shit with him. Like, that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm all about this. I hope we see more of cadaver moving forward. Yeah, I, I assume we will since it seems like he's in there to kick ass. But before we even see him bust out his magic. Reverend Mother Satea steps over to uh, Volko's cell where he's basically in his cell saying, you know, I, I love this when people are in jail and they're like, you they're haven't seen yelling. the last of me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. we'll get you. It's just like, well, you're the one in fucking jail, you yelling asshole. Well, and he's yelling gotta, about Mara. And it's, yeah. Yeah. He's just yelling say, to himself. You could have that little cup. He's just fucking running around the fucking yeah, bars. Exactly. It doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't have the same effect underwater that it does on the land, so they just have to yell the whole goddamn time. That's he's true, yeah. If he, if he tried that, it would probably just sound like funk, 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 funk. It wouldn't really have the uh, shrill thing. No. But Mother Satea, you know, she feels like Coram Wrath is overstepping his boundaries, and she protects the widowhood, and she's on some old-school Atlantis shit. So she says that, you know, since we're on the same side in terms of getting rid of Coram Wrath to Volko, I'm going to let you free the enemy of my enemy. Treason! Which is kind of fucked up. And also Volko is kind of and he have some fucked up relationship with Arthur or something like uh, yeah, he was he the one who freaking... helped him become king and he then stabbed him. But he also back. tried he... to kill him or something. Yeah, he, really he under... tried to stab him in the back. Then he just—that's all he does. They even say that she's like, you know, every time you go, you try to raise the king and then destroy him. He was the guy. He just wanted Arthur to be king, but then wanted him to be the way he wanted, and you know, fucked around with him and kept doing crazy shit. Yeah, you know, he, that's he was he all with freaking uh, with Orm, the Ocean Master, shit like that, until he found out about Arthur. Arthur's the rightful king. Put him on there. Nah. He's not doing shit the way I think he should. So we got to do some stuff to make him the rightful king, the way I want him to be. Yeah, he just... that's politics. Great voice, by the way, Eric. I love Thank you. you. Nice uh, anyway, back in the creepy ship where the deluge hangs out, they're all eating some bullshit and, you know, talking. Barnacles and whatnot. Nah. This is essentially the pot smoking, the post pot smoking scene from Breakfast Club where they're all sitting in a circle talking about their lives. I don't know what they're eating there. Uh, <laughs> it looks like the one guy's vaping. The one guy's over there vaping. <laughs> hey, Dolphin's man, that's eating cool. some bark or something. Who knows? Vaping yeah. is very in, as you know, but... On their little meeting, in bus cadaver looking all smug and cool, and they immediately kills one of the dudes like with his coral magic. He was the guy yeah, vaping. That, that was the he vapor. That's I'm, what I'm happens yeah. when you vape, folks. What happens yeah, when you vape? Yeah. Well, he showed up. He he smelled it, and he figured he'd kill the douchebag first. Uh, right <laughs> through. <laughs> Right through, he got him. Directly, you shouldn't have smelled it. I yes. just imagine, That's you know, the it. one time Cadaver goes to the surface world, he was just on, like, on holiday or whatnot, wanted to see how the other side lives. He's walking down, there's fucking wrong turn, but a big <laughs> old puff of vape in his face, and he was done. He, he's he vaping that luck, again. Lucky Charms or fucking all Fried <laughs> Twinkie. <laughs> fucking, he's dead. He, well, he doesn't believe room. in he cuts. Smells- he, he doesn't believe in getting cut. Quakey, this fucking yeah. kills uh, this dude. The other day, we're, we're sitting there. I'm eating, and he's just blowing it right in my fucking face. I was going to kill him. And then he, again, oh, not my fault. Yeah, what, what, yeah, it is. God for this You're, you're the, the, the fuck fucking here, asshole. Bro. I was going to kill you gotta him. you got to take that vape thing away from him and just take smash it from him. You should hear him. He, he calls his mom and talks about it on the phone. He calls during break and says, Mom, I'm going to get the 600 volt. 
Like, and I'm telling you, know the what thing it means. is, you could take it. The other day, he brought out two. Yeah, he had two. Oh, he, he's because you know when that's... you're when you're vaping Lucky Charms, you might want fucking fried Twinkie next. Who knows? Mess and Jim, guys. Jim, the day you weren't the day you weren't here this week, fucking he had um an ice cream flavor. It smelled oh, like ice cotton cream. candy ice they cream. They all smell the same. Everyone it, it he gets is the same shit. Is, is Wrong Turn's mother actually a skeleton with a wig sitting we in a rocking know. chair in his basement? He seems to talk to her. And he says yeah. crazy Does stuff. Does she sound like very good? We've never Roger. heard her. We only hear one side of that conversation. It's yeah, always creepy as fuck. This is a Norman Bates situation, no question. One about time it. he was on the phone with her, and he's like, "Uh, okay, really that much? Okay, mom." And he got off, and I said, "Oh, what's going on?" Because he like, uh, my mom told me that my my phone bill was nine hundred monies." I'm like, what? Oh, what the fuck Christ. are you calling Mars? They, they, they are taking that boy for a ride. Yeah, they are. Ah. I said, I said to Eric that they have this this thing where if he decides he's gonna better himself, like he comes home from work and is like, uh, oh, you know what, Eric and Jim were telling me that I should learn how to read. Looks like somebody's trying to get a little too smart around here because they're taking advantage of him. Well, if he, he learns how to read, yeah. trying to read. <laughs> if he learns how to read, it's over. The the yeah. sham is done. If because he, he learns to read and count, their fucking money done. train is over. Their gravy train is over. They went to KFC and told him it cost seventy five monies for a bucket of chicken, <laughs> and he's like, he doesn't know any better. And then I think what they do is they say, oh, it's seventy five monies, and then they say stuff like, man. I know that's a bunch of bullshit, but what can you do? Because he comes in, he's like, yeah, it was 75 monies for a bucket of chicken, but you, you, what can you do? I'm like, what you can oh. do? Look at the goddamn fucking menu where it says $23. Fucking moron. I get so angry. And the, the, the thing about these things, why he has two vapes, is he has a, a brother-in-law who's he's fleecing him because he calls every fucking 10 minutes. Uh, what? Okay, that, that one's $250. Okay, I'll buy it. I looked it up. They're like... Thirty bucks. Everything yeah, he like gets thir- from the, them. The one he bought, the new like vape he bought up his brother-in-law. He, gets, he gave him a hundred dollars for it, and immediately like when like he told us about it, Jim looked it up right there. Oh, a new one, thirty-five dollars. Thirty-five bucks. He goes. You're the only guys not fleecing him. You realize that the company's <sighs> yeah. fleecing him. Everyone's ripping him off, yeah. and you're the only assholls not doing it. I gotta, I gotta wonder. Who's the wrong turn here, guys? Who oh. is? Who is? It's. I just want to better him, and that makes me fucking no. like yell at I him wish and this was try to wrong push turn. him down he's as much that, as possible. He's doing that Lucky Charms vape. He gets fucking, you know, cadaver goes right through him with that magic, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, then Uncle Man starts punching oh, well, the well, shit I, out of him. I didn't realize we were talking about the comic. Okay. Yeah, now we're, we're going. Not. Now this is, we're on Ooh. break. Uh, this guy came out of the cornfield. He grabbed wrong turn. Wrong turn screamed. It ended up being a lady who actually then was a dog or a deer. Uh, wrong turn fell and his uh, his cock went up his ass. There you go. His own ass. There you go. Done. Done and done. Yes, I saw yes. that episode of Batman 66. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I heard bad things about that one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, go on. Episode. Basically. Anyway, you know, uh, Aquaman eventually, you know, Cadaver basically takes everyone out just to whatever extent. Uh, that I, I can't imagine he killed everyone, uh, like, including Dolphin, but they're all knocked out. Aquaman I, fights I say at this the, point that everybody is fair game except for Aquaman and Dolphin yeah, for being yeah. dead. I would say that too, uh, but you know, and in the last scene on the last page, you do just see Dolphin like snoozing, so that makes me think she's not dead. They're letting yeah. you know she's still in the game, but it looks like uh, a cadaver's about to uh, strike him with some coral spikes. He's got the upper hand when Crush is like, uh, nope. "Don't kill him, don't kill the Hadlin. If that's who I think it is, then the good King Wrath will be the one to kneel before Crush." It's like, who do you, who do you think it is? Do you think Nailed it's fucking Aquaman? Crush. 
Yeah, he thinks it's Orm. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, an idiot. That's... I think it's, that's it's the guy the, Neil that I used to take guitar lessons it's from. It's the Ice oh, King. No, no, no. It's, yeah. yeah, he's like, well, this is the you, best. That, that would be such a cool goddamn concept for the series, too, where we do have Aquaman, he's alive. He is Rifle King, but during this whole thing where Quorum Rap is taking over, fucking, you know, Ocean Master somehow resurfaced. I know we have the Crown of Thorns around, but say he's still in the city somehow. He's been the underneath, too. O- he, he's Ocean Ma- Yeah, Ocean Master comes back to take back. I mean, like, you have a three-way freaking Then Arthur's mom like, shows cool. up again. She could show up. We'll have them all. It's a fucking family reunion. Going I on just want to see Ocean the first Master king, again. It's been a while. The first king can arrive back. We'll have a fucking ball. The yeah. Ice King, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll be there. But yeah, yeah. It ends with uh, with Crush saying he's going to use Aquaman for his own nefarious means to, you yeah, know. Right. I I would guess. I don't know. I thought that he was going to, you know, kind of ransom him off to him, but it looks like he's going to use him, you know. To, I don't know. Do you think he's going to have Aquaman try to like rise up while he controls him? No, or? I think I think I think. Well, he go that way, or he's going to be like, "Hey, Cormrath, I have Aquaman proof that he's not dead. That's going to make your whole fucking situation look weak." Oh yeah, no. uh, you give me start, money. Start I mean, what is he going to want? Money no, yeah, it right. just you, seems if, weird. He's stuck in a, a crown of thorns. Eventually, the deal will be to hand over Aquaman to Corrin Rath, and Corrin Rath's just going to kill everyone. So I, I don't know where uh, he's going to go think, with this. Or, or, or maybe I, I think, he will He will breed him to become king again. I don't know. I, I just imagine if Crush has this, it's almost one of those things. Look, Corrin Rath, you... Uh, you let me do what I'm going to do. You don't bother me, and I won't tell everyone in Atlantis that the fucking king is still alive yeah, and you're throwing his fucking He doesn't in, in seem to have that many people, though, and they have the whole armies of Atlantis that will just go right down there and slaughter them all. And it's all set up to slaughter them in the name of them being fucking mutants like they already are doing. So I think this Dirty is the stupidest muties. thing. Yeah, I think Crush is, is just asking. It's a way to get him out of the book uh, so that he's not fucking going around in this, you know, ninth deal and and trying well, to kill you know, everyone. Thinking about Crush down there, you know, Crush has to deal with, you know, dirty muties and just the bottom feeders of Atlantis. You know, they're not too smart, and Crush is okay to freaking, you know, like fool them and trick them and think. When they're dealing with freaking, you know, the, the higher ups, you know, Crush is smart where he's at. If he fucking goes above, he's a big well, old Well, that's w. what I'm he's saying. I think this turn. is just stupid of him because he even <laughs> says he has all of that, you know, the underworld of that. He's like the king down there, and now he's just going to step over his bounds, and he's going to get himself killed. They're all going to get slaughtered, and then, you know, Aquaman will slip away. He's a slippery fella. He'll, he'll slip sure away. Sure I, I don't know. This, uh, this this issue, just to me, it was just kind of a placeholder, it seemed. It just not much happened to me. Uh, you know, we had a lot of talking. We did get Dolphin. We saw her a little more. We saw some abilities. But other than that, uh, there really wasn't much going on for me except the art. But what did you think, Reggie? Uh, I pretty much thought, you know, this was pretty much a mediocre, even like maybe less than mediocre Dan Abnett comic, but still good story-wise. Not, it really wasn't awful. No, it's uh, never it, off. I felt like I felt like if this had been three issues ago, drawn by whoever the hell was drawing it, I can't remember anymore. Neither can I anymore. A rotating uh, group group of people yeah. kind of came in and off on it. Uh, when it was still, you know, good, I would have given it a seven point zero. But with Stepan Sedgwick's art, which I agree, this isn't. This, we've talked about this last week. This is never the interior is not going to be his cover art, and the, his cover looks amazing. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The, the interior, for time's sake, you and you can see exactly like he spends a little more time on the faces. Yeah, but sometimes he can't spend so much time on the form. This this is the the breaks. It's still like 
way better than you know. Yeah, and I, I think we saw show. last issue where he was hired three months ago. He probably right. had a little extra time to give us a, yeah, a big bang in those. Yeah, they were incredible. You know, this on. is still good. It's still some of the best art that we have, at least this week, if not in general. It's just last week, last issue, I mean, was just incredible. It was so yeah, good. I would expect and, more like this for the rest of the arc. Yeah, but which is good. With that with that being said, because because he was on art and I thought the comic was pretty okay story-wise, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 7-5. I, I just, it's the pacing, again, we, we had all this stuff going on. It seemed so excited, that last oversized, you know, extra size anniversary right, right. issue. And then we get to this, and it kind of slowed down again for me. And, you know, you had Corn Wrath laughing about Mara, and she's there. And we know she's not going to get in, at least, like I said, that way, because of Justice League. We saw right. her go away. So that really was nothing. But right there, that was almost half the issue. I mean, we were already on, like, page 8 or 9 by the time they got done yelling about her breaking in. Uh, the yeah. Volkos. Uh, you know he's okay but now he's out but this is what he's been doing since probably issue 15 of the new 52 it's again he's going to be the one probably to rise uh you know arthur up again i i would expect or hope that at this point arthur just says i've had enough of you fucking assholes i'm getting the fuck out of here you know that i don't need to rule atlantis anymore it's done nothing but fuck me but yeah that'd be cool i'd be cool with that and the stuff with crush it's okay i just it's not that interesting to me so i know that everybody loves this book uh but yeah i think it's a little down this issue what do you say eric i say i really love the art of course in this book and i actually you know it's only the second issue of this arc where it's got to set some stuff up for where we are i one of my biggest problems is i was really into the whole idea of like the batman of atlantis where he's hiding his fucking face in the yeah, last that's issue done now. here we don't get that as you know at all no. really it's just pretty much let's escape with freaking, yeah i think that's uh, done for Do- now they know yeah. the jig is up and like, gone let, as we let's say. escape with dolphin which did lead us to a really cool thing seeing the bioluminescence power that she has and, you know, seeing the whole thing with Mara tying that in, you know, letting us know that this shit was going on at this point and like Volker's escape to get the whole thing set up for the game plan going forward. But, like towards the end, it did slow down once we freaking had this, we could stop running. But then that picked up again for me when Cadaver showed up. So I'm like, this is a cool ass villain I can, I'm all about. So really, I had a good time with this. There's some ups and downs and the art just put it over top. So I'm with Reggie with an eight out of ten. Yeah. Ooh. Not me. Yeah, I, I was bored. I was reading this and actually got very, very bored uh, reading it, but not as bored as the next issue. Yeah, the, the next, next issue, I wish I, I wasn't even involved with. <laughs> it was way it's worse. It is, uh, and it's got quite a team on it. Harley Quinn number 24, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, Paul Dini, art by John Timms, Joseph Michael Lindsner, Jeremiah Skipper, Brett Blevins, Jay Bone, and Alex Sinclair. Jay Bone. <laughs> yeah. Don't wish it away. Don't look at it like this. Something better. The way things have gone. I can honestly say this could be Harley forever. Remember the way she used to be a heroic female. It won't be long before we get a full issue of Harley watching TV, painting her nails. And I guess that's why I call it a snooze. Time on my hands could be spent on something new. Who, instead of this nonsense, running a treadmill, turning the pages right into a landfill, 
And I guess that's why I call it a snooze. Boom. Could have used the mirror boom. there. Yes. Thank well, you. What are you gonna... Thank right you, away, Elton. <laughs> I am angry with this issue because where we left off last time, freaking, we had the Clock King and Sportsmaster taking on this guy, like trying to rob this cruise, like, you know, eatery yeah. that Harley and her parents and fucking Billy the Goat Boy are on. And I'm just got fucking furious right away because we have these cool villains. I'm like, okay, I, I like this. It's not the ones we normally see like this. You know, Clock King is the animated version, but they get their goddamn names wrong. Yeah. Freaking Sportsmaster is calling freaking, you know, uh, Clock King Bill, and the freaking Clock King is calling him Bill as well. Well, it's, I mean, uh, no, I'm sorry. Clock King is calling Sportsmaster, Sportsmaster. Bill, and Sportsmaster is calling him Larry. I'm like, those are the opposite names, yeah, you sons yeah. of bitches. It's a mess up. It's, yeah. And it kept going. I'm like, yeah. why, why well, I'm I think just they, they had it just wrong got from the beginning. Yeah, but, they just uh, got them wrong. But even I, I'm even I, you know, names aside, it's not that fun. There's no. not much fun in this where you have two ridiculous villains and you don't have any fun at all with them because sports. They don't even just really just, use their. No. you know, except for the except for the, the hockey puck to a net, which could yeah. have just been a net. You know, why? Yeah, they it could have been anything. Puck. Yeah, they don't uh, even use it anything. Has nothing to do with them being, you know, sportsmaster and you know, uh, clocking. No. Like you, know, you think this would be a chance where later on, clocking uses his teleporting thing, which really I didn't even know was a thing he had. No, yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't. But he could stop time and then go places, and oh, yeah. that would give the effect of him having teleported. But I don't realize that he can just blast out wherever he wants. But whatever they did that for this. Uh, the opening scene is just this long extended fight scene on the yacht it turns out that yep. harley's dad has been packing a piece the whole time yep because he's, he's a bad boy and from a legal gun criminal than we let on uh yeah he's uh he's done time yeah he's done he time. handle himself goat boy uh knocks a guy off the boat and then like they almost both drown somehow it, they end up way above in the air too i i didn't really get it i it, did you get what was going on there when well, they were the like yacht, so so yeah i guess it just seems so up. far up i guess that it, was just them especially falling. in that in that reverse scene where they're falling yeah, it does yeah. seem retarded seems far up. crazy like, this doesn't seem like an evening dinner cruise this seems no. like you're on week-long you know yeah, pleasure yeah yacht. yeah and then but, uh, all of a sudden, a, a little kid dressed in a fucking sailor suit hands Harley a knife. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what that was about. I had no and, idea and why. The, and the knife does nothing either because she can't no. cut through it with the knife. So that's yeah. there for absolutely no reason but yeah. the comment on it's the little boy's sailor suit. suit. Yeah, that, uh, you see a guy in a sailor suit. That's it. And then the dad starts shooting people. There you go. There, there really isn't much to it. And then the mom's, you know, ripping apart. And the whole thing, this whole issue was supposed to show us that Harley's parents, uh, you know, her dad was kind of the crazy one, but her mom was a doctor who quit fucking uh, being a teacher so that she could marry the, the outlaw dad. And we love right. you, Harley, and we know all about you and Mr. J. Uh, just, it just, and but and the then amount- to a fucked up scene where it turns out that, like, you know, when they were at Coney Island when she was a little girl, she got lost. And when they found her, she was being, like, you know, walked she around by abducted. another man. Who, yeah, pretty much. It seemed like this perverted guy who was just taking this little girl on different rides and shit like that. And the father beat him half to death. It yeah, seemed or nice. killed him, maybe. Yeah, or and, killed and, him. And, and had the body disappear. You, who knows? You didn't find that? Was that, was that a happy story? You didn't no. Think that was no. A nice story? no. But that was the whole thing of basically well, the mom saying both. that we understand you and Mr. J. Because, because you know, your dad, your dad was crazy. But, you know, you deserve yeah. better. Little pudding. Well, because you got molested as a kid, that you obviously wanted to be molested as an adult. We understand yeah, that. That's go. normal That's stuff. All the deal. I oh, know man. you guys loved the scene and thought the scene it was very important where Clock King and Sportsmaster teleport into Power Girl's bathroom. Oh, yeah. Power Girl's bathroom. Yeah, was that an important page? That was very great. 
And, and the, the amount – there was weird things in that. There was a lot of repeating, like, dialogue or repeating yeah, things was. in here. And it was really weird. That tender vittles thing where it's like, you're going to go – Yeah, they kept over. saying it and saying it. And then the whole thing of, you know, I'm going to teleport us out of here there, Sportsmaster. But you know what? We might end up somewhere we don't know. Okay, well, when are we going to do it? I don't know, but we're going to end up somewhere you don't know. Oh, we're going to end up somewhere you don't know. Yep, we're going to end up saying oh, it's a freaking, freaking bathroom. I told you I didn't know we're going to go yeah, somewhere yeah, I didn't I know. told you we didn't know where we'd go. A freaking bathroom. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Power Girl. And I, I said, Anyone oh, thank Power Girl. I actually was glad that they said Power Girl because I actually thought it was Harley again. I'm yeah. telling you, it looked like Harley in the, with the makeup off because she's taking a shower. I had no idea that was Power Girl. And, yeah, oh, crap. Much. Power Girl. And yeah, you know, mommy. Tits aren't that big. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but they're they're. T- I'm telling you, they, I could, I would never have guessed that was Power Girl. I never thought yeah, she'd be back in this no. book anyway. No. Uh, but yeah, that's where you get. Nor do I think she takes a shower in like a bullshit shower like that. You know, yeah. isn't she like a super wealthy? I thought she'd live in like a spacious. No, she looks like you know, she lives a in a spa s- small apartment. But yeah, she's the there. Thing, I don't know if the Karen star of this like Harley Quinn continuity is the freaking rich Karen star of the normal continuity that every other book deals with. Yeah, I, don't I would know. assume that it's whatever Palmiotti. I thought they mentioned before when she was in it before that she had lots of money, but she didn't okay. have it with her. Can't remember. But then I'm we still, go, I don't even think I read Then we go books, to Red so Tool. And Red so, Tool, know, he's so making a gun. Last, last issue, we saw that Red Tool made a deal with Poison oh, Ivy. Two issues ago, some, three. Oh, that was oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about bringing the background of the future. You're right. I'm no, sorry. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. So we put the, we put a pin in that last issue. He made it. He made some unknown deal with Harley Quinn to do something. Poison nice. Ivy. Oh, Poison Ivy for Harley Quinn. That was yeah. like a three page scene. Well, now he is turning a gun, changing it so it shoots knives, which I think, by the way, is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and and then here's this uh, the girl from the future the, who who was sent back originally to kill Harley Quinn and Red Tool convinced her otherwise Devani. She shows yeah. up and she basically comes in the scene to say, "Hey, remember me? We were supposed to do shit together." And, and by the way, like, I know you didn't actually kill my ancestors. Yeah, or stuff no, like I wouldn't that. have come she here. And was, not. Well, she kind of implies she says, "What if you didn't?" You know, but definitely, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's kind of important. Where she's like, "I know you're kind of fucking with me, so don't, you know, don't don't keep fucking with me, buddy. We got to go out and do the superhero." Again. Yeah, yeah. And he tries to blow her off, and it just this scene just takes too long, but. Everything you know, takes too long. Yeah, this, this, this whole it's, issue it's just takes more like too a long. teaser of a story I want to see. You know, it's like I, as we got to this part, I was like, "All right, didn't we just happen to the other time too?" Like the last time we saw this, I was like, "All right, we'll get to see a new costume." All right, cool. Yeah, no, we yeah. don't get to see any of that. They just talk you know, about what will happen later. Yeah. You know, first. So thing. then we can go to fucking Harley and her mom talking about the time she was almost molested, which does not end. I've been telling, like Jim was talking about how wordy this is. He's not lying. The it's fucking word balloons take up most yep. of the goddamn I, I actually sent this on. first page, yeah. and it's actually two full pages. I have never seen this many word balloons in, not in even an actual Keith comic. Kiffin book. No, it this really is, is so much. There are panels where the one, you can barely see Harley, she's covered in word balloons. She's talking to her mom, and she's almost getting beat up by word balloons. It really it is. is the most. It's amazing. It makes me think that this was meant to be even an issue longer somehow. I don't know. It seems like all of the all of these stories are all being strung along, and they're either going... They're like getting strung along for a long time, and then they have to wrap them up super fast. Don't you get that impression? Yeah. The same kind of thing happened with the with the cannibals one. Uh, the, also the last one that we saw wasn't there one after the cannibals one? They go on and on. They get teased Could for they? like fucking four months. And then I'm just counting the word balloons. I counted 44, 44 word balloons in two pages. Oh god. 
It's ridiculous. And I'm, it, it, it's just the, the word count. On the one where you have the, they're showing you the, you know, landscape of Coney Island here. You can't Ooh. see it. It's all word balloons. I, I, I would be, if I was Bruce Tim, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing to my art? Jesus Christ. He well, said, you, you why see, even do a background? You, you have I, word I, I balloons. Think you, you see he pulled back on a lot of shit. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> I mean, if he was reading the script and like, what the, how is this going to fit? Oh my God! You you see, I've got them Ferris wheel, a roller coaster, and one, two, three, four, five, six, six huge word balloons in one panel. It, it's uh, just uh, too you actually much. see the Wonder Wheel and the Cyclone. Yeah, is what just shut up, out. Reggie. Too, I wouldn't know. <laughs> All I see is There's the no amazing. Oh yeah, wait, if maybe we had more room, you could see it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. There's just so many word balloons in these two pages. I've never seen anything quite like it. Not even in the Keith Giffen book. And it's, it's just, not even it's interesting. So... No, it's even just in a Brian, even in a Brian Michael Bendis book, which has always been yeah. my go-to laugh at, you know, just like because he he does have panels where it's just two people looking just at each other, guys four panels, and the words That's are what endless. This is. But this is worse, I think, because it yeah. covers so much of the fucking artwork. At it least does. that'll be set up usually left and right. Uh, anyway, so she says goodbye to her parents. We're left wondering what the fuck the point that whole visit was, except I guess to learn a little bit of her background, but. It really seems to come care. to nothing, though. Uh, no. You know, they, they all approve of her being the whatever she's supposed to be. I really got the impression this whole book that we basically went around with Harley Quinn while she did her errands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like a boring day in the life of Harley Quinn where she had shit to do. She took care of business, said goodbye to her parents. Now had she long drawn out conversations and yeah, then went home. Yeah. Had, yeah. some, had some deep conversations, some more Breakfast Club type conversations. But you would think with all this dialogue, something would be wrapped up. Something yeah. in this book would be, you know, go forward to something interesting or wrapped up and nothing. It, nothing. Well, to, it, to be fair, sometimes we talk yeah. for several hours and end we up talking do. about nothing. And we talk about nothing, and it's <laughs> nonsense. I'm putting but an no end to it. Paying us, no one's paying us for that. No. That's, right. That's all pre-show bullshitting. That is true. Uh, so back in Hakodi Island, back at her old house, uh, they say let's set up a birthday party for the uh, macabres, right? Cyborg. No, oh, Cy. that's right. Yeah, Cy, Cy, Borgman. Let's let's. Who set I up like? A, I, I'm actually or, looking forward okay, to seeing him again, yeah. but whatever. But if this but, is just another thread. Yeah. Like, we need another. Fucking no. Episode. And then on top of that, the really last few panels is the mayor's assistant, Madison Berkowitz. Calling to get the to to get the unconquerable twenty five to assumingly do a hit. <laughs> I on. don't know what that is. Don't, I don't know either. Be, it'll be something silly, but it's like okay, so that's another threat. So yep. so I mean I mean let, let, just give me one second. Let's let's count them off. We put to, we put away the parents. Yeah, the okay, parents we, are done. We Thanks. Still God. have Harley Sin wants to kill the mayor. Yeah. We still have Boom. the mayor wants to humiliate Chief Spoonsdale. We yep. still have. Whatever the fuck Red Tool and Poison Ivy are up to. We have what Red Tool and Devani are up to. We have Madison Berkowitz and fucking... Uh, the Uncle 25. Did that cover it? I think, and then Cyborg's birthday. Yeah, uh, Cyborg's <laughs> birthday. There's got to be something else. There's, 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 there's probably five more things. Uh, it's oh it's really... There's so many fucking loose threads, and they're all being kept afloat at the same time, and it's really getting annoying as shit. This book, uh, I definitely... At the minimum, I think it needs it would need to go monthly. I wouldn't mind them putting it to bed, you know. Yeah. Frankly, uh, that's what total, I, I would yeah. go with you. And uh, just you know, wait. I, I feel like, and this might be something that'll read better in the trade because you'll get more complete stories. Yeah, but who the fuck cares? I don't. I don't give a I, shit about I that. No, I. As I for really the backup, don't 
that I know you guys are always very, yeah, very yeah. interested in hearing about. Uh, Harley Quinn and the Carpenter have a fight. Finally, she's like, you can't fuck with me. You need to uh, hook me I up. I set up the bombs mo- over here. If you don't pay, I blow you sky high. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm gonna- I'm gonna I'm gonna wreck you. So she goes out. It's kind of funny because she dresses up in costumes. She's like a big pink gorilla. She has other animal heads in the back, and she's yep. riding she's riding fast food drive-throughs, which seems like a really slow way to make three million dollars. But I guess yep. you get there eventually. Okay. Uh, back Not in Quaker Town. No. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that'll take you fucking as long as it would take you to you know. I don't know. The thing Quaker Town's had a couple times where people, like inside jobs, have knocked over fast food restaurants and stuff. It happened twice in Quaker Town. So a lot of times, like maybe a couple of grand. I mean, they usually don't have a lot of money on hand. But anyway, usually you want three million. You want to rob a bank or a jewelry store? Why why didn't we? Why why didn't we have a goddamn grape ape comment when she grabbed that one and wanted a grape soda, but they all had orange and she's in a goddamn purple like gorilla costume? Why didn't we have that? So they, what are you, the grape ape? I huh? think that maybe there's a copyright for that. Maybe. Not yeah. um, or they didn't think of it. But uh, <laughs> so the, jo- the Joker, hey, hey. Uh, Harley gets back at like the hotel. I love this because it's like uh, uh, Joker's hanging out in the hotel with like a bunch of goons. And this is like exactly the kind of situation where if your wife comes home or your girlfriend comes home and sees you farting around doing nothing with your friends after she's been out working, yeah. she'll be so pissed. Believe me, I know what that's like, fellas. <laughs> Jeez. So does my uh, wife. She goes nuts. She's like, she knocks it, gets everybody out, and she's mad at the Joker. He's like, what the hell is she mad about? What the fuck is she going on about? He checks her uh, duffel bag, and she's got a tool belt in there, and he's like, I hate For some reason, she has the carpenter's tool belt, which I yeah, don't yeah. understand, but maybe sure. it's hers. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, maybe her he hates carpenter. secrets. <laughs> he doesn't like secrets. So he doesn't want his woman working. Once again, and I'll this was probably the, a better backup than usual because of the amount of stuff that happened. But once again, same I comment. Disagree. It's they going says to you. They're all the same to me. I'm telling you, they're all the same. We yeah. we said read it when read it when you you can get it collected and it's still half an issue. It, it, there's nothing to it. I just. Yeah. It's just odd that they threw that in. We thought that they threw that in. It was going to help the main book kind of, you know, tie up some things and be a little it more tighter. Not. And it was at first. Now they're, they're back the to normal. Issues, yeah, now they're back to normal. They're back to just throwing problem. everything against the fucking wall and yeah. seeing what sticks. And nothing is at the points where you read this book and it's every, you know, twice a month. Every time you pick up an issue, you have no idea what the fuck's going on because you have so many things that could be going what on. What story and, are we going to follow this yeah. month? Yeah, you don't know which you're getting. No idea. Oh, it really is. It's overwhelming, and uh, they got to whip it together, man. Tie up some of these loose ends, and yeah. let's get like two or three stories going at once instead of like get seven. Two. You Just know? two. Two most most okay. comics will have the main story and then a side story that can lead into the next arc or something. Yeah, into the next one. Yeah, yeah exactly. this just has so many. They just keep yeah. going on and it's on incredible. and and they and, add, and every, just adds more. You know. Yeah, and lot. when you get it, like you said, you have the red tool thing, and it's kind of in it, but it's not that interesting, and it's a lot so, of talk because they're not going any bit forward with it. It's it's a lot, exactly. It's a lot of talk about what we would like to do, but you don't get to see that no. yet. I'm like, oh, come on, god damn it. Yeah, yeah. No, By now, she should already be crime fighting. You know, yeah. if they talked about her doing it last time, now she should be like, she should be going to Red Tool like, oh man, I got a rip in my fucking, you know, suit. Yeah. How do I, you know, hook me up? Yeah, what this. should we do? Or, I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, it really is a lot of... Uh, Where's my neuro seamstress? Oh, we don't have that back then. Here's a needle and thread. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh. A needle and thread? What should that... What do I do with that? How do I use that? Exactly? Oh, no. What is this horseless carriage? Ah. <laughs> well, how do you get these people in this small box? Listen, lady, you're from the future, not the past. Get you're with it. Idiot. You should know what a TV is. You take it to one too many blows to the head, yes, didn't you? Yeah, you have. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? So, you know, on the site, I ended up giving a 6.5. Right now, I'm feeling like more like a 6. I must have been in a better mood. But uh book's pretty lame. I wouldn't really recommend it. It's uh, not going anywhere, and it's doing it very slowly. Yeah. And it's a disappointment. That's really I, all I'm um, going to say. I, I would love to give it a fuck you five just to keep on the tradition of this episode of having so many. But I don't think I like it that much. <laughs> I, I do like the art enough, but because uh, of the word bubbles, I can't even tell you that that's an accurate opinion. There's so much talking in this issue and nothing going on. Uh, nothing I'm gonna give. Happens. I'm giving it a four point five. I just, I really didn't like it. I was bored, and with a Harley book, to me, that's the most ridiculous thing to ever say about a Harley book. This should yeah. just be at least a chuckle fest. You yeah. should have some over the top action. You got red to. I mean, even the extra characters. They came up with this character, Red Tool. He's just sitting in a shop making something that sounds really cool, but not yeah, using it, not going and using it. When am I going to get to the fireworks yeah, factory? Yeah, I want the fireworks factory here because you have all these characters. You have you know the, the craziest amount of characters, and all you get is Harley's mom saying, boy, real colorful gang you got here. I just want to see it. I, you know, And if you're going to have the parents be something a little more than what we thought – Go over, you know, take it to the the next level like you used to do in this book where the dad is just completely insane. He rips off and he actually has like a bondage uniform. And he's, yeah. uh, I used to be the super villain, the bondage like man. Yeah. Yeah. He does yeah. like a full do, on Rambo. Yeah, do something funny. like that. Like all of a sudden it's, you know, funny and stuff. And then Harley's like, oh my God, I thought that you were, you know, somehow she thought that her dad was this bondage Santa Claus. I don't know because she kept seeing him. Or I thought you and mom oh, were in oh, the crazy on. shit. Are we just now going into Jim Verner's? Yes. Uh, no, I'm just now. saying, make up something funny. Not just say that, oh, your dad, uh, you know, he spent time in Rikers. Oh, is yeah. that funny? That's not no. funny. And then at one I, point. I tell you, I, I know people that have been to Rikers. It's yeah, it's not, not funny. funny. You, you know, it's it's not a fucking laugh. The, the other it's thing really is, tough. this issue continues the thing where Jimmy Palmiotti, and I think it's him, continues where at one point. He would mention a restaurant. Me and Eric, yeah. and you would always laugh. This one, it's the goddamn Guardian Angels. Well, out of nowhere, he's like, a fucking, you know, wants to give a high five to the Guardian Angels. In the middle of nowhere, they go, oh, the Guardian Angels, high five. I love those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy it that just... runs the Guardian Angels, because, you know, they're back in New York, which is yeah, yeah. really. The, he's on, uh, there's a local news station. It's through the Time Warner cable, which is now okay. Spectrum cable, uh, called New York One. And he's on there every week. And it's it's hilarious. So he gets on with his like red beret, yeah. And it'll be against whoever the deputy mayor of whatever it is. And the deputy Felt mayor will say, strain. you know, last year we had you know a twenty percent increase in I don't know revenue for blah blah. And then the the other guy, it's like a split screen, and he's just putting on masks and making really like, funny nice. noises and saying and say, he has like props. He's like, we gotta hang, like hold up a noose, be like, we gotta hang. <laughs> The jury, and he'll have like a picture of, of OJ's jury. Some it'll be it's just totally so outlandish crazy. 
And, yeah. it's, and he's always like up against like a regular person. It's Jimmy Pamiani must love him because out of nowhere they're thrown in here to, you know, big props to them. And I just, I, I don't know what this book is trying to do anymore. I really don't. Uh, I just, it seems to me that uh, Jimmy Pamiani and Amanda Connor are just kind of bored with it, it seems. If they're I not, I don't know what they're going with because I, it's I, not I, I don't fun want to anymore. pretend to know their minds, but I would Yeah, no, it just doesn't seem they're like they're having really... fun. No, you know, it's even when we would like, oh, there's, you know, seven dick jokes. I, I'm wishing for those days where yeah, we had seriously. seven because we're getting nothing. Days right there. Yeah, we're getting I nothing. I six dick jokes. What about, I did we get Eric's score? I don't think I heard it. No, we did not give mine. I give it a fuck you five because I don't feel like I have to say anything else. It's a goddamn yeah. terrible series. This issue did nothing. And it just showed us stuff we want to see, but said, nope, you don't get to see it yet, and yeah. this fucking dicked us over. Yeah, I just I went lower just to go lower. But yeah, it could easily be a fuck you five because it just is crazy. But we're going to move on, or at least you will, Reggie. You are moving on for your on out of there. Uh, segment. It is Cave Carson, right? I almost freaking died. Right. Did that make me cough. But Cave <laughs> Carson, I hear he has a cybernetic eye. and uh, well, the It's back. That's right, number we, 10. Yes, we talked 10. earlier in the podcast, uh, right, Eric, earlier in the news, yes, in the news <laughs> about the uh, young animals kind of maybe merging with the uh, yeah. vertigo and stuff, and and having that big crossover. Are you hyped for that, Reggie? Are you hyped uh, for the big? Crossover? I'm not hyped about that, but I will tell you something about the young animal books: is that Mother Panic takes place in Gotham. She's already intersected with Batman and Batwoman. Cave yeah. Carson has already talked about. It. He has a cell phone with Superman's uh, number on it. And in this issue, I won't reveal it now, but he meets some more DCU characters. So okay. there already is some sort of passive DCU in it. Yeah. Or, or the way Chris and I said it, at the very least, the stuff on Young Animal is happening in another universe, in another world in the that multiverse. Has it. Yeah. Which, yeah. as far as we're concerned, puts it in play you know, right yeah. there. You know, If they're in the multiverse, then they can cross over at some point. Something can happen. So... Uh, you know, as always with me, I reserve judgment till we see it. Yeah. But it's not such a crazy idea. No, but one of the things reading Young Animal that it's not like, oh my goodness, it's yeah, like it's they already now the, the reason I really bring it up is because they did announce also, and some people had noticed in the uh, the solicits that there was no Cave Carson or Shade the Changing Girl. They know, they kind October, of disappeared, yep. and uh, it seems as if they're on a undisclosed hiatus. I know. Uh, was we, announced, we, did, so. we did Young Animal news in our thing too. We, uh, okay. we we let people know, and that is not good. Doesn't news. sound good. It sounds like it sounds like they're going to wrap it up. Especially Shade, yeah. we feel like is on course to wrap up in two issues if they wanted to. So this yeah. could be the end of those series. Yeah, it but actually been good. seems like that might be. But uh, I'd rather take twelve issues of a good series than fucking three hundred of a series that just runs you know, runs itself into the ground. No, so. and I'm t- you mean like Harley? Because <laughs> I'm telling example, you, since the new great no, we've right, had yeah. too much. We've had too much. Harley has no business anymore being twice a month it really no. doesn't it, it really doesn't and maybe going once a month i don't know then i say once a month and if they keep the same storytelling it'll take 20 years to finish it so i don't know which is better or worse but we'll we'll see how it goes but we're gonna go off to you guys talking cave carson has a cybernetic guy once in every lifetime
everybody. Welcome back to the Young Animals segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one book to read for you this week or talk about this week, and that book is Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye, number 10, written by John Rivera, story by Gerard Way and John Rivera. Art and cover by Michael Avon Oming, and interior and cover colors by Nick Fellardi. Uh, now, if you recall, Cave Carson and team and pretty much everybody was flung off of the face of a giant alien into some woods atop a bluff. Would you call that a bluff? Sure. Uh, so anyway, we, the comic opens and Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Again, it's back. <sighs> he wakes up in some kind of pod. We actually get it from Cave Point View. And uh, the eye, a circle has been carved into the glass encasement around the pod, and the eye, we figure out, has worked its way back into his socket. And he's not really thrilled about it. Uh, he's more upset by the loss of the Mighty Mole, the mining machine that he stole from EBX, from being flung into a tree or wherever. It's pretty much toast. It's uh, not coming back. Wild Dog, Chloe, Johnny Blake, and his folks from EBX, and then the Muldrugan Batman fan club, they're all okay. Because Cave thought to shove them all into stasis pods before crash landing. We also call those convenience pods. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a name brand. So yes. uh, Cave remembers all that's those sweet past adventures he had in the Mighty Mole, including the conception of his daughter Chloe, which pretty much grosses her out. It's uh, mm-hmm. kind of a weird time to bring it up, but I guess there's no time then to, when you're watching your favorite vehicle be uh, salvaged for parts. I wonder if that's why my dad was crying when they towed the Buick away. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many too many good memories in that backseat. <laughs> so now with the cybernetic eye back in his head, he's seeing that ghostly form of his dead wife, Mauser, again. But now he's chasing her around for some reason, which he wasn't really doing before, right? He was sort of interacting yeah, with her. she was just sort of on the periphery, but now he's actually yeah. he's engaging and he's, following her, yeah. And, like, really calling after her, so it's getting intense. Yeah, and it looks like while they were regrouping, the, the Wisp of Fungus critter was uh, taken over the planet and destroyed all indigenous life. In fact, the whole forest is uh, fungus-controlled, and it's, uh, you know, it's manipulated <laughs> and trying to kill everyone. Uh, except Cave, of course, who is, as we said, running off to uh, chase Ghost Mazra. Uh, elsewhere, a hooded figure in a very cool, in very cool wraparound sunglasses regards a giant chunk of pink crystal. It's like a big uh, monolith sticking out of the ground here. Yeah. Um, this is like the crystal that the Whisper uh, used to slip into this dimension last issue. Uh, he tosses a uh, another cybernetic eye toward the rock, and it's weird because I wasn't totally clear that sh- that shade that cave had gotten uh-huh. his eye back. I thought this might be the same one. At, at very, I had to flip back. In the very beginning, I I was sort of on the you know on the fence yeah. about it, but as I reread it, yeah, you're right. I was like, oh yeah, and you can see it in his in there. He's definitely got something it's red, instead yeah. of nothing. Yeah. And uh, he uh, tosses this eye towards the rock, and he calls it uh, he calls this rock Shard Forty Seven. Just then, he sees an explosion in the woods near the horizon. Back in the forest, a giant tree is attacking Team Carson. Uh, it's not really a tree. It's actually the possessed form of Alexa, one of the rogue EBX employees. Uh, we neglected to recall these people beyond Johnny Blake. Uh, they all seem like, you know, they're your generic red shirt uh, yeah. cannon fodder. I, I, ever, I mean, deal. one of them died last issue. They've just been kind of hanging around. But these are all the people that, you know, uh, the renegades. 
Yeah, they're just they're just fresh meat. Uh, now, Cave is unable to fight back. He's so enthralled by this vision of his Mazra. Uh, the Batman fan club puts up a good fight, but they're overwhelmed by Avery's vines. Uh, one of the Mulgrugans is about to be dragged into a gaping, toothy mouth formed in the bank of the Avery tree when a bolt of green light slashes through Avery and completely cuts her tree. Uh, it's that mysterious hood figure before uh, who reveals himself to be, get this, Cave Carson. Junior. Boy, whoa. Uh-oh. He's, uh, Cave Junior is surprised to see his dad and that he's so young. But admits that if you keep hopping through time and space, it's bound to happen eventually, which I guess, Probably. you know, over time, by, by rights. Stands to reason. Uh, after being introduced to his extra-dimensional sister, Chloe, Cave Jr. says that uh, his Earth is being terrorized by the Whisper at all, and he's hopping around trying to find a way to stop it. Being with his son from another dimension allows Cave to get over the Mazra spirit for now. She sort of even seems to, like, give the okay in that one scene. She's mm-hmm. behind him, but it's unclear what the Mazra spirit is even all about anyway. Uh, Cave asks his son who his mother was, and he says it was Christine Madison. This is a member of Cave Carson's original spelunking team from the Silver Age, but we did see her in issue 7 of this comic from Young Animal. That was the one where he met Superman, but he didn't meet Superman. Remember this? It was sort of after the first arc. Uh, so that you know that gives uh, Cave Junior. Uh, that gives uh, Chloe and Johnny a little bit of alarm that Christine Madison is his mother on their universe. I don't know. I guess maybe that'll be a thing later on. Could be. Cave Jr. says that the Doc Doc Magnus of his Earth has been battling the Whisper, and Cave even says, good old Doc Magnus. And uh, Cave Jr. further says that the Justice League of his Earth held off the Whisper for a time, but each fell in turn. That's how bad it is. Wow. That's a, yeah, the, the Whisper is a bad mother. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Jeanette, one of the rogue EBX employees that we barely know, goes <laughs> to check out Avery's corpse, and it turns out that it's not quite a corpse yet. It's not dead. Uh, she serves only the Whisper, by the way. She yeah. does not serve uh, Borstein anymore. Uh, Avery threatens to come back and, and uh, you know, fungus up the earth again. <laughs> uh, Cave Jr. says... He saw this before on his Earth during the Isley situation, which uh, I'm guessing probably what Poison Ivy, you think? I had to be, but I, right. I like this, just this this comment. Uh, that is tied in, sure. And, uh, you know, it lets you let your mind wander what could that, you know, what would happen if Isley got infected by this fungus? Like, and it, with the implication is it became super fungus, you know, like. Sure. Uh, it's how they lost Gotham. So, yeah, uh, I really I dug that little aside. Luckily, uh, he has an antidote to the fungus, which was synthesized by Batman. Good old Batman. (laughs) He's he's the smartest man in the room, even when he's not in the room. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Cave the First grabs the antidote serum from his son uh, after telling him he's done good, which which vexes his, uh, you know, our world daughter, Chloe. Um, Cave injects Avery with the antidote, and she expires. Which uh, brings autumn <laughs> into season, sure. which was uh, Mazra's favorite, by the way. That's nice. Uh, Wild Dog and Chloe chat about not having, not really trusting this uh, young Cave Junior. Uh, <laughs> to which Wild Dog offers to <laughs> casually offers to shatter his clavicle. Yeah. Uh, Chloe uh, says he sh- they shouldn't deny Cave the son that he's always wanted. Meow, sister. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody's a little jealous. Little but... catty. So Cave Senior tells C- Cave Senior tells Cave Junior he'd like to help save his Earth from the Whisper since he's failed on many other Earths so far. Uh, Cave Junior contacts Magnus and tells him to beam back the entire party and mutters to inform his father. 
that he's retrieved the data. Mm. Although, through the pink crystal and into Doc Magnus's lab, and there are the metal men. Uh, Doc Magnus instructs them to restrain Team Carson, then pops Cave's cybernetic eye out of his face. Magnus says, Whisper's coming, there's no time to waste. Cave Sr.'s mad at his kid, but Cave Jr. swears his intentions are good, and this will be the thing that will destroy the Whisper. Magnus pops the eye into a blank android body, and it looks sort of similar to cloning materials from Cadmus. Mm-hmm. Do you think so, too? I thought it was I think like so. one of those old, like, Cadmus blanks or whatever. Uh, but uh, anyway, it becomes, and this was also unclear, I guess that's yeah. Masra? I'm not sure, but it does seem Masra-ish. See, my problem is it didn't look like her profile earlier in the issue. Hmm. But it only makes sense that it would be that her, you know, memories of her would be imprinted on that eye. Sure. Uh, Whatever it is, it's definitely some sort of a female android. Yes. That color-wise reminded me of Red Tornado, but... The Earth 2 version, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have a feeling it's it's Masrabot. I, I think that's what we've got going on here. Uh, and then the Cave Carson of this dimension shows up, and he has a cyborg guy, and he seems thrilled with this development. It went all according to plan, mm-hmm. and that ends the issue for us. And I, I believe there was a uh, who's who in Rocks, you know what I'm talking about, that thing Mark Russell's yeah. been doing, but we didn't get it in our comp, we so we didn't review yeah. it. But there is a little bit of something there. Yeah, we do have uh, the same uh, Jean Rivera who's who plus uh, script process uh, little section we've had for, what, the better part of the month now. Yeah. Um, and we also have a pinup sketch of Flex Mentolo with a cat on his shoulder. So, right. No problem. I really have no yeah. problems with that at Looks all. Looks like it's <laughs> celebrating one year of uh, Young Animal, right. which it's hard to believe it's been about a year. I know, uh, although it, we're not there yet. I think September is when it comes. Uh, I think September, yeah. But still, that's that's cool. As usual, the backup, especially in this case when it's like just sort of extras. You know, to, uh, I really have nothing yeah. to say about it. Story, I enjoyed a lot. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this is something we said last week that we're ready to move on from this endless onslaught of the big whisper brain going through Earth after Earth, and you know, just like uh, Cave and Team are always on the ropes and. This took us to a new place. Whisper's still the, the, a threat, but sort of in the background, and we don't have to see yeah. as much of that interaction for the time being. And I, I'd be happy to explore more of this universe with Metal Men, who I love. I just have always loved. The first time I saw the mm-hmm. Metal Men, Chris, was when I read Walt Simonson's like, run through it in a trade from the 70s, and I loved okay. it, man. And, and you got to think of his line of how well he would draw something like the metal man and sure. somebody, the way they stretch and, and 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 his crazy style of lettering so that's uh i know they come much i the silver age is where they come from and i've checked those now too but always been a favorite favorite crew of mine and would love to see more of that more of doc magnus see what's happening so i really dug this issue what do you think chris i thought it was good too i uh i like like you just said i like that we're we're proceeding. It's not. We're not percolating anymore. We're actually getting somewhere. Mm. Where uh, the past three or four issues have just felt like I'm. I think I could read them in any order and not <laughs> really miss a beat. Yeah, you're right. Um, it was just uh, basically the done same. the same thing for about two to three issues. I, I think the this is ten, right? So yeah, seven was Superman. That mm-hmm. was that weird dream where he woke up in the nightmarish world of a, a post whisper multiverse. A Fawcett City, yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, we basically kind of just been seeing that for two issues. So this was a, a cool break. And uh, sure. as usual, I, I, I love the uh, art and stuff. And there wasn't any 
superfluous psychedelia thrown in here a little yep. bit a little bit psychedelic but that's just how it how it runs and uh, they're raising a bunch of questions but they're all questions we want the answers to which that's, is definitely a plus that is important <laughs> uh so i gave this on a site and i'll give it right now an 8.5 out of 10 where do you think you'd go with it I think I'd go just about that as well. That was it was a very good issue. Yeah, plus Cave Carson fans should be happy. Now this weekend, uh, as we record this right now, San Diego Comic Con is going on, and there have been some, uh, right, some breaking news about Young Animal. There may be more Young Animal news uh, by the time this podcast goes up, and we'll address it next week if we miss something important. Although I. Don't they, I think they've had all their panels and whatever. I think they were. I think you're right. But we'll, we'll be, who knows? Things could pop at any time. So uh, what we have learned is that unfortunately we're not here, pleased to hear this, but <laughs> Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, and Shade the Changing Girl they'll go on hiatus in October. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Young Animal Universe will cross over with the DCU in four one shots in January 2018, and that will lead to a new status quo of some kind. Yes, the first one they announced is Doom Patrol Special, which features a team-up with the Justice League of America. It's going to be written by Gerard Way and Steve Orlando, and feature art by Aiko. Is that what we're thinking? I sometimes say ACO, but ACO sounds ACO, good to me. Um, and it's going to feature a cover by uh, Frank Whiteley. I like to hear all those names, except for Steve Orlando, but <laughs> I'm with we'll, you we will see. You know what I mean? This uh, And... For reasons that we're not sure what this really means or how this will affect anything, Young Animal is now officially operating under DC's imprint Vertigo. Mm-hmm. What that entails, we were talking about it before the show. This could just could be a payroll thing. Sure. Could mean that now they gotta you know check in at the office. We don't know what what that means or whether that's gonna really change what that's gonna change. Uh, insofar as the the hiatus, I don't like. Uh, no, no, the hiatus is a bit bit worrying. And they and they did give no time. That's we're worried that the hiatus may be permanent because there are a lot of books technically on hiatus right now that have been on hiatus for a Ever. long time, decades <laughs> in some cases. So uh, it's going to happen after September. September will be the last issues of those books, as far as I can understand it. We're thinking issue twelve of each, right? It seems like it's that way. Definitely going to be issue twelve of Cape Carson, unless obviously they have some. Uh, some you wrap know, up production one hip, shot hiccup yeah. thing. Or maybe, that they'll, too. maybe they'll do an, an annual download. You know, uh anyway, you know, we, we don't know what that really means or whether that means other titles will come out, but that's not thrilling. No, um, if I was a betting man, I'd say that they're going away. I would have to say so too. And it really does yeah. seem like uh in shade more than in cave, although you can do it also it could wrap up. Uh, wrap up at, at 12 pretty neatly you know yeah. where you leave a you know you always leave a little any good comics writer will always leave a little hook to pull but sorry back in but sure. they could they could wrap it up and quite frankly i i would be okay with that 12 solid issues of a comic beats you know 300 issues where the last you know 150 oh, are you know <laughs> a, a chore to look at uh so or I'm really being quite generous there. Often it's a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, but insofar as the Young Animal universe crossing over into the DCU, I, I don't think I've seen some people kind of like hemming and hawing about it. I don't really know no, what the extent is yet. You know, as far as I'm concerned, and like we mentioned before, I mean, Cave is bouncing from universe to universe. As far as I'm concerned, he's part of the DC universe, so it's not like it's it's this isn't a stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely. I mean, he's interacting with the metal man in this issue. Sure, we know he knows Superman, so that that might be the metal man and Superman of his Earth. But that implies Mm -hmm. that 
Like we say, he's part of the multiverse. He's, once, he's on the table. Once, yeah, exactly. Once you're in the DC multiverse, you can leak. You can vibrate into another universe. Absolutely. Pretty easily, actually. It ha- it, it, you'd think it would be unusual, but it happens pretty regularly, in fact. So <laughs> I don't think that's so crazy, but of course, all this is like highly speculative. It sure, all, at this it, point. It all depends how they do it. If they, you know. I would not mind if we do a little special thing and then everyone goes back to their corners, for example, but we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, and uh, one one more thing about this uh, going to Vertigo, it's uh, it's like one of the last things they're undoing about the New 52, because the New 52 brought Vertigo, Wildstorm, and DC into one universe. That's true. And uh, now we've got where Vertigo is starting to do its own thing and Wildstorm's its own thing, so it's it's strange how it's uh, it's all becoming unraveled here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's a great assessment of it, Chris. I don't, you know, I don't have any comments to make that wouldn't be uh, negative, so I will leave it there. But <laughs> I do think that is a very good assessment of the situation. So, uh, you know, exciting stuff. I definitely like to hear about new comics. I'm upset that we're losing two comics that we genuinely like a lot, but mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe that will have them con- concentrate their efforts on the other ones and uh, much. Sure. Mother Panic is picking up, folks, I'm telling you now. But anyway, uh, that's for next week. And in fact, next week we do have Mother Panic number nine. And if you don't, if you believe it or not, we have Doom Patrol number seven. Mm-hmm. Is that I know it's out because I've seen it, ladies and gentlemen. I've with my own got two eyes. Grubby, we yeah. got it in our grubby eye holes. It is yeah. not. It is not an imaginary story. Dream, imaginary, imaginary story. Not it's not a hoax. Dream. Not a dream. None of that. It's really happening. Uh, that one's written by still by Gerard Way, but drawn by the Allreds, uh, Laura mm-hmm. and Michael. So uh, definitely looking forward to checking that out. But I think that's all we got for him this week, Chris. You got anything else for him? No, I think that'll do us. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Almost done. Almost done. We have one more mail section and a couple books, and then we can get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here, Eric. That's what I say. The All first, right, I'm out. 
The first email here is from Manship, and he says, Hey, bros, this being a down week in comics, according to the boys at Weird Science, he disagrees. Right. Of course he does. He hasn't met a comic he doesn't <laughs> like. It sounds like the perfect time for a Manship story, and of course, it's embarrassing. Let me take you awesome. back to the year 1991, Eric, and it was an extremely hormonal, pimp-faced 14-year-old living with the parents on the outskirts of Marion, Indiana, spending right. my summer collecting Marvel trading cards. After talking on the phone for over two hours on a landline with cords, constantly interrupting a sister to a friend of a friend my hormones took over and i just had to get to this girl's house what do the marble cards have to do with this since i was only marble 14, cards are very important i couldn't drive yet plus the parents were not going to let me go anywhere at midnight but this girl julie was saying all the right things here she yeah. said hello that's all she said the man she probably said no, she hello said goodbye hey, all goodbye the right yeah she said no I don't know what goes on a manship's mind. Her parents were not home. They have a pool and something about skinny dipping. I will tell you, manship, at 14, those wouldn't have been the perfect words for me. No. I'm telling you. For me, it would be, uh, hey, my parents are gone. I, I feel a little dizzy and I'm about to pass out there. Boom. All right. <laughs> Jimmy boy's in. Uh, how dare you. The, be <clears throat> the better head made decision for me. Oh, the better head made the decision for me. And since I was currently training for the damn century, a hundred mile bike race. I decided to sneak my bike out and go see what's up with Julie, who only lives 10 miles out in the country. Once oh, I turned Christ. onto Highway 9, I was hauling ass, even though it was pitch black out. I could barely make out the road. Uh, hopefully, he was wearing a black hoodie and black pants. Still hauling ass. Still hauling ass, I got about seven miles into the country, and then pal tumble grumble. I slammed right into two guys that happened to be fucking... Oh, fucking fishing at fucking midnight. Uh, uh, I thought they were oh fucking. God, the two guys the on my story bike was really getting interesting. I know. And then the bike goes into the one guy's ass cheeks like a, a bike stop. <laughs> and we're walking back home with their catch. Well, I fucked up everybody real good. And with thoughts of deliverance, I grabbed my bike and got the fuck out of there. <laughs> what a dick. Hit and I run. I gotten out of there, too. Hit and run. Well, first off, he probably smelled like trout now, and that's before he got to Julie's. Ooh. Luckily, only my bike chain had come loose with no broken bones, but lots of bleeding. Determined, I continued on oh to Julie's God. house. No, it's already too far gone. You can't show up at Julie's yeah, house. No, just turn back blood. and go the other seven miles back. Determined, I continued on to Julie's house, which actually worked out as the wreck got me mad sympathy, but sadly no swimming or skinny dipping because of the cuts and scrapes. Uh, they don't want a pool filled with hepatitis. No. She gave me a tour of the house after patching me up, which revealed a gem like no other, her family's Floby. What is a Floby? I, I think know the Floby was the, the fucking thing that you go and it, it cuts your hair. It's like the thing that, that fucking blows your hair and cuts it, I think. Check it out. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I yeah, think that's ahead. what it is. Eventually, we began to cuddle, and this was it. My long, violent bike ride was finally going to pay off. I had no clue what was what I was doing, but I'm sure it included lots of heavy petting, awkward kissing. During the groping session, I noticed that something smelled like Band-Aids. Fuck it. It will pass, right? Well, it didn't. I began to realize that the Band-Aid smell was coming from Julie, and it was yeah. getting stronger. That was the last straw as I began, to, began feeling the night the pain from the crash was kicking in. And all I could do about it was my, her family's Floby while trying to block out the smell of bandits. The family's Floby is a vacuum that cuts your hair. Yeah, yeah, it's that vacuum that cuts the hair. It's the crazy. Worst invention ever. Yes. It's, oh, it's the worst. Uh, I'd always see the infomercials, never got one. Made up some bullshit. No. I really don't mind. I want this to end up with him getting a haircut. 
Made up some bullshit. I really don't remember what. And hauled ass home with no more accidents or getting caught. Julie definitely did not steal the night. I liked her friend more anyway, but that's a messed up story for another time. I want to know why she smelled like Band-Aids. Seriously. Right, right after the day. Band-Aids. What, what are you, turned into Tom King? You're skipping the good things. I want to know what this was. Did you get a haircut? Why she smell like Band-Aids? I say the whole idea, like, you know, and then, like, the only thing that made me, like, you know, get away from the smell of the, uh, like, the Band-Aids is to was think the of the like, What is going on? Did you take yeah. the attachment off and, like, uh, blow yourself I think with a goddamn I remember, vacuum? to me, the Floby had a commercial that possibly could have had a guy whose hair was flowing, uh, like, you know, like nobody's business. Maybe he was thinking about that guy. I don't know. Right after the damn century, I traded my bike for her rollerblades. And the flamer was born here. We know what that led to. Uh, really, those rollerblades ended up with it causing him more trouble. Or was it the short shorts here? I can just imagine, though. You traded your bike in for fucking rollerblades. Imagine going to Julie's house at 10 miles on rollerblades. Yeah. Not <laughs> and then running into guys fishing. <laughs> Yeah, that would be bad. That'd be the greatest. He's there, and, and then I ran he, into two guys fucking, and they had rollerblades yeah, on too. They, they were fucking and fishing. These guys, all right. Oh, God damn it! The rods were definitely. How, in their it's hands. like it's almost like he didn't want to get too excited. Instead of th- thinking about baseball, he thought of the Floby. <laughs> but it actually helped him not smell the band aid smell that was coming from Julie, though he probably had ten band aids on himself. I think this is the concussion talking to him. I don't get this. Yeah, I think that those other guys did some other things to him as well and left the quarter. Jesus, quarter. P.S. A co-worker cracked open a frosty Java Monster drink last weekend and took a sip. Ah, refreshing. Something hit her lips, but she chalked it up to a little ice from her super cold refrigerator. That happens. On her third sip, she decided to take a look at the ice that was still hitting her lips. To her horror, it was not ice at all. It was a dead frog. The frog was too big to come out of the can opening, so it had to have made its way in during the canning process. Stay thirsty, my friends, but not that thirsty. And we were talking about it on the Mixler last night when we were doing the podcast. If she sued or if she didn't, we'll have to have Manship tell us what she There's did. There's got to be some just, kind of settlement going on in my No, mind. she probably just showed everybody and threw Fuck it that. away. She probably just threw it away. She probably didn't That's do anything mine. with it. I don't know. She didn't seem that upset. And man, she will have to tell. You know, you have to go I, with the whole thing. How can you not seem upset about that? Can you, like, would you be upset if that happened to you? I'd be upset, but I don't know the hardships that I could claim to get any strong Mental amount of money. anguish, Jim. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm never going to be able to drink a Java Monster anymore. And the judge is like, that's good for you. Stop the Java <laughs> Monsters. There's rumor that a guy in Quakertown drinks them and then has a massive diarrhea every, every day at 830. <laughs> And another guy who's highly allergic to him, apparently. Yeah, he's highly allergic to monsters, even though he's not. I just... I, wrong term being, quote-unquote, allergic to monsters is one thing. I usually have to hear the nonsense going on three stalls down after I'm you drink you, I think those I've things. I've become lactose intolerant. Holy crap. It and is what like... The, what was the last time you saw me drink a Java monster? It's been a while. Well, it's yeah. because you're trying to watch your, your you know, intake. It's nothing. Yeah. I, I don't think that's any... If you weren't trying to watch your weight or lose weight, you'd have a Java monster tomorrow. I know you would. And then you'd have diarrhea at 8.30. And I always go in. I always end up in there with you, and I hear it. Usually and around it just, 9 o'clock. I hear this like... It's not even struggling. You just get in there, and it's just like... Uh, it just like comes out. And, oh, my God. It's like a log flume coming out your ass. The last email of the night. It's not a log, though. Uh, No, it's not a log. You wish it was. It it looks like the next thing I know, Augustus Gloop is trying to grab it and falls in, Eric. Like, (laughs) stay away from the toilet, Augustus. 
<sighs> Brett's the last email. Aaron. Brett is the last email. His third of the night. Will he try to rile me up, Eric? Is that a possibility? Well, if he's consistent, he will be. Okay. What's up, Jim? Eric, Eric, sexy brother Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. I only have one thing to say. Indeed. Congrats on 500 episodes. You did it. Oops, that's the other Raging Podcast. Yep. Congrats to Raging Bullets on their 500th episode, Eric. 500. We were talking. It took them a while. It took them like 11 years or something crazy. Nine years. I forget what yeah. it was. I think was I, did, I did look the other day of just published things i think we're up to legitimately i think like 270 but that's some of the stuff reggie and chris did as well yeah yeah can't go like that but uh our obviously this is episode 133 eric we've only taken one week off i just want to point that out and and there are weeks like this one i wish that we didn't go by that policy and you just think we could have skipped this week and then come back next week and nobody would know the negativity that we had, and everybody would think all those people that hate us because we're so negative, they'd be so happier. Or, or I said, I told you, one of the things we're going to do from now on, we're just going to pick. If we go, any book under an eight score on our website does not get included in the podcast. And that means if we have a week with nothing over an eight, done, Eric. Done and done. See you I'll in tell 14. You right now, as far as I'm concerned, we would talk about Super Sons, Nightwing, and freaking Aquaman from my Yep, picks. that would have been it. That probably would have been it, and that's and I didn't even agree with the, with Nightwing, but you did the or review, Aquaman. so we'd have to go with that or Aquaman. So I would have just been Super Sons. You and Reggie can get together and talk to those others. I'm out of there. Yeah, my feet up, eating Walmart sushi. Gross. I had some this morning for breakfast. Anyway, this week myself, Jim, and Repairman Jack were discussing the war of shits and giggles. Anyone who wants in and enjoys witty banner, great discussion, and a willingness to be called names. I'll go with that one. I think I, I threw out to fucking douchebag and asshole a couple of times. I get really angry. Right. Enjoy discussion shirtless. Yeah, I'll go with that. And understand that the end goal is to anger Jim out of love to get him ready for the pod. Let us know. Anyway, this week's discussion using Brother Snyder and Brother Capullo language that everyone understands was like a triple threat la- ta- tables, ladders, and chairs match that turned into a two-on-one battle royale. Good thing I had my cream candy bars and my black metal eyeliner on or I never would have survived SummerSlam to regain the Intercontinental Championship. It's funny because Scott Snyder is a huge wrestling fan oh yeah you know who else is uh steve orlando uh, i was looking at yeah yeah he's really he's into it, it. Uh, there's a lot of guys who are into it so it's it's nothing crazy i was trying to explain what i thought the war of jokes and really you, you think about it it is kind of comic books come to life you know what i mean oh, yeah it's kind of that all the time so, when i was yeah. really in the rest so, of like, actually, might as well be live action comic books and it's funny because i and i think brett is versus, not really guy hulking goddamn yeah, dudes come on i don't think brett's really throwing that much shade at scott snyder with this but i will tell you when i did go to to uh steve orlando's twitter page and i saw him talking about wrestling actually like gave him a little give him a little shout out not that i'm a huge fan i'm like that's that's cool enough that you just go and talk about it he was talking to people yeah. just fans about it i thought that was really cool I wish he could write a better JLA and Supergirl, but that's, that's beside the point. I was trying to explain what I thought the War of Jokes and Riddles was in its basic form. And here we go again, Eric. I said, here is the arc. Joker can't laugh. Riddler breaks out of jail. Riddler wants to stop the Batman and find out who he is. That's the important crux of what the Riddler wants. I think he just wants to kill him, and he's pissed. I, I actually think, if anything, the Riddler is mad, but also mad that he's been in jail for a year, and he wants fucking revenge. He's doing and, those okay, fucking push-ups. The War push-ups. of Jokes and Riddles, in my mind, is less about Batman. It's all about Riddler versus Joker. Yeah. At this point, because no, the Joker's yeah, trying to kill him. Now the Riddler wants to kill the Joker yeah, and not yeah. Batman. Yeah, I think that he was doing like pull-ups. 
Batman dies. You know, that he was like show. Linda Hamilton in T2. Yeah, he was. It was like Cape Fear. He's he's ready to get out and fucking Love and kill. Hate on his goddamn uh, yeah, well, yeah that's figures. what he has. It's Riddle's jokes. That'd be a pretty cool uh, alternate cover, wouldn't it? Be a variant cover with the yeah. Riddler there with riddles and jokes. Does that fit on? Don't think it fits. But no. to solve the riddle, the biggest riddle of all, who is Batman and why does he do it? I really don't get that. I don't get that he cares who he is. He just wants to get rid of him because he doesn't make it fun. And that's what the Riddler, again, the Joker, that meeting that they have where the Riddler, uh, the Joker's sitting there, his hands, you know, twiddling like fucking Mr. Burns. Uh, the Riddler goes, that, sh- that should definitely be their first meeting ever. Because definitely. since since Joker was, you know, Joker, Riddler's been in jail. Uh, I think that the Joker never opens his mouth, so who knows what Joker really wants, but the Riddler just seems to want to be the one to kill Batman. But Joker lost the fun of crime, violence, terror, basically everything, and Batman makes it too predictable. So Riddler is nervous that Joker will kill Batman before Riddler finds out his identity and solves his riddle. I, I just, I don't, I don't go by that. I'm only going I, by I what it says. When do you say talk about the identity? He just wanted to kill Batman. Yeah, so he, he just said he wanted to kill him. So yeah, I, I'm just going with that I'm not going to make up things in my mind of what it means. I'm not going to go down that path anymore. Riddler says I see you want to kill him. I want to kill him first. There you go. Riddler tries to team up, but Joker shuts him down. Yeah, Joker shoots him. But again, I thought that that was supposed to be more of the let's see what's funny. Uh, Riddler thinks Joker will get his laugh back if Batman dies. Riddler doesn't care if Batman dies and probably wants him too, but not until he solves his riddle. Uh, that's that's not what we saw. It's not what we saw at all. He wants to kill Batman, and, and he, he knows want... the Joker wants to kill Batman. Yeah. So why don't we kill him together? So yeah. We can now go remember back to what Riddler fun. said was basically to me. The Riddler said, "I see the pattern of what you're doing. You're making it too simple. You want the you know you want Batman to come. You're going to kill him. I want to kill him too. But yet Batman never figured it out. Nope. He's an idiot." Uh, his riddles uh, about who he is and why he does it. So Riddler thinks if they work together, they can logically accomplish both. Makes sense to us, but not a sadistic joker that can't laugh. It doesn't make sense to me because we never heard that. And I'm going with what's on the page. A war starts and villains pick sides because Joker doesn't care about that shit, nor does he want to team up with anyone, but he has a team. He ends up not wanting to team up with Riddler and then goes and teams up with other villains. With everyone else. With everyone else. Uh, Why? Why? So he shoots him dead to rights. Batman leaves Riddler for dead because he thinks he's dead anyway. And again, you go with you can go with, oh, well, Batman's only been Batman for a year. He doesn't know. But this is the second time that Batman has left a major villain that he says there's no way he'll survive because that's what he said when Joker went in the vat. He's been wrong twice. Joker now knows Riddler is coming for him when he finds out he's still alive. So he has no choice but to recruit villains to stop him. Since, again, Riddler is the one who was the current big bad at this time, he had a choice before, but Joker thought he killed him. Now he must recruit peeps, and Riddler goes to counter. And this is the problem is, at the point what you're saying, Riddler is the bigger name, but I can't say he's actually the bigger guy. He's more to me as a guy who's gotten out of jail and now wants to be back on top because he's been gone a year. But he has the name, and he was a terrorist of the city. So, yeah, he is the big name, but they know Joker, too. And Joker's the one who's been out and about all this time. Uh, And uh, Riddler, if anything else, you could have tied it in that Joker realized the reason that he couldn't laugh. and, And really, they even spell it out. The reason why... 
things have gone wrong for the Joker is also involved that the Riddler has been solving things and telling the GCPD what to do to get the Joker. So you have that too, but they never address that. You, you know, it's not just Batman. It seems as if the Riddler has been solving crimes that are the Jokers this whole year. They keep going to him. So have that as an angle too, that, you know, Joker wants to kill both Batman and the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't get that. Kite man due to Batman gets thrown in the middle because Batman is looking for a way in. And this no-namer can be twisted to make uh, do whatever Batman wants. And Kite Man can weasel his way into Joker's organization. His son dies because Batman used him. He didn't intend for his son to die, but he did. More Riddler's fault than Batman's, but he's still to blame. I blame Batman more. You would I, I don't know how Batman villain. still doesn't know where the fucking Joker is after all this goddamn shit. Yeah. Yeah, and at one point he has the Riddler under his boot heel. I mean, like, literally, he's there. What happened? Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy, I guess. But, yeah, that's it. That's where we are at. Do I want to see why the villains joined and how? Yes. Do I want to see an actual war and fighting? Yes. Do I want to see more villain team-ups and less of this Tom King psycho babble? Yes. But King's entire run from the start has been more psycho-analyzing Batman than anything else. And people say that that's a easy way to explain it. I don't get it because we haven't gotten enough of it to even say that. I don't know what this run is. This run has been a lot of Tom King telling us things and then us not seeing it. I mean, is it psycho-analyzing babble that he thought he was talking to his mom in heaven? Uh, because is it Bane? I'm going to break your goddamn back. Is it over you know? I'm um, the Batman headbutt to Bane. Is that psychoanalyzing? Is it you know that whole thing? I just I don't get it. I don't get how I could you could grip now, it. Now if that you want to say I am Gotham is where you get that whole idea. Yeah, you know, like I am Batman Gotham was wants good. To stop and he wants to turn like Gotham and Gotham Girl into the next thing because they will not be killed because of their powers and you know he can make sure that no none of his children die if he actually goes down and they take up the mantle of the bat. Yeah, that's I cool. can see that. But yeah. going forth, I am suicide and I am Bane. Not really. We just have, like I said, we had too many things. We we have a big thing where the whole basis of I am suicide and then even I am Bane is to get Gotham Girl from being insane from Psycho Pirate, and we only saw like two seconds of Gotham Girl being cured. We didn't even see her getting we didn't cured. Even see, no, all of a sudden she was just cured. She was fine, and then flying around. Doing we knew it was going to take five days to cure her. We saw one attempt at it for the first day, and then nothing else, and then yeah. she was cured. Nothing else. And it just, and oh, I can fill in the blanks. I, I don't want to anymore. And this is not my favorite Batman, but I like this Batman as better than All-Star, better than Detective, better than the casting. I know Tall's Midge in the Circus, but it's the best Batman we got right now. I uh, disagree wholeheartedly. I, I think that, number one, this All-Star arc that just started is better, so I would have fun with that. And I actually like the Detective story as my Batman story way better than this Batman because we just don't get any answers. I just, I don't. Don't, I don't care. And this midget is almost four foot tall to me, but notice I said Batman right now. Best Batman right now. I want to read a Batman book. I'm not going to say no and stop reading anything about Batman. So he's the best we got right now, so I'm going with it. Now, why did I bring up this shit again? Because it's interesting that when I asked Repairman Jack what he thought uh, about it, he gave me a different synopsis. He's taking the story differently. Yeah, because you're not getting yeah, any details. everybody is. And yes, I view that as a problem. How can two people read the same thing but think the background and base of the story is completely different? That's not good storytelling. Next, I heard Jim and others argue that Joker was trying to commit suicide. Why would he do that? That was just part of the thing. I don't know. Remember when he said that Joker had told him that he shot, and we saw it. He shot the guy in the back, the, the cab the driver, cab, yeah. and he said he wanted to. With all the people that he killed, he just 
wanted to die, uh, you know, get his, he didn't say, he wanted to break his neck and he thought that would be funny. Yeah. Uh, to me, that was him just thinking, ah, fuck it. Let's just try this. And if I die, I die. Uh, that's kind of suicidal. And it might be a, and it might be a, fu- a funny end to me. Yeah. He says I his just intent. I died a broken neck in the back of a cab. His intent was not driver. to commit suicide. He was trying to have fun, searching for anything to make him laugh. But in the, the way it was described, the dying that way seemed to be that that would be the fun. That would be the joke as being suicidal. Maybe putting himself in harm's way would do that. Maybe it wouldn't. So the argument is he should know that shooting the driver would kill him. Not at all. For example, driving drunk doesn't mean I'm okay with getting a DUI. Well, you better be. If you're going to do it, there's a chance you're going to get it. So he just shot the driver. He didn't know the car would flip and almost kill him. They were driving down the street at whoever. We don't know how fast because we didn't. We weren't told. But you shoot a driver who's driving the car. You would expect, number one, you'd probably kill some other people, but you may die. Yeah. He shot the driver. He didn't know the car would flip and almost kill him. The car could have just stopped and hit another car. Still. King had six issues for this. I wish he had more, but with six issues, King wouldn't have time for everything we want to see unless he made it at least a 12-issue arc or more. If a writer makes an arc 12 or more issues long and it fizzles out in the middle, the writer's done. But th- th- what are you telling me then he doesn't have the confidence to m- tell his story? What, what if, if it's the a end of an arc, arc and it fizzles out at the beginning? Yeah. How about, yeah. Really? Because it is. If the end of an arc is in sight, people can wait and say, I'll see what happens in the next arc. And Brett, you're, you're fooling yourself. If this was a 40-issue arc, it's Batman. People still buy it. Yeah. So we are stuck with what he's got. An emotional Batman for the new millennium that loves my chemical romance, wears the finest bl- black eyeliner, loves reading Kerrang, hates all mainstream music, has a Jack skeleton. Actually, we see that he likes Star Wars and other books. Bobblehead in the Batmobile and writes all his thoughts and emotions down in his Bat Journal. Next, King's going to get Batman piercing and gauges ears. How do I know? Because no one understands Tom King or Batman right now. I know what you are all thinking. Stop labeling as emo or hardcore straight edge. Just let Batman be, you know, totally it. Point is, I want more like everyone else. And guys, I'm really only going a point higher than Shay. I'm thinking this last issue was a 7.5, but you haven't said anything about the art. Tom King's writing is nothing of Eric's fucking score. You know, it is, no. but the, the art say, is definitely I, It made me start up. thinking about things. The art is the majority of the score because yeah. I just love that. Which, if I told King that, he'd probably still smack me in the face with his chain wallet and force me to listen to Panic at the Disco. Yeah, I think he's a pretty straight-laced guy that was in the you know CIA or whatever it was. Uh, I just... The the point of his writing is it's it's going to the point now where even Repairman Jack said to me, who just kept saying Vision was his jam, as Reggie says, and he was going on and on. Now he actually has gone back and he's like, no, no, he, he doesn't like Tom King at all and he doesn't even think that Vision was that good. That's how bad he thinks this is and just gets infuriated with each issue because we're just not getting anything. But yet people still keep giving high scores because it's Batman and because they think Tom King's the savior of all saviors. I, I don't get it. Remember, writers want their scores eight and up. So anyway, that's my piece on King, Batman, and the War. Killer B, Audi, 5,000 PS. Kiteman is pivotal to the story in this war. You cannot continue to plant the seed months ago with Kiteman drop-ins, hell yes, unless you have plans. He's been planning Kiteman for something big for a long time. No, you know what the big thing is? He is the vehicle so that Batman can say, okay, you know what, Joker's better. Riddler killed a kid. That's all yeah. I think it is. And I think, again, Kiteman is big to this war. And possibly more down the line, or as even in the future. Well, why is he just a goofball then in the normal run that's present? 
I used Clue Master and Batman Eternal as a comparison to Jack and Jim earlier. I'm sure Dancing Mike ears perk up with that statement. Nobody cares. Clue, you think that Clue Master was a big deal when Batman Eternal came out? People didn't care. And then he was meant. And then at the end, he wasn't pivotal. He was nope. nothing. He got sliced. He didn't end up being anything at the end. He was a patsy and a joke. And then Lincoln Morris was pivotal, and then yeah. it wasn't. And even then, when Clue Master died, it was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. By then, oh, everybody Clue had Master, had enough. No. You, you can't bring a Batman Eternal around these parts and expect me to go, holy shit, you're right. That was a wreck of a story that went on too long. Nobody cared. And Clue Master, it was funny at the beginning. Uh, oh, it's Clue Master. Clue Master really also was only a way to get Stephanie Brown involved, too. It wasn't Clue Master that was anything big in that story. Nobody was gaga about Clue Master. You're saying this kite man is only keeps popping up because these motherfuckers keep going on Twitter and going kite man hell yeah that is the only reason and if it becomes pivotal it's because he wants to grab those people to fucking get the hype up more this this kite man story is fucking nonsense and it should have never happened kite man he says oh kite man used to be a joke I, I, yeah he's a joke because of what he uses he's more of a joke in this than anything until this issue. Before, though, of him just flying around yelling, hell yeah, fucking joke. Yeah. It's fucking infuriating to me that people latch on to this. And I still, at this point, when people are on, they go on Twitter and, and message Tom King. Hey, Kite Man, hell yeah. I want to reach in and fucking strangle them. <laughs> it, it's a joke that's been told 50 fucking times. I'm sick of it, and I know I'm not the only one. <sighs> Eric. Yes, baby. Why did we have a podcast this week? Why? I don't want to hear. If, I, if you say hell yeah to me anytime in person, you better is, expect two knuckle sandwiches. Hold the bread. A little a little get. Maybe extra pickle, if you know what that means. I shouldn't get this angry. I don't want to know Just, what that uh, means. But, uh, yeah, you want to know what it means. Oh, and, yeah. and it may involve some sort of genital warts. I'll just leave you with that. Just I'm think so of that. I'm so sorry right to hear now. that. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, this kite man, the only reason he keeps coming back is because people keep saying it. That's it. This is his, it's a crutch. This is his crutch and his Batman now. It's fucking kite man. And unfortunately, I think that he is going to regret this 10 years later when all is said and done. This is all he's going to get. He's going to be at some fucking convention of writing things, and they're going to talk about, oh, what was your favorite run of Batman? Oh, I like Tom King's. Tom King's? You mean that shit with Kite Man? That's what he's going to get. I know he will. And then somebody will go, hell yeah, and then I will punch them. Two knuckle sandwiches. Hold the lettuce. PSS. Jim, just remember, <laughs> they're just comics. Ha, ha, ha. You'll laugh in my face. Why? Why do we give the? Why do we give this madman Brett the vehicle that is this podcast to spin his fucking evil plan, Eric? I have no idea, Tony. I was just say let's dust off old male robot. You're like, no, 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 no male robot. And I told him, I said, you're not gonna get me. I'm not gonna get mad, but I get mad because yeah, the, uh, the the problem with Brett is every time something comes out, and that this is not a problem. I'll give him 
full props, and I, I wish I was him. I really do. I wish that I was there wishing that Crave was never made uh, because he came up with it, but also wishing that I could be a guy that every comic I read, I fully have faith in the writer that everything will be worked out. That'd That's what he has, and he has that. He always thinks that these guys are professionals. They have been hired for a job. They are going to do their job well, so anytime that things seem to not be working out, he has full faith that they will. And then and then he has, he's, he has a very very sh- no short-term memory with this either because when they burn him the next arc he thinks all over again and i keep getting it and you know even with this kite man stuff it, it, it seems that he doesn't want to look uh, you know behind the fucking curtain and see what it actually drives these guys uh what drives these guys is, and what drives tom king i think because i see him on twitter saying stuff like man I'm not a good writer today. Oh, man, uh, sometimes I wonder if I should have taken this writing gig. And he is hungry for fucking people to give him compliments. Oh, and yeah. he wants to have applause. And he wants to have all this stuff. And that's all this Kite Man is. It's fan service to get people up his ass. And that's what he seems to like. Because I do think down, deep down, you want to, you say Batman, you know, you know, emotional and philosophical and things like that and, and psychological study. I think Tom King is a guy who does not think that he's doing a good job and he needs people to tell him that to get through the day he's not a guy who's confident in his own abilities especially because he just became a writer and was thrown onto books before i think he knew he was ready he's learning on the job we are the ones who are you know have to read this stuff while he's learning and he is really trying to be a guy he he just isn't confident in himself and he needs people to tell him how great he is and i, I'm I telling see you, that at the, all at the, the beginning time. of i am suicide everything could have been different because if i think if more people would have realized that was Condiment King in that cell. They didn't get the joke. It could have been fucking Condiment yeah, King. This whole that was funny. Man. When Condiment King said, hey, Batman, catch up. That's hilarious. hilarious. When Kite Man says one time, I'm Kite Man, Kite hell, man hell yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, man, Kite Man doesn't realize he's a joke. Now, now it's gone too far. But yeah, Condiment King was real funny in that in the beginning of I Am Suicide. I'm I think if more people would have realized that was Condiment King, so I think the joke was yeah. lost on a lot of people. Yeah, this I think it was. Been King yep, this could have been Condiment King, and maybe that would have been better. Or maybe they could have been a team. I don't know. But they, also, then Tom King goes and says, oh, you know what? I'm proud of everything I did, except I am Gotham, which is the story that everybody loves. And I think yeah. that's him saying that so people can be like, oh, really? Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I'm suicide again. Or, you know, or say, oh, come on. I am Gotham's awesome because that was a great arc. It really was. Not everybody liked it then. So maybe that's it. People weren't on board with him. So he thinks negative. <sighs> P.S. He's done. I thought I had right. some more to say. Done or no, I just I'm gonna go. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go and, and hurt myself somehow. Oh god. <laughs> all I'll do is I'll go and tell my wife, you know what? I these dishes aren't doing themselves and then she'll hurt me and then I'll you oh, know, yeah. then I won't blame myself. That's all I have and to say. And then you'll have satisfaction. Yes. Well, then I could get sympathy. Then I will go on. I'm going to go on Twitter tonight. You know what? Sometimes I think this podcast thing isn't for me. I'm just – see, I'm the opposite. I'm afraid that people are going to go, you know what? Yep. You are right. Finally, <laughs> finally you say something that makes sense. I agree That's fully. That's how you came to your senses. And now I'm stuck in a corner. I don't know what to do. That, yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tonight I is the grand opening of my arteries. I, people who have played a lot of sports, you know the guy, the guy who you play with, who's okay, the not the best, and the guy who just keeps saying that he sucks, and you have enough of it. Uh, you have him where, oh, I'm playing hockey, I told you, this one guy, yeah. who actually at one point somehow weaseled his way into being our team captain, which was nonsense. But it, you had, at that point in this league, there were a lot of responsibilities that the captain had to do, and nobody wanted to do it. Everybody was lazy. <laughs> so he was the center on my line. And I used to set him up for open nets, and he'd fucking whiff. He'd fucking shoot wide. And every time, I suck. I'm like, I agree with you. I, I fully agree. And, and it's going to end now. I'm done passing to you. Just, just stay out of my way. So, yeah, that's what I want to say with this comic. Unfortunately, we read and review all the comics. But, Eric, we're going to go off to two more books. And also, uh, actually, right now, something that uh, can calm people down. We're going to go and, and listen to Vermilion's vision. We're going to listen to Josh talk with that angelic voice that he has. And listen, that will calm me down to get me ready to talk the last two books of the podcast, Eric, which are very positive, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to be back with uh, Batwoman and Trinity then. Oh, God. Hello, 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 and welcome back to this week's installment of Vermilion's Visions. Vermillionaire here bringing you guys back for another week of talking about uh, non-DC trade. Um, and before I jump into it this week, um, just want to say it's been a slow week for me uh, listening to the podcast. Things have been crazy at my my cardboard box factory, um, so I haven't got to listen to very much podcasting. But I did just get right up into the middle of the first mail section of last week's podcast and Calvin's mail. So I'm just going to start off by saying thank you, Calvin. I, I really do appreciate the kind words and the, that 7.7 .7 out of 10 rating, and I will be working uh, to make that rating higher. Believe me, I'm going to try to improve this segment as much as I can on my own um, and try to make that make that go up a little bit in your mind and also to Jim thank you I'm glad to hear that you like my voice because I honestly can't fucking stand my voice I think I have a very jerk off voice I don't like it I don't even like listening to myself to edit this segment and when the podcast comes out every Sunday and when I eventually get around to my segment I skip right through it because I really don't like listening to myself but Jim and Calvin thank you for the kind words I I like that. I like I always like to hear praises. That's always a good thing. But, you know, criticisms are okay, too. So anybody have any criticisms for the segment, feel free to shout them out to me. Otherwise, besides that, I'll follow in my true flashlight uh, comparison and jump right into this week's trade. And this week is going to be Maximum Ride First Flight. Um, and it is from Marvel Comics, but it's not... It's not in the MU proper. It's kind of just published by Marvel, and it's just kind of separate. It's very separate, actually. Um, and this collects the the first five issues um, of the of the run. It's written by Marguerite Benet and art by Alex Sanchez, and it's actually based on uh, the first book called The Angel Experiment in the Maximum Ride series by James Patterson, which is 
which growing up uh, through middle school and high school when those books were coming out and I was the the target demographic those were some of my some of my absolutely absolute favorite books it was one of my favorite book series to read um, just just for fun I they they go very quick and they're really enjoyable um, definitely love that book series a lot so I when I saw that this was coming out or that this was out I thought I would uh, pick it up and see how how the books get adapted into a comic book form. Uh, so just a little bit of background on the group of characters. Um, there's actually quite a few for me to go through before I jump into the actual plot, so bear with me uh, just on this info dump that I'm about to give you. Um, so the main group of characters here are Max and her flock, as she calls them. Um, so you've got Max, uh, the oldest one, and the leader. Um, you got Fang, the brooding teenager that has the hot for Max and he wears black a lot. You got Nudge, the, uh, the kind of middle school age fashionable girl in the group. You got Izzy, who's blind. Um, and you got Gasman or Gazzy, and him and Izzy are really close. Uh, they're, they're two of the closer ones. Um, and he's good with computers and he's good at making things blow up. And then finally you have Angel, who's kind of like the baby of the group. Um, she's the youngest one and the one that they all watch over the most. So this flock of, of teens and kids are genetically modified humans. They have 98% human DNA, uh, but then they also have 2% bird DNA. And uh, it's not just the 2% bird. There was also some modified genes, some gene splicing going on. Um, and that gives the flock, you know, they have enhanced senses, they're uh, super strength, super speed, and they have wings out of their back so they can, they can fly around. And along with that, they all have different powers. Um, some of them are there right from the start of the book. Like, for instance, Angel, the youngest one, she can read minds and communicate with her mind, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, Gas, Gas Man, like I said, he's, he's great with computers, like it just it just comes to him uh, nudge throughout the book she l develops the ability to uh, to learn things I guess like just by touching a computer she can you know go through the computer and see what's been done on it see who's used the computer just by stepping into a room she knows the history of the room and who's been there and what went on in that room Izzy despite being blind he's basically a human GPS system uh, so they all have their their different abilities, um, and you know this all sounds pretty cool. Uh, but the lab that they were raised in, which is just simply called the school, uh, they is honestly a pretty fucked up place. They, for the first however many years of their lives, they were just running tests on them, doing different experience and shit on the kids, just constantly, just put basically putting these kids through hell their entire childhood. Um, there was one scientist at the school named Jeb who raised the kids and hel helped them escape from the prison, actually, and got them free of the other scientists. And once he got them free, he, he stayed with them for a little bit. He taught them how to survive on their own, different things like fighting, obviously, how to stay hidden, and how to live off the grid, taught them how to get fake identities, things like that. Um, so at the school, there were also genetically modified wolf creatures called erasers uh, that essentially acted as the security detail. 
Um, and the worst one of all, and the one that they dealt with the most and like had the most interaction with, and the leader of the Erasers is named Ari. And he is basically just the biggest asshole in a group of assholes. Um, but after the kids escape, they're living and training for three years um, with Jeb, but the Erasers, they find them, and they attack, and they killed Jeb. Um, so then that left the flock, you know, truly on their own and having to survive without Jeb there to help them. Um, so now that happened, like I said, three years after they escaped. And the story uh, in the book picks up one year after that, after Jeb died. Um, so I think that's enough backstory. So now we're just going to jump into the actual events of the book. Uh, the first issue opens up inside of one of Maximum's dreams, um, where she's being chased by the erasers uh, to the edge of a cliff. And in this, it do- in her dream, it doesn't look like she knows that she has wings in the dream uh, because she ends up flying off the cliff and, you know, being really scared. But then her wings pop up and she flies away. Um, so, but then, you know, she wakes up because it was pretty obviously a dream right from the right from the beginning of the book. You could tell that it was a dream. Uh, but when she wakes up, uh, the rest of the flock has breakfast ready and waiting for her. Um, so they're just kind of sitting around the table, kind of just chat-chitting, figuring out or, this is where the audience, or the reader, sorry, not the audience, the reader, uh, gets to learn a lot of information about them through their dialogue. Uh, you know, just them talking back and forth and um, Max's inner monologue. You kind of get to learn about the backstory and about the individual characters in the in the book. Uh, so in the middle of breakfast, a group of erasers tear through the wall of the house uh, out of nowhere, really, and start attacking. At first, the flock seems to have the upper hand, uh, especially when Gazzy he sets off a bomb that takes out a couple of erasers. But Ari manages to grab uh, Angel, the youngest one, the one that can read minds, and uh, takes off with Angel. Uh, so the kids try to chase after them, but... Eventually, they have to stop and eat some food uh, because with that and with that super speed and that enhanced strength and their their different DNA, uh, they burn through calories a lot faster than normal humans. Um, so Max tells the rest of the flock to hang out outside of the city uh, while she goes in and gets some supplies. Uh, so on her way into the city, she sees a girl uh, named Ella being bullied by by just some punk kids, really. Um, so she. She steps in to help out, being super strong, knowing how to fight. Uh, she wants to step in and help out help out Ellie. Um, so she punches the first guy. Um, well, really the only guy that she punches, the one that was being the biggest asshole in the group. Uh, one punch to the face, and then she actually has to comment on how she's got to watch punching normal humans because of her strength. She doesn't want to kill somebody with one punch. Um but when the kid gets up, he surprises her. He pulls out a he pulls a gun out of his waistband, and before she has a chance to react, she he shoots Max, and she falls off the bridge that they were standing on, where where they were bullying this Ella girl. Um, so Max falls off into the river below, um, and that's actually where the first issue ends. And I know normally I I stop right there after the first issue, but I know that you don't really get much in that issue so I'm gonna go one more for you guys um so the next issue opens up with the girl that Max helped out Ella finding her way onto the riverbank and taking her to her mom's office and her mom uh Dr. Martinez is a vet 
Um, so she patches Max up, and Max heals super fast. Um, so she it only takes like like a day uh, for her to get healed up. Meanwhile, the rest of the flock is kind of freaking out because Max isn't back yet, and at this point where we're reading, she's been gone for over half a day. Um, so they're freaking out, and that's when Iggy, with his enhanced senses, can hear the erasers coming. They're still a long way off, but they are coming. Uh, so Fang comes up with a plan, and they set a trap for the erasers. Uh, when the erasers do get there, um, Nudge draws them out, draws them to chase her, um, and they and then they're running, and they set off a tripwire that throws them all up into the air, and they slam to the ground. Um, it's a pretty solid hit, you know, Nudge got in, dealt some damage with that, but the erasers shake it off pretty quickly, um, they're, they're hulking wolf creatures, and, you know, a hit like that doesn't keep them down for long, and they go back in for more and start to overwhelm the, the depleted group of kids, there's only four of them now, um, so, but while this is happening, Max is kind of just chilling with Ella and Dr. Martinez, hanging out, thinking about how she wishes she could just stay with him and put her wings away forever and just just be a part of her family because she never had a mom and you know she she just wants to abandon her flock it kind of seems like but she does make the right decision and leaves once she's healed up uh she's not a complete jerk she does leave them uh, Ella and Dr. Martinez, that is, uh, to find the rest of her flock, who she seems to have forgotten that she was supposed to bring food back for. Um, but it doesn't matter, because when she gets back, Iggy and Gazzy are tied up in the trees, and the erasers jump out, uh, claiming that they can set a trap too, and they grab Max and inject her with something uh, to make her go to sleep. Uh, so Fang and Nudge managed to get away when the erasers attacked Iggy and Gazzy held held off the erasers long enough for them to escape. Uh, but when the other three wake up, uh, that being Iggy, Gazzy, and Max, they're back in cages inside the school. And then uh, the guy that they thought has been dead for, for a year, Jeb, walks up and tells Max that he's missed her. Um, and him walking up and her saying, we thought you were dead, um, what's going on is the cliffhanger at the end of the second issue. Um, so, you know, that's, you know how I do things. That's where I'm going to stop with the spoilers and just go on with some, with some general stuff from here on out. Um, so I will spoil, I guess, one more thing, and that's that the kids, they do escape the school again. Um, but throughout the rest of the book, the flock is basically just flying around trying to figure out exactly where they come from and why they were at the school being tested on in the first place. Um, during their escape, they managed to get a peek at some of their files and know that they do actually have parents and weren't raised in test tubes. Um, so the journey pretty much has them flying all over the country. Uh, they discover some new powers, like I mentioned earlier, along the way, and they figure out a bunch of shit that... I'm going to guess some of them would have rather not learned some of that stuff, uh, but they also learned some shit that will that will really help them moving forward. Um, I, I, I like the whole premise of the story and the fact that it's based on one of my favorite book series, but is is good. I like that. I like the, the story presented in the book itself, and it like I said, it is based on that. But as a comic book, it's it's not great. A lot of the dialogue is off to me and doesn't really flow that well together. It just feels like a forced way to move the story along that doesn't doesn't really have a dialogue flow like a normal conversation. I don't think Marguerite Benet read some of 
the conversations out loud. There were a few errors where balloon bubbles should have been going to different characters or, uh, you know, they, they switched names around when Max was talking. There were a couple instances of that in the book. Um, so just little things like that. Um, and then also the pacing is, is kind of off in my mind. I know it's not a novel where you have that high page count to flesh out the characters and tell a lot of story, but I feel like this story itself could have benefited from more issues to tell a more detailed, well-paced story. I mean, the first book has got to be 250 pages, maybe, um, somewhere around there, you know, like a normal YA novel length, um, and then they try to boil that down into a five-issue comic book. It doesn't doesn't really work well with the pacing of comic books, and, you know, maybe that some of that characterization that you get in a novel um, just through describing faces and facial expressions and different interactions, I think some of that would have been helped in this comic with better art. Now, the art isn't objectively bad, I suppose. It's just not as detailed as I would have expected from a comic, comic adaptation of this series. Uh, when I picture Maximum Ride in a in a visual medium, I picture, you know, really a lot of detail and a lot of emphasis on the wings and uh, the, the facial expressions of the character because throughout the books that's how a lot of the story is told. Um, and I think that has a lot to do, the lack of detail has a lot to do with the fact that the lines are really, really thick. Now, I'm not sure if that's an issue with the penciling um, or more of an inking problem, uh, but the thick lines, they don't leave a whole lot of room for extra facial details to be thrown in there. Um, the art does get better as it goes further on in the in the story, but it's still not great by the end, at least in my mind. Um, now, even if you have read the books, I don't know how many people out there listening have read the Maximum Ride series, but even if you have... Um, this is based on those, and but there are some different details. Um, just one, one overall thing, one big big change, I guess, is that throughout the book they're described as having you know almost angel-like wings or or uh, like eagle-like wings. Um, I think at one point it says that Fang has a 14 and a half foot wingspan um, in the books, but on the page they're drawn as mechanical wings. Um, they look like they're made out of metal and they're, they really only go out, you know, a few feet in either direction. So they're not really that big, which, you know, doesn't throw me out of the story or anything. It's just, you know, one change that they do make to the story. Um, but, you know, like I said, I really like the overall story and the concept of what's going on because it's based on one of my favorite book series. I just had a lot of issues with the with the scripting and the and the art in this. Um, and because of those reasons, I'd probably have to give this, you know, probably around a six out of ten. Um, that's I believe that's probably the the lowest score that I've given so far on this segment of the podcast that I've been doing, um, which I know it's still a six out of ten, so it's still not really a terrible score it's just like I said I, I I like the story I like the concept I like you know where everything could go from here I just had a lot of issues with it and I think that it could have been done a lot better and I would like to see uh, 
a better adaptation of the Maximum Ride series than what we got here. Um, what I would really like is a um, is a movie, but I don't think we're gonna get a, a big blockbuster level movie of this series anytime soon. Uh, it's been stuck in development hell for years, so I don't see it happening anytime soon as much as I would love that to happen. Um, but that pretty much brings us to the end, so to end it, I'm just going to once again thank you, Calvin and Jim. I appreciate the kind words, even though I may not agree with Jim's on the voice thing. I, Like I said, I hate my voice, but I do thank you, and I want to thank everybody else out there for tuning in. Uh, thank you for you know, taking the time out of a normally all DC Comics podcast to listen to me ramble on about something that m- that I'm going to assume a lot of you haven't read and pr- and might not even have any interest in reading unless you know about about the book series. But if I did spark your interest and you want to give it a check out, um, it is it is more than just the these first five issues. Um, these are just the ones that are quote unquote first flight. It does go on farther from there. I don't remember what the second five-issue arc is called, but there is one. There is a third one called Final Flight, I believe. Um, so if you guys do want to check it out, um, it is out there, and you can do that. Um, but like I said, that pretty much brings us to the end here. Uh, so I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky I think about it every night and day Spread my wings and fly So close, no matter how far Ginger views come straight from the heart Forever trusting one as words Jim's reviews matter Jim never opens himself this way To his wife or his family Let's not forget Eric Shane Cause his reviews matter Trust I seek and I find in Him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for fuck you five Cause Jim's reviews matter Alright, Eric, it's time to finish up this show. Let's get it on the road, baby! Let's get going! I got some freaking, I got some pizzazz going here at the end. Pizzazz! I don't know why! Pizzazz! Because I'm about to go midnight shopping. When we get done here, I'm going to go shopping, and that means I'm going to go get me some snacks. Midnight snacks! That's always good for the waistline. (sighs) Again, I just want to talk about anything. 
But these books are... Uh, because we have the last section of books, I like to call it the end of the shit show. That's what segment we're in. And we have two left. If you're keeping a track at home, you would know which one those are, which ones they are. Uh, the first one is Batwoman. The second one is Trinity, Eric. And it's up in the air which one's worse. But I do think it's going to be the first one. I think they're both one. getting the same score, so fuck off. Yeah, I think that it's going to have a little F and a U in that score, my friend. Batwoman number five. And uh, Dan does this on the site. And I read this issue, and I looked at his score, and it's a funny score to me, uh, which I will reveal at the end, but I, I messaged I know. him. Re- reveal his score now. Because it's a 5.1. It's a okay. 5.1 because he likes the art. And I, I read his review. I read the whole review, and he is right because as we go in, he he appreciated a little of it that he said that uh, it at least – wasn't just basically Kate running around and knife following and trying to kill her and then not. I mean, we've had that all four other issues. It kind of happens. It does kind of, but he said at least you're getting some, but says it's all nonsense. He liked the art, though. Uh, But also then I messaged him and I said, hey, uh, what's going on? And then uh, he basically said the same thing that I say. This book is just as bad as Hellblazer. It really is. And yep. he has to review it, so I, I apologize to him uh, about it being uh, that bad. Because well, Daddy, Batman, he, he loves Batman. He's a big Batwoman fan. And sometimes, I'm telling you, like, Reggie's a big fucking John Costian fan. Hellblazer sucks balls. Fucking yeah. Dan's a big Batwoman fan. Batwoman Dan messaged me when this book well. was announced. Dan, I even think, uh, and I'll have to ask Dan. Uh, he has to let me. I actually think... That he even said to me, he might have said even before this book was announced, if there is a Batwoman book, can I do it? If we're going to get – because I think yes. there was a point where we realized they were heading towards that possibly. And then when it was announced, he said, it's mine. Please. Can I? I said, yeah, you can have it. We had to, we're already hunkered down with all the books. This is definitely – be careful what you wish for. Where was the King Butcher – when Dan wished that he could have this book. That is oh a wish God. that should have been slayed. Slayed. I got you. I, I just, woman. this goddamn book. Okay. <laughs> Everything. I'm I was this confused. Week. I started reading this and I, I would really. No, no, dude, dude, I'm telling you. This is going to be like the worst review ever because you it were kind of confused. I still am confused about am what's too. going on. I'm and too. I was not about to go back and reread this fucking issue. Especially, and, I'm telling you, I like to be informed for the podcast. Fuck this book. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I really am. And it is Batwoman number five, written by Marguerite Benet, James Tyne, and the fourth. It takes two writers to, to, for this. Art by uh, Stephanie Hans and letters by D. Ron Bennett. It does so not Stephanie take two Hans. to make a thing go right. No, it takes two to make a convoluted mess. Isn't that the song? It takes two to make a convoluted mess. It takes two to make a terribleness. <laughs> <laughs> it takes two to make it last and best. As that song goes, it takes two. That one person in the back stupid, because it is. It's stupid. We're still stuck in the lost year. And while someone out there uh, must want to see the beginnings of the relationship between Kate and Sophia, it ain't this guy. That, oh that guy has two fingers. It ain't me. Nope. Seriously. And only has two fingers for some reason, Eric. He shot the others off at a bad mishap with a firework. Those Seriously. Goddamn Americans. And yes, it is not uh, Jason Pierre Paul. Uh, yeah, whatever his name is. The guy on the Giants who blew his hand off. Seriously, everything we get here, you could have guessed from all the hints from the first bunch of issues of the series. And Benet and Tynan still make it as confusing as hell. <laughs> it's I don't understand. We're getting a story that we pretty much I could have guessed. 
still confused. I thought that Stephanie Hahn's art was interesting, but nothing else was here. All right. Are you, are you done your boy? Because I got to get in this right away. Because where we have, like, in my mind, last issue, we ended this arc. For, and we were going to move on from there. Yep. This seems like something we would have had two issues ago. Like, well, in the middle Aaron. of the arc, that type of thing. Because we would have had this laid out for us. So when we go forward, we get a little bit of information laid out for KK to take us forward with the story that we were presented before. And now we just get this thrown in. What feels Eric like Shen. after the fact, it Eric feels Shen. odd as shit. You stop it. You stop your shade throwing. Uh, we had a rebirth number one, correct? Yes. This is the fifth issue. It's only yep. to get a sixth issue for the trade. <laughs> That's all it is. It's it, just to add, you, and, and really, this is if this you're going to do this. Three, yeah, I'm telling two? you, if you're going to do this, pull a goddamn Serenity and put it in at Firefly. Put it in the right order because this should have been you. And I would, I would actually beg them to do that in the third or fourth issue. Shove this back to then, and it would Seriously. have played out a lot better. It would have uh, whatever issue it was. Like that. now, because we've I'm had you, I knife. Spent, I spent the I spent the whole arc. You know, we dealt with knife, and we had Sophia missing and shit like that. Yes, and we did not really understand the connection that Kate came. No, out, and you finally got that do, where knife finally it, it did say out. when knife finally did say like, listen, you ruined my life. You ruined it all. And we when we were getting that little bit of a flashback of knife's, you know, her upbringing and right, how right. Sophia saved her and all this did this would have played off better back then you're right and really the thing that got me is and because I don't review this that Dan does uh this is one of the books I do not look at until it's time Absolutely to review not. it so the day comes I that, get it garbage and I go and I go through it I'm going eh, bah, 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 bah. the island of Coriana the lost year what the uh, fuck I was so angry was uh, what a- are we doing we're still this? This last year seems to be, in my mind, it's taken 10 years because it's nonsense. But yeah, all we're going to get here and this whole issue is the start of the romance of Kate and Sophia, which I, we I, saw I'm you, before. I was actually looking forward to this issue a bit because, like I told you before, I really thought last issue was the end of that arc. Yes. And we were, we were going to get to the real story. The cheese of what Batwoman yeah, was we were going to get like, to the real story now. Yeah. Why, why am I still begging that we fucking go back and get to the Monster Man? I'd, I'd, I'd rather Please, have that. monster fucking man. Yeah. There we go, Eric. We see the desert rose. And we see uh, Kate Kane. She likes to drink, Eric. I got yeah. that. She's an alcoholic. <laughs> she likes that. <laughs> Basically, what, I, what was uh, told to me in this is that she likes to drink and she definitely has red hair. That's yep. what I got. That's all I got. And luckily, she does have red hair because the story and some of the art gets a little confusing. The progression. If you didn't have that I'm shock of red hair, I wouldn't have known what happened in this. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, at some points, I don't know if it's Tahani or Sophia I'm looking at. I'm like, I, I, yeah. I don't understand the progression events because nope. I'm telling you, I think you said it in your blurb there that the art's very interesting. I don't think it conveys the story that well at it all. It didn't do that great a job. I like the panel layout. I like that they had the roses at that one yeah. point, and they had that. Uh, but really, basically, the story is Kate ended up, you know, we knew this. She got hurt. She ended up almost drowning. She got yeah, saved. She, she was drunk as hell on a boat in a fucking storm. She went overboard and fucking cracked her goddamn skull open. And she now she's on Coriana recuperating from that after some yeah. fucking brain surgery. It seems like some skull surgery. Yeah, some and, skull uh, surgery that involved some ornate stuff because, you know, you fix in the, the front, you fix underneath, and you get the top to be ornate so you remember it and you own it. You gotta remember the pain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. And in the meantime, you see that, Sophia, you know, you're supposed to be led. 
we know that what's going to end up is Sophia was alive. We saw the whole thing, and yeah, she's going to be, yeah, she's going to be the bad. So you have to go back to kind of. I think that they decided. Listen, we didn't establish her enough as this connection with her. I I thought that it was enough. Uh, you know how much knife was upset with how they became lovers and things. I thought that it was set up. I thought it was set up enough for me. Uh, obviously, they didn't think so. But you also get the whole thing with Sophia. You know is explaining like i'm here they treat me like a mother these warlords come to me when they have issues well we know this we, we've been told this now we're seeing it it's just most of this seemed like it, the you have the lost year this was the lost chapter that should have remained lost i really didn't I, I need agree. this and, but and, eventually throughout this whole thing we you know we get the whole rundown of stuff we already knew you know freaking sophia is the goddamn you know the lady of the warlord she keeps peace on the island and keeps the mainland off and yes. shit like that and then like she goes to this, uh, but I am no spy. I am the lady of the yeah. island, and yeah. I do whatever it takes to keep the mainland off the island. If the outside world would ever come to Koreana, we might never recover. And until we get to this whole point where now she's in the, you know, doing her goddamn lady of the island kind of thing, lady yeah. of the warlords. And it's like, there's talk you've been at sixes and sevens, Sophia. Well, like, I'm like, what the hell is sixes and sevens? And then she's like, he responds, sixth. I'm like, I yeah. don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and I, I get the idea, and like they just go like, I I don't know. But then they, they she was where's Tahani banished until she learns to fix what she breaks. But for now, we're gonna do this. And she's like an unexpected oil tanker's moving through the waters around Coriana. Uh, like, to give, I'm sorry, I just want to give a little bit of background okay. just to make sure because the whole thing where you know Tahani was banished. Knife, she'll become <laughs> pardon me. She'll become knife. But the reason was because. We know from the beginning of this that, you know, Kate Kane has a bit of a drinking problem. Yeah. And fucking Tahani's been leaving fucking liquor bottles in yeah. her room. So, like, she's trying you know, to get her she, drunk. She might be fine now, but, you know, her moment of weakness, she's going to go right back to what she yeah, was. Yeah, it's basically, fucking... it's, it's like a guy, like, you would have me wash up on a, a desert island, a deserted island. I'm there, and I am known to be the womanizer of the Quaker town, Eric. Well, there's no women on the island. I can't be a womanizer. What Tahani basically thinks is, yeah, you know what? You think that this Kate has recovered, that she's no longer an addict. It's just because she has no opportunity. You know, you're an addict once the opportunity hits. So she's been giving this opportunity to her. She's bad news, Sophia. You need to get rid of her. Yeah, basically trying to, you know, convince Sophia to get rid of her. And it's just, it's it's nonsense. <laughs> it's utter nonsense. Uh, but yeah, and then there's this tanker coming in. It has, it has stolen oil or oil that should be there. Yeah. So they're going to go and take the oil back. And I'm like, I, I don't know. During a bad storm. So it's I don't know how dangerous. they're doing this. You know what I, I mean? Either. Like the way they're doing it, it's just, at one point, it looks like the oil is in a fucking, you know, in a, a box. I, yep. And it cracks. It ends up there. There's a lot of trouble. This is where, uh, you know. You, I, I was so bored with this that, like, when shit started going bad because of the storm, all I kept thinking about was all that oil in the ocean. I'm like, that's how bad it is. Yeah. I started getting fucking, like, about eco-friendly mm. ideas in my head because I didn't yeah, care because, about what's going on here. Yeah, shit's going. It's like, we're, we got to turn back. You know, turn back. No, we must protect the island. If you no longer will, I will. And it just keeps going. And then it's the perfect storm. That fucking tanker is up, you know, 8,000 miles in the air on a goddamn wave. It crashes down. Everybody's having problems. Kate is underwater. You have her there. And they go, and, and there's where Sophia's trying to save her again. 
and uh, you get what well, appears hold to on. be. E- even before this, I'm just, I- I'm just so confused. I'm going through it as you fucking. <laughs> I'm okay. telling you, I'm trying to get through it with. I know, but Sophia, Sophia and Raphael, they're in their smuggler's cove where they keep all their shit. They're trying to like unload the oil before the storm gets real big. Yeah. And Raphael just happens to see something in the distance. Raphael's like, supplies? All from the sixes share with his mark to Hani. Oh, child, no. Sophia, Tahani <laughs> never left the island. Oh, she never Six has been Six keeping, has been her, keeping down her down here. I'm like, what? I found missing yeah. food, missing weapons. Sophia, Six is once she a kill. Told si- she, said, she told Six, you're enchanted. You're under the spell of a siren. No longer fit to lead the island. And then, like, Sophia, she's going to kill Kate. And that's where they go out to go get her. And that's where shit has gone wrong. And I thought that that was the problem. We've had a very specific art for Tahani, and this throws it off a bit. That was Completely. one of my things. Yeah, it doesn't even look for like what her. Thing, I don't what know who Six is. I don't either! I thought she was in Blossom, Eric. Six! That's Blossom's <laughs> friend! Yeah, but that that's what happens then, and you have Kate. She uh, she looks like she's going to die again, and it, yeah. like I said, this is how it ends, where it seems like she is... Uh, her life is flashing before her, but it's not really yeah, Sophia's all giving her of mouth it. to mouth. Yeah, Sophia's giving her mouth to mouth, but uh, one of the things, it ends with what appears to be the future, because it was what ended in that one in the Rebirth issue, number one, where we saw the future, where we thought it was Kate's stepmom. Yeah. Uh, where it, uh, but it, a lot of people, it still could be Kate. Who knows what's going on? But you see that, and it doesn't make any goddamn sense. It, this is the lost year before, and this is where Kate. Exactly. Like, this is all the of a sudden she breathes. She's dying. Seeing her life flash before her eyes makes sense to me. Seeing the future flash before her eyes, no, what the fuck? It is makes that? no sense. And then they see each other. They're all happy. They start making out, and then it's like, stay, stay with me on Coriana. Stay. And breathe. And as they're making out, you see what is possibly six. <laughs> they're dead. Down the line. Yeah. Just right above, the, like, I'm right over there. This whole thing, too, because we had that rebirth issue where we did see, you know, in the near future where it looked like, you know, some people believe it was Batwoman in a colony uniform, mm-hmm. you know, freaking there. Like, in the near we future, thought it looks it was like Jacob's we, mo- we thought Jacob's it was freaking uh, Catherine Kane, Jacob's yeah. fucking wife, you know, Kate's stepmother. But we had this glimpse here, like, hey, everybody, don't forget about this because it has been a while, but... It does nothing for the story. It doesn't, it doesn't even make, make sense. sense to me. And I would like to see this way more than the fucking lost year. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. It just Monster doesn't make my sense. It's, it's terrible. And then there they are. They're making them breathe. And then it's just next. Pax Batmana. And I'm like, whatever. Whatever, Eric. I, Pax I just, Batmana. I don't care. I, this is just, it's really bad. This issue does nothing at all. Uh, we knew that they had that relationship. This didn't further anything in my mind. Like, we're going to have it where it looks like she might end up fighting Sophia, but this doesn't make well, it any that the different The one thing that before. we need to find out that, like, I didn't think was conveyed well at all, what did Kate, Kate do to bring the mainland to this island and fucking ruin it for everybody else that everybody had this big problem mm. with her at this point? That's the story we should have been again, told is it by the end be of the, Is it going to be this tanker that sent? Because somebody's going to come look for it, I would think. I think. I, I don't know. know. And I, th- I, I don't think know. It was, they were stolen uh, like oil from the island itself, so they were stealing it back. But the yeah, whole thing, like, yeah. the honey was talking to Sophia, like, 
maybe it was six. I don't know. Yeah, but, but they did like, say it. Is, it seemed like stolen oil. Person, I say this Kate Kane person. She's a high high to do person. They're going to come looking for her. Yeah, that's what so it basically is. That's the only thing that I think it is. She is missing. Uh, you know, she has a lot of money. They even spell it out earlier. Like, oh look, you're you're this you know missing heiress, and you're this, and I think that's where they're going to come looking for her. Uh, but it's not like this island is just like nothing out. Of, you know, there are people there. I know oh, yeah. that the concept Pirate. of you know Smugglers. there's going to be a lot of people, but it, it seems like it's uh, just a matter of time. You know, yes. you have freaking guys coming with big tankers and stealing oil and shit like that. I mean, there's shit going down here. It's just this. It, there's nothing for this. I, I pity anybody who is a full-out Batwoman fan. And, you know, there might be people like, oh, I'm enjoying it. I really, I can't see how. It is no. not good. It's not good at all. And, and yeah. just the progression, like I'm telling you, my biggest problem with it is that this is an issue that should have came three issues previous to this one. And, like, you know, we should have had the freaking cliffhanger at the end of last one end the arc because it makes yeah. sense to end that way. Not jump back into, a, like, a fucking flashback for this whole one. And I'm telling you, yeah. like you said, the art is interesting. I don't think it conveys the story. Yeah, well. I was it, left confused. And, because and I don't know if it's just the art job. being confusing or the story's just that bad. Because well, exactly, it is really you, bad. The art's confusing. And because they didn't do a good enough job in my mind, because I, I like to read comics. I think I have a decent understanding of how they work. They didn't do enough to set up who these characters are. On well, Coriolis. and even, yeah, like, like, even you're you saying no that. Who they are. You even have the whole deal that Raphael... You know, my right-hand man, he repaired you as per my instruction. Like, you're like, oh, cool. Well, Rafi, we know he's dead. You know, we're past this. We're past wondering, you know, or feeling for Raphael. He's gone. Poor Raphael. Uh, yeah, poor Raphael. He tried. Yeah, the process. It's called Kintsugi, the repair of an object with a lacquer laced with gold, cosmetic on top of actual medical care. A highlight to the break instead of a denial of it. Shut up, Sophia. This is dialogue. And I'm like, Sophia, I'd be so bored out of my skull. I'd be like, well, yeah, that's why she's drinking. Yeah. Yeah, she just wants to pass the goddamn time. All right, time. do me a favor. Crack that skull back open because I can't deal with this nonsense. Yeah, please. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, how dare you? You, you put a Z <laughs> on my fucking head. Look at me. You fucking Zorro? Yeah, really. <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. What do you Fuck give you it? Because I know what I give it. Fuck you, five. Indeed, I go as well. Uh, I'm telling you, like Dan. I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm not a huge Batwoman fan like Dan is. I yeah. was looking forward to the series. Was I was too. I I'm thought like, we were going to start like, up something new. Exactly. I'm telling you, I liked the previous Batwoman series, and I thought leading off from where we left, we're in Detective Comics. Yeah. This could be a really cool run. Yeah, I and thought so too. It, it is not. Yeah, and uh, you know. All those people who are all into this, and then I see people like fucking, you know, oh, that Mark and Draco run at the end of the New 52, that was bullshit. No, I you know, it. no, I take that over this any day, and I agree with Dan. This is as bad as Hellblazer, and I hate Hellblazer because now it's getting confusing. Yeah. I don't know what's going on or why they're doing it. You said it. I this should have been issues ago. I look like a dummy for the rest of my fucking days. You know, I don't need it in my comic book time. No, and, and really. There's times where we feel like dummies because we don't get something. Say it's a call out to some fucking thing from the event 52 and we didn't get it. Then I'm like, oh, man, I feel like a dummy. This I feel like a dummy because I just think I'm reading words and I don't know what they mean as a story. It just you have two writers on here that I think are decent writers. And yet they, they come up with this. It's like when two lovely people have a kid and the kid comes out looking like wrong turn. Hey, you know, you get an ugly one in the batch. That's this is the ugly kid. You don't need this. You don't need this ugly kid. Hooey! Let's go on to the next one. Because on. the next one is not an ugly kid. It's just a nonsense story. And I, I've come to the realization now 
that I gave Francis Manipal full credit for that flash run that I did like at the beginning of the New 52. I, I really did. It got a little wonky at points, but it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, he and Brian Bucciolato did that together, yeah. and Francis Manipal and him shared both writing and art duties. It was their basically that double-shot team. Uh, I really think that Bucciolato did most of the writing because one, with Manipal by himself, it's utter nonsense. It really is nothing. This uh, issue. Looks, I, will tell I you love though, the art. I love say, the art. Normally, I'm not a huge friend, like it's a so fucking Manipal fan. I am. I do like the aesthetic that this gives. Right. It, like his style here, and like the yeah. way they do everything. Like even I the freaking the the the. the um, the freaking stylized uh, dialogue balloons for the goddamn yeah. like robot. I'm like, I really like the way this whole thing is put together here. I don't know if I it took me a while to get on the trolley or it's just this yeah. issue, but I, I love had the time art. looking at this fucking. No, story. yeah, I, I I say this is you know it's almost worth just looking at. But if you're gonna get this issue and yeah, just look through it. Don't read it. It's so nonsense. You're not gonna get anything from reading it. So. And and it's one of those like we went through the Justice League earlier, and it's a shame because this is another one you have. A landscape now at DC, and I do mention it again in my blurb, but I'll say it now. You have this landscape where anybody can jump on and write the best Justice League book out there so that people can be like, oh, you know what? Justice League of America and Justice League are bad. I'll go Trinity. Or, oh, you know what? Trinity and Justice League aren't good, but at least we have Justice League of America. Why is it that every Justice League book There's sucks? Nothing. There's nothing to grab onto. There's nothing at all. And it's a shame because this is supposed to be the big team. And yet the three books that have the characters, and again, Trinity isn't a Justice League book, but you we can go Justice with League it. We have the Justice League in this fucking arc. Yeah, and this arc. But even as you go down the rung, you're like, I don't like Justice League. I don't like Justice League of America. This is the next pick if you want the the three main characters. I'm telling you, right now, if I'm going for a team besides for the Green Lantern Corps show like that, I'm going right from the Owls because that is the best team book yeah, in my mind. Yeah, no, I'm telling I'm and going not those even two. Much of a and team again, some people say New Superman is a team, so if you go with that, I'll go with that as well. Yeah, but, sure, uh, I'll go with Yeah, that I like well. uh, Green that's Lantern Corps. That's the best book right now. I like Hal and Green Lantern Corps and uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws and New Superman. And at points, D- Detective gets good and bad. You know, you jump Titans back. Titans is up and down as well, this, I guess. This is, the Trinity's just, it's not been good. And I see people like, when things like this issue come out, and a lot of people liked it, but some people like, uh, Francis manipole has been killing it up until now. What is he killing? My hopes Seriously. of a good book? That's, That's what's getting killed. Threw me out of this you can't resuscitate that, completely. Eric. Dead on arrival. <laughs> Trinity number 11, written by Francis Manipole, art by Francis Manipole, Scott Hanna, Scott Goldalewski, Will Quintana, Blonde, and Tom Napolitano, Eric. We have Tom not had Tom Napolitano in quite yeah, a while. Is he break? What's going on with him? Yeah, because you have re- you always love saying that name. Say Napolitano. It for right now. Yes, you really seem like a fancy man every time you said that name. Francis Manipal ends his Dead Space story, and while I still think it looks fantastic, the story is a complete mess and ends just because. I wanted this to be my Just League book, but with the three choices we have, I vote for none of them. That's all I'm going to go with, Eric. I'm not even D, gonna... none of the above. D, none of the above. Now, the problem I, I have, too, with this, you, you get a book where you've thrown in the Justice League as well. I know it's the Trinity book, but you do not have to have everybody out of the picture by the end so that the Trinity 
can save the day. You could have had the re- the rest of the guys saving the day as well. It seemed yeah. to me like everything in this is so forced into the way that it ends that it has to be Batman, Wonder Woman, and, and Dude, Superman I, saving I, I still, the day. I really don't know why fucking Simon and Jessica passed out. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. All of a sudden, you have a Justice League deal, and at the end, you have to have them all. And then Flash and Aquaman, hey, guys, what happened? I'm they, saying, they fucking Flash up. is running around eating his snacks. Hey, Barry, it's me, Aquaman. Of course it's you, Aquaman. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? What yeah. is wrong with you? Yep. Do you have brain well, damage there, King of Atlantis? Yeah, What's going they on? They do. Yeah, exactly. He's not in water. He has problems. Yeah, water. He's like He is like a fish from one side of the fucking tank to the other. He forgets shit. Uh, they go, and it starts off with Wonder Woman. It looks awesome. I, I, it I'm looks amazing. This, that first page this is freaking, great. It's so good. His art, it always it always doesn't, it doesn't bother me. You can like what you want. Yeah. It actually upsets me sometimes because I'm like, I love Francis Manipal's art. I think it's outstanding. Uh, this issue, even he go, he gets a little less fancy with the panel layout and stuff, and yeah. just basically goes to town on the art. I think it looks incredible. I always think you, it looks that, that panel layout to the second page, the big split, like spread page, yeah. where the panel layout is the lasso's fucking yes. wrapping around different. Awesome. I think that looks awesome. Yeah, he he tones it back a little throughout, but that's the thing. When they did have Flash, the whole thing with Flash is he had the uh, mainly the credits page was right. always this intricate and even here you have that dead space conclusion and even that it has stars and stuff i mean it's and the lasso's wrapped around that it's really really good the story's nothing because basically at this point wonder woman is taken over by these these parasites the parasite, yeah. uh, that we have i mean we've taken issues to to explain that they are not bad that they have been spelled out as being bad by the traveler, the fucking you know, who is like a, a robot AI I, that's been programmed you, to though, go. There's there's this goddamn robot right who we've been telling you like, oh, you got to destroy your friends and your fucking space station here to stop yeah. this terrible plague from reaching your planet because this is what happened to my world. By the end of this whole thing, though, when you find out that the like the parasites aren't bad and the goddamn robot is, they start throwing out names for these things. I'm like. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about because you just decided to give these things names and you're yeah. saying it like we should all be on the goddamn trolley. But even Maybe that, like- we haven't really even uh, spelled out like they haven't really – it's the Traveler. But it has never really been spelled out fully. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have that, but it's not. Like, if I said to you two weeks ago, before this came out, I don't think you'd be like, I don't know, it's that robot guy. When we're talking about it, we're like, yeah, that robot dude. Yeah. But he is and there. For, and for how, how he comes off in this, too, like, almost to the emotional degree, I'm not even certain that he's a goddamn robot anymore. Yeah, I don't know. And the, the whole thing about it ends up being the, you know, pretty much they had the Sophie's Choice again. You, you either... Your planet dies or your friends die. Uh, again, like you said about the, the book, I'm taking D, none yeah. of the above, because they did save the day, and it didn't seem like anything out of the ordinary. If they would have, if this guy would have, and I know he's programmed, but it's not even like he's there, and he wants to kill these parasites. This is why he's there. If he is an AI, if he is a robot, if he is whatever, his main programming or his, you know, his MO is to yeah. get rid of these things. 
but yet he does nothing against them this whole time. He's more concerned of fighting Wonder Woman and the rest of them instead of just going to town on them. I mean, his biggest mistake was needing the Watchtower to energize his ship so that he could blow them up. It doesn't even make sense when you think about it in the end. I'm like, I, I don't understand this whole thing. Now, you get the idea that he gives them this option. That is, There's no third option of, we'll save the day because he wants to, he doesn't want them to find out exactly and what's now that going Wonder on. Woman has probed inside the but this is the problem is why, why would you even get them involved with these guys because he did seem to be the one to make it so this is the threat oh look at these parasites they've taken over your friends now you have to destroy them because they'll destroy your earth no hide them and do something else because Wonder Woman then decides out of nowhere she's going to talk to these things and she, Eric she sees that they dance and sing they're not bad, and they no, accept it. That dances and sings is bad. Yeah, they accept, yeah, really, except possibly two live crew. Uh, they they sit there, and Wonder Woman's there, and she ends up talking to them, but you don't know why. You don't know why she can talk through that goddamn face hugger mask that she has. She's uh, you know yelling and screaming at the traveler. He's still fighting. You know, a failure to correct this will lead to war. No, it won't, because in the end, you just disappear. There's never anything. At the end, it just ends to end, like I said, because they're there. Wonder Woman's fighting through this. In the meantime, Superman is still trying to hold the watchtower up, and Batman's trying, and also still fighting Simon and Jessica a bit. But in the meantime, also, uh, Batman's there, and the whole thing that I got was they had to get down to the watchtower, the escape pods, not to escape. But the because they were powered individually, this was something, and it's a failsafe of the Watchtower. If the Watchtower loses power, you can't have the escape pods lose power as well, or you're never going to escape. So they have a alternate sense. deal. It does make complete sense that if the whole thing, that's the failsafe, you get down there. In the meantime, you thought that Batman was getting down there so he can plug shit in the cyborg, and then they'd be fine. He would be, now he doesn't have limbs and shit. I mean, shit's gone wrong for cyborg a little more than Even I thought. Even though we've seen that cyborg. Cyborg can just regenerate his limbs yes. all, whenever he wants to but now. It but it seems whatever. like all he needs is the spark of life. So they get there, and Batman kind of does do that. But in the meantime, he also you know, has to escape in the pod, and they go, and it's just everything ends oh, up in that. This whole progression, though, it's like we, we start out like we had Wonder Woman fighting the fucking Traveler outside in space. She's fucking throwing goddamn dialogue left and right. And then we go to yeah. fucking Batman's inner monologue after that. I know no one can hear you scream in space. I'm like, yeah, but yet you can't we hear, hear anybody. You can hear Wonder Woman talking. Fucking no yeah, problem. Yeah, and then- we've we've heard her scream. She's yelling. Uh, she yells. We call what you call correcting a miscalculation. We call a massacre. Not only is she dialoguing, she's screaming. So yep. don't tell me that you can't hear somebody scream in space because Wonder Woman's doing that. The panel before, and, and, and it's just when, stupid. Like, you know, in my mind, this thing that Wonder Woman is now connected to is the queen of these parasites. Yeah. And I, I'm saying I don't know for certain. It seems I almost like a hive it. mind, though, right? Yes. W- yes. Would you say that? Because it's I so would weird. Say because you, now, what, now this parasite queen knows that Wonder Woman is on the up and up, and it's, she's going to try to help her. Why is she, the, the parasite not relaying to the rest? Because Batman is yeah. running for his goddamn life from these yep. fucking monsters. And why, like, at, why at any point? Because you get the idea that it's, it's because Wonder Woman is pure of heart? 
And I think Jessica's not so bad now. It might not have been the queen, but if they are a hive mind, you would have thought they would have read their minds and realized they were the heroes and they were there to help them or could well, help them. Not necessarily them because they don't know what they are, but Diana at least understands now what they are. And yeah, like, but it, know, it, to me, to that's the, just because she knows what they are doesn't mean that a face hugger is not going to. It just it it happens because it has to happen. In yeah. this issue, you have to have it. And, of course, it's Wonder Woman who's there to be, the, like I said, pure at heart. Oh, they, I, I just saw them. They were dancing at the, by the moonlight. No, they were doing this. And they're not as bad as you thought. Uh, you know, and or you at, told us this is bullshit. And, you know, this is Batman's a massacre. Escaping, as Batman's escaping, though, this goddamn monster pierces yeah, the fucking shuttle hull. Yeah. The freaking the, the pilot. And then yeah. Batman hits the button to be ejected into space. Now there's a vacuum space. And, and, and what, what you're saying is, and it even goes even more than that, because all Batman's doing, he's plugging Cyborg in and going, I wouldn't think that this parasitic race that is, you know, yeah, it might be afraid for its life. It may realize what's going on with this traveler. I, why would it recognize Batman and Cyborg in an escape pod as being anything to attack? It, it doesn't seem like you would anyway. And like you said, it seems like there would be sort of a hive mind going on and the, the queen or whatever and anything. Wonder Woman is All there. I want to know like, though, I'm is talking how Batman to them. breathing in space. Yeah, because then when it gets hit, he's in the escape pod. When it goes, he's out and then he is in space. Without any sort of, you know, nothing. He's just There's out there. There's a big old one hole point, in the windshield of at his At the one ship. point, he shoots a, a freaking grappling deal that Wonder Woman goes so he can swing over to them. And he's in space. And reentry. I, I know that, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman, they're a little bit beyond just normal yeah. mortals. And, you know, uh, uh, Superman's an alien. but And you have the Green Lanterns. They're knocked out, but they still have the rings yeah, and stuff like their, that. Yeah, they got their barrier. Not Batman. Batman nope. should be dead. He just went through a reentry. Just swinging on a goddamn fucking, you know, a line. Uh, in the meantime, you do have Simon and Jessica there fighting, and that, that Superman's like, listen, you got to fight through this. We can do this. You know, we, and then that's where Jessica's like, Superman? And they're like, why, why is this happening now? The heat you know, on it's happening must be now killing because, back these creatures whole. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's weird too because I I get the idea they just killed the ones that were on there, but it's still yeah. it it only happens because it happens, and well, then they the same pass thing out because they pa- like you know Superman's like oh thank God you two are back I need you to help me create a construct to yeah. stop this thing before it goes we, down. they pass uh, out immediately. Yeah, they pass out immediately because uh, Francis Manipole wants to go full out. It's a Trinity book. The Trinity can be the only ones who save people. No, you could have had the whole team work to save it and would have been good and uh instead you have superman who's still trying to hold back everything you get wonder woman and batman involved you have the fucking goddamn fucking uh, watchtower gonna hit in india and it ends up goddamn time crashing down the fucking earth yep in mumbai they're gonna go they're trying to do this they're trying to get it they tether it in a different way they get it and they land on top of a LexCorp building that's what happens they land on top of the building this is utter fucking Superman nonsense. and Wonder Woman are holding the entire watchtower above their heads yes. as they step down Where onto the West Coast building. We have seen it crash into bays and be yeah, the Happy whole Harbor. bay, Happy Harbor. We've seen it at points where in the Justice League book, it's it's almost crashed, I think, twice now. I, I but as God, it's coming it just, down, it's going to rip apart half a city. Like uh, the, just the fucking watchtower, the size of it alone, in my mind, I could just be way off because I'm not a fucking rocket surgeon or anything like that. No. It, it coming down, it's burning up well, the fucking atmosphere. Just a, yeah, just imagine the, the velocity. 
that it's the, the re-entry velocity that it's coming out. That's terminal velocity to me, Eric. I like to throw out that term. It's going to crush that building. There is no way. Of course, at the last second, the Green Lanterns, they wake up. Yeah. And they're in brightest day, in blackest night. Holy shit, what the fuck's going on? That's what I want them to yell. Because all of a sudden they wake up and they use the Green Lantern. Now they're anchoring it to other buildings. It does look like the LexCorp building is cracking. Yep. It's nonsense. But it's, it's not com- only that. It's not that, Jim. Fucking when we finally see, I, I tell you, I said this at the beginning of the goddamn review for it, but when we get Barry and fucking uh, Arthur back in this, Barry's just running around. I knew it. Bats hid snacks in those pouches of his. Flash, stop. It's me, Arthur. I'm back. Arthur? Arthur? What Connecting, the fuck is this? Rebooting, and then Cyborg wakes up. What did I miss? <laughs> oh, you card, you. you. You know what, Cyborg? You didn't miss anything. Wah, wah, wah. Cyborg. <laughs> It's so nonsense. Barry's just walking and running around still eating snacks. And then Arthur went, he, he's trying Barry, to, all he did was run around back. Arthur. And he knew it. And they, yeah, he's like, Arthur, uh, who's that? I only know this motherfucker Aquaman. I, I'm telling you, does this go back to the button where Barry's just terrible with names? Your name is yeah. what? Jay? J- what? Just say my name. Just say Jay. John? J- Jack? Uh, uh, yeah. And then, you know, insult to injury here. You're going to be pouring fucking salt on my wounds because then the Trinity goes off and they have these, these fucking amoeba things that... Uh, and I said to you, remember I was joking at work, I'm like, yeah, and then the motherfuckers go and they put it in a fucking thing. I'm like, you can't introduce these species just because you feel like it because the three of you think they're good. There has to be some sort of things that you go through. Plus, I want to see the news like, Justice, what the fuck are they going to do with this watchtower? It's just sitting on top of a building in India. I guess they just they fly go it back up. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, when that blasts off, that whole city, Mumbai's I, I, done. I'm telling uh, you, they, I, it's just for the story because we've seen it before and we need to go yeah. back. It's because the people recognize us if they've been reading the goddamn Trinity series. But why do the Trinity have to go back to that creek in Smallville that Clark used to go to? It's to that same these- creek. They go back and put these... these uh, these organisms the in yeah, yeah the, perfect. the perfect yeah now they're known as the perfect and they do they can do what they were meant to do adapt convert the to the ecosystem I, around the I just want to watch i want to seem to think that this is like when you have shit when they introduce what was it to australia that they introduced the the freaking frogs or whatever oh, the they fucking yeah, went yeah, nuts. Yeah, or something like that yeah. that's what it seems like this is going to be like now they're going to cause the whole world to be done and in fact you know it's going to adapt they're there and then off in the distance you see the fucking white mercy well, sitting you, it's there it's so weird because you know freaking wonder woman they're all in their street clothes now and fucking just p- placing these things in the water it seems like becoming something beautiful and help our planet become better for it and like the clark's like the perfect art of contagion they're an adaptive symbiotic organism for all we know they're already on earth and then as they freaking do it as they stand up and i swear to god this entire time they are staring at the yeah, white they nurse. are they are uh, they, here's the thing they have to be because bruce takes off his glasses he takes off his glasses to get a better look and Bruce, sometimes there is a happy end, and she's there. The White Mercy is like, I have shed my past. I was the White Mercy, and then a Trinity. And that's where it looks like they look up. Superman's definitely looking up, and Bruce is like, huh? And Bruce, sometimes there is a happy ending. And we all continue to grow until the next adventure begins, and they, they're going to fly off, but yet what, there's the Batwing. What, what I don't know where white, they're going. What about White Mercy? 
Yeah, she's she's there in that cave. She's, were they looking she's... up at the at the Batwing up there? I don't or think the so. Fuck? I think they were looking at the White Mercy and letting her just okay. Let's get on with it. She's she's a a great thing, and you would think that well, they're might supposed to be that. Is the perfect gonna be part of her? Like adapt to her and help? I I don't know. Are they saying like, listen, you're the one. Your move next. You can watch him, and then it's next. Constantine Zatanna and Dead Man. Oh my! Oh and that my. sounds pretty cool. And we're gonna end up where Rob Williams is gonna be on the book for a while. I don't know if he's officially taken it over, but that's the. Uh, we're gonna get back to that uh, Trinity, the Dark Trinity. Eventually, this book leads to that, to an extended arc with that, with V. Ken Merriam doing art. All right. I'm looking forward. Sounds to good. It. So I think this next one, this little bit is going to be like a prelude to that. We'll see. I don't know, but this is nonsense. It's it's a story that looks great. The book looks fantastic. It, there is nothing to this story, and things just happen to happen. They end up, you know, with the Trinity saving the day that you want. I, I think that that does fool some people, and they're like, oh, this is great, but to land the watchtower on a building in Mumbai is just right away, right there, I'll give you a fuck you five. I don't no, care no, what else is going on. I'm giving you a fuck on. you five for having Batman breathing in space. Yeah, there's that. There's there's a bunch of things. There's the whole thing where we had three issues where all of a sudden Wonder Woman just decides to talk to these parasites and they let her, you know, go. They let her work yeah. through this and help but them. But not anybody else. No, no. And then uh, yeah, we didn't even mention at the one point the Traveler just ends up dis- like, oh, he disappeared with his oh. ship. Oh, really? That That's what happened. That, he says the uh, – uh, that and also you had that weird thing where the metamorphosis of the the virus or these things yeah. they evolved and stuff like that. But it was like it, it ended with them like, oh, what happened to the traveler? Oh, he, he kind of disappeared. It will be fine. The traveler lied. Everything's gone. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is nonsense. But I thought his ship didn't have any power. Yeah, it went away. It went away, even though at one point they're outside and he's there ready to punch Wonder Woman and she stopped this one punch and then he just disappears. He's gone. He says, that, I, oh, that I, is, I, the traveler was programmed to never leave his vessel. He is done. He's, he's already left his vessel. Yep. He said, what about the enlightened and the traveler? Uh, the enlightened? Like, I thought it was the perfect. Which one is it? I, no, the I enlightened, I think, on. is the traveler's race. Yeah, but that's the thing. They say that, and we never, we didn't even know the right. Like to me, they should just be coming back. I mean, they're like, what the fuck happened? And now they were going to want to come in. It's just nuts. And really, the the whole thing you get where the enlightened, if it is, and yeah, I'll go with that. The enlightened are his race. They sent the traveler to get rid of these parasites. They claim them. Just why did they have to kill them? They're because away they from were, them they, now. The thing is, they were trying to hide their fucking mistake because they I tried know, to but haunt here's the thing: if they the would have just went, Geneva Convention if they would have just Green went and threw them into the, if they would have threw them into the Earth's ocean and left, nobody would know the better. They, yeah. Nobody would have known. It looks like they were just going to adapt anyway. They give yep. them a new home. Just get them out of there. That's what I'm saying. The, what ended up happening could have been what he did anyway, and then we wouldn't have a, you know, we wouldn't have a story. But it just nothing. And I just love I, it, hey, the, dude. We don't have a story now. What are you no, talking? No, like I said, when they're like, "Oh, what happened to him? Oh, he was programmed to never leave his vessel. He is done." <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. God damn it. Five. I love the art, and that shows you how much. This just was terrible, the the writing, because the art is good enough to usually get away from a fuck you five. It, it didn't. I said on no, the site. I'm telling you, uh, I like the art more this issue than I have recently. Yeah, it's I, I not really enough. Liked it. 
Yeah, I really liked it, but the the story itself, it's a fuck you five. Yeah, get out of here. Get out there of town. There were just so many problems, and it didn't make any goddamn sense in the long run. Fuck you five for me as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. God what is your, damn it. What is your like book of the week, Eric? Book My of the week. week is a tie between Nightwing and uh, and the friggin' Super Sons, which yeah. was on the exclusive Patreon My podcast. My book Spotlight. of the week is Super Sons. So, and again, this is nothing that I'm pushing to try to make people go, but that I, oh, I, I had fun. That was the book that you are you are always yeah. pushing. I had a lot of fun with the book. I thought it was really good. I had fun. We had a lot of callbacks to other continuities that it, seemed it was, it was made really sense. Cool concept. Yeah, I like that. Here's what we're going to talk about next week. Here, this it is better be better. Well, it might be. Who knows? Because we're going to get Action Comics 984. We have the Super League in the Phantom Zone, Eric. The thing is, I'm already wary about it because of all the Phantom Zones we shit we'd have to deal with in fucking Supergirl. I don't want to deal with the Phantom Zone ever again. No, I don't either. I'm a Phantom Zoned out. Yeah, Out! All-Star Batman number 12, continuing the first... I do look forward to that. The first ally... First ally, the first something? ally has been first the best ally. arc that we've had yeah, so far. Yeah, I've I'm enjoyed it, so I want to see. And if you remember, it ended up with a dual cliffhanger of Alfred and Bruce appearing both to be killed. And yep. I, I have a feeling they weren't. The next Bruce one. on Tiger Shark's fucking sub, which explodes yeah. again in Nightly yep. last issue. Yeah, yeah, he can't he loves win with subs. these fucking subs. Batgirl number 13. Yep, go. I do not look forward to that at all. Reggie sent me some uh, pages from that. He sent me some things from that, and he was laughing. Okay, uh, Batman in the Shadow, number four, I don't know, but I think uh, Jeremy may have a review for that, so I want nice. to mention that. We have Batman Beyond, number 10, continuing the Demon's Head story with uh, Damien and Bruce had arrived as Damien was about to kill Terry. We'll see what happens there. We'll be talking to Mark about that. We have Blue Beetle number 11, Eric, which should start a new arc, correct? And I, I look forward to this because it looks like where the freaking Kanjay Da is taking over Jaime. And I'm like, yes. all right, And it also it looks like probably the last arc for Keith Giffen, Scott Collins, and J.M.D. Mateus. Yes. They, they announced a new creative team. We have Detective Comics 961 that's continuing the Zatanna stuff and the Azrael stuff like that. And it's been half decent. Yeah, I liked it. It's picked up. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 25 probably have a trial there, you would guess. I always look forward to that book. Yes. Justice League of America number 11. The King Butcher, Eric, is going to slay my dreams of having a good book, I believe. And I haven't read it yet. We'll just see. I I think that if they had bets going, I think the bet would be that it's not going to be so great. But we'll see. I'm going to keep an open mind. I love it. We said before, even with Justice League, uh, when me and Brian Hitch did get in our little tiff, that we said, I hope that these writers even realize every time we read these guys, we we hope that it's great. We hope that somehow they pull it together. I want to be able to get on this podcast and say, I don't know what happened, but fucking Brian Hitch has pulled this something out of his ass and it's fucking amazing, but no, I don't get to say that. it's really, really good. We've never really said that. We have Suicide Squad number 22. It's continuing the uh, whole deal of Harley being the head of the team. I was enjoying that enough last time. I didn't like it that much. I I hope that I enjoyed as much as you. We have Teen Titans number 10, Eric. And if I remember, I don't even remember what happened. Black Teen Manta Titans. has a uh, oh yeah, up Black Manta was fighting Hyde's Jackson Hyde's mom and stuff like that. Uh, I did page through that. And it's funny, I don't even remember what happened last. I paged through, and I was really impressed with the art, which also yeah, includes our man Pop Man shows up near the end. But Koi Fam, I think it's his best issue. I think he's settling in. We have the Flash number twenty-seven that I believe it's called Roadkill as the arc, and it's going to continue. I didn't like the... last issue, but I like the cliffhanger. And I'm well, yeah, and this is. 
why we want to see if we have the negative uh, flash. flash. See what that goes. Yeah. We have Commandi Challenge number seven with Marguerite Benet on writing and Dan Jurgens on art. And I looked, I showed you. It looks good. Dan oh, yeah. Jurgens is a hell of an artist. And I don't think that a lot of people who jumped on Rebirth will realize that. People who just are reading Rebirth, that he is a pretty kick-ass artist as well. Uh, Marguerite Benet has to pick up the pieces of that nonsense that Steve Orlando <coughs> gave us last issue. And then we have Wonder Woman number 27 with Shea Fontana and Mirko Andolfo. Recently followed you on on uh, Twitter, correct? Sure did, yeah. Mirko Andolfo. And, and we were actually... One of the more positive people about uh, Shea Fontana and Miracron. I, I look art. forward to see what they're giving us, especially and since Shea I Fontana actually... came out and, you know, was addressing people about, you know, this whole thing with Edo. You know, she was told that, like, you know, when she started writing the story, Rucka was only 19. He didn't know yeah. how it was going to end. So she took it and I'm like, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. she's come out and she's talking to people about it. I, I really like that aspect to it. Yeah, writer. I think we both well, gave a seven out. or I made a, I went a seven, more yeah. positive. I might have went seven, five. I forget. But I think I gave a seven as well. And I, I'm expecting to... Uh, for it to just to get better. I hope that she does, and I hope that she does because a lot of people did kind of say, oh, look, she, it, it, it really sucked because they're like, first off, oh, all she did was the, the super, the DC Supergirls deal, and you know, that, that whole whatever that's called, right. the, the superhero girls. Yeah. And then after that kind of died down a little, then all of a sudden it was announced that James Robinson will be taking over later. So it's basically then I hear, eh, well, we just have to get through these issues. No, I hope that this is something that she kicks ass and then she's on more and more books. I, mean, I, well. I hope so. Uh, she seems like a very nice person. And right away. I need something when, fresh right now from no, DC. No, right away she talked to us on Twitter about this and about not knowing and stuff like that and was pretty much truthful. Yeah. And even to, almost apologetic. And she didn't have to be. No. But yeah, it was nothing bad. She's like, "Oh, I just want to tell you, thanks a lot for what you know, the the, the praise or whatever." And I just want you to know the whole edit thing it got a little wonky because I didn't know. And hopefully, you know, we got. And I, I thought, was you fine know what? With it. That's what I like. That's what Twitter is all about. I said to you today, we were talking about Twitter, and I said, "You know what? The concept of Twitter is so cool that yeah, Amazing. you could, you Eric Shea." Right now, could talk to George Romero, Eric. You could talk Aww. to him, <laughs> but you could you all of a sudden out of nowhere you get to talk too to these soon. people, these people that that are well, I, yeah, that is too. Martin Lando, Eric. You can Aww. talk to him. I'm not upset about that one. Am I? Is that too soon? No, I'm not upset soon? about that one. I'm, I'm very. I'll pick and choose what I get, have to get upset about. Okay, you could talk to Clive Barker, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's on Twitter. Could. I don't know. I don't know. You can talk to Dan DeDio. I can't. No, no, I no. can't. God damn it. I actually thought he was going to actually announce that he was back on Twitter. At, That'd be at awesome. San Diego. He used to talk to us. But yeah, you can talk to these people that, for the most part, they, they're our rock stars, like you said. And, and even, you could even talk to some rock stars there. Sure, yeah. I mean, imagine that. Steven Tyler. How about that? Young Jim Twitter? Morrison. Oh. Too soon. No. Not <laughs> it, at all. It's a long time. Uh, but yeah, you, you get to talk to these people, and I love it when it's just that. It's this engaging talk, and you get to ask them questions and things like that. And they, but I, I hate when people are, you know, like, like an Eric Shea on his soapbox. They have to go out and say things like, you gave me nightmares, and you gave me dreams. I, I don't need that. You don't need to get political no, with you me. You do need that. You don't need that. Nobody needs that. Actually, I did need that, and yet you really failed. With the George Romero talk on the last pop culture, ah. you couldn't. Did you think of anything since? I guess I forgot all about it ever since the pop culture. You bit, so son I've not of come a up with bitch! You, uh, 
you bastard. But uh, before we leave, I do want to say, uh, if everybody, you go check out our Patreon if you want to support us. It's yeah. uh, weird. Patreon.com slash weird science. I'll say, you talk to me, I'll talk back. I talk to everyone, Eric, and, I, and it might be positive. You catch me in a bad mood. I might be in a little bit of a bad mood, Eric, a little tizzy going on. I'll still be nice to people. I'm always try to be nice. I'm not yeah. normally. I'm a guy who keeps to himself. But when I'm behind the keyboard, the anonymity of the internet really helps me out. It's mainly to me. The internet to me is what the alcohol used to be at parties. I'd have to drink to even talk to people. The internet now is my alcohol, Eric. I'm like Kate Kane. I have a problem. I I, I will admit it now. I have you a problem. You are a Twitter junkie. <laughs> no, I, I I'm not. But I do like to talk to people. But I don't like to talk to people. Oh, so I got when you. I'm when I'm here, I love typing to people. I'm talking and stuff like that. And I, I would think that we're open enough on this podcast that when we do talk to people, I, I talk to everybody in the Get Fresh Crew. Be the boop. Go, go. As as a friend, this is nothing but me talking to friends, and these guys are our friends, guys that. and gals. Yeah. They are like our closest friends. Whether Seriously. that is sad, and it's not to me. These are my, you know, they're the people I like to talk to. There are people I see things where I'll see news, and there's a specific person in the Get Fresh crew that I gotta say to right away, and I'm on, you know, trying to get to them. So yeah. So if you want to be part of that crew, you join the Patreon. You're right in the Get Fresh crew. Nicest bunch of people on the planet. Damn straight. And that's it. That's it, Eric. I gotta get my thing. I'm I'm yelling about this, and I I have to get my sounds ready because what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. We keep it weird, and weird. we'll see you in seven. Proud. Jenny and I was like peas and carrots. Jenny. Jenny and I, we were like oil and vinegar. We did not mix. It was very we sad. We hated each other. <laughs> she was a bitch. She always left me for some other guy and then came back. But then I she I think died. it's because the daddy liked hugging her real hard in the locks. <laughs> we were praying and then the birds, they flew away. And then I broke one's neck because I like killing animals. And then I, I killed another. And then I killed Jenny and the rest of the movie. She was just in my mind. <laughs> I'm wrong turn. For some reason, I gave her AIDS in my mind. For some reason. <laughs> Somehow that that's, kid, that's though, what was real. I don't know what that bitch deserved. <laughs> How the fuck did I get saddled with Hallie Joel Osmer then? He really sees dead people. He, he saw dead people at one point, but then he got real ugly. Turns out it was just his mother's body dead, not keeping dead the basement. People. Yeah, I buried her <laughs> in the backyard in a shallow grave. Of course, comes a dark fucking movie. <laughs> I told him he's going to see one more dead person if he ever tells about what I did to his mama. That means I'm going to kill him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I better explain it to him. He's a smart kid. He's smarter than his dad, but he's not real smart. The weird thing is, my mom taught me that if I wanted my son to go to school, I had to fuck the principal, and he wasn't really into it. I gave him a box of chocolates. That seemed to help. Because <laughs> life is like a box of chocolates when you're getting fucked in the ass. When you're getting raped. Lieutenant Dan was there. He was giving me a hand because he didn't have any legs. Oh! <laughs> All right. <laughs>
like, oh, 